that oh, well, oh, oh the, the, the absolute it would be really funny if like this man. the first suggestion he has is just batshit insane and Dizzy like well <laughs> well I heard that his uh, plans for the sequel his own sequel scripts like right were a bit far out there he was gonna go into like the wills which are like the gods of the uh, Star Wars universe and stuff have you heard that those rumors I've heard that I heard there was some crazy stuff where he plays like. They go inside of bodies to shrink themselves down and talk and they with go and talk to the midichlorians or something. Yeah. What? I don't know. I know. <laughs> what's that? What's that old movie where they the shrink wills? themselves down and go into the human body? Just, the incredible. I, Honey, I shrunk I'm the midichlorians. Man. <laughs> I'm, I'm picturing, picturing little cells with like high pitched voices as far as like. Hello, large ones. We are the midichlorians. And yet, and yet, better than the sequels. <laughs> we are the Medicorians. We speak for the Jedi. We shall teach you the ways of the Force. We'd all give it a shot. I know we would. Why did you say Force like that? We do it for impact. See, it already oh, sounds God. like a very interesting story, does it not? I, I, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm intrigued. I, I want to know now. And they give it. It can't be worse. Well, my goodness, gosh. But why? Why must you say this, Ringmond? Why? Well, it can't be worse. Yes, why do you hate? Why do you hate? No answer, see? Close your heart, so fear of Sorry, it's, it's, I'm pretty sure like, my internet's lagging big time, so I missed <laughs> all that. <laughs> I was just asking why you must hate on things. Leave Disney alone. They didn't. They didn't uh, do right. nothing. Leave Disney alone, you <laughs> Disney didn't do nothing. When in reality, they did a lot of things. Not the funnest of things, as well. Disappointing things. Um, you know what? While... Hey, chat, saying hi. How are you, chat? I was gonna say Christ. I can. I can give you some questions that were left over for you. Uh. Yeah, oh, well, sure. well, you in in just get a few th the random ones. Yeah, um, there's, a, there's a there's a couple there's a couple of comments in the uh, in the um yeah in in the comments. Uh, <laughs> I haven't slept much, guys. Leave me alone. Um, <laughs> but just to, just to answer those, no, uh, my surgery is tomorrow, so this is like my last big hurrah before before I'm out out of commission. So I'm gonna well, enjoy it. Yes, let's make it a fun one. What a fun question to begin with. Check out this wonderful super chat that I saved for you. Chad, for your next book, please get a real publishing house to get you an editor. No offense, but your story had all the ideas but died in execution. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes. But I, I, it's a valid opinion. I disagree on certain levels because there are, there are some, like, you know, choices that I made absolutely on purpose. And some people didn't like it because, like, for instance, the more expository nature, like mine is what is considered a hard fantasy where the uh, the reasons behind how everything works matters and it's important to understand it and things. Mm -hmm. um, and so what some people try and say, well, an editor would have thought, well, like, obviously would have cut those longer expositions and stuff. And uh, at first when I heard those, the feedback, I was like, 
Yeah, maybe, right? But I actually, since then, I've hired a, like a really good editor to do a second edition of the book, and we've recently completed it. And so I went through like several rounds of additional editing on the book because there were some like little things that I, even I was like, all right, I want to iron out those wrinkles and stuff. And went through beta readers all over again and stuff. And when it got back to those things, I kept them in because it's like, I, I like it, and there's a lot of people who really enjoyed the detail of the world building and stuff, and that's just – that I decided, you know, this is the style of book I wanted to write for this one. Uh, and so there is that. But if uh, other things are bothering people, well, um, uh, yeah, there is a second edition that the editing is already completed. And uh, in terms of uh, like a proper publisher release, right – uh, there's something in the works as well. So when I was talking to Brandon Sanderson, he actually suggested that um, uh, I have my book a uh, get it a, a print only publishing deal with one of the smaller presses. He did this with Emperor's Soul, and he recommended his own agent. I was like, that's a great idea, and I wanted to wait until the second edition was done. And now it is done. I've sent it to Brandon's agent, uh, Joshua Bilmes, is a champion, and he currently has the manuscript and is looking through it. So, uh, so yeah, there are some cool things happening on that front. That's nifty. Oh, indeed. Um, let's have a look here. Well, I guess this could be a follow-up. Shad, any advice on marketing a book? Have a YouTube channel. I feel like you may have it said helps. that before. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that helps. <laughs> it really does help. Like That's one of the reasons I started YouTube. Not the only reason, but... Uh, Having, you know, an audience, and I was very lucky with, uh, well, not lucky, but I was very intentional with uh, a subject kind of theme of my channel because basically it meant anyone who was subscribed to my channel had a very good chance they'd like my, the, the themes, but also <laughs> the genre of my novel and stuff, um, you know, fantasy, swords and everything. And so uh, that meant basically my YouTube channel was was not only it was a good marketing platform but it was targeted marketing it was targeting targeting an audience that was like perfectly you know it would be interested in my novels so that, how much did thing. you pay yourself to advertise nothing oh my god you did it I, for free whoa i haven't i haven't yeah, paid oh actually uh, there are there are small things i paid like um ingram spark they do the print book they give you the option of having your book featured in their like um their catalog and it's like 150 dollars or something and so it's like yeah that sounds good I, I i paid for that i haven't done any amazon um, publishing everything because i mean i get to advertise for myself uh, and uh, and the value in that is tremendous because my current rates for how much you know i charge like other ad, you know companies to advertise through shadowversity it's 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 significant now because of the size of the channel and i get that for free and so the comparative value of the um of the advertising i've been able to give to myself is over a hundred thousand dollars now uh so it's crazy but i can do yeah. that for free because of the youtube channel so. shadow businessman right here Oh, you know, I do, I do some, I do, do some of these things. more than one lesson in Shadowversity. Are you going to build one of them eventually, a university yeah. called Shadowversity? Pro well, <laughs> that's what my YouTube channel is really. I mean, uh, the end game. Uh, I, I love the decentralization of information, the freedom of information and stuff. And, and so I don't think I'd ever put myself, you know, behind a paywall. This is why I would never do a Skillshare course or anything like that. 
because I love the fact that you can get information for free and I would, I just want to encourage it, you know? Um, and so I wouldn't ever really make a exclusive kind of university thing or anything like that. I'll just put it out for free on YouTube. Well, why don't you do the, the prank invasion thing for $30 a month? I can teach you how to pay actresses to make videos <laughs> with you. <laughs> the amount of scams like that you can find on the internet for the low low price of $59.99 I'll teach you how to be a complete fraud this novel brought to you by Raid Shadow Legends yeah the most ambitious RPG of sorry yeah I know, it's, it's been hilarious because uh, I'll be, you know, of course I watch all the streams and the raid coming up and everything. I'm not listening to that. Now I have my, I have my time. I can talk about raid. Oh, here and we go. That I turned him down. It's like, no. Oh, this man here. Yeah. It's like, I know how much they're paying sometimes too. So yeah, that's really quite. Yeah. And Viking uh... War of Clans. Like mobile, yeah, ad, mobile sponsorships. War of Clans. Look, no shade on guys, you know, who, who advertise on them because you, like, <laughs> I understand the whole uh, YouTube thing. It depends. We, we, we mock. You can we, throw we some shade. Jovially. Yeah. yeah. It oh, depends. Well, I, I just like that. I, I really dislike the way that they try and. They, they give you such a scripted thing and you just feel like, you know, you're lying when you do it and everything. And, and, and especially like some of, I won't say which one specifically, but they purposely misrepresent, you know, they're like millions of people are playing. And it's like, what, what live active players? Hmm. That's not no, like, they no, that's or not they happening. Like idle like farming the most something. played games is like, you know, um, uh, uh, Fortnite and stuff, and they don't have a million concurrent players. You're talking about downloads. It's like, no, they always want you to say millions of people are playing this game. It's like right now, this very second, including me, and you can play with me right now during this video. I, I, they, and then they want you to play the game. I'm like, no, you look, if you want to pay me to just recommend it, and I won't, I, I, I don't like saying it's good because I personally, personally, for me, I hate mobile games. And so I'll say, all I'll say is that, look, there are a lot of, if I ever, because I have done one Vikings War of Clans, but I didn't like it. And then I've turned them down since, right? And it's because uh, I won't say it's great, but I will say, look, some people enjoy it. And and if, if these people enjoy it, there's a good, because my wife likes mobile games, as a matter of fact. So I know oh, when's the divorce? like it. Yeah. What? A horse? What? What? You said something. Did you say something about a horse? I don't think so. I don't know. Okay. What is happening? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, but so some people like it, and, I'll say, and, and so if they're going to pay me just to let my viewers know that this game exists and there's a chance they might like it, that's that. I'm, you know, I was willing to do that. Then they want you to say, "I play it, and you can join me in the game, and it's the best thing ever," and all this stuff. And I'm like, Ugh. yeah, and don't 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 forget to mention your favorite character as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Blorgnack, yeah. the orc Blorg. barbarian. Yeah, all of the interchangeable characters, all the women with Shmurgle their teeth, teeth. armor, chest plates. <laughs> Like, it's just, I, I don't, when somebody's there like, oh, this is comparable to the greatest, to the biggest RPGs on console and PC. It's like, yeah, The Witcher 3, Cyberpunk 2077, Skyrim, and Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> hey, listen, Raid Shadow Legends is the Citizen Kane of mobile games, all right? Yeah. It's just like the whole, uh, there's that meme, but I swear, this, this meme came out like six years ago where it was just like all the words that get interchanged on the... Something of something, like the two somethings always always change. Um, 
and there's just loads of selections, and I'm pretty sure yeah. Raid Shadow Legends is the next one. I can't wait for Raid Shadow Legends 2. That's where it's really at. Yeah, Raid Shadow <laughs> Legends is so good. How come there's not a Raid Shadow Legends 2? And I guess the yeah, thing that's It's going to be called is... Fighting yeah. Daylight Heroes. Just, just Yeah. <laughs> the, I guess the thing that's just, like, frustrating is everybody now, like, acknowledges that... You know, and all the ads are like, we know you've heard of us. Like, so why are you doing this? <laughs> why, why are you subjecting me to this again? Just give it up. They keep the lights on. You have to imagine that uh, they've reached, like, critical mass in terms of, is there anybody who hasn't heard of it who is willing to do something with it now, you know? Well, I mean, well, the thing is, they've the, lost me. We had the Victorian age, the classical age, the information age. And now it's the Rage yeah, Shadow Legends yeah. age. It's just yeah. the progression of our species. Uh, I think I think the best one I've seen, uh, like the uh, sponsorship I've seen for Rage Shadow Legends, was the Internet Historians one because he just takes the Mickey out yeah. of it. Like, I like uh, I like the one that Flash gets does. I'm, they, just, I'm like, surprised they let effort into it. Internet Historians one go. Honestly, um, I I, I think <laughs> it was uh, Chase who was showing uh, Rags and I. I can't remember, but um, the. The, the ad itself, I was like, if this was my mobile game, I'd be like, nah, you, you're making it seem like a fucking joke. <laughs> Which I'm surprised they let him do it, you know? If I was ever to do another mobile sponsorship, I would want to do it something like that, where I actually personally take the mickey and I'm kind of nodding to my own audience that, guys, you know that I don't really like this game, I'm just doing it for the money. <laughs> Uh, Raid Shadow Legends. I love this game. This, this I'm playing it right now on my phone. Game. I'm playing Why? it. My favorite is it's a changeable uh, archer lady with no like armor at all. Number sixteen. She's great. I love her so much. These characters are amazing, aren't they? <laughs> the best I, part. It's free aside from I the microphone. I played a trillion hours. Seriously, guys, help me. I need something to get me off this game. <laughs> I play it every day. Once once we get some cyberware, I'm going to hook myself up to it and play it forever in my sleep. When I, I wake can't up. wait for Raid Shadow Legends VR. Oh, God. There yeah, probably just... is some people out there. Where who... I can idle in the real world. <laughs> um, I was just going to say to get a few more of these W Shadow. This one just says Shadowversity is amazing. So do you agree with this Whoa. objectively? Oh, definitely not. <laughs> uh, I, I think he has a lot of issues, and he's this big neck beard, armchair, you know, expert. And it's, it's just, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what people see in him, honestly. Um, Shad, what techniques could be possible with dual wielding two swords that the blades pass through each other but are solid to any other substance? Interesting. Mm. just means you get more versatility like this is why a dagger in the offhand became far more preferable historically because uh it, there was far less chance for the blades to uh, hit and get tangled up in each other and when you got two long weapons that's much more likely and it limits your versatility and so it just means you're going to have far more versatility like if you were using a dagger in your offhand and so uh it, like it wouldn't make you unstoppable but it certainly would improve the techniques that you could employ and it's, a, it's an interesting idea actually i like it um how does shad think revenge of the sith has the best duel crazy watch my fight scene autopsy <laughs> i give a very detailed answer in that video it's like, there we go uh, actually, do you think that um any from the ot hold up strongly 
as in the fight scenes. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. I rewatched um, uh, Empire Strikes Back, and there's some decent exchanges there, actually. In fact, I think the and I've been saying I'm oh, I'm intending to do a fight scene autopsy on this for a while, and I still am. There's just going to be a longer delay than I was expecting. Um, uh, but yeah, some of the exchanges in Empire are actually really good and solid. Uh, the one in um, uh, Return of the Jedi, that's when the techniques get a bit more ooh. Uh, but they can be justified with the emotional brutality of the fight scene because it's just kind of given up and is just hitting as hard as he can. And so there's a lot more telegraphing mm. in that. But yeah, the, like in terms of the exchanges in Empire, there's some yeah really good ones. No telegraphing, quick, fast, good stances and things. Uh, good stuff. Still holds up. And what about, <laughs> what about the Super Bowl? <laughs> I couldn't even finish that. Charge! Charge! <laughs> Oh, like I'm definitely going to be doing one of the Rise of Scar because that is horrible. Yeah, well, that one was really the best bad. Just... sequels. If you had to pick one, is the best. The best. <laughs> it might be the first. If the out of the sequel uh, sequels, it might be uh, Force Awakens has the best one, and that's still pretty bad. Um, Probably because you yeah, can get I, away with like it, they're mostly hacking at each other. It's just Kylo that's sort of weird in that one. Yeah, but there are, I, like, from memory, I think there's a couple of small exchanges that actually had a bit more um, uh, technical complexity in them. Mm -hmm. um, and now, that I'm, was not basically... sure, I'm not sure if you'll agree with me on this, Shad, but do you get the impression that in the sequel trilogy, lightsabers seem to have doubled in weight? Yeah, by the way like, holy, yeah. holy crap! Like, the... Yeah. The the amount of telegraphing and it was just the most uh, horrible, blatant example of this is in Rise of Skywalker. They are swinging yeah. these things around like they're yeah. ten kilos. My god! And goodness. yet, I, you know, in the original movies, they seemed like really light weapons. They seemed really light. Well, well in, like, the, yeah. in the prequels, they seem really light too. Yeah, but even yeah. even in the OT, they're pretty light because they're. Darth Vader, <laughs> yeah. Darth Vader is using one in one hand in um, uh, Empire Strikes Back, and he's doing some really quick, subtle movements and exchanges yeah. in with one hand movements. Um, uh, and so, yeah, not only does it show that they can be moved, you know, uh, with speed, uh, but also that they are decently light. But the other, th oh, go sorry, ahead. go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that the other thing with lightsabers is that you don't need power to do lethal force with a lightsaber. Exactly. Fact, you just need exactly. to touch them, basically. That, that's so the thing. It makes sense that they're really light because all the weight is um is the you know the the, the um handle. Well, there's no weight yeah. in the. Uh... Canonically, this is uh, this has been said, but it's contradicted by how they've been portrayed in the movies. But I think I uh, like people have all shared with me that even George has said lightsabers themselves are actually decently heavy. The beam okay. basically has no weight, but they feel like they have weight from a gyroscopic effect from the magnetic field they produce, or something like that. Right. Because uh, when even when like um, Darth Vader, and this is because it's a prop, when Darth Vader threw it in Return of the Jedi, the rotation is spinning around the beam portion, but that's because because it was a prop and so they've justified that in canon mm -hmm. that it's that they have a sense of weight in the energy portion but with it but with everything else that's shown in the movies that um 
you can move these around really fast and then they try and explain that's because you're using the force but then you have non-force users pick up these lightsabers and move them around just as fast like finn in a rise of skywalker no no i mean force but awakens didn't you hear? Oh, he is a force he user. has the force yeah he is uh, but he didn't know how to use it. he didn't know how to pick things up yeah but like... ray didn't know that there was such a thing as forced mind tricking people but he raised a freaking mary sue fringy <laughs> she's a woman yeah, they know all about mind control I, I, I just love how people are like yeah that makes sense it's like do you think it makes sense to do something that you never even conceived of being something that you could do you know yeah, what i mean it would be good if i could control this guy's like, mind right now holy shit yeah. I, I, yeah, just, exactly. I just tried it and i don't know like... i can't believe this this is fucking amazing i i, I, I didn't i didn't know that i could uh just turn off the the millennium falcon and flip it around so that you could do a landed direct hit on a time it's like oh but free she's got experience <laughs> with ships like she explicitly says she's never floated before um, yeah, and, and also, like, even if she has experience with ships, could you imagine, like, in another movie or something, like a World War II well, movie, yeah. where the guy, like, Whether or not flies she has experience or not, how is she better than anyone who's flown that thing before? Because she bypassed the compressor. Oh, oh shit. Like, that was what is it with yeah. the compressor? Because that even came up in the, the for Rise Force bullcrap scene yeah. in the last one. It's like, yeah. did you yeah, 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 it <laughs> can you guys finally fix the fucking compressor? <laughs> he just keeps screwing around with it. So I actually, I don't mind the fact that it's not consistent, which is a big problem. But if they, if all of the fights were like from the sequels where the lightsabers did apparently have some weight to them, but they would like slice through anything, they were, they, so there was a little bit of telegraphing involved. But I, I, I probably might actually prefer that. Um, it's easier for me to keep track of when I'm watching a fight. And in a way it's like, it looks, it looks its own way when you're fighting with heavier stuff instead of, you know, the, the very, very quick motions, but I'm fine with lightsabers being heavy, but you got to pick one. Are they lighter? Or are they heavy? Well, you be, can't, a, a heavy sword would get telegraphed a lot, but a heavy lightsaber still wouldn't because it's blade is super hot. It doesn't matter how fast you come at what someone with it. What do you mean by heavy sword? This is a very triggering comment for me here. A sword Mora. that's heavy. <laughs> I don't know what to say, man. I don't know what to say, Some are. Everyone's so, are. The heaviest that's one, that's Chad. One. The heaviest sword. Heavy, Chad. The biggest ones, but for... Heavy, like, heavy specific... swords are heavy right. by definition. Also, uh, yeah, but, heavy but, is but, relative, but, 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 Chad. You know what I mean. Chad, I own one. I know. Yeah, but the poorly made ones, a competent swordsman won't get overly like for for the in their right categories, right? Uh, for their side, because of course a great sword is heavier in comparison to a long sword or an arming sword and stuff like that. But for the size of a great sword, they are remarkably light for the size of because they're thin and then they properly balance and stuff like that. And it's the poorly made ones that when you actually pick up, they feel oh this is heavy, like the the proper sensation for a properly made sword when someone picks it up is like oh this is lighter than it looks that's what swords are they are generally far lighter than people perceive it's i'm so sorry what about clouds buster sword <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i'm fine with lightsabers being like heavy swords yeah, <laughs> yes but even even still they wouldn't be telegraphed the way that someone like ray does it where she like she like yells and lifts it above her head and goes brings it down it's, and I, I so much prefer 
fast, well-executed, complex kind of maneuvers that we see in the prequel trilogy. Yeah, but that's harder like, to coordinate. So, that, that takes planning yeah. and effort. Yeah, and speed is a game-changer in swordsmanship. If you're faster than your opponent, you have such an edge, and so... Um, Which is funny. I feel like Ray would lose against an average knight. <laughs> like a really average well, she, knight. She straight up gets tired in Rise of Skywalker. She yeah. just gets tired. Like, honestly, like, huh. in terms of the technical complexity in those fight scenes, if they were still using a fight scene, I am arrogant and confident enough to say that I reckon I could beat Ray with a regular sword against her using a lightsaber. Because I just oh wouldn't. God. I wouldn't. I wouldn't bind with her weapon. Because she telegraphs so much, you just hold your, your stance, let her swing at you, and you see it a mile away, and you just move your sword out of the way, you just step back and then take advantage of it, because they overswing all the time. And so yeah, you, just to, you just need to let them swing, they overswing, and then their side is way open, and then you just slash them, and it's like, they're that bad. I've already ran away with this in my head, and it's like, okay, so you win. They do, what about rags? And you've got a little lightsaber in your mouth, and then... As soon as the fight starts, you drop it and pull out a pistol and shoot her. <laughs> She's like, ah! <laughs> like did she I ever did it. I don't think she ever blocked because well, she only ever used the lightsaber to fight Kylo Ren. It's did, so boring. Did we talk about this before so that if you try to block a bullet with a lightsaber, it would melt and splash the molten steel <laughs> in your face? <laughs> <Be> like, <laughs> and while we were watching um, Mandalorian, I think Mahler and I, we were talking about, I had mentioned. That, you know, if you were going to go around killing Jedi, then if you had a blaster that shot three bolts at once, you could kill Jedi with that without much of an issue. And then Mahler brought up, oh my god, the super battle droids have tri-shots? Is that what it's for, canonically, to kill Jedi? <gasps> they have that wrist gun that shoots three at once, which you can't yeah. block with a lightsaber. So I'm like, oh my god, it's all coming together? George knew. George knew. The bad lad. We're so sorry, George. Come back. <laughs> I said the exact same thing in my problem with lightsabers video that it's shown that Jedi's can get overwhelmed with blaster fire. They're technically not invulnerable, which is why they should be using shields. My goodness, right? Um, and, and the, the fact that shields canonically exist in Star Wars, both Durasteel shields and energy shields that the Gungans use, right? Um, and so, yeah, you're absolutely right. If you just you, you know, like overwhelm them with enough shots, three in like in one single. Chad, game, what do you mean? Shields don't work in atmosphere. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> uh, and uh, the other thing, right? The best weapon for the Jedi, based on their powers, is actually blasters, long-range blasters. They can use the Force to increase their aim. Uh, and so, it's, can you imagine like Death Sniper Jedi? That would be insane. Death Sniper Jedi. I've, oh, he was my Xbox Live friend back to 15 years ago, ago Death oh. Sniper Jedi. Yeah, he was a great guy. Mm -hmm. Oh, there you go. Um, I like how this one says, Before you go, Shad, I think the fight choreography was bad because I could not follow any of it at all. I don't even know what this is referring to. <laughs> you must be referring to the prequels, I'm thinking. Is that, is that like a follow-up based on well, how can I say that prequel fight scenes were good? No, I, I have no idea, and I don't even know what episode that's from. That could literally be from like 20 episodes ago from, from all I remember. Like, but I'm sorry. Yeah, we I'm sorry that, that we don't have the context for it. Uh, could you tell Shad that in his fight scene autopsies, he keeps referring to shots as scenes? As a cinematographer, it irks me. Love you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I understand Shame that completely. Gamer girl you have been shamed. I have been. Hey, Shad, what do you think of Corvo's folding sword from Dishonored? Uh, I haven't played it. I need to see. Um, huh. I think the folding sword 
oh, it's been a while since I've played it. I think it's a sword that folds on like at the hilt where the generally where the blade connects with a handguard, it like pivots in and out. But let me double check. Don't let me actually Google it. Mm -hmm. um, All righty. Generally, folding swords are have inherent issues because you need rigidity in your blade and if there is like a fold point that is also a focal point for stress and can oh and so even if it like it's holding it in point having a hinge there could uh, has uh, creates a much higher chance of it breaking this is like the the, the disassemblable swords you know the ones that are made out of separate parts that you're like highlander you guys seen the classic highlander Yes. Yes. That guy, he's got the sword that he like clips together out of parts. Mm -hmm. That that would that would that would oh that would break really easily. Here, <laughs> I think I have a I think I have a gif of it that I can post for you to look at real quick. All right. Uh, do, do, also, is your microphone at like right. top efficiency right now, Shad? You sound a little bit muffled. That's all. Do oh I don't know I can check. Um, is it is it all of that? Is it sound issues on there? Not too much of an issue, but if there's anything you could do to. Know, do anything with it. Alright, I'm gonna check because I wonder if it's even picking up the, the mic audio. Uh... So so just just chat amongst yourselves while I try and very well. Oh boy, that sun sure is hot. Oh, that's uh dishonored. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Corvo's the protagonist of Yeah, the sword looks dishonored. really cool, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. You know, one of the questions I've got saved in here is Satan, what makes a good Spider-Man adaptation? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Oh, oh you guys, on, on the subject of swords, are you familiar with a show called Forged by Fire? Or Forged in Fire, I think it is? Um, sounds familiar. It's, it's a show it, yeah. Yeah, on the History Channel where they build swords and it's awesome. <laughs> it's a really cool show. And there are a couple Especially YouTube channels like, doing that as well, like, and they build fictional swords. Oh, I mean, maybe, yeah. Like, they make the sword and then they do a bunch of tests, like, um, Trotting trying to cut through, through things to figure out how sharp it is, try to cut through bones to see if it'll break. Yeah, I think uh, the one I used to watch was Man-at-Arms, and then it became, like, Man-at-Arms Reforged, I think. Um, right. Yeah, they made some cool stuff. A lot of it was very impractical because it was all from video games and movies where it was ridiculous. But you know oh, what? Like it's fun. Like the Dishonored Sword. <laughs> I think they made the uh, the Buster Sword, and it was like it's just, it's just so ridiculous. This enormous sword that has this really thin, small handle. <laughs> it's like <clears throat> to pick it up, but it's uh, it whack it, it it whacked a wallop. It it packed a punch. Yeah. It oh, whacked a wallop. Uh -oh. People know what the show is in chat. I can Shad has become static. I've seen the show, Fringy. I understand. Oh, sorry. You. Can you hear me now? Is that better? Yeah, that yeah, we can clear. hear you. Is it clearer? Yes, I think um, so. Yeah, I think hard to hard to tell. You were all right before, for me at least. Yeah. Okay, because if it's not this, it'll be internet. I apologize, people. No, this is this is fine. This is definitely is clearer. Um. Also, yeah, I guess I meant Man at Arms. If I didn't say that, I think I said something else. But yes. Um, oh, Man at Arms Reforged. Yeah, great stuff. Really like him. We were just talking about um, Shad. Have you heard of a show called Forged in Fire? Oh yeah, and I, I, yeah. It is hard to get a get like a copy of that here in Australia. Um, and it was on one of the broadcasters here. All the Australian free to air broadcasters suck, by the way. In case everyone yeah, they, they uh, the pickings are pretty slim. 
it, it came on SBS for a short time there, so I tried streaming it. Uh, but holy crap, the no, you said that hole. they spam in that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they they spam so everything. many ads in their streaming thing. I was like, I can't deal with this. The nah. thing is, like, I, I don't like, because every single network here, except for maybe ABC, because ABC is non-commercial, when it comes to trying to watch stuff on their platform, their ads and... Oh, you oh. need to sign up to Channel Nine to watch Channel Nine. It's like, uh, no thanks. Yeah, uh, I'd rather not. Yep, same. Like, I gave up. I was like, nah, I'm not putting on this crap. Hey, but, but you I know, do want to watch Forged in Fire because yeah, was... that show that show was really cool. Like when I watched a couple episodes where they're like testing out swords on um, and then they're walking through. Oh, you know, you made your sword. It's too rounded at this part, or it's flexing. Like they they have a final challenge where they try and cut right through a giant pig carcass. And um, As you, do. you have like one guy whose sword just completely bends and wobbles around, and then the other dude slices clean through, and it's but like, no, yeah, I, I, that, that was a controversy I've heard. Like, because <coughs> they, the judges, uh, they have experience in knife making and they have like a knife fighting expert, and they know yeah. nothing about how to use swords properly. And the one that flopped, his edge alignment was basically hitting with the flat. It's like, right. so they when they do swords, they really need a sword expert on there. Like, get Matt Easton on there, for heaven's sake. Seriously. Yeah, your sword expert's important because if, if you're going to be determining who wins or loses, d depending on how it cuts... Yeah. And you don't cut it correctly for one exactly, of them. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And so they, they, there is a shot of the knife guy hitting with like a, a claymore or something on a pig carcass, and it's bending heaps, and it's hitting with the flat. And and it's like because he's supposed to be the weapons expert, he won't say that he stuffed up this cut. It's like, no. oh, sorry, the sword's bad. It's like, no, it wasn't. You yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's 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 funny when it comes to the whole judge thing and how you can't question. Have you seen clips of the American Master Chef? There's uh a, yeah uh, not like not recently well the thing is right because gordon ramsay's on it and there's this guy called joe who i guess feels like he needs to one up this guy called joe joe rogan so motherfucker so this this guy joe he just he's just acts like kind of a complete douche like he asks someone to explain their dish and cuts them off he's like this isn't master or raider it's like dude get fucked just fuck off don't be such a twat <laughs> nobody's impressed and then he like grabs their food and throws it in the bin he's not even tasting it it's like how do you know it's bad you're just assuming it's bad based on how it looks it's oh is this master looker yeah maybe there were maggots <laughs> on it friggy you don't know <laughs> And yeah, this whole thing, he, he, he walks there and he's like, is this what we expected this late stage of the competition? You know, it's just like, dude, shut up. <laughs> just <laughs> shut up. Take your money and go home. All right. So I'm looking at the pictures Rags posted about the uh, Dishonored Blade thing. And yeah. if it's basically a flick blade, that, that'll that work. I mean, as long as the connection point is solid enough and the blade doesn't have segments in it, so there's stress points, that could work. That seems all right. Now, I actually have a yeah. question about that. You just said segments and stress points. So if you have a sword that has multiple, like like a hypothetical, and this is definitely not something that I've come up with because I want to do it in a story. Not at all. Definitely but, um, not. <laughs> but My friend sword. was talking to me about <laughs> stuff. Yeah. And yeah. He... Quickly patent it. Um, and it's, it's like, imagine a sword that is like a lightsaber, but it's just a sword, so it shoots out like it extends out <laughs> with multiple segments. I imagine that that's oh, like, a Oh, like a points. telescope? Yeah, like sort a telescope. of. Yeah. Oh, but a, 
Good so one. it would need to be made out of some super futuristic or magical titanium? material. No, titanium would not be out Adamantium? of a whole oh. own structure. Because to, to telescope a blade, the segments need to be so damn thin for it to be right, you know, flick out smoothly ah, and then for course. the blades in between. And because of that, it's gonna have no structure. So if internally. it's if it's built out of contrivium, then it will be fine. Yes, <laughs> then you're fine. Contrivium, <laughs> surprisingly, is the perfect material for that kind of thing. <laughs> Like yeah. that, that's like that is the perfect material. You yeah, hit it on the head. Oh well, the more you know about swords. Yeah. Of course, that that makes perfect sense that it a really sword method isn't gonna work properly. Uh, <laughs> Chad, is Rise of Skywalker the pineapple on pizza of Star Wars? No, the, oh, the, the, the sequel <laughs> trilogy is the pineapple. The sequel trilogy yeah. is the steaming turd on pizza of Star Wars. It's like, but he's just calling it pineapple, even though pineapple on pizza is an atrocity. That doesn't even do the ju justice for how bad the sequel is. I guess it's a follow-up. Is like, well, Shad, was this film the spaghetti bolognese you were looking for? No. Absolutely not. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> and, uh, hi, Shad. I liked your book. Would you let J.J. Abrams or Ryan Johnson make it a movie? I'm joking. Don't let them need your book. <laughs> well... I've oh, I didn't like if they offered you like a million to buy the, the story script, like if they paid me a lot of money and they didn't touch the script like well, I think jj can make something even you know, then though wouldn't you be assuming they'd kill it in some way i know well this is the other this is the other side right is there are so many horror stories of uh of authors getting their work adapted and, and they get these promises, all these promises from the Hollywood, you know, producers, stuff like that saying, yes, we're going to do this for you. We're going to do that for you. That, that. And they screw them over right up the rear end right after. And we saw it happen with George Lucas. They promised all this stuff with George Lucas and yeah, we'll do oh, yeah. your movie and everything. We'll and take they care of your characters. Over. They totally so, took care of his characters. Oh, I don't think I could trust any promises. Like it, like, because I was going to, like, if you had reassurances, but reassurances aren't enough. But if, the, if say, hypothetically, the reassurances were actually held honestly and true, then I would be willing. But I just, I could never trust. I, I'm not sure I could ever, you know, take those reassurances mm. as, as valid. Because there are so many stories of Hollywood just screwing over the creators and just saying, F you, once they have the, the rights, then it's like, now we can do what we want. <laughs> Yes, it depends on what the contract is, doesn't it? Whether no, or no, not. even 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 contract like they hide things, they find loopholes and stuff. Like um, I was really following closely uh, the negotiations that Awesome Scott Card was sharing about Ender's Game, and he had yeah, some really strong um, uh, like desires for how Ender's Game was going to be adapted, and they screwed him over basically. Still, mm. oh, did they? Yeah, right. Um, he like Ender was supposed to be like really young, young, even younger than what he was depicted. They wanted they wanted to make Ender like nineteen years old, like or or you know some some like sexy kind of space tactician guy. And Orson was and always no, like, Ender's game was not like children. Like, yes, yeah, children. Sexy six year old. <laughs> yeah. I got um. And, and he. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying it, and yeah, he wanted him much younger, even than what it ended up being, and uh, and they still, they did younger than what they wanted, but not as younger as Ender should have been for the context of the mm. books, and so, yeah. I got, I got well, I two is, uh... messages that call Shad out in terms of lore. Uh, oh my god! I was gonna say, I was gonna say. Bring, uh... bring it on, want me to bend over, ready to receive it? So, <laughs> this this one's a little lighter, it's the, uh, the red colour is because, for lightsabers now, because you're saying you choose red, you don't want it to be considered an evil colour. Mm -hmm. 
He said the red color is because of poorly made synthetic kyber crystals that the Sith use, and as for eons, the Jedi held ilium, ilum, sorry, where saber crystals naturally come from. That's why they're all right, all right, all right. No, so, sorry, I want to like, I've heard multiple explanations for the red color, and this is just one on the pile, and I have no friggin' idea what's true canon now. Yeah, first <laughs> off, whoever sent that super chat is a fucking nerd. <laughs> Oi! 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 We're not nerds, okay? Yeah, what's, what's not, you gotta us at all. Ignore the title of this stream, okay? <laughs> we're the chads, we're the, we're yeah. the jocks. Nerds are yeah, gay. I'm, you call me chadiversity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't know what the origin is now, because even in um, uh, the four... No, the Knights of the Old Republic video games had their own... Uh, explanation for where the red crystal comes from and it's that you know in in the in the caves where the crystals come from the red one grows in an egg and you have to kill an innocent life to get the egg before it's like i don't know absorbed in the animal growing oh, so fucking metal. and then i've also heard that um you need to infuse it with the dark force or something like that uh, and so i thought you said to like slit someone's throat and have them bleed all over a good lightsaber and turns you have to it kill evil. younglings <laughs> the blood of younglings turns your lightsaber red um, they're just like Star Wars is just prejudice against the red color. Okay, it's like if it's red, it has to be evil. It's like typecasting. It's like what, 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 red's not evil. Red yeah. lightsabers being evil is toxic masculinity. I yes, know, yeah, exactly. And so this this one's more of a blatant one because I think you said that uh, it's not such a big deal that Ahsoka is one of the voices at the end, meaning she's dead because she was probably dead at that point anyway, right? I was of course with that so. attitude. Well, this person says, Ahsoka was confirmed alive after the Battle of Endor, Shad. Her species lives up to 80 years, Force-sensitive up to 200. She'd be in her 70s by the Rise of Skywalker. Okay, so Battle of Endor, she was alive. What the hell was she doing? I don't know. <laughs> She's shopping. She was fighting a Star Destroyer in some other place. Okay, well, I guess if she was still fighting something, you know, I, I would have assumed that she Death Star threatening the whole galaxy would have dimension. been the greater threat, and that uh, you know, some people just didn't know help. about it. Some people didn't know. I guess. Okay. She wasn't given an email. <laughs> Did she become a, disillusioned with the Jedi? Because I heard that she wasn't a Jedi anymore at the um during the um. Uh, yeah, she has a uh, line. I, I think it was. In Rebels, where she says uh, she's not a Jedi. Yeah, but I feel like that's the kind of because this is the issue with this series is it kind of likes to go into this gray area thing, but not ever throw away the fact that the Jedi are the pr protagonists, undoubtedly. So every time someone says, "Oh, I'm not a Jedi," the Jedi suck. It's like, nah, nah, you don't wow, believe. Come that. on, you're splitting hairs here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's Jedi uh, light. You're fighting Jedi. That's all the ones I can find so far. You're going to have a whole bunch more the next time you come on from this stream, more than likely. Um, uh, oh, wait. Shad, a castle's still a good idea if you include anti-aircraft weapons. <laughs> so, uh, just to be clear, are they saying, is your castle better with anti-aircraft weapons? Or, I guess, yeah. <laughs> I, I, Shad, would the inclusion of anti-aircraft guns make a castle worse? I guess it's... <laughs> Interest. There's actually there is actually an interesting answer to this because um, the Germans during World War Two made some crazy, crazy like epic um, 
anti-aircraft fortresses, right, that you might be, I mean, technically they're fortresses, they're not castles if you're going according to strict definition, but castle becomes a fairly loose term anyway and stuff. But it is a very interesting kind of study to look at the evolution of the concept of static fortifications and fortresses and stuff like that. And they had like massive anti-aircraft kind of, you know, uh, fixtures to them. And uh, they were, they seem to have worked well, effectively enough um, in terms of taking on aircraft from a fortified stronghold uh, thing. And so if, if you actually had to deal with air, you know, aircraft as a, as a threat to your castle, yeah, add in an anti-aircraft gun, absolutely. And it's been done kind of historically in World War II. Um, oh, and, and the end of this thing just ends with space cancer, space cancer, space cancer, space cancer, space cancer, ah, I, I don't know, I don't think they like the space cancer. You could, you could say um, no to that. Question for Shad, what would be the best elemental enchantment for a sword? What do you mean by elements? Alright, I guess the basic ones, fire, water, air, earth. I'm guessing like the classic element. I don't know how they would of... work yeah. in a sword exactly. I suppose fire would just, you know, you slash someone and they well, burn. Earth Earth is often linked with poison. Well, that's what I mean. Like what then after you figure out what elements, because like um fire included a, a, as part of the core elemental, you know, things always bugs me because technically fire is air. Like, Doesn't it ruin uh, swords actually... as well? Well, it also depends on how it's adapted into the thing. If it just does it make the blade really, really hot, or is it literally sheathed in fire that's just burning all like all around? Because that would have an intimidation factor. It could technically cauterize the wounds that you strike, which might not be helpful. But the uh, <laughs> the burning around the wound would be painful as all hell for the person getting cut. Um, but like air, right? If you're adapting air onto a blade, in what way is there like a a flow of air that's a razor thin that creates a shearing force on top of the blade? which increases its cutting capacity and helps separate material because in that sense air would actually be a vicious enchantment to have on a sword in that sense and it might actually be far more devastating than the fire one so again it depends on how it's adapted is earth poison that's another question maybe um, the air one just makes it smell nice yeah but but technically fire is the result of you know oxygen and carbon it's technically if you actually want to pick at the elements of fire it's air and earth if you can include carbon as part of the earth things and so it's always bugged me if that's not, not a core element okay? <sighs> i like that that you have carbon you know what's your element carbon nitrogen <laughs> yeah yeah well it's funny right elements. like th this is the better way to handle um fundamental elements in a setting because if i was ever doing a magic based system this is the one that i had written and i haven't you know written on one of my notes that i would resort to i wouldn't do earth fire wind water i would do the states oh, of I matter solid liquid gas heat and cold those right. are the core states that's what you do and then if you wanted to you have create fire from these things it would actually be employing wind air, sorry wind and heat technically, and you bond them then to carbon or flammable right, okay. you know, material. Um, that's how it would work yeah, scientifically. Just yeah. Well, well, sounds like fun. Um, it is. I suppose uh, the, the, there are all the questions I can find in my in my notes. There will be more for next time, like I said. But 
Yeah. We... And apologies. Yeah, I'll just say apologies to everyone in this stream who are doing super chats um, if they're directed towards me because I'm probably not going to be hanging around for the super chat portion. I'm sorry I'm going to miss it. And also, I really appreciate all the comments in chat saying, uh, wishing me well for the surgery. So say, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Absolutely, sir. We will, we will have you back the moment you're available as well. There's always more to talk about. Can't wait. Can't wait. We'll probably start we'll have to cover Mandalorian season two as well. <laughs> That'll happen eventually. <laughs> they probably I don't even know if they've finished doing that yet, because I know they started filming it. Um probably getting close. Uh which brings us to the main event. Uh this is a weird EFAP because there's not gonna be a video to, to talk about at all, actually. It's just gonna be discussion tisms, which we've done before. But um oh actually there is one thing I wanted to show Shad. Actually two things. He's probably seen one of them before, but the first one is the, the, a couple people in chat have said it. They want you to see the um the lightsaber suit man. <laughs> <laughs> Assess him. <laughs> um, Alright, so my concern would be accidentally stabbing yourself because <laughs> I, say you're running at full sprint, right? The lightsabers coming out of the knees has a good chance that they might accidentally skewer you, especially on like at the downward swing of your elbow, right? If you accidentally cross over partially over your leg or because they do get closer, you know, in the jogging and you're not used to having objects sticking out. So you need to train yourself to avoid, you know, the direction redirecting, accidentally redirecting those lightsabers into any uh, parts of your body. That would be that would be very dangerous. But if you got used to it, well, you know, ha having like <laughs> laser swords when you knee or elbow someone just increases your lethality a bit. So there could there could be some. You're like falling like down that. a series of steps or something. You'd end up as a pile of flesh <laughs> at the top of it. It just it just slices you up. <laughs> well, just think about all the things you can't do like this. About you you sit down and you lean on your knee and you stab both your arm <laughs> and your leg at the same time. You turn them off to do that freaking gosh. Uh, how does he turn them off? Where's With the his mind. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> this is so stupid. Somebody looked at this and they thought, oh, this is awesome. And then um, <laughs> the other image is uh, something I was made aware of recently. I don't know if you saw it on Twitter yet or not, but it's The Shad. Oh, yes, I saw that this morning. <laughs> when someone <laughs> to me, I was like, that is glorious. I love it. Like, I, I like the big balls Probably there. autistic, but rarely shows side effects. <laughs> King of neckbeards, too humble to wear a crown. I love the probably autistic. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen the 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 pommel on your sword as a little dick? <laughs> oh, I, I miss that. Oh, it, it's glorious. I love it. Uh, so, I, I hope I hope it gets spread amongst the internet. Like discarded his bolly pillow after finding the moral compass. <laughs> oh, that's what you got there in your hand. Yeah. <laughs> The, uh, the final evolution of Neckbeard. I will take it. I accept it and embrace it. Mm. <laughs> Beautiful artwork. Yeah. It's glorious. Uh, with those two done, yes. So we're, we're supposed to be talking about The Mandalorian. Um, how do I... How do we how do we start this up, I suppose? It's like... Uh, should, we, should we explain the arc we went on in it with... Uh, Let's do the preamble. Yeah, the what? preamble. Uh, first, I'm kind of interested in hearing our our individual ratings out of ten for it, um, uh, and <laughs> and then just if you liked it or disliked it, and then we can kind of. Oh man! All right, uh, you know what? I'll go first. I'll set I'll set the tone. So, uh, 
there's lots that I like about it on a rather superficial level, unfortunately. But if I was to say, like, be consistent with, with how I break down stories, this one suffers immensely. There's, like, we're looking very, very low scoring. Higher than the Disney trilogy, I think. We'll go through it today and, and figure that out, probably. But, uh, I don't know, like a, like a 3 out of 10 for the season. Whoa, that's 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 harsh, man. Who's next? <laughs> right? Well, I'll go next, right? I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it, and uh, I mean, I'll be the first one to admit that there is some baffling kind of uh, choices in 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 certain parts of the narrative, and there are contradictions and inconsistencies on and just weird things that that are happening. Um, but I found for myself a lot to enjoy in it, um, and. Uh, and so for me, because there was so much I enjoyed and uh, I, I did look at some of the more baffling weird things and I kind of, you know, found ways that they might be explained in the actual narrative itself in some circumstances. Mm -hmm. And so for me, uh, my, I would, I would be, I would want to probably give it say a six out of 10 if I was to just rate it the writing quality overall, but the other more superficial things I really enjoyed in it, like for instance, just like the production values. And there's a, I have a whole list that we'll get into yeah, later yeah. that actually encourages me to up it to a seven out of 10 if I was to rate it. All right. Bring you want to go next? Uh, maybe I'll go next because I'm guessing Rags is going to be the hardest, <laughs> hardest of all. Um, I really like just just uh, a bit of background. So my big thing that I really like and want to see more of are space bounty hunter stories. That's like my big thing that I like. I feel like there's not nearly enough. You know, you got Metroid, but that's kind of been on ice. And then you had Prey 2, or actual Prey 2, and then that got, you know, thrown away um so like when this got i was really i really wanted to like it and i did right at the beginning and then it just began to deteriorate with each successive episode it just started getting worse and worse and then picked up a little bit and then went back down again um i mean yeah like it's probably a, a four if i would if i would have rank it with while divorcing sort of the stuff that i like like the armor and the music i guess the music does contribute to it though yeah, so. i don't think you can divorce those elements though. i think you should include those in your overall rating well wait 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 wait, wait. if he just says i like the armor that's not really a strong argument is yeah it? but like music is a, yeah. is a but no yeah the music is great oh I yeah, think. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The music's yeah. really good. Well, I I probably shouldn't have said it like that. So what what I mean is the stuff that I guess I was already predisposed to liking, like the the visuals and the and what I mean by that is I guess not just how technically well done it was, but how much I personally like it. So if I were to say yeah, I, it'd probably be like a four if I had to mm. give it a rating. Even though there were probably times when I was really enjoying it, even though it didn't. Like, there were parts that I enjoyed, um, even though I knew that they didn't make sense or were kind of stupid. But yeah, what it's a, probably a... Yeah? Would, you, yeah? would your rating change if you were trying to rate it as a uh, mercenary bounty hunter? You know, because you said you really enjoyed that aspect of it, okay? Um, Sorry, could I, you just say that again? 
Would your rating change if you were going to try and include your views or enjoyment of it as a lone mercenary bounty hunter kind of story? Well, um, the, my issue is that um, the big problem, and this is something that will probably become apparent as uh, we go through this uh, series, is that there were a lot of ways that they could have made this like a 9 out of 10 show if they just made, if they kept the things that, um, like, like they could have kept the same plot points, but if they just like spent more time on each individual thing if if this if what happened in this season was spread across two or three seasons like it, it could have been really really good does that mean we're moving on to rags <laughs> yeah, well, yeah we'll, um, we'll get into it so i've what's interesting is that i think this is the same with Mahler, but we both watched them the first time together and the second time together so We'll probably line up fairly closely. Um, if I was going to rate it out of 10 with a 5 being completely average, then I'd probably give it around a 3 at the most. Uh, the things that I really like about it are, for the most part, um, the music, uh, a lot of the visual effects are good. Some of the sets and the props and stuff are really nice. But ultimately, that stuff is a lot more superficial than stuff like story and character and the you know nonsense that has things progress as it does that we'll get into. Um, so I'll probably go with a three. I won't be harshest to say a two, but maybe the more and more we talk about it, I might uh, it, it might I mean it could change either way, but we'll we'll see because I got my notes here that are opened up as we finished watching all the episodes this morning and it was just it was <laughs> it was rough trying to keep up a lot of the times trying to get our notes together for and all the stuff that we found wrong psa uh i'd appreciate it I'm not saying you can't do it and that includes the cast and the chat to refrain from ascribing motivation for as long as you can all right the obvious two choices are Mola Fringy and Rags just don't like it because it's made by Disney and or yeah. Chad only likes it because it's better than the sequel trilogy and he's not doing standards probably. Let's let's keep that aside for as long <laughs> as we can, folks. <laughs> well, the thing is, right, it's worthwhile to note for everybody that Mola Rags and I, we we like liked it a lot for the first two episodes. We've publicly said that. We have publicly yeah. said before uh, we, that it's we very much on its viewings. side. Yeah, we we but, actually we went to bat yeah, for it against uh, we, we other people. Won. Yeah, we we said episode yeah. one and two were really good and really solid. Uh, I don't have that opinion anymore, but <laughs> there were, I legitimately really thought that the show was good. And I remember when Fringy Mahler and myself watched it for the first time, we were absolutely excited for more. Yeah, we were we optimistic. Were ready. We were like, oh my god, is this going to be good? Is this going to be... Yeah. The, the, and then by the, the time by the time we got to episode four, it's like, oh. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. it's, four is definitely oh, the one. It's so bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess, does that mean we should we should start up with episode one? Or do, should we do some kind of... I, th I, I think we should, but out of interest, be, and this I am interested, have any, like, just... Com Make a comparison here to The Witcher. Have any of you guys seen The Witcher? No. I haven't seen no. it yet. And I have oh, heard everything okay. from it's great to it's terrible and everything in between. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, 
I, uh, I like I have some more harsh views on The Witcher overall. Um, I found it enjoyable enough to make me want to watch season seven because I like Geralt and I have a whole review on my channel, right? Um, but in comparison, and this is what I find interesting, I actually think Mandalorian's better than The Witcher. Uh, especially in terms of the writing, because oh, no. The Witcher, on the, oh, no. like with the writing, The Witcher gets really messy, like really. Um, and people are loving The Witcher. And so I just find that really interesting because like, because I was, uh, yeah, that's why I wanted to ask if any of you guys like The Witcher, because for me, objectively, I think The Witcher's worse than Mandalorian. So. Well, Rags, we oh, should watch boy. that <laughs> just to get abreast of the situation. Yeah, I. It's definitely been on our list of things to watch, but I'm totally down for checking out The Witcher. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, yeah, I guess so. If anybody's unclear on it, this episode, I don't know how long it'll take. It's going to be all about Mandalorian, and then it's probably going to be all Super Chats. We'll try and square up as many as we can from the overflow. And then the following week is going to be the episode where we, we look at all of the picture memes. We've got a couple of video ones, uh, the script that was coming out from Colin Trevorrow, the, was it a quote from a Nazi or movie Bob? And um, there's a fourth thing. Well. Oh yeah, the <laughs> I know right. Um, the I hate everything conversation. All of that is going to be what episode next week. Um, I'm not even sure what guests we'll have for that because it's going to be weird as an episode. But obviously we swapped them around because uh, it benefits Shad's schedule, and um, I think it works out for the best because we've we're fresh off the presses from watching Mandalorian. So I suppose it's time, everybody. Um. So. Indeed. Episode 1 is probably the strongest uh, IMO. It is the strongest. I, I think that after watching him again, I would say that Episode 1 is the strongest, with another contender being Episode 2. Episode 2, yeah. Yeah. Would you say that Episode 1 is, is still, like, decent to good, or...? Mm. Uh, <laughs> I guess, should we just go through... It. Yeah, go episode by episode. I guess, so, the format for this, we'll try and do chronological, but I think it should be pretty free-flow, and throw in goods and bads, I suppose. There's no real need to say that we do them separately or something. Um, do we just start by lining up what are the good things that we're not going to dispute? The visuals, the soundtrack, uh, cinematography? Yes. Yes, we'll sure. just say uh, straight up, those are all really good. Yeah, um, for the most part, the um, visuals are really good. It, it's very impressive that. looking. Uh, a lot of money went into the production value in that aspect. The ships, the effects, the aliens, all that stuff, the environments, it looks really, really good. Never had any yeah. issue with bad CGI that I'm aware of. Uh, parts that I can think of are so minor, it's not even really worth mentioning. Um, but they're very, very technically impressive on that level. Um, I... Yeah. Oh, well, I was just going to say, I actually think it deserves more credit for how impressive the visuals were for it, because, like, in terms of quality, I'm not talking about scale, but quality, they were easily as good as film. Like, the the individual yeah, ships, the ships and stuff. And, ships, yeah. and, like, I was watching the Mudhorn fight scene again in episode two, and it was flawless. Like, the interaction of that thing in the mud and uh, the, the physicality that you feel when he impacts the mantle. Like, that was... Tough. Yes. It's, yeah. uh, I, vis I visually, have, it looks really good. It's I unfortunate have, that what happens in that fight is absurd. <laughs> but we'll get well, to that. Well, we'll get to that. Because, <laughs> over, like, I... 
I have never seen a TV series done so technically well. And I, I loved it for that because I got to enjoy a longer form story in the quality of a movie. And I personally feel it needs a, more credit for it doing that because I've never seen anything else. Like, again, look at The Witcher. The Witcher has some horrible CGI and that's a hmm. big budget, huge Netflix release, right? Well, you saw Game of and, Thrones, uh, right? Our uh, parts, yeah, yeah, um, and the, the the dragons were pretty darn good in Game of Thrones. Yeah. Absolute credit there. Um, they certainly cut back in and in, in certain fight scenes and battles with, with scale and yeah. budget constraints, and also like the ways that they depicted castles. They all yeah. they're always using kind of static painted backdrops for the castles in the first season and yeah. things. And so that's why I think Mandalorian had none of that like when it shows you like uh the planets or the flying in or the overhead shots or the uh the, the it was a smaller city town granted but when you're seeing it over overhead it was flawless like i i, I it was brilliant so i, I think... really liked it for that and, and so when we say that the the visuals were good i think we, no the visuals were brilliant um, I mean, the, do you remember in episode 8 when IG-11 fights those two stormtroopers? That one is probably a, the only, it's probably the only example of the CGI being bad, but it's bad. Like, it's it's very obvious. The yeah, animation yeah. is um, I'm pretty sure the stormtroopers' outfits in that one scene as well are very plasticky looking, and... Yeah, they look very bad. The they, rust looks like it was colored in. It, yeah, it definitely stood out as being very cheap, but that which was is like odd the considering... Only yeah. Yeah. yeah, there was there was that one really other one. The, the the robots in episode uh, was it five when they uh, go onto the ship to spring the guy from prison. Oh, that's episode six. six. Episode six. Well, there some of the the robot guards that were CG were there was one shot that was oh well that's that's yeah. But again, this is this is like but, uh, five but, hours of content. So. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and yeah. the other thing is is like you see those mistakes and in actual fact you see ones done worse than that in full-fledged full sorry full-fledged oh yeah. yeah yeah um and stuff and so the fact that it was still that quality so consistently just really impressive yeah yeah no it's visually it's from a production standpoint it's really well put together agreed um but the writing yeah <laughs> yeah I was going to say, it's funny because uh, I think an easy first topic, considering the first shot and the first thing you hear in this whole show is the fobs. Um, yeah. Let's talk about the so, fobs, uh, shall let's we? Let's be frank. Let's, fobs, let's talk about the fobs. Um, yeah, fobs will haunt this show for <laughs> uh, eight episodes, basically. Uh, well, see, this is interesting. I'm here, I, I want to hear your takes because I've, I've thought about the fobs a lot. And uh, and because I like it, it's so funny, big... everyone has a bias. And because I did enjoy The Mandalorian, I have found myself being more forgiving or at least willing to go to a bit more effort to try and see if things were justified or not. And I will admit when, thing is, when things are like irredeemable and, and they're, they're broken, I will admit it. Um, especially if you're, you really have to make up stuff to justify things that aren't, aren't even alluded to in the episodes. But I actually, I actually found some things that explain the fobs a little bit. So uh, this will be an interesting topic. All right. Who wants to take point on the fobs? Anybody's right, I mean, so, I could, oh, yeah, you go for it. So one of the things about fobs is that there's a lot of stuff that we don't know about them. Uh, which isn't necessarily a problem, but eventually it does get to a point where we start to wonder, how does this work, and at what point is it going to be explained to us so we know what the rules are for FOBs? Um, one, of the other, one of the issues surrounding FOBs, though, is their apparent 
they tend to be forgotten as a thing. They don't get made. Uh, factions don't use them when they need to, namely Imperials. True. Um, should we get to that, though, when we hit those episodes where they should be? Yeah, we, yeah, yeah. I was just uh, touching on it lightly. Mm-hmm. We It's never mentioned how you can get rid of a FOB tracker, which struck me as very, very odd, especially uh, if the story is there's a there's a FOB tracking baby Yoda for the whole season, essentially. But it's never, in, in all the episodes of when we watched and rewatched, Never is it brought up the idea of how do we get rid of the fob tracker? How do we elude it? How do we stop it? As if it's assumed there's no way to do it, which causes an incredible amount of questions to be raised for the rest of Star Wars and how you can find people and how these could be used in the story or abused for story purposes. Um, fobs are... Yeah, they're they're very they're strange in the way that they're used. Yeah, um, the fundamental question we need is what are they tracking specifically? What are they tracking? We don't know. I so, guess maybe they're tracking their their life. I don't know. By <laughs> like, okay, like, okay, I'm, okay. I'm not sure. So I had all the same questions as you guys, and I, I was actually starting to feel that fobs are starting to break a lot of elements because if these are like basically magic tracking devices. That that kind of breaks Star Wars. Why the heck wasn't? Why didn't Darth Vader use them to find the location of the Rebel base, and he had to interrogate and um, and all that stuff? Uh, and so yeah, like what what seems to being implied on the surface is that these things are broken. And so I was I was really wondering, and and so it started off with me just saying, okay, how would I if I was not trying to find clues in the episodes? How on earth would I even explain? how they work like dna tracking that through hyperspace force they're they're connected with force sensing people and stuff and so i was coming up empty but when i was rewatching the episodes um uh, just i guess to uh to bring up your point you know how do you get rid of a fob tracker it's not explicit they did not do a good job if if they and and i'm worried that this might be me picking up clues from what's shown and uh, and then explaining it through what's implied and then it's going to be contradicted later on because this happens all the time in Star Wars like um you know when people say we're trying to explain why Luke didn't use the 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 fighter to go help the rebels in uh, um uh force no uh, last jedi because and everyone just said well naturally the ship must be broken okay and that was the logical implication that was a satisfying explanation and then it was contradicted by the next bloody movie and i could be doing this i fully admit okay <laughs> and i fully admit that it is not a, uh explained explicitly when it should be because it implies these things but i think it's actually shown rather then explained with two key scenes um what the first scene is when mando goes to the imperial guy and the imperial guy gives the information on baby yoda and he says uh, um all i can give you is his age and the last known location but with that information you should have an, someone of your capability should uh be able to find it and then when baby yoda is about to get snipered by the bounty hunter on the planet in episode four um uh, so when they go to the bounty hunter the i forget her name but she specifically says that um they know his here Meaning that seems to imply when I when I when I heard that I was like oh that's interesting they need to know the location before the fob points to, which implies that fobs are restricted by range that you at least need to be on the planet um, 
for you for one to be able to find, and then you need something, some type of marker to be able to scan for the individual. What is that marker? Well, I was wondering. I was like, okay, well, what's the answer here? And uh, I was looking. Well, in Star Wars, they do have fairly advanced scanning. When Luke is flying down to Dagobah in um, in uh, Empire Strikes Back, he scans the planet. He's like, well, there's no structures, but there's heaps of life forms everywhere, and so. That's actually really advanced scanning that you can scan an entire planet life form things. And if you have that capacity in just a small fighter, it means the scanning technology can be fairly portable. And so if you could scan an entire, but you need to be in the range of the planet. And if you can scan the entire planet for a life form that is specifically 50 years old, that could give you a decent number of hits. Well, when I say decent number, uh, like if the planet is, uh, um, uh, not as highly populated that well that would give you uh um only uh, like a certain number that you could then work through and then okay well if it's in too secluded or uh, it needs to be amongst other life forms everything you kind of you know work through things to actually narrow down the the areas in which it's pointing and then if the scanning could get so advanced that it could actually lock onto um the species you're actually scanning for a specific species well, then that kind of explains it. It could actually explain that fobs need to be uh, at least within a planetary range. And that explains how the whole Mandalorians is like how he could actually try and lie low and escape the range of the fobs. His intention was to go to a secluded planet that was completely off the radar of anyone um, uh, and that it was unlikely that anyone would even go to the planet to check it out. And so when I was like looking, I was like, okay, it, it might so um, what about that that scene where he was getting attacked in space? Do fobs work in space as well, or yeah, if they're within range, if they're fast oh. enough? And I mean, so okay. we we're not we're not told what got the guy in the fighter um to attack Mando, and he could have been refueling or any sure. number of things, and they could have gotten proximity, and the fob just go ding ding. Um, if, and we know that the fobs were sent out to most of the you know bounty hunters and stuff and the fact that they had so at first it was really hard for mandalorian to find yoda but once he found yoda and he, and he uh, handed them in they went they did some type of test they obviously got his blood and so they would have species dna and everything and we don't exactly know how scanners work in star wars but we can kind of assume that um they had a lot more information to scan for once uh, baby yoda was handed in and then uh, and so therefore the fobs might be able to work far more i guess accurately in pinpointing baby yoda's location after they got more in i guess biological information on him so what do you guys think that's what i was kind of noticing when i was looking because i mean cause that's 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 a that's a like a lot of um i feel like there's a lot of um, that yeah, is harshly extrapolated <laughs> yeah it is, it is it's going off because like it's going off what's implied and what's shown. Um, and what it really needed is someone to just simply say, these are the rules. Fobs I mean, have I limit think limitation on distance and they I'm need basic say, biological information to be able to scan for it. I'm, but it is I'm kind of implied because the, the guy, when he was giving Mando, he says, we know the last known location and then he gets some biological information. So, but, I'm, but they I'm needed someone ahead to and say, I would say that they should have no fobs at all. That's, I, I think yeah, that would, I yeah, I think you should get rid of the fobs and just have it be that bounty hunters need to track people down properly. Yeah, um, I, I think it takes a lot out of the, this is a little meta in some way, but I think that having fobs that basically just point you to where the guy is you're supposed to go get takes out an extremely 
both interesting but substantial part of what it is to be a bounty hunter. Yeah, you don't is... need to be smart or clever. You don't need to figure things out. For that portion. Oh, hang on, for that, on, for that, hang that on, portion. On that note, but hang on, yeah, because yeah. if all you if you don't know their location to even get the fob to start to clue in, yeah, but that's, a lot that's of... if that's how fobs that, work, though. Yeah, it's a good yeah, yeah, no, no, but see, you would it could take a lot of work to try and find where the planet is to then use yeah. the fob to like you know a scan in towards whatever biological biological information you could be you know going off of for it to track. So I, I I think there could still be a lot of difficulty in finding the planet, and that is kind of implied that you know they I were actually... on that. The, the backwater planet for weeks even after the fight they say they actually say that these last few weeks you know he's been happy and everything talking about baby yoda and it took several weeks for one bounty hunter amongst all the hundreds or thousands that have these things to finally find the planet where the fob might have given him the clue so i think it could, like the fobs don't break the the whole kind of difficulty of tracking people down if they have that limitation and i'm not I saying they know. do it's just kind of a... implied I still think that is a, a huge part of it that takes a lot of the work away from it. As well as if if you have fobs and they work along those rules, then if you have things like guilds here, then that would significantly narrow down the amount of searching that a guild has to do because it's not one person trying to track down individual planets. It's an entire guild that is using information. Because remember, the guild has a vested interest in having their members find marks. So if you have a guild, then their ability to cover planets all over the galaxy very, very quickly is significantly sped up. So just to play devil's advocate then, all right, um, I'm wondering that, okay, you know, if you want to take, say, fobs don't exist and that bounty hunters need a track right and stuff like that, what it would make they would like to be consistent they would need to use the scanning technology that's available in star wars that's already be implied sure and but the, then you can explain the that in scenes in the show yeah i know and the scanning technology does seem to be pretty advanced and so the question is if you had someone's species their age and you could scan a whole planet just for those two things let alone their name height and other characteristics based on the scanning technology that's already present in star wars it's uh, like they technically should be able to locate someone on a planet well, just by a scan pretty quickly, just by the technology that, that already exists. Do we know they could scan individuals on that level from, like, space or a certain amount of distance? Well, it's implied, it's not explicit, but... Because we get life fact, forms. We, you do get life forms, get right? Buildings... Um, so yeah, that is a good question. That is, a, and it, it would it would it would help the, us our understanding if it was explained explicitly that the scanning could work. But would you would you concede that you definitely could scan someone to that specific detail, if not planetary, but closer? Like so, the closer you get, the stronger and more detailed scanning you could be. Yeah, I would say I'd say it's reasonable that the closer you get, the more accurate the scan would be. But even if we're looking for details on a planetary level, that's still is i i would be it's it's hard to say because we're really doing a lot of guesswork here well yeah i i i fully admit i'm like i'm i'm extrapolating on things that are implied and this could all be contradicted by someone using a fob in season two that is like they're on one planet it's like oh the fob is telling me he's on another planet i'll be like well there we go you screwed it right but I mean, we're, at the we're moment at the there's nothing there's nothing contradicting i guess this theory and the theory is based on uh, specific things that are implied and how that fits quite well with how they're shown 
being employed at the moment, which is why I'm not as uh, dark yeah, or annoyed the, with the fobs right now. I would now. say the show very much also supports, almost explicitly at some points from, from viewing it, that it's uh, it's just tied to the person. Um, like, that just seems to be how it works. That's obviously the concern all of us have. We don't want that to be yeah. the case. I know, and it would have been so good that, like, all you needed is one small scene when Mando goes to the last known location of Baby Yoda in episode one, and he says, all right, well, based on uh, the the age, and and we're not told if he had species information, but it'll be really, is like, and the species, I'm only getting, and that, all he, all he would need is that, age and species, and if you could scan the whole planet, bang, he would know exactly where Baby Yoda is, and then he'd just need um, a scene as simple as that, but it would have been, even if he didn't have species, just say, well, it's a very, um, how many 50-year-olds are on this planet? Yeah, Oof. exactly. But because the, the planet Oof. seemed fairly sparse in terms of population. Oh, and man. So that's, I even... Exact 50s? Like, depending on how... Also, wait. Like, wouldn't again, you, how like... How low population is. That's still going to screw you over big time if you don't have a puck. Because what if, what if you brought Baby Yoda back and they were like, nope. It's a different 50-year-old on that planet. <laughs> it's like, yeah, oh. Yeah, but it seems like that could have been a possibility. Well, see, but um, if we run with... The assumed theory, or at least my assumed theory, um, they give him the age, they give him the last reported position of, of Baby Yoda, and then the fob, which, let's just pretend for a second, it does lead directly to the to the person. That means he can uh, obviously get to the planet, the last reported area, use the fob to get more, you know, closer and closer, and then figure out where the 50-year-old is. Uh, if he can't, naturally, the fob will just lead him directly to him. Because um, Werner Herzog says that you'll be able to make short work of it. And it's like, how would anyone be able to make short work of this if they have to search a planet for all 50-year-olds? Also, yeah, the, the there's more, no yeah, way. Yeah, like, I well, agree. The more, I, we're, think it, the more well, that I think... We don't know how many exact 50-year-olds, because that is an exact age. And for the amount of population that planet seemed to have had, like, I'd say the likelihood you might get 10 out of all the population on that planet which already seemed to be pretty low and then if and it was it would have been kind of cool if he did the scan and he got 10 hits and he goes okay now we need to work through well, um uh, it's going to be protected is and it's going to be in some but, kind but, of secure but, facility but, 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 what if one of those guys defending baby yoda was a 50 year old mando can't kill him well he could kill him but he'd have to bring the body back as well in case that guy's the bounty yeah, that would have been, that would have made an interesting kind of conflict, wouldn't it? That he had to well, work with the information he had. No, and I'm, it's convenient. I'm, I don't think I don't think I'm ready to accept the idea that you could even scan for people's ages. Age, yeah, that's bizarre. Yeah, the more I think about it, the more it just doesn't like that. It's a good you're question. You're gonna have to really give me something solid in the material to say you could scan for people's ages. Yeah, you have to be really so, careful I mean, too, because like 50, I mean, 50 years and three hundred days, or fifty years in one day. Yeah, yeah, how many? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. years are different depending on what planet you're from. You know, so you I agree. To, yeah. And the satisfying thing for me, I would say you should technically only be able to determine the actual cellular age of someone's physical body with a sample. Myself, I, I like. Um, and so well, I, I mean, I don't understand. I guess my problem with the FODs is it just seems like I don't even understand how the FOB like activates. How do you? Well, how do well, you hey, somebody. So there is one thing that simply isn't stated, and this is this is one that is not supported by any in the show so it's an absolute leap i fully admit that and i don't like and when and when an audience when the audience needs to go to such extents to try and explain things it's a sign of bad writing and so even if this explains it it doesn't explain it doesn't excuse the fact that it wasn't explained in the show and it's it's bad that i need to do this it's a sign of bad writing i fully admit this right but we're not told of any additional biological information the fob had 
on the scan. All we are implied about the age, but it could be that he had some of the DNA, some of the species information that he could have scanned for. Uh, I, I'm, I'm open to the idea that if you have DNA samples, then it makes it easier to track somebody. Sure. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I, I think that we're all pretty much in agreement, though, that the way that they explain fobs and illustrate their use is extremely loose mm -hmm. to where we don't really know what the rules are for them. Well, and I think that's... the planetary proximity is actually shown explicitly enough. I, well, I, I don't mean, think it's shown explicitly I, at all. Yeah, neither well, do I. Well, no, that when when uh, the uh, the sniper goes to shoot Baby Yoda, their response was, oh, he had a fob, he tracked him. Their response was, they oh. know he's here, then they can track him, meaning that is a direct implication. They need to know the location before they can find it. That's that's the word that has the the direct implication there. So I don't know. am I to believe that the way that it works for a bounty hunter who has no idea where their guy is, that they're just going to go to every individual planet to like just land there, pull out a fob and be like, oh, I guess it's not here. And then get off and then go to the next planet no, no, land that, and then get a fob. One, that, that, is, that could be a very valid way of doing it. But if you're a smart bounty hunter, you would then say, what are the most likely locations they'd be hiding him? And you'd work. The, the issue. The and, issue and that would have. I'm sorry, that would have a, a very good narrative kind of detective elements to it, still, even with the presence of fobs. Uh, yeah, I suppose, close I suppose my problem is that I don't recall any point in the, the, the show where they show us that fobs do not work in space. We've also, only ever seen, like, you know what I mean? Like, so I've, I've never, this is the first time I've even thought about the idea that fobs only work on the planet because yeah, I yeah. never saw anything that said that I they agree, don't but, it, but yeah, it's it's implied by, is it, what's her name? The Kara lady, the bounty hunter, it's implied in that scene specifically. I don't know that you're right about that. Because could you could, be, you, you're, you I could, could read it, it in a different way, though. which is when he's like, who's he tracking? The kid? And then she, she, so we, that line alone is like, oh, of course they're tracking the kid. And then the conclusion is, oh, well, now they're going to know he's here because this guy came for him and he's dead, which means there's going to be more on the way. As in, the reading can easily be, obviously, there's well, more. The, the, they, they know he's here okay, now because this guy the did. The reason why I think that's wrong is because if they could all track him just with the fob, they would all know the location the moment Mando even landed there. But it took weeks for this guy to find him. And so it's not through the fob that they were able to know the location because it took so long for anyone to find him. And so they found the location, and that's why the reading is well, see, they know he's here. I just figured that was a mistake the on fob. their part that it took so yeah, long for I people to turn it was up. A mistake uh, too, because alternate, alternatively, <laughs> you're telling me that bounty hunters are just planet jumping and hoping for the best well no no, yeah. no like i don't think that's a, a disingenuous explanation of what one one of the core tasks the bounty hunter needs to do they need to find the planet that these bounties are hiding on and well, and it's not to, and it wouldn't be a random thing if you're a smart bounty hunter you would say all right known associates last known location best places to hide i can narrow had known, the known associates down. on that well yeah but then remember how they talk about well, in well, episode exactly. one in episode one they mention um Oh, you know, it, that's not even going to pay for my fuel. So fuel is a concern. I don't see that it's feasible, like economically feasible, for bounty hunters to just go to planets, and to clarify land, what I assume. To see that there. Yeah, and I'd assume that the industry works by going bounty hunter. This is the puck, as in this is what they look like. This is probably you can get some information like how old they are, or whatever. This is the planet we know they're on, or this is the last planet they were known to be on. You can accept this job, or you or you cannot. It's it's completely up to you. And the bounty hunter can take the risk or not. But the idea that it's like We've got a high-value target that's somewhere, 
in the galaxy. In the galaxy, yeah. It's Just like, about going to planets and check but, for but us. Hang on, hang on. I like surely though, there would be cases where it's like that. Mandalorian picked the planet specifically in the hopes that no one would find him. And so there ha there has to be conditions in which you can hide and not be found. And that's well, see, the, the thing is when he, other when Star he Wars said things that, I thought rebels. The issue was that when he said that, I thought it was like, wait, hold on, but the fobs, <laughs> like, how can you well, hide well, from them? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. That's, that's the implication of the fobs, but it is, I think it is answered if you just give the fobs a, a range limitation by, you know, planetary proximity. But that means, and then, that like, means he could never, ever move again. Because the more time passes, the more planets get narrowed down, which means even if they never find him on that planet for some crazy reason, he can well, never it's... go to another planet ever because the fobs will instantly activate. Well, no, no, not necessarily, because a couple of things. One, it would be crazy if he was never found, but he was found. And uh, I think that's if, if the fobs work in this way, this planet is uh, is very secluded, but it's already shown that random people do happen to stop off there and fly off. You know, there's the Kara people and there's other mercenary-like people. And so it's not out of the realms of possibility that even though it's secluded, that one random bounty hunter who happened to have the fob landed on there to get a bite to eat or to refuel, and suddenly the fob gives a ting. And that was like several weeks after he landed. And then, of course, you could jump from planet to planet to make it you're more secluded because there's heaps of secluded, you know, backwater planets all throughout Star Wars. And in fact, moving from one to another would in increase your chances of not being found because if one bounty hunter went to a planet scanned you weren't there and went to another and then you went to that planet after they had scanned and already knocked it off their search things means uh, you know moving around and that's that's a common thing in, in trying to lay low in most in things doesn't that highlight we, we, how horribly no, 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 inefficient it would be how, we don't know how they meet up in space that's not in, that's not so we can't like it would be it's just as disingenuous for me to say well he was refueling ran into someone as to say that they just crossed each other when flying through space it's it's as likely as either one so therefore we can um, I mean, it, it's, it's no. very it's very unlikely no. that they would cross each other in space exactly exactly uh exactly and so right, but, but what i'm saying so is if, if the fobs like, work, yeah, astronomically low chance yeah, yeah, exactly so if the fobs work by proximity it, that it, it makes perfect sense that um then you might run into someone massive especially in space exactly and so like the chances that you'll get close enough to another ship is by an actual location that is a gathering point if it's a refueling but the, station but this is purely space based station. on the, this is purely based on the extent of the proximity yeah and if the I proximity agree. is very very big then that just makes it even worse yeah, exactly. But when but we're not we're not told that this guy was tracking him through hyperspace or everything like that. They're just fighting in space. And it's actually far more likely when you consider the scale of space that they came closer in proximity because of uh, a joint place that they were flying by, whether it was well, a I guess space the thing station is, is, um, or something like that. because it and couldn't have happened it couldn't have happened while he was in hyperspace. So I guess he was just flying around at normal speed, and then the bouncy hunter found him, and then they got. Oh, to hang a on, were they were they fighting close to a planet? Um, yeah, yeah they were close to Tatooine. Tatooine. Well, mm -hmm. well, there yeah. we go. That that's the gathering point. So, that there is a higher likelihood of coming in to, proximity uh, of the other oh, people. Oh, actually, that seems like a problem. Why would why would Mandalorian go to Tatooine of all places if fobs activate as soon as you land on that planet? Stupid. Well, hang on, hang on. Tatooine has always been established as a secluded backwater planet. 
it's, it's no, a, but it's a it's a it's a place so where a lot of criminals are. No, don't not call. Wait, 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 not common it's a secluded one but because it appears in style so much because of nostalgia factor people assume it to be common but technically it shouldn't be tattoo well, wait but whose references are we using at that point are you using third party i'm in world uh, to my understanding tatooine is secluded backwater outer rim planet i um, i find it very very difficult well, to believe that a place like tatooine wouldn't be checked by a bounty hunter to have a bunch of bounty hunters especially with the high um, well so hang on i would agree with you if tatooine was known and regularly you know visited by bounty hunters uh but that's it, not established well, we yeah assume, no but, but, but it is because uh he goes there for bounty guild work he finds out that luckily for him the bounty guild no longer ah, operates well, see, there well, then this is a valid criticism there because I would ag absolutely agree if if bounty hunters are the ones who are most likely to have the fobs and then Mandalorian specifically seeks out bounty hunters for work and to be therefore putting him in proximity to the fobs, that's a bloody stupid... Well, I guess so. Um, I completely agree. And so like, I'm trying to play devil's advocate here, but only when I feel it's justified. When you point out something that is indefensible, I'll fully agree. Yeah, that's an indefensible, stupid point. Don't, don't go. I I guess now I, I have a, I guess a new problem is, is the way that it works now that if he goes to a planet and then lands there, all the, all the bouncy hunters who are on that planet, their fob is going to instantly activate and they're all going to converge on him. Is that, is that how fobs work in, in this? That any bounty okay. that lands on a, any a planet will I think, immediately I think chat, chat wants us to acknowledge the huts. Yes, I know. I know Jabba's dead. Okay, yeah, I, good, very good point. As, I agree. Well, Jabba, Jabba had bounty hunters regularly in his. Oh, and I made a mistake, by the way. He didn't. I agree completely. He, he doesn't necessarily come there for guild work. He comes there for work. Uh, it's just that. Okay. It's unclear that he knew or didn't know that the guild no, no longer functions there. I suppose there. that there's there's more than one guild of bounty hunters, though. Surely. Well, well, well they yeah, refer to it as the Fringy. guild, so I don't know. Well, yeah. Right. My other point to Fringy is that. Uh, I think even I might have said, taking for granted, that all the bounty hunters would have the fobs. But in reality, there's only a couple of hundred sent out by that guild, whatever, on that planet. And if you consider the many thousands of bounty hunters across the galaxy, we could rightly assume... Wait, that, hold on. Well, um, that, hey, hang sorry, on. You, you could rightly finish, assume yeah. that Mando could expect that only a very small percentage of the overall bounty hunters would have the fob uh, to track the Yoda. Sorry, it's, um, I, I just had like a weird brain thing moment something in episode one mandalorian gives back the fobs for each of the people that he got which implies that each individual fob is for each individual bounty that you're going for yeah right is that that's how it works that seems to be that they're okay. that, that so, one one so, fob for one bounty okay so in right so does that mean then that so all of the bounty hunters, when he went back in episode three, all of them had fobs for that bounty that they were just holding, even though now, it had been reclassed. Yeah. No, no, and things. that makes sense because that is the that's the core point that the bounty is being sent out from, and he and and it's even implied. He says, "How many fobs did you give out?" He's like, "Didn't he like everyone has?" He says, them, "All." Yeah, but why would they keep them? Why would they keep them? Then? Yeah, that's another problem. Like it doesn't. They don't oh, need okay, them anymore. Nah, yeah. <laughs> the bounty's over. Yeah, good point. Okay, good point. Have them. Good. Or, yeah, yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. And uh, this is all oh, still assuming, guess, by the I way, guess... that it does lock on to them. 
personally, right? Because we kind of like that's what is implied by what's shown. Because the the, the two sort of <laughs> defenses for the fobs right now is that they work at limited range, and that they work based on data to do with your person rather than you personally. Well, so it could be this, and you're right, sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, Mola, but right. it could be a fob can actually work um, for multiple, well, it can only uh, track one at a time, but you can reprogram it to do another one, and it could have stored into itself several different, you know, information to track multiple targets, but you can only tell it to target one at a time. And so it could be that what the people had the baby Yoda fob, Oh, the bounty's done. I'll switch it over to my next target. Um, and the fob is you could you could have options on it again. I, I, this is I'm looking into it pretty much. But if I was to make a fob, I would want convenience and say, all right, track the most valuable target all the time and put that up to the top, right? I guess. And, and if you made that a automatic feature, Baby Yoda was the most valuable bounty before. It turned off. Okay, it defaults to the next most valuable one. And then now Baby Yoda bounty is back on. Bang, fob switches over to tracking the only individual one target it can at a time, but it could do it automatically. That's a, that's a logical enough thing. Well, why, why would Mando have like four different Mando, fobs? Yeah, why would he have four and then give them in? Because it only can tack, track one at a time. Um, yeah, but so you, may as well, as well, you can only hunt people one at a time. You may as well just switch. Well, hang on. Just go to go to a planet, okay, switch it between switch the it four. You know? You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Um, that 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 would be a thing because you could just do it with one track, one switch it over, track another, switch it over. Okay, these are the uh, one, and use one yeah. at a time. Um, I mean, and so having multiple. The the idea that they have to be like programmed specifically by certain people. Um, I'm pretty sure that Carl Weathers even says that he does something that uh, uh, Mahler maybe can help me. We we, just, we did just watch it. Um, doesn't Carl Weathers, doesn't he say that he has to program them or give or he's the one who passes them out or... Which episode? Remember? I, I forget. Uh, either way, it's just a small thing. Honestly, just... I think I, I agree but... with you there, Rags. It actually makes more sense that only the bounty leaderships can put a bounty on a fob because otherwise yeah, anyone could just I... pick up a fob put a bounty and say hey bounty hunter can you go kill someone okay, got... <laughs> i'm not really paying you we... so chat chat is screwing up a lot here so, so one of them said yeah. um, one of them said pucks and fobs are the same thing they're not the same thing no pucks are, are the little the discs thing. that give you their face and the yeah, fobs are like the trackers uh, yeah we and... assume so yeah pucks are they look like pucks and they have their face on them we know not unreasonable to assume they have other information on them, but it's like a a more it's an identifier. It's not a tracker. It's more like your um. It's like a wanted poster, dossier, right? It's, it's like, like a wanted poster yeah. on, the, on the target. And someone else said that the you don't even know if the pucks or fobs track the target. It's like a homing beacon. Yeah, that's the what fobs a fob are basically is. like. It beats louder when you get yeah. closest, and that's how did the bounty hunters who were coming for them, like yeah, no, it tracks them. <laughs> it does. It's and he gives the 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 fobs back as if I am done with these. You take them so that they can be re reprogrammed for different people and then for given else. out again. Yeah. Um, also, I just want to say this is all uh, all of this is underneath the looming specter of the fact that never once in any of the eight episodes is it even mentioned 
how to get rid of uh, a fob tracking you. So, uh, if someone else, I, the, the person. I don't. Yeah. See, I don't think you can. I think the only way is to get out of the proximity, and I think that's explained by Mandalorian's actions in going to a secluded planet, just flying. Yeah, but they never wear away. off. That's the thing. Fobs don't ever turn <laughs> off. So <laughs> there's yeah. so many yeah. things to address yeah. in chat. This is getting weird. I, I, so yeah, somebody um, said that there was no baby Yoda fob. It's like, what about in episode there was, three when all of the bouncy huts is converted to baby? There Yoda. was only a baby Yoda fob. There was no baby Yoda puck. That was yeah, the, that was no the point. Pucks. He says no puck. Also, uh, <laughs> no Kirill said uh, fobs track the implanted ID chips every citizen has. What are you talking about? When was that established? Oh, yeah, no, implanted chips never yeah, so people, When was that? <laughs> yeah, people are not going to be... Never heard this. that, and and why would Baby Yoda have one? He said, this whole discussion is redundant. You can't just make shit up from other stuff. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and people will take them out. The first thing that you're going to do is yeah, you're going like, to take if, them out. If you you're know that that's that how you, you get tracked, you just Imagine the black head. market value for that. You could totally pay surgeons to do that. Yeah, and you can put them on other people and have and send them yep. off, and it's that's a whole other mess that we definitely don't want to get into. But yeah, people aren't gonna <laughs> um, are gonna do that. I think season two will be able to either confirm or deny what the hell is going on with these fobs. The funny thing is, I just looked at the Wikipedia page for it; it is dry as a bone. It's tracking <laughs> tracking fobs were devices used by bounty hunters to track their quarries. The bounty hunter would return the fobs after capturing their bounty as proof of capture. In 9 ABY, the Bounty Hunters Guild handed out tracking fobs to its hunters. A bounty hunter simply known as the Mandalorian returned his fobs after capturing all of his quarries. <laughs> it's like, thanks so for that. The thing so, is, though, like, I think it know. could be salvaged if they made, like, some of these limitations that are at least shown and you could connect the dots. But there's a big flaw that, you know, it's not explained and uh, and there are still problems with it, don't get me wrong, like the, the, all the fobs turning on randomly and the fact that they all suddenly have it and stuff. So there are still issues there. It's just at the moment for me, it can be explained. And so that that may, helps me at least, okay, I can watch it and not have the fobs stand out as this glaring problem that's breaking the whole show. I can I can keep watching and enjoying it. I still and think also, they, we have I the still, Empire. Yeah. The Empire is looking for Baby Yoda. The fact that the Empire is not using fobs and tracking him down wherever he goes is something that they are going to have to address if they want to have good writing. Yeah, like, I would agree. It, I mean, yeah, yeah. you could address well, considering, it. You could explain, but... Considering everything we know, it blows my mind that um, they didn't send a, a faction of stormtroopers to just go and get Baby Yoda with the information they had. Okay, so is, my, my thoughts strange. on that, my thoughts on that is that they, except at the very end when there's a very large imperial presence, the um uh, the stormtroopers are hiding out in a bunker and they're trying mm. to lay low. And it seems mm. like they, no, it seems like the empire factions yeah, are trying to avoid Republican, uh, you know, the new Republic uh, weeding them so out. So how do you explain Republic that finale? Friends. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> it, what I was about to say. It's the a ends. problem. Don't get me wrong. I said like, because like, yeah, there's obviously what are they doing in the but... finale? It's like they're specifically trying to capture Yoda. It's like yeah. wow, you guys probably should have done this in the fucking pilot. <laughs> this would have been yeah. a good idea. I, mean, know, the, the, I think the only have... defensible thing you could say is that. They couldn't be bothered. He didn't wouldn't want to use their resources, but they got the money. So, yeah, we'll throw out a bounty. They have like, enough resources to start I... killing their own men willingly. Oh so. my god! <laughs> <laughs> so, which so, is a part that I hated. The one thing. But, but the other thing, stormtroopers are notoriously incompetent. I, I, I want to highlight, by the way, as as James Moore's just pointed out, if everyone had ID chips, wouldn't Vader have found the rebels way easier? 
Especially knowing his yeah. son. He has like, I don't know about this ID Dude, chip thing. the implant thing? Just f drop it. Someone else no said, you can't, you can't take the chip out because then you can't interact in normal society. It's like, what's this no- that. Don't what? even- that is- no. That's there's, there's no, like, system where you go to a bar and they scan your ID chip before you can buy anything. You Does give them money and they give you a drink. Yeah, it's credit. Sad people have chips as well. So yeah, I don't know. But this is the thing. Fobs are causing loads of fundamental issues. That's why I love that this is the first thing we've talked about. It's lasted like an hour. <laughs> but well, but, but right, even then, I want to play. I like. I know going further is not justified in the in the plot, but uh, I'm down the rabbit hole, and I like playing devil's advocate. Okay, so yeah. what if yeah, this is? Yeah, this is I, this is very I, much a there. There are potentially. There might be explanations for things, but that's basically the Also, that's very yeah, wishful that's thinking, considering we've felt this way a lot over the past with a lot of different franchises. Like, they'll explain it. They don't. <laughs> well, that's the... Exactly. This could be so contradicted, and everything I say is just shoved, you know, back in my... Well, foot and mouth kind of crap. Shoved back in my face in, ep in, a, in Season 2 if they contradict this stuff. And so... But at the moment, all I'm saying is that... There are ways to explain there it, and I shouldn't have to, an and it's bad writing that I I need to, even in the first place. But, alright, one of the reasons why I like to try and see, okay, is there a way to make this way? It's like a uh, a writing exercise. Yeah, for yeah, me. Yeah. Like, yeah. If, I agree. If, if I was going to make, if I was writing this, how would I justify it to make yeah, it? Yeah, if you were writing season sense? two, how would yeah. you make it all make sense post -hard? Exactly, exactly. And so one of the ways that you could explain is that uh, a fob is potentially very dangerous technology that falls into the wrong hands. Um, uh, if anyone gets it and could code anyone's basic information and track whoever they want to kill whoever they want, and, and the guilds seem to be, they're accepted in society as, I'm not even sure if they're considered a necessary evil. They seem to be, these bounty hunters are good. They help us deal with criminals and, you know, people skipping bail and all these things. And so it could be that fobs have a, a, a very, uh, like, that they could be behind a massive code that the bounty only the bounty hunter guilds have the codes to be able to encode a fob to track someone and not even the empire has or something like that or you know, so it, it can't be abused in the wrong hands essentially that's one way you could try and spin it i want to um, defend you as well shaz someone said you're writing the script for them shaz's not saying this happened this is the truth yeah. he's saying it's an option and he's also acknowledged that they haven't explained it which is uh, not a good thing it's terrible you need now. to go to these extents. It's totally to cool to explore options in terms of how it yes. could make sense. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Cool. Uh, but I do I, I will I will again reiterate it is an extreme weakness of the writing as well that it is is not even suggested of how to get rid of them. And if there's not a way to get rid of the tracking, which I find very hard to believe, then they should say you can't get rid of the fob. It's you know, da 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 da. We have to go through the people who did uh, something. I don't know. I, I, th I think that one is actually more explicitly implied by Mandalorian trying to get out of the range by going to a secluded planet. I think that, like, if if you if it was impossible to um, escape the fobs, and again, this could just, like the the options are: he's either a bloody idiot because the only way to if you can't break the fob tracking, the only thing you can do is to turn is get the bounty withdrawn, which means you have to go to the source and fight them. And so it's, it's retarded beyond belief that it's just trying to run away when you can't run away from these things. That's the only, that's one option. And the other, other option is that you can get out of their range. And that seems to be the more logically consistent one. And I think that one is actually implied quite strongly in the show. Um, I think it's quite a strong indictment on the people who were around Baby Yoda protecting it, that they just stated a position that apparently the Empire knew about. Like, you should probably have 
kept moving, I guess. Well, I don't know. We don't know what they on. were doing. They, they didn't. Did they know that the Empire wanted him? Because technically, this wasn't even just the Empire. It was a, 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 one guy within the Technically, one guy yeah, who, had a we, who also More people him. had come there before. Oh, yeah. When I say they the Empire, died. I'm mainly yeah, talking about yeah, Moff Gideon. The first episode ah. said other people had come, and they all ended up dead. I tried yeah. to help them. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, like I said, but, I'm, I'm not necessarily referring to the Empire when I say the Empire, it's just the bad guys in Mandalorian who are organizing the whole thing. <laughs> they kind of look like the Empire. <laughs> Someone said Bobs and Pucks, trash writing. No, Pucks make total sense. Pucks yeah, make like a I said, lot of Pucks sense. are a wanted poster, I'm cool with them. Yeah, they're digital wanted posters, they're dossiers on who you're trying to find, what they look like, last known location, maybe next of kin, age, stuff like that. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. And Fobs are only dumb depending on how they work. I, well, I well, could you say at least that it's implied quite strongly in the show that they work by range and proximity? At least I'm not sure that it is strongly I'm implied. Not sure. though. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. thing. It, like, uh, proximity, yeah. yes. It, it might be, yeah. but what? Again, like I said, how big the proximity is is it's the difference. Totally unknown. It, you, yeah, yeah, yeah totally I agree. Unknown. It's unknown. It could be galaxy spanning. It could be certain systems. It could be a solar system. We don't even know. So that the extremity of the proximity is not only a phrase you don't hear often, <laughs> but it is really important as a detail for yeah. Because it would it would not only and, influence how easily they would have found it, but it would have influenced the decisions that Mando would have made. Because i.e., if it was for a whole system, it's like oh, well, this causes problems. If it's for a planet, yeah, then maybe it could away. work. Yeah. But if it's for a system, then yeah, you're you're screwed. There's no way that you can escape a fob. And just to address the people in chat saying that I'm talking too much, it's because I'm doing the defense, okay? And so I'm playing yeah, the yeah, no, and the only one. Yeah. Like, and and yeah. by the way, we're all we're all pretty good friends at this point. People are like, stop interrupting each other. It's like we're fine. We're okay. We're yeah. okay. Don't worry about us. We're okay. No. Um, well, <laughs> just stop that. Uh, let's uh, put that in the uh, the old cupboard. Mm -hmm. Close the door and lock it up. And we'll well, I was going to say, fobs will come relevant. up as we proceed. Yes. Um, <laughs> so we we will. What we'll have to do is critique the, the 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 criticism based on the two different assumptions about how the fobs work, I suppose. But um, I I actually think it's not a bad idea that we started with fobs because there are a few aspects that kind of go through all of the episodes. Um, that aren't that are they occur in specific places, but across eight episodes. Yeah. So um, maybe so Mandalorian's armor. Should we I talk about, about that? <laughs> yes. Before, because I think so right the, the, the sorry to interrupt, but I think the the main kind of uh, run of our discussion here is going to be trying to pick apart all the things that we found wrong with it, and uh, and uh, I'm probably going to be playing devil's advocate because I'm the only one who's fun. <laughs> Well, is there are things that I'll criticize too, don't get me wrong, but I think before we do that then, should we at least point out the things that we felt were good or enjoyed? I thought we, we kind of we we did, did that already. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, I have a list that I didn't give. Oh, well, yeah, sure. Go, go for it. Um, well, we, we talked about the production quality that I thought was really, really good. Um, now, in terms of the Mandalorian's character, I think there are a couple of ways you could look at it, because... Uh, there, he makes some dumb decisions. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, I like this character, uh, and I think I like this character because uh, the it was kind Wait, of we're talking about Mando. Mando. Yeah. Oh my god. Um, I liked the concept, and the, and that concept was con was consistently represented of uh, the lone bounty hunter mercenary uh, doing his own thing. I, I personally liked his reserved personality and the emotion that they were able to convey in dialogue, body language, and stuff, even with a helmet on. 
that like we don't see that often and uh, it was refreshing for me to see and i appreciate it enjoyed it um master chief-esque kind of yeah. uh, emoting yeah yeah and i i was indeed towards him because he had a good heart ultimately you know he he decided to save baby yoda and things like that and he showed loyalty to friends and other stuff i th yeah. this part i <laughs> we get we all right no no like if i'm going to be bringing just up gush gush that, away we will get to the yeah the you can you, you can object my my um uh, my positive Ooh. points those will probably pop up as we go through each okay. episode. All righty then. Um, so those will be addressed over the discussion of the episodes with like, yeah. bullet points and stuff we have. Um, when I left, we had brought up the armor. Had we discussed that? Uh, well, well, because or... you disappeared, um, uh, Shad wanted to sort of um, dive a little bit more into one of the things that he liked. Well, well several. I, I have a bit of a list that I think that these are, for me, fairly strong positive elements that um, go in the show's favor and, and apply more broadly. Like, because also something that I just really enjoyed. One, he was he was he was a good fighter. He was talented, but he was not like unbeatable. I actually really liked that they showed him struggling on many on many different levels and failing at many points. And I think there was a decent enough balance of of them showing him competent, but also being out beaten by other people who were also competent. He wasn't unstoppable. And uh, and that made for a more engaging kind of protagonist. Than, and for me, like it wasn't always the fact that he was always going to win because you know that has failed many times already. His life had needed to be saved. And uh, and that, may again, just added to the strength of his uh, character overall to make me, I like him. I like the Mandalorian um, uh, overall as a character for, the, for, those, for those things. Um, Sorry, uh, I'm, I'm just going to cut you off because somebody yeah. made a super chat and it directly acknowledges me and I think it's a bad point. Um, Friggy, if Bob's have system size range, they're screwed. And then he said there are 70 million worlds. Please grow a sense of scale. All right. Um, so 70 million planets in a galaxy is a very, very small number. There are hundreds of billions of planets in our galaxy. So that if that's what Star Wars has said is how many planets there are in a galaxy, then Star Wars has a very narrow scale for how big galaxies no, are. It I has to be one way or the other. No, like, I, I, I think their point was it's a very large scale in terms of the number of planets you would need yeah, to, yeah, to try and find. Yeah, yeah, for something. sure. But but the issue that is with Star Wars is that they've always kind of played a bit fast and loose with uh, the nature of space anyway. You know what I mean? Like, there's always oh, been some stuff. It's surprising where... how many planets show up <laughs> consistently yeah. with how huge yeah, everything is. Exactly. Like, Tatooine exactly. is the best example. There's back. Yeah, Tatooine shows up all the everyone's time. Everyone's going back there. But what I find interesting is that when they do go to a different planet, it seems like the fan base still criticizes it, like Jakku. It's like, oh, this is definitely not Tatooine, guys. Or, or I mean, it, with, technically, there should be a lot of other de desert planets. And using the same one, people criticize it. When you use a different one, people criticize it. Like, and well, which one, guys? Come on. For people saying it's just Tatooine, but a different desert planet, it's like, um. Well, somebody, somebody's now said seventy million habitable worlds or something, but that's still like, how does Tatooine show up all the time then? Like seventy million ha inhabited planets, really? Well, I wonder how many. I wonder how many planets are in the Outer Rim, or habitable planets are in the Outer Rim. Well, I guess that's that the that thing, would. right? When we're talking about systems as well, and this is part of the problem as well as um. And this was something that came up in, in Maul's Captain Marvel video where, like, I think we made the point that uh, the solar system, like, if you define the boundaries of the solar system, you could either say until Pluto or you could say to the full extent of the Oort cloud, which is about three light years. 
depending yeah, people on got which really testy arguing over that. Yeah, like depending on which one you interpret, the whole idea of fobs will detect you depending on which star system you're in. It's could it just mean that if you're going at hyperspace and you're traveling, the fo sorry, we we shouldn't get caught up on the fobs <laughs> again. <laughs> we'll stop there. We'll just get back to keep going with uh with what you liked about Mando specifically. Well, yeah, those are all the reasons why I like Mandalorian. And the thing for me, if I can enjoy the main character, I I can generally enjoy a TV show overall. Um, uh, and that's also what got me through The Witcher. It was the main character. Um, uh, and so uh, I thought I counted that as a strength to this uh, TV show. In terms of, like, making a good character, for the things you were trying to achieve in the series, I think Mandal the Mandalorian himself, was done mostly well, even if you're trying to judge it on objective, you know, scales of what makes a good character. And then my standards would be, what type of character do you want for the uh, purposes of the series? Does does he fulfill those needs? And I feel he did it quite well. Um, and not to say there isn't dumb things he does. He absolutely does, right? Um, but yeah, and also the fact that it was a, it was refreshing to see uh, once again one of the callbacks to one of the classic staples of the lone hero kind of thing, uh, and and I like that archetype. That's so that got enjoyment out of me as well. Um, the nature of the storytelling, okay, it's not to say there wasn't a lot of issues in terms of the logical justification of certain actions. Like there are some big problems, especially well, like I know we'll get there, but you know the the um uh, the guy when when they're bunkered up and the guy's like you have so many hours to give in. Oh, yeah. So there's a lot of dumb things there, but in terms of the nature of the storytelling overall, it was simple and straightforward, and uh, the propositions of the problems of the episodes were very easily understandable. Uh, you need to do this, or this is in your way, or that's it. And bang, and then everything revolved around that, and I enjoyed the simplicity and clear nature of that style of storytelling, especially coming out of The Witcher, where every episode was so bloody convoluted, you couldn't understand the, the, what was going on most of the time. Um, and so, and I think the simple nature of these overarching plots went in the uh, series strength. That was a strength for the series, especially for what it was, the type of story that it was. It was, again, the lone gunslinger kind of hero. So really good strength. Uh, again, um, improved uh, my uh, p my you know um, opinion of it. I loved Baby Yoda. Uh, <laughs> I thought I thought Baby Yoda was absolutely brilliant. I hated Baby Yoda healing. Don't get me wrong, okay. But it, I I very cute, very enjoyable, just on screen, and even just the small things. Like I was watching it with my kids the other day, and the scene where Mando gets um, is fighting the girl for the first time, and then they roll around and they get shoot the guns at each other. And then they just look and it cuts to Baby Yoda just sitting there slurping. My kids busted out laughing like you wouldn't believe. And it was a oh, good man. example of, of subtle scene. comedy. Oh, that scene. We'll, we'll get, get to that scene. Um, we'll get there. I was just going to um, say quickly as well, so, um, this, this is criticism in chat that I find hilarious. Rags and Mauler seem to be obsessed with applying real-world Milky Way constraints to Star Wars. Right, that's the first half, which, by the way, me and Rags really, it was more fringy talking about that than me and Rags. And secondly, the Milky Way is larger than the Star Wars universe uh, if we go by galaxies. So that doesn't even make sense. Like, Well, the thing is, is um, I, what I'm seeing here, and it's a bit of a problem of trying to reach into the extended universe, because I don't recall ever in any of the movies where they said that there are 70 million inhabited planets in the galaxy and where they said how big the galaxy was. So you really do not want to dive into scale when it comes to this, because it's really just going to become a big problem. And, <laughs> and secondly, they said all of their problems could be applied to Lord of the Rings. 
What do you mean? No, they can't. What? What? <laughs> I understand that. I was like, what? Um. Anyway. Uh, what about the the ring. So, yeah, I was right? gonna say how much I uh in terms of Mandalorian as a character, I hate him. I never want to see another character like him. I despise him. I think he's borderline autistic with the decisions that he makes. I I cannot believe that a character who makes these consistently stupid decisions is alive after doing this job that long. Uh, the amount of times that he shot, the amount of times that he just has plot armor, the amount of times that he does things that are just insanely brain dead, his inability to use his equipment well. just I cannot believe that he has been doing this job for this long and hasn't been killed a thousand times over. Okay, those are interesting. Also, his, sorry. sorry, guys. It, it is extremely, um, well, well I, I, we'll stop there because I'll get to the next part later on as we progress to the episode. That'll be easier to illustrate it then. But yeah. I do not like Mando at all as a character. I am absolutely, I don't, I don't ever want to see another Mandalorian character. I think, as uh, he's so, so hang on, I find I think, that interesting because, sorry, you go for you. Oh, I was just going to say, I think I might sit in a nice little middle ground here, which is why I figured I'd say, I think my my view is that um, you got a lot of things with Mando that if you had spent more time developing it, as in you you extend the character development, you could have had something really, really good. Um, and I think the things you can latch onto are, so we have a character who, you know, is a gruff, hardened mercenary, but then we he gets to the point where he, you know, Baby Yoda makes him sort of maybe change his philosophy. And even the idea, even in episode four, where you have um the the whole idea of him potentially settling down, these are all really good ideas, but they're good ideas for later, if you know what I mean. I feel like you need a lot more time with gruff, hardened Mando. And then the progression for him with Baby Yoda sort of softening his exterior. And then you can start reaching into him developing more relationships. I think that if they had taken it a bit slower, it could have been really good. But I think that it rushed it to the point that they wasted a lot of the potential that they had for a uh, for that sort of bounty hunter character. I don't dislike Mandalorian, though. I'm, I like I'm him not, enough. I'm, I just I'm think he's an idiot. Yeah. I think it's pretty tough to say he isn't an idiot based on all the things he, he makes does a lot of episodes. bad decisions. Well, well yeah. we're going to go to them one by one because I think some of his decisions are far more defensible than perhaps you're mm -hmm. feeling. Um, uh, also, you we'll sound get, a bit we'll muffled again. I don't know if anything's changed. Oh, really? I don't know. So, uh, well, I could bring it closer. Um, well, uh, what did you do last time that made it change? Was it complicated uh, or? No, well, I unplugged and plugged back in, but I did change what the sensitivity just recently, and if that's made it worse, I'll put it Can back. Can you, just um, for curiosity's sake, do an unplug and plug it back in, see if it makes a difference? Because you just, I don't know what it is, but you sound cleaner, um, or you sounded cleaner before. It's like, a week, oh, I, actually, I'm okay yeah. to deal with it, it's fine. It's just, I was just curious if you could. I can, I can, so uh, continue talking, I'll be back in a sec. Very well. And also, there is a, um, just to be clear, as Fringy said, I have no idea with the I, I have no problem with the idea that Mando befriends a bounty that he has some connection with based on his past. I have no problem with that as a concept. I have no problem with the concept of him finding a buddy or a partner. I have no problem with any of this stuff. In concept, all of this stuff is absolutely fine. But when we look at all the stuff that he does as a character, especially his plans tactically in combat, how he executes missions and a lot of the other decisions that he makes. We, it, it is, it leaves us 
baffled when we watch him and we try to find out how he rationalizes the things that he does. I guess it's all and, the problem of um he's meant to be a really accomplished, talented bounty hunter. Best in the Parsec. Yeah, he, he doesn't make the decisions that you would expect him to make. He do, You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it doesn't seem consistent. Yeah, if you are... If you are the most well-known, most famous bounty hunter in the Parsec, you are a Mandalorian. You've trained for this your whole life. You've trained to be a bounty hunter for all this long. You have strict codes of honor. This is what you do. You are an elite bounty hunter. It shocks me all the decisions that he makes in a lot of these episodes. I feel yeah, like, like um, we're, we're, we're doing lots of generalization. We need to get stuck into some references. Otherwise yeah, we're gonna get because restless. I think that's, yeah, let's do it, yeah. the specifics are going to be the one that'll either... Uh, I guess lean me more to uh, feel your views are justified or if I feel they can be more defensible because the the thing for me, like if a, you know, a decent amount to a portion of those decisions can be explained and they're not as blatantly stupid, um, uh, that could solve some of the issues, but also it does seem a lot of your issues are with his actions, um, which technically that is part of characterization, but in terms of the character itself, it's going to go down to like um, personality and how the the character has in regards to their motivations, their goals, and stuff like that. Um, and so overall, I think the portrayal of his character, in the sense of the subtle body language, uh, the ways I I still like his character as the how the character was made, um, and as to if he's dumb or not. Well, that'll be a good discussion. When well, I guess um, I, I actually like to, because you're probably best suited to answer this question. One of the things that we observed was when he gets into fights, he really relies on his armor to save him. There are many parts where he gets shot in the face and shot in the torso, where it's like, wow, it's pretty lucky that you have this best guard, you know, like this steel <laughs> armor, because you'd be dead. Is this, yeah, is this like, does, see him in. does it make <laughs> sense for somebody to fall back so heavily on their armor in fights? No, no if I was to say, okay. just, but so there's, there's a lot of caveats to this, right? Because I did a yeah, whole video on Mandalorian's armor and I, I criticize it saying it's not covering enough. Okay. And it's awfully convenient that every shot that seems to hit him is always landing on where the armor points are. So I have legitimately yeah. criticized this as well. All right. But uh, the, the response and a lot, it was interesting to hear um, uh, a lot of people's responses about in terms of body armor. He's technically wearing more armor than the standard soldier does in modern warfare, but the standard soldier doesn't fight the way the Mandalorian does. They take cover. They and it's like it's the yeah, last. Standard soldiers you know, don't rely on their armor. Yeah, that's the it's last. The you know, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the last point just of defense, case. just in case. They're absolutely right. Um, and uh, and so yeah, I I would say that he's not. He, yeah, he's relying on his armor way too much. If the armor covered most of his body and didn't have openings then he would be justified in leaving himself open as much as he does and just tanking it. Um, and then I would say, yeah, I would agree. So, Well, I guess it, the it, thing is, is when you look at the fights, there are so many instances where it's like, wow, if that shot was a couple, just a little bit lower or a little bit higher, you'd just be dead. <laughs> yeah, just, just like, to, just to clarify, right? Accomplished? He tanks, well, uh, tanking it is fine with me because of the Beskar. It's the fact that he gets hit and he doesn't get hurt by 13 different blaster shots throughout the, uh, the season. Eight knives. <laughs> yeah, we, we did a little tally. This is obviously subject to, like, we might be off by one or two, but it, uh, I counted 13 blaster shots that he blocked with his armor, eight knives, um, the pterodactyl, and an explosion. Uh, his armor saves him from dying from both of those. That's a lot of 
uh, impact. And it's like, what, what did he do okay, before? No, I, I agree. I agree completely. But I guess for me, this is why, and it's not really, doesn't redeem it by any measure, but it lessens it for me as well. And it's the fact that he is actually getting hit in some instances, because if he didn't have the armor, the only other option is for the hits to never land at all, which is technically what we see in we see a lot well, of that. Star Wars, the original trilogy. They're not wearing armor, so everyone just misses. Unless, yeah, but that's, uh, that's a criticism unless too. Unless it's convenient in the plot for someone to get injured, and then it's only a shoulder hit in Leia in Return of the Jedi. And and for me, I feel that is more indefensible uh, uh, than the Mandalorian actually getting hit. So the fact that he is getting hit, I feel, is actually a little bit better than what we've seen in other well, Star Wars. I guess the problem is that when you look at a lot of the fights that he gets into, it's like he puts himself in these very dangerous situations, almost expecting that his armor is going to save him. I remember in our, I remember it was most pronounced in episode six when he was fighting in the prison. There was this instance where he was fighting some of the robots. It's like, dude, you are... Like this is really dangerous. Like I'm not sure why. I mean, there's you're, you're there's a lot of John Wick so two three moments yeah, where there yeah, is just there there's just no way he shouldn't be shot. There there's all of these a lot of these fights that happen where you just are wondering why hasn't he been shot a hundred times now? I want to clarify. He's, he's people are saying like it's good that he gets hit in the armor, than not at all. He gets hit not at all a lot too. Loads of shots yeah, missing. That, that happens as well. But but the thing is, if he wasn't wearing the armor, the only other option is to have, have him never get hit, which is exactly what they did in the original trilogy. The whole meme of stormtroopers not having to aim is because of plot armor. I mean, he and, could, and, and it happens because they can have, they can have the him act series. in the show as you if he have, knows he's yeah, vulnerable. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I'm not saying this is. But also, I, All I'm saying is the fact that he is getting hit, for me, is at least better than what we have seen previously, because in the original trilogy, like, there are so many points where the heroes are standing right in front of people and they're never getting hit. Well, the and thing is, you say, said... And this is in like Empire and Return of the Jedi, so the defense that they were purposely missing on the Death Star uh, doesn't apply because it is, it's consistent throughout all of Star Wars. Well, here's, here's yeah, a. The only times the laser bolts are on part of so now is we're... They have a lightsaber to defend themselves or it's a convenient the plot to get hit. Yeah, so, so this is just a, it's bad in other things too. Yeah, I know. I agree. This isn't a good yeah, argument. Because it's but, bad but here. Me, it's really yeah, bad here. Yeah, yeah exactly. but, but for me, it makes it at least a little bit better than it was before. And, and, uh, I can still enjoy the pre the, the original series with the horrible plot armor that's everywhere. And to me, the plot armor is actually technically a little bit lessened because of the armor he's wearing, even though it's executed poorly, which the, I fully acknowledge. I guess the thing is, you said before something like, if, if they didn't have him getting hit, then it would be that he doesn't get hit. But I guess my thing is I immediately think of, okay, well, maybe maybe we can do something with this where it's like, how about we have an episode where he's still got his armor and, you know, he occasionally gets hit. We dial it back a lot. But then we have in one episode, maybe it's later in the first season or sometime in the second season when we're in the trust arc or something, we have him get shot like in the leg. It's a really bad one. Like it's not a shoulder one where he brushes it off. It's like he gets shot in the leg and he's in big I want to, um, I want to stand trouble. up for the OT, by the way. Uh, the only time, the Stormtroopers yeah. do really great in the opening of A New Hope. And when they don't shoot Luke and Leia and Han and Chewie, you do remember that they're supposed to be letting them think that they're escaping, right? Yeah, that's in the um, original, in the original one. Right, so, so the storm, this, what I'm trying to say, wait, 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 wait I'll finish. So, the, so a New Hope, Stormtroopers are actually pretty good from everything we understand about them. Uh, Empire Strikes Back, they're good in Hoth, they're terrible in Bespin. Um, and then Return of the Jedi, everyone knows that it's ridiculous what happens in Return of the Jedi. 
Um, so what, what I'm trying to say is that, like, they nailed it in A New Hope, they were 50-50 in Empire, and then they fucking farted in Return of the Jedi, and now they're taking that to the nth degree in the sequel trilogy and Mandalorian. Well, Mandalorian and is Mandalorian arguably made... worse because they establish its canon that stormtroopers are stupid. Or can't aim. I yeah. loved that. <laughs> Me, I, I, I personally love that. I, 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 I loved it. it. I, yeah, I, I thought that was great. I hate it. <laughs> but we'll get to it when we get to, to episode. Me, because, I mean, yeah, we will. Uh, we will six get and to eight. it. Yeah. And also, to address something that is in the chat, someone said, I blindly call him dumb. I am not blindly calling him dumb. I've watched the show twice. I've yeah, seen every this, this is the thing. Twice. A lot of people aren't going to take I'm it seriously because we haven't gotten... Calling him stupid. We haven't got the references out yet. We're getting there. This is going to take a while, chat. It's going to take a while. It's, it's a big one because we're still going on the things I um, like. <laughs> so, uh, I just wanted to get back to the, my leg shot. <laughs> go, go, go for it, go um, for it. Yeah, the the idea that you have an episode where he gets shot in the leg and it's a serious injury, it's not a TV show. Ah, oh, he'll walk it off like he's in big trouble. And then we spend maybe the next episode. He's with um, he's with uh, what was the name of? I keep forgetting a name. The the lady bouncy hunter that he's working with. We can Cara have Dune? her there. Yeah, yeah, Cara Dune. That's right. So you have an episode where I don't know. She's like got to help nurse him back to health and like help him get out of this location that's swarming with stormtroopers or something and the two have to work together like you can find ways to make it to where he has his armor and it sometimes protects him but you can still have him actually be vulnerable and get shot i don't really like the idea that it's like either he gets hit with his plot armor or he doesn't get hit at all you know yeah, what i mean I, I agree completely i agree completely yeah i, I figured, yeah. I figured it's, still it's, it's still convenient and contrived but yeah. i have to also acknowledge that it seems to be just as convenient contrived in the plot armor of the previous ones. Um, and so, and I don't think it ruins a movie for me because I enjoyed the previous oh, no, one. But that, that's, that's, one of, that's one yeah. of the problems. Is it yeah, with yeah I agree. It's still a problem. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's absolutely right, so agree it's a problem. All right. Yeah. So, okay. um, doesn't <laughs> also, ruin it. We'll, we'll get into the details later. I do find that after what we see here is bulletproof, or sorry, not bulletproof, blaster proof. Sorry. Um, it is shocking that not everybody is wearing armor. Yeah, I agree completely. Like uh, the inconsistency of the blasters and what they can penetrate and not bugs the hell out of me. It and this bugs is a the hell out of me with too. Star Wars overall, um, it's very inconsistent. This is a problem that I've kind of always had. It has bugged me more and more as time goes on. Mandalorian has made it worse, but when we start to see um, bounty hunters who do this for a living, uh, private security, things of that nature, nobody has armor which is very strange considering that apparently a lot of stuff is blaster proof. We see droids that are blaster proof. We have the Beskar stuff. And I'm not saying all armor has to be Beskar, but it is clearly a well-established thing that there there is blaster proof stuff. No, yeah, Odd to and see not how even apparently that. nobody uses it. To, to go on to your point even further, there are random transportational platforms that hover that have blaster-proof sidings on them. Yes. <laughs> well, like, that's how common blaster-proof material is that you can make crappy, you know, hover platforms out of it. And so the fact that no one is making armor or shields out of this material is bafflingly stupid, and that applies to Star Wars as a whole, and I've had that problem with it for the whole, like... It's been a problem for a long time. And by the way, and someone brought up in chat, it might be too much for grunt soldiers or even poor bounty hunters. Apparently, the fledgling New Republic has the money to put it on their security droids that guard prisoners on ships. They can put it on crappy hover platforms. Yeah, this is like like a lot of stuff is bulletproof. Like if you pulled the panels off of worthless carriages and slapped it on yourself with duct tape, 
you would save your life. Yeah. Like, it's insane yeah. how prevalent yep. this stuff is. It's very prevalent I, now. I have body armor. Like, yep. especially, and if you do this for a living, if you're a bounty hunter, if you, if this is your life, if you're in dangerous places, then you are shelling out the cash to cover your chest and your head. Yeah, I agree completely. Massive pet peeve for me, and it's not expensive. This crap is everywhere, used on so many things. And uh, yeah, I, I, and we. And like, what's uh, the point of blasters it? then? What's the point of guns in the real yeah. world then? <laughs> I mean, what, what, what a stupid argument. <laughs> like, it, Mandalorian episode three, when he's surrounded by everyone, he literally jumps onto a hover platform that has a metal siding that blocks everything. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. Even his disintegration rifle, which is insanely powerful on the scales of destructibility of the weapons we see in Star Wars, and I kind of like that because it was so powerful, it required a cartridge for each shot. I like that kind of design element to it. Um, sure. The uh, the the ATST Walker blocked one of those shots on its flat armor like it was nothing, and so the armor is exactly. really effective. ATST just boing nothing um nothing. and and they even say that there is nothing on the planet that can take out the legs of that acst and i'm assuming that is including his ship which is like holy crap oh, his ship we'll has get to that. massive guns we'll get to that <laughs> so i like yeah when i when, when there's something like absolutely indefensible guys i'm all on board with you this is absolute well so like, how should we format this like should we just go Episode one, try and find the good uh, and the bad. Yeah. Well, I think I, did, I, if, I still if have we need things I like. Well, surely, well, surely you can fit yeah. them in as we go. I, I'll yeah, try. Because we have sorry. eight episodes to go through. I, I don't like the idea that we're taking so long. We haven't even started talking about specific yeah. references and <laughs> episodes yet. We, we're not. We're going very slowly, and slowly's fine with me. But also, I realize you, you don't have all day, right, Shad? <laughs> you don't have. Yeah, 10 yeah, hours. true. So I'm I'm going through my list. And I'm just looking for any if, if there's any comments I, that I could I, I need to state broadly that won't come up individually. Um, uh, and I think I can bring up things um, uh, individually as they come up. I'll just have to interrupt and say more specifically. Um, yeah. All right. So I think we, we're good to go. Um, Before we so, do, I might... Can I go to the toilet? I'll be yeah. back. Go no. for it. Damn it! I'll <laughs> use a cup. Uh, I'll be back in a sec, guys. Uh, I got gotcha. you. Mm -hmm. uh, and this is just a little bit of a uh, retread, I guess. But my first point that I have for episode one on my little sheet here, my little spark notes, my little bullet points is in the very first scene we see mando getting shot luckily in the armor not three inches to the right where it would have hit him in the like neck uh lucky i guess uh but yeah he uh and that got me started on the whole thing of he doesn't even react when the guy pulls out his blaster and points it at him he just like knows it's gonna hit him in the armor he doesn't even he's really very confident yeah very uh, confident that his terrible armor will save his life all the time. And it does. It does, but, yeah. yeah it, 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 it's, well, yeah, the, apparently it one of two things will happen. They will miss him or they will hit him in the armor. That They are the only two yes. things that can happen. Um, but yeah, in, in my, my note here, it says, how did Mando survive this long before he got his armor? Um, kind of insane uh, how, how Mando is still alive and doing this stuff. Uh, it just seems that as many times as he he gets shot, especially with when you when you tally up the amount of time that takes place in the show where he's actually in combat and the amount of times he gets shot, it is insane that he hasn't been killed yet many 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 times over. Um, there is I, I expect him to be very or professional like professional bounty hunter in the way that he moves around and engages <laughs> in combat. David and Chaz said people do win the lottery though. 
people do when the yeah uh, <laughs> like yes lucky things can happen yes yes um and it is very very lucky all the time how he has uh like imagine you're playing a video game right and like i know um some games have heat maps for where you shoot people uh I mean, you get shot at enough times, you're just going to not hit someone's armor. It's just insane, especially if you get hit 13 times that quickly. Expand this over the course of his lifetime of work from when he started to, you know, the show taking place in quote-unquote modern times. I don't I don't believe that he should be alive. So the experienced bouncy hunter can't be confident. What? Okay. okay. So, like, imagine in the real world that you have Kevlar armor and you just decide to walk out in the middle of an open battlefield just shooting at people and you're so, like, yeah. well, I'm pretty good at this, so, you know, I can just kill everybody. This is not, yeah, like, he, it's he is, way... again, he is not, he does not have armor covering his neck and his upper torso and his sides and his, legs. his thighs and legs. Part of his yeah, legs this is not he like, full, this yeah, is he's he not dressed up guy. like a renaissance knight here, all right? He is not very heavily armored like his head his chest his shoulders his shoulders those are those are favorite places to shoot mandalorian um but yeah uh, uh definitely a problem that i have it, it really ruins my ability to believe he's alive up to this point i don't want to just progress too far without shadowversity here though mm -hmm. um like again armor in the real world especially with soldiers and there are parallels that can be done here um you don't just walk out like if you have body armor like let's say that your chest and your head is covered with armor right you still have the gaps in between you still have your neck you still have your arms getting shot in the thigh is a big deal because of the blood vessels stuff like that you don't just walk out into the middle of oh i don't know say a courtyard full of dozens and dozens and dozens of enemies who are all aware you're there and want to kill you you don't do that because you can't rely on your armor. To, like, let's say that the armor will stop 90% of shots that are made and hit you. That's a 1 in 10 chance that you get hit whenever somebody shoots at you. And when your life is at the line, ooh, not taking those odds. Man, I'm just like, so every action hero should be dead. That's the entertainment we want to watch. First off, that's not a very good argument. And secondly, yeah. like, you can look at examples in movies and TV shows where the main character has to actually, like, make good decisions, and that's the reason why they... Like, John Wick 1, there's a lot of instances where he does really good maneuvers that take him... Like, you know, a situation yeah, yeah, where he is in danger, but he makes a really good decision. Yeah, go ahead. You're, you're absolutely right. John Wick 1 had really good choreography to help him Love avoid it. Field of Fire. Mm -hmm. John Wick 2 was trash yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. in front of people shooting at never getting hit and so well, he's got his kevlar suit <laughs> yeah just magical plob i don't know if chat knows i guess just quickly before shad finishes i love john wick one i assume everyone here loves john wick one we yes. have I, I i have serious problems with two and three and this is one of the main reasons why mm -hmm. okay um and so I think if we're going to be criticizing Mandalorian for, you know, um, all the shots convenient landing of his armor, we need to be consistent because plot armor is everywhere in Hollywood movies. John Wick 2 is like one of the best examples. And I honestly feel 
getting hit on armor and having it just be convenient that your armor is protecting him is a lot better than not getting hit at all and having plot yeah, armor. It's better, but it's still bad. And both still yeah, happen. Yeah, good. If, if we can acknowledge that, but, but for me, it's an improvement than what we've seen before. So yeah, I was like, is. all right, let's, let's improve it and let's keep the improvement. Like, ultimately, you want John Wick 1. I don't even know if it's you... an improvement for me. You reckon? Like, like for I other Star Wars? Like, for the like I don't armor? even know if it's, it's an improvement for me that they constantly get hit to, like, a crazy amount in the short amount of time they're actually in combat and it all hits their armor but not the unprotected parts i don't i don't know if it's better or worse for me i'll have to think about it over time i just i don't know that i can I, see that, that he has both happen to him do you know the amount of bullets that were well, bullets laser shots that are fired at him that don't get to him like it's significant oh yeah, that's a lot. and we're not even counting all the times where he, he should get shot in just he just Episodes Doesn't... one to three, he no, sorry, it happens in episode one, two, and three, but two they're stun shots, so I'm gonna discount that. Uh, one and three, he gets surrounded by like twenty plus enemies that are all firing at him, and he manages to take no shots. Yeah, like obviously, if they had hit I his armor, yes. then it'd be so like, like, oh well, yeah. okay, but obviously, he's like, it, yeah, obviously he should have, and this is like I said, I do agree with Rags. He should have been using the armor as a last resort and taking cover, and it's uh, and it's there just in case that he was put. He act like, and sh you should only put yourself in a vulnerable position where you can get shot accidentally. You should always be taking cover, even with armor, or yeah. the the whole opposite. His armor should be covering every inch of his body without any opening, and then you could just tank everything because it's yeah, it has to be specific. Like it, yeah. they need to make a big deal of it. Like this is really special armor it you have this is an up armored variant of something else or we built this just for this one mission make a deal about it to say yeah it makes sense that he could go out there and reasonably expect to just tank hits also i'm not i'm not saying he never chat, gets hurt i'm not saying he never gets hurt just yeah the, the, uh someone said rags's complaint is that he doesn't try not to get shot yeah you should not you should try to not get shot yeah, he behaves as if he can't be shot. Yeah, That's the like, kind of the problem. Well, no, 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 no. There, there are cases in the series where he does try and avoid. Yeah, there are. Like, yeah, in the first episode. Yeah, in episode one, like, in the battle where he's he does fighting take cover. at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but that's, that's the there thing. That's sometimes. why I like that, that battle yeah, more that so than... Yeah, yeah, I prefer that, too. Yeah. Yeah, I prefer that, too, yeah. Like, yeah. armor and, and taking cover and your legs on the line. Yeah, I agree, yeah. I like that. And so... Um... Oh, just the other thing about how did he survive yeah. when he didn't have armor? I remember you making that comment. I mean, was there a point when he ever he didn't have armor? Because even the foundlings have at least the armor helmet, and it's pretty easy to get Durasteel armor. Oh, well, it's because so, at the, the first uh, two episodes, he has the he has some Beskar, but the other stuff okay. is like normal. Like, yeah, I, I knew I knew this would be a sensitive topic, but holy shit, chat! There's loads of like. Uh, people are assuming now that our point is he never takes cover. It's like, no, no, we, yeah, no one like, said this. I don't know how you guys are extrapolating. Calm the fuck down. Like, they, they're doing it in caps lock things. as well. It's like, chill out. Chill out. I know it's Mandalorian. <laughs> I know everyone loves Mandalorian. It's okay. We're gonna get and, through and this. Again, like you guys are literal Nazis! Yes, and like, I we're trying like a lot of, uh... and I don't want to sound like an asshole, but like, we have someone saying he takes cover in every episode, lol. It's like, okay. That doesn't address all the times where he doesn't. Exactly. All right? Okay. And so, like, comments yeah, and, like, and let's, let's like... try to think before we finish diving the savannah, all right? All right. Does he take, hang on, let's, let's try and break. Does he take cover more often than not throughout the series? Ah, uh, he, I... he takes cover. I would guess he takes cover more often than not, sure. Yeah. Probably. I, I, I didn't, I wasn't counting well, it up. That's a good I, thing I, then. I mean, yeah, sure. Ooh. I mean, like, something that's 
60% bad isn't as bad as something that's 70% bad? Sure. Yep. Yeah, well, obviously, yeah. we're, we're yeah. highlighting the works. flaws. We're not, like, if the parts where he isn't doing that, it's, it's strange. Um, and, you know, like, if you're wearing body armor in, in modern day, obviously, and shoulder pads that have basically his stuff, but in modern times, mm -hmm. and someone pulls a gun on you, it's just rare to just be like, huh. You'd be okay. like, oh, fuck, it's a gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, to one more additional point of the armor defense, right, is that um, I think he could be justified in saying, screw it, and, and just jumping out relying on his armor, because when people are firing, it like, I don't know how much this applies in Star Wars, but in the real world, generally people always aim for center of mass, and so it's more likely he's going to be hitting his torso or head, I guess, if people want to do an insta-kill. And cool. those are his most armored parts, and so... He has more validity, like to say, to rely on his armor, because it does cover most of the vital areas. Essentially, I'm not mm -hmm. saying getting hit in the legs and everything wouldn't suck. It obviously would. So there is a bit of a defense there. Yeah, and and again, back kind of back to chat a bit. Like I, you understand, there are points in the show where he just like walks out I think, into hails of bullets and gunfire. I think my favorite one like, is when he just stands to take the shot from yeah. the assassin sniper in episode five. He, like, wants to be shot. It's really weird. Yeah, like, that's the thing. He does things I that are... See, that, I haven't rewatched really that one, because they were actively trying to avoid getting shot. What it's, happens um, again? He gets, uh, it's when he gets shot they, off his speeder, he stands up, she yeah. has him in the scope, and he's just staring at her, and then she shoots his chest plate. Well, uh, well, I'll talk about that when we come to it, because there might be a defense there, so we'll see. It's just Maybe, it, yeah. it, it's just it's just strange that he's not doing anything to like you know even getting behind the the speeder looking for a get behind any anything at all drop do something he's just standing well, well, there. Uh, that's right. I think there could be uh, defenses there because if she hits the speeder and explodes, we know that nearby explosions can damage him quite a lot. And so if he knows he's going to be get shot, there's no cover he can take by standing up. There could or just that movement could actually encourage her to aim for center of mass more because there's it's a more well, open she's also target. tagged him like three two i think two times before that um twice, yeah at, at first she hits him twice and so she should and she's supposed to be one of the best of of like i don't i don't want to call her an assassin if that's not accurate but i'm just going to run with it for now um it's weird that she just keeps shooting him in the place that she knows doesn't kill him even though it doesn't do anything yeah well, well, I mean, again, this is this one. That one's hard to try and determine. Should she be out there, or like, I personally like that because in the real world, the best snipers in the world, at, at such ranges, it's very difficult to get him in the throat purposefully and stuff like just hitting. Uh, is, I know she. Oh, no, just that's, that's the that's the. I'm showing you the. Uh, that's what she can see. Yeah, that's. Uh, it's. And this is after shooting him uh, twice. Uh, yeah, yeah, but but even if she sees that, we don't know how much um, straying the blaster bolt does over long distances. She, that's what distance, she does, and she hit him twice from an even further distance while he was moving. Yeah, but that's technically what a master sniper is trying to achieve, just hitting them, and just hoping that it's strong enough to blast through his armor, and even Mandalorian says he's not sure his armor could take it, and so... I, like to me, that makes perfect sense. Like, like she just wants to hit him, and that is an but achievement. She knows after all of the, range. but she knows that hitting him in the chest won't work because she's and done he, it twice I already. Clarify, he's standing oh, yeah, but, still but, but, at this point, and she gets a decent chunk of time to be able to aim this. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, try and show chat now. See this image? Is this image on the stream? It yeah. is, and I'm, I want to show the clip itself. But I got to be really careful with copyright because YouTube's annoying with this. So, 
the assumption though even with armor is that if one hit doesn't work you've weakened it and perhaps more hits will she doesn't know that is wearing beskar does she she could just like i oh, mean crap. does with blasters does it does blunt force is that like a factor or well yeah. well see my like i feel if they were consistent blasters should have a lot more penetrative ability at close range they established it kind of in the first episode but then they give up on the consistency of it um because that could be great if they were consistent that oh he's wearing armor we need to like get point blank range to be able to kill him that could be a, that's a great limitation in the functionality of blasters that they need to work through in the actual narrative of the story but they never they never listen go with it consistently because uh, you know when they take cover or behind metal things it's always strong enough to resist whenever for convenience of the plot so yeah and so to me like hitting him in the chest uh center of mass at large range like if 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 in the Star Wars universe the master like if they take a more realistic approach that a master sniper it's a great shot if you can just hit them tag them at such distance and terms of pinpoint accuracy is just something unattainable because yeah of but he's standing still and he's way closer and she has plenty of time to make the shot and she's put multiple rounds in his chest and, and she's extremely fine. talented from what we understand yeah and she's like really really good at this yeah like I don't you know, add all that like, stuff together and you're like mm. like. Your criticism is just as valid as also saying that, you know, being master just means it's good that you're able to hit them. And 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 to expect one or the other over the other option, you this can't really pick shot. one. They're, they're both they're both kind of arbitrary. And so this it's is just like a freebie shot. What, so that's him standing up in the thing. Yeah, he's just there. Yeah, yeah, he's either like, on his knees or just standing. Yeah, I think there. I think the look. I'm not saying it's a perfect defense, but I'm saying the logic could be he wants her to hit him in the chest, so it's presenting an open target to encourage it. Yeah, that could work. Yeah, and I, I just oh, I find right. it bizarre that she wouldn't go for you. You can like Something see else. what's yeah. working on him in terms of armor. She's shot him in the chest plate already, as far as I'm aware. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. To... yeah. But yeah, the logic I'm is why she didn't yeah, hang, hang on, guys. The logic is a lot closer, and so he or, he already said that he's not sure the uh, his armor itself would be able to survive at that close range. And so her logic is that I've hit it twice. It must be weakened. He's closer now, so she could obviously uh, assume and rely on the fact that this one should go through because she isn't aware of how strong. Or, or why don't she shoot him in the head? She could just shoot him in the neck because she knows that there's no armor there. Also, wouldn't wouldn't you say sure. that um him acknowledging well, he doesn't know if it'll hold up is actually a reason for why it wouldn't make sense that he's just standing here? Instead of moving. Well, what else? If he can't take cover because the, the bike could... Well, literally just moving. Then. Moving will make you harder yeah. to shoot. I agree. Maybe just ducking to the side and rolling might have been better. And also, but, like, but... if you're risking... You're putting a lot of hopes in this sniper to give him a free shot that they're not just going to headshot you right yeah. here. Like, he's taken up half her scope, basically. And she's yeah. just staring at him. I don't know. Yeah, I just... It's, I mean, we we can move on, because... Kinda... <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't think this is a... Like, look, there are easily points to criticize it, but it doesn't break the show. Yet. And to me, it's not a huge one, even if there is valid criticisms to be made. It's just, yeah, look. There are, there are for sure, bigger flaws for us to get to. Yeah, um... Exactly. Like, when let's focus... Because for me, things that break a show to the point where something start, happens so dumb that it ruins my enjoyment is, like, hyperspace ramming, or they don't know which way is up. That's like... Sure. Yeah, that's... And you can't sure, yeah. defend that crap. Can I? Can we, I want to rapid fire some stuff just because I want to make sure we actually are progressing, you know, in some way, shape, or form. Just some stuff. Yeah. Just some yeah. stuff. I, I will, yeah, I will just say about his neck, right? His armor. If you go back to the picture, his armor went up high enough that it, it looked like that angle 
yeah, like there wasn't a gap between his helmet because he was like moving, he's holding his chin down and the armor. Wait, this but I don't here? think that, yeah, the picture we're just looking at, I don't think the neck was open. Yeah, there's clearly like, a gap. No, no, like his, his, his hunching, his, his helmet, like I think he's was looking slightly down a little bit, but she's above him shooting downwards. Yeah, there's yeah. So they're, they're like right aiming for that. That's a very even if there is a gap, it's very small, and there might not be a gap because the helmet might be covering it if he's hunching his chin down. So anyway, that's just another observation. Yeah, this doesn't also get rid of the why doesn't she shoot him in the head thing when he's just well. Well, his helmet's there. made of beskar as well. Okay, but the slit, the but slit, so is his chest. His face, yeah, the, the slit, slit, slit isn't slit is a Also, it's a headshot with and the right. And it, I, I, I still think that the fact that he is so much closer in range and she's already hit him twice, it's an easy, you know, thing for her to feel that, all right, this surely well, this... Actually, but that would just now, that I'm thinking about, now, that, now that I'm thinking about the headshot, it's like, that, that body shot, it seemed to hurt him, so the head surely would be the best option at this point. Well, could, the head could have enough concussive force to knock him out, that's true. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, like, yeah. I, I no, feel it's like... It's just, like, clearly a better decision to shoot the head, I feel. Uh. Anyway, moving along. Um, all right. rapid fire. Something. All right. So, don't you think it's weird that both Satan and uh, the blue alien, for some reason, know the access code to get into his weapons, or is it just that you press a button and it opens up his weapons case? <laughs> yeah. yeah I, like, I don't know what that's about. It's weird. Maybe you should have. Maybe, maybe you should have locked them. Yeah. But like, what's, I don't know. Like, it's are, it's weird. Are, like, <laughs> yeah. Like, so, I, if I was gonna let aliens walk around my ship that I had captured and was gonna. For a bounty, I would lock up my weapon safe. Yeah, yeah so would I. Yeah. I would lock it. Um, um, pretty risky to let your bounty wander around with the option to grab any guns it wants to. I don't know why. It's just, it's just it's a weird moment. That, uh, yeah. It's pretty interesting that he left uh, his ship open so that the baby could just like walk out of his ship when he was oh, on he Tatooine. Oh, wait. That. He does it a couple times. Yeah, he When I say rapid fire, I'm actually trying to go chronological. Like, <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> and and some of these are going to be uh, tiny. Some of these will be more significant, I imagine. Um, yeah. Right. Uh, keep going. I should be able to keep pace yeah, with you because my next one is the the little. This is this is a nitpick of the nitpickiest nitpicks. But the little continuity thing with a table, Mauler, you you found. Oh, it, this so. Shad would disagree with. Uh, would would agree with that. No, nobody would disagree with that. But it's it's tiny, so we're probably fine on that one. Like it's just okay. they 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 put money on a table when it's not supposed to be there, and then it appears later. It's just a small thing. You got you guys are just nitpickers. These are all nitpicks. <laughs> yeah. Especially um, Last Jedi. If, it's any, all if anything, we thought it was interesting. Nobody on set noticed it. Or the editors. Um, but it happens. I didn't notice it the first <laughs> two times I watched the episode. So I didn't either. Um, so I find it interesting that um, Mando is meeting with his the people who are going to commission him for this job. And a scientist walks into the room unarmed and he pulls his guns on him and pulls out his, his obviously other gun to defend himself in the room, right? So it's like, okay, so we established that Mando's quite edgy. Uh, on edge, I mean, not <laughs> edgy. Um, and very careful. Uh -huh. I, I like this. It's like, he's he's like, he needs to be in control of the room. He needs to know what's going on at all times. And they do it again when uh, a little girl in episode four uh, walks in like behind him and she's like, she's just there and he goes, whoa! And he, I think he even might pull out his gun. I can't remember, but she's like, well, it's fine, it's fine, it's just a kid. And he's like, oh, okay. And again, I kind of like that as a sort of, he's so like riddled with PTSD that he can't even trust the idea of a little kid walking by. It's like, okay. However, in episode four, when he's working on his ship in the middle of the night in the fucking woods, two dudes come up <laughs> behind nice. him and he's just like, what do you want? <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. Uh, we, weird. Sorry, his his alertness advocate, and risk. Just devil's advocate. 
did he see him before and approach and so he knew who it was? They came up behind him. Yeah, yeah, but... In the middle of the night. Yeah, but still, like, his visor thing could give him... And he could have just glanced in that direction, saw him much further away, and so he knows it's them, and then he keeps working when they're At this point, he's creating scenes that don't exist. He he doesn't know who they are, though. He doesn't know them. Yeah, you don't... Like, what do you think he saw about them? That they're two adult men? Like... I'm just playing devil. I'm just playing <laughs> no, devil. of course, of course, of course. I'm not gonna, I don't yeah, hate yeah, you, yeah. Shad. I love you. <laughs> I, I, I know you guys hate me. Um, <laughs> all right. Like I said, rapid fire. I'm going to keep this going. Uh, uh, are we so, still on episode one? Yes. Um, every Mandalorian uh, constantly wears their helmets? Question mark? Like, in, especially in, uh, not Mos Eisley, the, the place that they are in episode one. I forget what it's called. Um, Navarro. Yeah. So we should probably talk about that then. The the Mandalorian sort of sect or whatever you want to call it in Navarro. Um are they all not allowed to take off their masks and they're all not allowed to go up more than one at a time. Except one at a time. That you can't seems Shad Shad your your circle you're turning green but we can't hear you. Oh, can you, sorry. I wasn't saying yeah, I can hear you oh, now. Okay. okay. All right. All right. Good, good, good. Sorry, uh, the mic is on sensitivity, so you're going to hear that it'll just go green with very minor background. Also, gotcha, gotcha. one more interruption before you go. Uh, someone said, were they primitives? So he's startled at a little girl primitive, but not two adult male primitives. Okay. At night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's okay. All right, yeah. Um, but yeah, the, um, the we learned that they only go up, the Mandalorians only leave their hideout one at a time. Yeah, it'd be nice to have that explained, like, why. So, like, I don't know how a society can, like, if they're all bounty hunters and they all do either work for the guild or they all are hunters of some kind, I don't know how you could keep a society going if only one person is allowed to do stuff on top side at the And surely they'd be found eventually. Especially because um, he just walks in. Well, one of the so this and is the biggest like thing that door. I didn't even think about until me and Rags rewatched it. You have Mandalorian go and get a big old tub of Beskar. Cool. Uh, Empire Man establishes later that it's so neat to see Beskar be crafted by its artisans, like because that's a very specific skill. Apparently, Mandalorian gets it done in the same day. He gets that Beskar on the same planet. He didn't even leave. Does that not make everyone wonder where exactly he got that done? It's like hmm. How did you, how did you, and it did, literally did, does seem like you can just stumble into their hideout. Yeah, like there's, there's no security. <laughs> well, yeah, well, well, it's just a staircase. In the last episode, in. it actually showed that to get to that part, you need there's a big tunnel complex. Like it, it, it's no, bad they editing get there to imply that the because there's a bit, there's yeah, a big tunnel separate, complex. But they're just in a sewer. He go, yeah. he walks downstairs, but I can't remember if there was a cut or not to like to establish that he could have walked through a large You can see daylight from the staircase. Yeah, but was there a cut between the staircase and when he actually enters the thing? I mean, so at this point, we have to assume that there was a door he opens, but there's no check. Because it's weird because they show when the in the Imperial hideout that he has to, the little butler robot pops out of the wall, he gives the credentials, it unlocks, he goes in. They have it for the Imperial place, but not for the Mandalorian hideout. Seems like a very, very odd choice. Yeah, it's, it's as hidden far by... As we um... see, he just there's an opening, because I'm watching it now. I would show it on screen, but I'm trying not to risk a copyright. So he, he moves like a blanket that's on a door, he walks in, and then he goes to a staircase that's lit up from something. I just presume daylight, I don't know for sure. 
And then he's already seeing Mandalorians from the moment he hits the bottom of the staircase. Like, they are very oh, close. Oh, there's no cut. Oh, that means, yeah, yeah. all right then. And the second yeah. time in episode eight, when they arrive, they arrive there through the sewers, through a separate way, and they just walk in as okay, well. Okay, well, yeah, terrible place to hide. Yeah. Not yeah, a, not yeah all my point would be is I fail to believe they could have kept hidden for very long at all. And um, this is much later on, but when they exposed themselves, why did they stay there? Did they not leave? I thought they were going to leave. Yeah, we'll that's what that's one of yeah. my big problems. And how they in the world? How in the world yeah, did the stormtroopers defeat them? I know. That was like, <laughs> what? That was that was well, yeah, that's no, one of my because it's issues. funny because like... stormtroopers are shit. It's hilarious, but they can also kill Mandalorians. A I whole know. whole coven of them. Yeah, I agree. Big problem. Yep. So, um, um, rapid fire. <laughs> I have here, I have here, um, uh, I, we talked about it earlier just to reiterate, why don't the Imperials go get baby on themselves? Things like later episodes show that they're not fledgling or weak. They have lots of troops and stuff like that. Uh, but we talked about that earlier. Um, I do want to say it is, um, I liked at first that the stormtroopers were wearing dirty and poorly maintained armor that was clearly worn and not to show like, that they're hiding up. and they're not getting cleaned up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. To show that they either don't have the supplies they used to, that they are kind of skint on supplies, that they're laying low, that appearances aren't the most important thing for them right now. And then uh, every other time we see stormtroopers later, they're all super clean, super pristine. So I was hoping that there might be a little uh, showing of it. It's just it's weird that one is one way while the other. Well, is hang on, other. were they clean in episode three when he goes in and fights them? No. Okay, well then it's just that these are the fancy ones for the higher up that he, you know, expects them to be. Yeah, but all you know, of all presented. of the stormtroopers later, they're they're pristine, cleaned up, perfectly maintained. But these guys here, who do have contact with the stormtroopers from later, I guess they're just making do without supplies. It's it's just it's odd to me. I'm not going to really count it against the show much, but I will say it is odd to see that inconsistency. Um, you would think that there'd be some cross. I don't know. It's 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 odd that they wouldn't continue that. I think. Yeah, for me, I, I just assumed that the stormtroopers for the other guy are more well equipped and maintained and present themselves, and the stormtroopers on that planet who were stationed there are dirty. I didn't really notice. Um, yeah, you. But yeah. you would still think that if they're laying, if anything, if they're laying low and they're not in the field doing missions and doing work, that their armor would be really good looking. I don't know when you when you're away from real strict authority and stuff like that. They were They for... were surrounded by the their guy. They had their guy. No, that, that one guy. Um, but depends how strict that guy was on them in terms of just maintaining presentability. And yeah, chat wants me to to clarify whether or not the Mandalorians actually died or if they left their armor. Um, she says because uh, Mandalorian says, "Did any survive?" And she says, "I hope so. Some may have escaped off world." Which imply I don't know about you yeah. guys, but that tells me a lot of them died. Yeah. Also, the armor is clearly got like holes shot in it and stuff like that. So mm. unless stormtroopers just really hated that armor lying on the ground, <laughs> which they should pretty, just use. And, like, yeah. like that armor is worth a fortune if any of its best guys. Yeah, like, yeah. What? What? And, you, and you would it? think How that the die? empire, who is supposedly not nearly as well equipped as before, for pragmatic reasons, would be like, yeah, this is a lot of money in this pile right here. We could use money. 
for outfitting. I don't know, no, maybe buying our guys some nah, nah, clearly lenses. it's an in-world canon knowledge that stormtroopers are cursed, and no matter what they wear, it automatically becomes <laughs> it becomes useless. paper thin. Yeah, they can maybe, wear they can wear curse. Beskar and it's paper thin instantly, and they'll still die in it. Like, well, the rise of Skywalker taught me that the Force is a good answer for literally. <laughs> Let's say the, the dark side of the force is a pathway. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Sheev. Um, something for quick fire. Unless, did you guys want to continue on that? Um, the point. No, it was just a minor thing. I didn't mean to talk about it too much. Um, um this is this is potentially nothing. I'm just curious. Did all of the bounty hunters get a down payment like Mando did in a bar of a Beskar? Good question. I'd say no. Because there was a shit ton of them. I'm assuming, like, all I can say is, did he get one because he's the best in the parsec? Mandalorian. They, yeah, they I, did say he was the most expensive, so... I, I, I think that it's a different reason. I think the reason is because multiple times... Um, I what Does this character have a name? The... The Imperial guy, the bald Werner guy. Werner Herzog. Nah, he's just Werner. the client. Werner, the client. So Werner says multiple times he brings up the fact that the Mandalorians and the rightful way of things and returning it to where it belongs, the Beskar. So I think it's specifically he gave the Mandalorian the Beskar because he was a Mandalorian. He seems to have a um, this idea of there's a, a natural way for things to be that the world needs to be returned to. Um, or that things should be, and for him, part of that is Beskar steel is, is something that Mandalorians have. Uh, it's yeah. very possible that he probably gave down payments to the other bounty hunters, if he did at all, because they probably weren't as good as he was, in just things like credits or whatnot. But I think the Beskar was specifically for him, I think. No, I think that's valid. It's an so inference, I, I, I yeah. I, I, was just, I just thought it was funny if they'd given a Beskar bar to, like, everybody. <laughs> Just like... I, I like this. Uh, I like this in chat. Uh, Herzog is a Mandaboo. <laughs> <laughs> he does actually seem to be. That's a good. Um, That's a good. My next, in terms of quote unquote quick fire, leads me to uh, when he arrives on Baby Yoda's planet. So I don't know if there's anything else before we move in there for you, Rex. Um. Yeah. The the next thing I have here is where he has gone to land. On the Baby Yoda planet? Yes. Right, yeah. yeah so... I was wondering why he landed so far away, and I have yes. heard some people defended that, you know, uh, people could have seen you know, him from the sky, but then why couldn't he just fly in low once he landed on the planet and get closer? Yeah, or just um, anything maybe close they to... did, like, scanning, but, like, scanners don't seem to be limited in planetary range. If you can scan something on the planet, it does seem you can scan the whole planet, so there's that. Um... And so, yeah, it's hard to try and find a valid defense for it, because, yeah, I, I, that's a, that's a lot, long way to land. Also, uh, John Penn said, you need to discuss the size of a Parsec. As long as we establish that he's the best in, out of the uh, Navarro, that's pretty significant, because that's the Bounty Hunters Guild. It's like all of them are there. Yeah, and... It and like, even if you're, even if you can't look it up, and you're just going by, why would he say that? No one says he's the best guy in the neighborhood, or the best guy in this city. building. <laughs> it's like, okay, yeah, the best guy in this building. Let me see though. How big is a parsec? How? I think a parsec is six point uh something light years. Hold on. A parsec is uh one point nine plus ten to the thirteenth power miles. Three thousand two hundred sixty-two light years. Uh, hold on, let me, let me, uh, so one parsec is equal to 31 trillion kilometers and equates to about 3.26 light years, so it's nothing. Parsec is not that big in the galactic scale. 
still, if you're the best guy in the, if you're the best in guy for the light point, years, that yeah. means for basically in two or three star systems max, you're the best one. Which hey, I, man, I don't think that's, that's... insignificant. <laughs> yeah, there's a no, lot of bounty hunters. Ah, uh, yeah, no, exactly. It's it's just yeah. funny because parsecs are yeah, they're they're pretty big, but uh, for so... the galactic scale. Just because this does come up in episode one and we're kind of running through it quickly, mm -hmm. I'll uh, mention one of my points of praise for the series that was pro present in episode one and then throughout the whole thing. I like the consistent set pieces that were accurate callbacks to establish lore. So, you know, the the weird eyeball thing that comes out of things. We saw yeah, the droids that we saw, other things, helmets and things. Yeah, and I like it. Yeah. It, it was done beautifully well that, like, this is showing a very consistent star wars universe visually and i could enjoy just watching the star wars universe in each episode which also yeah. was good it didn't seem like it was just shoehorned in because it's a reference a lot of the stuff it seemed like it made sense where it was not exactly it made they integrated it naturally and consistently and they didn't like there were new things but they didn't make up crap that contradicted like why like for instance the bombers like you got Y wings that are so much better. Like where they like, and those weird things on the on the uh, on the salt planet and stuff. Uh, like this was not trying to recreate Star Wars. It was, this was just trying to be Star Wars, and I appreciated that. Um, I agree. So he he pulls up his sniper and he sees a creature that looks pretty vicious heading right toward him. And instead of firing his vaporizing flash gun, he decides to try and. Pull out his pistol, I think, is it? Yeah, no, yeah. his flamethrower. Uh, no, he does you flamethrower, yeah. Flamethrower, yeah. So he's he, so this, he lands this... where he lands for whatever reason. He's scanning around for something. Uh he's looking through the scope of his rifle with his rifle raised, looking around. A essentially a wild beast, for all he knows, pops up right in front of his scope, right in front of his um reticle, and he instead of shooting it, he instead pulls his rifle away and then instead of getting his blaster he readies his flamethrower really strange choice i would like to submit this the for the list of he's an idiot <laughs> yes um i would need to watch that scene again because i can't remember also I've, I've got it on screen if you're able to um uh, hang on. To see the stream I, I, I could if i can just bring up disney plus in the background um, and that means I can also reference things um, uh, just while we're talking about it. And I can follow along. Um... It's so strange that his first port of call in terms of defenses is a flamethrower, with which, if anything, would probably piss the thing off. Seems very inefficient. Maybe he like, was hungry. I just mean out of all of his choices, like he, get... <laughs> he gets to kill it and eat a steak. Right? <laughs> um. But yeah, it just obviously if he had just well, it's good. we also know that his gun is like a cattle prod, and he doesn't choose to use it that way. He doesn't fire it. He doesn't pull his blaster. He just uses his flamethrower. Yeah, why didn't he immediately shoot? He like lowers his gun that's pointed right at it, so he use a flamethrower. Very Was it odd. Charging him? Yes. Yeah. It well at, at afterwards. Yeah, it pops up, and instead of again shooting it, he lowers his weapon, brings it to the side. And he tries to flame. He, in fact, he activates his flamethrower, but it grabs. There's his not arm. even much of a chance for him to aim the the flamethrower. He's a. It's all very strange. <laughs> it's a strange. See, uh... I like. 
I can't remember it, so this could be a completely inaccurate retelling, but my memory was like, I thought he saw one, it wasn't a threat, because it was far enough away, so he lowered it, and then he was attacked from the side from another one he hadn't noticed. No, no, it's the same one, here's a screenshot. I don't it know if it's the same one, this one, like, yeah. Yeah, there's, I mean, even if it wasn't the same one, you're still shooting the one that's in your gun yeah. sight right there, especially because, oh, big monster teeth. It's strange that it wasn't heard beforehand. Because these things go blah blah blah, was they then they stamp toward you? It's weird that like, it's sort of. Oh yeah, the jumps. Yeah, the jumps. It's kind of like the, the, time, uh, though, you know? the scene in in uh, Avengers where Black Widow's walking around and then she just looks up and Hulk is suddenly screaming at her. It's like, oh, Kinda, where'd yeah, you come yeah. from? Also, he's lucky. Like I'm looking at it now. Look at that bite it takes. Like he's lucky that arm didn't come clean off. Yeah, because he he looks at one and he sees it in the distance, and then he keeps on looking and he keeps on looking around. And then this one just pops up right in front of him, right in the middle of his scope, right where he's pointing. And I guess he's like, oh, okay, I'll try to flamethrow it. Yeah, all I've got to say is just... He likely didn't have it loaded. Ammo is rare. Okay. What? Sure, chat. Okay. Well, hang on. No, I mean, that's a very powerful gun. And if you thought he could take it out easily with something else and not waste the valuable ammo, I think... I don't disagree with that. The idea that it's not loaded, though. I don't... No. Yeah, why would he not have a bullet in it? <laughs> like... Well, no, no, no. If he wasn't intending to use it and he just wanted to use the scope to... Uh, like a telescope to look... No. Nah, hang on, hang on. No, no, wait, 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 wait. Because... Um, he's there. He had no indication that it was a monster. It really looked like he just wanted to scan the uh, this star. Now, I know this is probably being too generous in trying to excuse it because yeah. it's not explained in the show. But if he was just using it as a telescope and it wasn't loaded, um, it makes perfect logical sense that he would need to throw it aside quickly to get his flamethrower there. Because um, the thing literally jumps up in front of him without warning. And it does look like it's a separate one. I'm just looking at Disney+. Plus it is, now. yeah. It, but it's not like it's... Con he didn't confuse it for a different one. So, Somebody's one, made the observation it, it, that it you jumps can up in the front scope. Of him. It jumps up in front of him. Yeah, you can remove the scope. Uh, yeah, yeah, he can remove the scope, so this is invalid. He, he... Well, no, 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 hang on, hang on. If I had a scope on the thing, and it's just as easy to look through it while it's attached to the gun... Um, it's not, though. And, well, no, if I'm holding the gun, like, and it takes, you know, I could attach it or just look through it. I mean, that, like, that's that's not something to really criticize. <laughs> but, like, but he doesn't, but he doesn't do it later, scope. then. Does he? Wait, wait, yeah, I he does. When well, he's... because later on he uses the exact same scope when he gets to the compound, but he doesn't have it attached to the rifle when he knows there are bad guys that are armed right in front of yeah, him that no, he's looking at. I'll certainly give you that one. But I think yeah, the defense yeah. that... um. If he was just using the, the rifle as a telescope to scan the Vista, this thing jumps up in front of him, and it's a very short time between um, it appearing. So, yeah, he sees one in the distance. Hey. And, and by the way, this this loads more to right. this scene. I'm happy to sort yeah. of, if we can slink along a little bit, like, whether or not all right. the points have been made sort of thing. I was going to say, uh, of all the times to not use your flamethrower, I would say this is really not a good idea, Bad though. You should probably use it now. Yeah. Yeah. Which one is that? Or his gun. When when he's got one arm trapped in the first one that's been oh. tranked, and he's like, "Oh God, yeah. I'm gonna die!" It's like, dude, flamethrower now? Yeah, now. Yeah. <laughs> flamethrower, gun, something. Did the flamethrower get damaged because Wait, he's chomped on it? What his happens? pistol's on his right hand no, no. side, though. His pistol's no, no. on his right hand side, so he can. Yeah, grab yeah, yeah, you're right. But, but, 
It's his first arm that gets um, uh, chomped down was the arm with the flamethrower, and so the logic. Yes. Oh my god! Fringy, he has access to his gun. He doesn't even try. Yeah, I just yeah. said it. His pistol yeah. is on the. Yeah, right. you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I said that to you when we watched it. I'm like, man, I guess yeah. he just doesn't shoot this guy. <laughs> charging well, him. well, this is this is one of those clear parts that he didn't need to shoot him because he was about to be saved by. I know. That. That's what I mean. Is it's no. just a, he, he was saved by Deus Ex Machina, and he clearly knew that that was going to happen. All right. Well, yeah, I think we've established that. that <laughs> can you at least concede Bro, he behaves very strangely in this scene? Um, I think the, uh, the, the 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 part that's indefensible is in not reaching for his sidearm. Everything else can be defended mostly, I reckon. Um, no. Like it is literally a second one. He's looking to his right when his uh, and he sees the one in the distance, and then he then changes his perspective and is looking in front, and then one jumps in front of him. So it's a di completely different monster, and he doesn't have t enough time. And if the gun wasn't loaded, he has to throw it aside, and then he goes to try and use his flamethrower. Then his flamethrower gets chomped. But uh, easy but logic is that it gets isn't damaged. Loaded, he's got the cattle prod on it. Yeah, good point. He could have used the yeah. cattle prod. Okay, so two. Which is also, which yeah. as you know, could have used the cattle prod. Yeah, he could have yeah. used that. And as it's a the further prod. away from him too. It's the end well, of the Well, hang on, hang on. Well, the other thing is the cattle prod isn't nearly as deadly as a flamethrower, and so he could have been wanting to kill it well, then because he has uh, no. I don't know. He doesn't have a guarantee. So, no, the cattle I'm, prod could stop. I'd rather have a cattle prod. prod. Yeah, could it? I mean, it, it? it's called a, a cattle prod because it's messing with cat. Like, if I was that beast, I would much prefer he used the flamethrower because what, by the time that? it even. Yeah has time to like be on me it'll just be a second and i've already charged him i'll probably done. be dead if he uses the cattle prog because he's gonna stun yeah, me to the point where the he might be, he can do whatever he wants with me sorry i just <laughs> saw one of the super chats that's great he says he should have milked it and gained its trust <laughs> no. <laughs> no. what type of milk is this? would that qualify as rhino milk um space no. um <laughs> something it's um, got it it okay so it sorry like going back with legs okay. or something Going, I guess going back to the argument, um, if someone, look, and again, this is just me being devil's advocate, if someone was really desperate to defend it, they could take the uh, defense that the cattle prod wasn't strong enough to take something down that big. It's effective against humans. It's no chance he could have knocked it out in one prod with this beast. And so he threw it aside to try and use a flamethrower. It wasn't quick enough. His arm gets chomped. That damages his flamethrower, so he can't use again. But the thing that can't be defended is why doesn't he just grab his blaster? Well, that, the thing the is, problem. with the, the issue I have with the flamethrower is that a, a flamethrower is not going to kill it straight away. It's just going to charge you and be on fire. Like, it's it's not going to kill it straight well, away. Yeah, it no, probably has a really thick hide that's because it's a wild, well, a well, large... Also, hang on, hang on. Of... Fire is usually extremely effective at scaring off animals. Like... Yeah, but by that time, it's already committed it's to already charging It's already too you. close. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's I don't know. I like, I like getting burned on your face. It's instant pain. Animals he, react very strongly to pain. But hang on. If you're arguing for the best thing to do, then it would be the vaporizing bullet, surely. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. If it's if it's not loaded, that's uh, that makes. I sense refuse that, that argument. It's not I, loaded. Yeah. <laughs> uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. This is one that you can't prove either way. Uh, and sorry. But why we have would no it reason not to be loaded? It's not loaded. <laughs> like, why would well, he not put a bullet in it? <laughs> because he wasn't intending to use it. He was just trying to scan. The there would be a bullet in anyway. <laughs> They're on a mission that he knows is very dangerous. Clearly, scanning for something. The fact that it wouldn't be loaded is very silly. Yeah, that's why uh, he didn't I, I use his it... pistol this fight, because that wasn't yeah, loaded look, either. Even if, even if you say it's a mistake, I feel it's a realistic mistake that doesn't portray him being... Well, I mean... This one thing that he didn't have it loaded, 
even if it was a mistake, it doesn't portray him as being a bumbling idiot yet, okay? Well, the and thing is, I saw somebody I'm, mention uh, <laughs> earlier, maybe he panicked and made the wrong decision. It's like, well, then he's not a very good bounty hunter then if he's, like, panicking and making yeah, really like bad that, decisions. Yeah, like, that's what training is death. supposed to That's prevent. your job. This is yeah. your job. Like, you like all of panicking. these things, like, this is, like, eight episodes of all, and these are, like, tiny compared to stuff he does later on. Yeah, and, you so, know, like this it, all adds up in this short amount of time. It, I'm noticing chat. It doesn't seem like chat are understanding that I'm purposely trying to be devil's advocate, not that I agree with the points I'm making. All right. I'm just well, trying to give well, it the strongest defense that other people would try and make for Mandalorian. Because, and especially because by testing any defense possible, I think it's much better. It's, it enables us to really find the indefensible mistakes sure. and that stand as a legitimate criticism, like the fact he didn't reach for his sidearm when he was about to be charged. That one is indefensible, but we reach that by looking for any other defenses. So that's what I'm doing, guys, okay? I'm not sorry, trying sorry. to be an yeah, anal but... kind of nerd, but... Yeah, yeah, it's, it's okay, Chad. It's okay, Chad, because when, when I'm reading chat sometimes i'm like oh no like, well stop. for example i said i would be more concerned about a cattle prod if i was that thing because then i'd be stunned and you could do anything you wants to me and i was yeah, in my right, head thinking right. about like th th you could take that joke in a couple ways but people in chat were like you realize cattle prods don't kill people i was like that's yeah, not like, that's not what i was saying that's not what i was saying if you incapacitate something, it's at your mercy. Yeah, that's that's entirely what my point was. But you know, it, it, it's all right. Very Every, strange. It's it's fine. Chat doing again, it's all right. Everybody, yeah, mechanic. everybody's it's getting shit on point, the chat. Anyway. As if the point you said was, if you have training, you will never panic. As if that, as if that's oh, the point yeah. you made. Um, I was gonna say we can Jeez. we can kick on because there's a lot with this moment. Yes. So um, kick on, yes. Lucky Quail was in the area. Quail, sorry. Lucky Quill spotted Quill. the ship Quill. slash Mando, and Lucky Quill is a person who is willing to save his life because he, for some reason, assumes that he's going to be helpful rather than allied with the people he wants out of this place. Yeah, very convenient, and it is a contrivance. Um, I, yeah, I completely agree. And Lucky saved I him before he was killed. Yeah, yeah. Like, like this one doesn't break. It, I, I fully admit it's, it's you know, a problem. And if I was writing this, I wouldn't want something as contrived like that in my own writing. It doesn't break it for me because you do learn to have to put up with it because this is the this is a very similar contrivance that happens in so much. Crap. Well, the thing is, like, and, I know it's what about ism, and it doesn't it doesn't invalidate uh, the criticism. The criticism is completely valid, and I agree. Well, the but thing I'm, is, I'm kind of used to it because this is a common one. <laughs> When it comes to contrivances anyway, it's like, yeah, it could happen. It's just really unlikely. It's, yeah, you know? exactly. It's and it's, it's a couple unlikely. at once as well. It's not just the one. Yeah, yeah it's pretty... Because the whole planet seems pretty empty, but he happens to land in the one place where he gets immediately attacked and the one place where Nick also, Nolte is just sort of around. Yeah, see, to clarify, see, is, to his me, name, uh, is his name Quail, Quill, or Queel? I thought it was Quill. His is name it? is... Quill, K-U-I-I-L. Quill, it oh, is. All right. Okay. Because yeah, I'm pretty I, sure Mando I, at I one point it. says Quill. Yeah, I was unsure, but I had been writing Quill, so I we'll least... go with Quill. Yeah. Quill. And so, yeah. I guess just one final note on the scale of contrivances, there are one like, like there are ones that are so much worse, like a dagger that happens to absolutely to the to the, the Death Star that you just happen to see in the exact position and you know that all that stuff. And so even though it is that there are ones that are far worse that if it was something that bad, that would kind of be like you know, ruining the episode for me. But this one, alright, I can I can I can put up with it. 
Uh, the, this is one that's very commonly thrown at the episode. Couldn't Mando have just uh, parked his ship way closer to the outpost? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right. Oh, moving on. Move on. <laughs> Uh, well, all right, hang on. Could we think of any logical way to justify? Well, one of the things that I was thinking before was there was something along the lines of he didn't want to alert the guys. Um, he didn't want to alert the outpost that he was going to. So his logic was, I'll, per I'll park further away and then find a way to get closer to it, um, which makes sense. But the issue is that he's parked so far away. He's yeah. parked yeah. really, really far like, away. I'm not like sure what his plan travel. is to get there. Yeah, yeah like on, days, on the yeah. back of uh, riding on the on the weird uh, <laughs> rhino things, you know, it's like yeah. So can I just point out, and I know you'll probably mention this more uh, because you're probably a quarter as well. But Quill mentions you can only get there on the back of these things, yeah. And then he walks back. He walks back. He walks back, and he doesn't need as so I didn't need him in the first place. He and he seems to go a different way. Like, yeah, he goes <laughs> a different way, and also the path that they take, they don't show any terrain that a speeder couldn't cross. Yeah, they're very small well, gaps. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. have a speeder. It does seem to be implied that you need one of these things to jump the gaps, and they're good jumpers. But then it's contradicted by the fact that um, the gaps didn't prevent it because he just walked through the gaps yeah, on the he way back. back. He and in actual fact, walking walking through the gaps there seems to have been would have been a much better approach because it provided him full cover, and then the there was much could less still chance of the being gaps seen. anyway. Like, and yes. plus, IG Eleven yeah. got there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to get there. So I mean. The yeah. next thing I have on my list is how come the IG unit only gets spotted <laughs> without yeah. cover when it approaches from a vast open desert? I will I will provide a screenshot in a moment. Yeah. Uh, it's it's quite hilarious actually because the all they I think all they should have done is just have some caverns or something that had emerged from, but instead they show this open plain, and uh, I don't know if it was just like a default background. But uh, well, here you go. What could have worked? What could have worked well if the facility was actually on a prominent hill that gave it a really long vista, and they had an anti-aircraft gun or something like that. Yes, and that so would be that, much better. Yeah, that exactly. Would have exactly. And, he, and he need to land it, like because if you have a large enough hill, that can cover a really long range and could explain exactly land exactly. a day's you know distance. Yeah, but like, it, did he walk there. the whole way? Does he has his own have his own ship that landed? We know he can I use his speeder. I guess he has his own ship. Not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can, he could. Yeah, he surely didn't. Where's walk his that ship? Instance. Yeah, but yeah, in just... case, the whole the point is there's it's it's ridiculous that they didn't spot him before he was twenty feet in front of him. And I find it odd <laughs> that because yeah. um, they're all just standing. I around thought that IG so, units uh, were established to be like hunter killer droids, and so they're not. I. Th Figured they should be like, oh fuck, it's an IG unit, that sort of thing. That, that's a good I'd point. Immediately kill well, like, I'm just picturing this that the IG unit commando crawled all its way on the side, <laughs> got to those <laughs> barrels right there, and quickly ran out to the middle. And like, yeah, I approached. Right. Like it, it, did a, uh, <laughs> it did a it did a little T1000 jog before it got there. It's yeah. like, all right, I need to catch my breath. All right, <laughs> and then it jumped out of the barrels on the side. as like, I'm here now. <laughs> Um, so again, some quick fire stuff. I think these aren't necessarily flaws, they could possibly be explained, but I find it odd that IG-11's intention to self-destruct is countered by Mando. Like, he's like, don't self-destruct, and he's like, okay. Like, they're not on a Multiple team times. necessarily. It's it's kind of strange. Like, why would, why would Mando recommending against it stop his protocol? Well, We're I think actually skipping a... He might not be fully aware of Mandalorian's capacity, ability in a firefight. And so it's just kind of Mando saying, yes, we can get through it. And without knowing the history of this, you know, Mandalorian, 
the robot's just kind of going, okay. Uh, if, like, I'm mostly willing to let that one go. Yeah. I just find it strange, that's all. Um, and, I think that uh, one passes. I did have a, um, I did have a thing of, for, so throughout the season, it shows that Mando has an extremely, I'll be inconsistent, hatred and mistrust of robots. Um, when he sees the IG unit, what he does is he goes down there and he sees that this is an IG assassin droid, right? And what does he do? He walks right up to it without any cover and says, oh, hi. And then, and then instantly gets shot, shot conveniently yeah. in the chest, please. You know, oh, it's a good thing he had that. Yeah, good point. Uh, like he, tries I, to make, yeah, he tries to make a deal with this robot, even though it's established how much he hates and distrusts robots. And that this thing is incredibly dangerous. Back. And to approach his it the way he did was really dumb. Okay. Like his, so, yeah. his position yeah. on robots. Yeah, yeah I don't he get... won't let pit droids fix his starship. He will make deals on the spot with assassin droids he just met. Yeah, I don't get as hung up on the on the uh, deal because he either needs to kill it, which is not sure he would be able to, be, or he kills it one shot to the this, head. He could have just this, shot this, it from the side. Well, hang on, hang on. That's assumed at point blank. But um, the the point the part oh, that's it's, more no, indefensible it, is him no, just walking out. I like I, I feel I don't like buy that. What? Well, I, I'll I just say I that, that I agree. Would be that much of a a change in the damage to prevent that headshot. Also, we see, never see. I would like it IG, if it was. Yeah. Uh, and we also never see Ig taking a shot to the head. As far as I'm aware, he always tanks the shots to his armor and his chest, and they just bounce off. We never see him get shot in the I head. I think it's but, weird that his yeah. head isn't made of the strongest metal versus yeah, his body. That's what I would assume. Yeah, yeah that's that's yeah. Like, and this is the thing because. I actually like that idea if they if they make the uh, the utility of blasters far more something far more understandable and then you could apply it in, pl in plot and if if the rule was blasters can go through really dense durasteel at point blank that would be a great mechanic that they could use if they were just damn consistent with it which they're not and so I wish they were because it's it, it worked it worked well if that was the rule in this episode um, and. Uh, yeah, I agree. It's dumb that he just walked out. He should have been taking cover and saying, "Oi, oi." Um, yeah, I, and I, if it was about if he was trying to be as safe as possible, then he would have just shot it in the head because he's really close to him. Yeah. Um, my 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 major issue is just out. that if if Rags and I were approaching this area and, and we were like, "Oh God, there's a robot killing everything," I would try and, if I was part of the guild, I'd try to address it from behind a pillar or something. Not rush out and go, hey, I G U did, la la la, and then it just. Sorry, sorry. I mean, the thing is though, Mandalorian's hatred of droids doesn't exclude him from being willing to use. I'm not even addressing that. I'm not even addressing that part. I'm I'm strictly talking about from a survival point of view. It's a really stupid thing to do. It would be like if you just saw somebody undertake a really stressful battle, and then you just leap in from the side, like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, like, how is he gonna know that you're a friendly, like you nutball? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like. Walking out like that was a very bad. Uh, this is a plus one for his stupid meter. If we're playing like <laughs> doing... All right, hang on, hang on. Okay, so if we're gonna do a proper tally, I think we should try and be aware of the smart moves he does, and then try and do it more objectively because he does do no, smart moves. No, no, that, that's not moves. how. No, that's not how this works. If you are in a situation <laughs> like him, no, I'm, I'm gonna explain it. Yeah, because if so, if you use cover sixty percent of the time. You say, all right, he used it mostly the 40% of the time, right? He's doing something incredibly stupid. Something like this is insanely boneheaded. So 
I don't know how you're going to objectify saying, oh, well, he used cover in this scenario or he did something smart in this scenario. So this one time where he basically survived because of luck, oh, he's still good at what he does. He still doesn't, right. isn't stupid. I guess so, the idea, yeah, go ahead. For me, it, like, I kind of expect, just, I've never seen a, a show where, um, uh, and this doesn't excuse it, I'm not excusing it, uh, but I've never seen a show where, they don't make a character accidentally do something dumb because they didn't think it through. I wish they would always avoid it. And so I agree this is a big problem, but as to does it make me decide that this character is stupid because of a mistake in the writing, or is the character still overall competent when he's written properly, that's true well, to he is how the, the character is. Well, the issue well, is that... The thing, but because stuff like this happens like for consistency, I don't think you'd have to look too far, say, in the original trilogy to find Han or Honda. Actually, I, had, I thought of one already where Han, you know, is chasing down Stormtrooper and runs into like a whole group of them and screams and runs away. Now, of course, it was a mistake. And so that one's probably more defensible. But what I'm saying is I think you could find examples in stuff that's just as criticizable as this situation here. Um, but it doesn't ruin those shows for us because I kind of talk yeah, in the same I way I take this. Yeah, no, no, no. That it doesn't mean that the character is boneheaded to the point of being your redeemable. Well, it depends like, on what still a do. smart that's tactical like character. This. We see him do stuff I, like this throughout the season, and it's incredibly cool. Uh, well, that's why I think we'll yeah. need to tally them up. I'm interested in that because if the tally well, the is, is overwhelming, is one I'm willing episode. to grant. Yeah, if it's overwhelming, I'm willing to grant the concession that okay, well, I think, um, character. But if we need it, if uh, but to do that, we would need to balance it out against all the times where he does do something. Smart, yeah, but if every well if every episode he foolishly does something that is insanely stupid, where he risks his life and only survives through luck, and that happens like yeah, once every, every episode, fight, every, episode, every episode, yeah. at one point you're gonna be like, okay, yeah, you I do agree. Really stupid things consistently all the time. Yeah, and and it, it'll depend on the consistency for me to how regular. And this is definitely one I, I grant it. Um, well, I mean, I think uh, I think it might be worthwhile actually to just. Well, well, There's two right. instances where he nearly died because he did something stupid. Yeah, devil's um, advocate. And time. then, then you had, yeah. Um, is there any justification that you would have assumed him to be part of the guild because he's a famous, is the famous Mandalorian hunter? I don't you think it tried. matters if somebody's in the guild. Like, even if it was, even if you were fighting in a war and you just he literally kills yours, guild members in the, in the next episode. Battle. Yeah, yeah, he did. Hang on, but that's that's with that that's with cause and this pitted against. Well, they they him, jump him, like, they jump him, but he jump, jump he's he's literally him. jumping IG here. Like, what does he expect? Uh, yeah, it could be yeah, a good point. Yeah, yeah. IG's so, in the yeah, I think he just it... killed a bunch of guys. There was yeah, just a yeah, firefight. He just pops out. Counter. Hey, yeah, yeah. I agree. That, that's a valid counter. It's it's established yeah. in the next episode that the bounty hunters are more than willing to attack each other. Um, Which is and, kind of and weird. specifically to to uh to get the bounty for themselves that and that's the uh that's the point that uh, plays into this that mm -hmm. it, it seems fairly consistent that bounty hunters will try and kill each other to get the bounty themselves and so uh, like jumping then to the droid saying hi is established that there's a much higher chance the droid would just shoot him to keep the bounty for himself and not say hey you're an anyway, ally i won't shoot yet somebody's yeah. saying like and he gets punished for that stupid mistake it's like but he could have died like this <laughs> He, like this is the problem is he makes a decision that could have killed him and he does it in every episode where it's just like i mean i think i think, really I think we're, we we're good on this right we can move on
Yeah, on this yeah. one. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, let's see. Just real quick, ahead. why is it that IG Eleven thinks that it's a an absolute dead bounty versus dead or alive? Doesn't this bounty come from the same person? Yeah, that is odd. Um, uh, unless the droid just thinks dead bounties are easier to transport, and so unless I'm just he was by orders, maybe he was told something else. Could yeah, could be conflicting orders, or it could just be that's what the droid does. He prefers bringing him in dead because they don't have have a chance of escaping, and he gets sure. Them. Yeah, I um, I do also think it's it's odd. I think that IG instantly agrees to splitting the bounty when he just destroyed everybody practically effortlessly. That was against him. Sorry, I that, that all, uh, IG unit, he shows up, he destroys everybody with uh, practically effortlessly. But then Is he agrees the the to split. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly. Yeah. But then you have, um, but then he instantly agrees to split the bounty with also, this other guy who shows up. Sorry, I just, I, he, I just. No, the droid the... would have died on its own. It wouldn't have succeeded. Why would have? Why would the droid have any reason to believe that based on what it had just done? It doesn't know the future. Um, uh, I, I guess you know, you're right. They're right that there is some validity in thinking, okay, I, there's no real big threats and I can take it on myself. Yeah. Like if yeah. you're steamrolling everything in front of you with no issues whatsoever and someone's like, hey, I'll help you if I take half of your reward. You're like, hell no. I got the this. Sorry. Someone said unless, the unless the droid is just naturally cautious by default if it has the option to. Droids are always going. They generally always go for the highest statistical advantage, which is generally what C-3PO establishes in a war. And um, so even so if the droid is winning because there's a higher statistical advantage to succeed with his help, it opts to that. That's logically consistent for me. I think this would make more sense if it wasn't a droid because the droid is perfectly fine blowing itself up. If it, it, instead of like, it would rather blow itself up. And, and by the way, the first time it says it's going to blow itself up, it is a very flimsy situation where I would go, oh, I can't risk capture. I'm going to blow myself up here. It's like, well, calm down. Like, it's not actually that bad, the situation we're in at all. So Sorry, I, uh, I, I got to interject with something like, else. I've seen a few people said in the chat that only the scientists wanted it alive. Like, what actually happened was um, that German man said, like, we want it alive, but, uh, you know, he, then he does this whole, like, yeah, I know it's a complicated profession, so if you kill it, that's fine. We'll just pay you less. They do not yeah. want to kill it. I want like, yeah, they uh, definitely um, to, to bolster Fringy there. Yes. Um, the, ro the, the robot at the end of it says the commission was quite specific. I feel like I'm being gaslit at the <laughs> moment now. Because people keep <laughs> telling me that I'm talking too much, but I feel like I'm not. So no, I, I, like I would say... The... I just had another... I just read a chat saying, let Fringy speak, damn it, so... Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> this is the thing. Chat, chat is all kinds of opinions all at once <laughs> but i was gonna say like uh the robot does say the commission was quite specific and so it's yeah, not it's not the droid's preference to take it uh yeah, maybe order alive point. good point mm -hmm. also someone's saying it is a droid it would be considered expensive no it's probably ex insanely it's probably expensive. really expensive i have to imagine those things are quite valuable more, if anything the ig unit is way more valuable than actual bounty hunters that you're hiring it's way more valuable than like 50 stormtroopers <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, man. Like IG, I, I I'm ready to say that it's like insanely OP. Yeah, I don't think it's a overly unreasonable thing to just take the manufacturer's protocol, so it can't be captured and stuff. And and it would be unreasonable if that's a core programming tenet in its head. And so yeah, like uh, that doesn't bother me. Yeah, I I do th I I understand why, but I think that the first time that it activates that and says it's going to blow itself up. 
it is definitely not really in a worse position than it was before in the middle of the courtyard, spinning around, shooting everybody. What, Instead the, of where it was now, safe line cover. Hang on, with the big laser cannons. cannon blowing him to bits? Uh, no, this is before that. No, this, this is, is before. before that. You, you oh, remember yeah, that yeah, big, like, revolving shot they did where IG is in the trailer where he's just there, like, doing pew 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 pew, shooting around and all that? Yeah, like the, the big heavy repeater, I understand that far more. I have no complaints about that. But the first time it offers to self-destruct, it is really premature, it seems. Yeah, and I would just take that as a, like a quirk in its own programming and that, you know, it's just over oversensitive to resort to that protocol. And that seems to be the case with it because it tries it several times. So it didn't bother me. Um, all right, so... Uh, wait, wait, just to clarify, that... apparently it's not clarified enough still. So the, the script... Um, I have a Camtono of Beskar waiting for you upon delivery of the asset. Alive? Yes, alive. Although, I acknowledge that bounty hunting is a complicated profession. <laughs> so, uh, Fring Fringy is right. He's asking specifically for it to be alive. However, he accepts that it might die. And the doctor is like, wait, 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 whoa. Well, you know, we, we want it alive. Um, so, if you're going to take the, the specific uh, commission off that guy, it would be dead or alive. Um, it wouldn't be strictly dead. And uh, someone cited, well, wait, but the Doctor says in Episode 3 that the Baby Yoda's the only reason that he's alive, implying the Doctor is the real. It's like, no, 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 the Doctor's talking about keeping Baby Yoda alive post-delivery from As Mando. In he, yeah, he's the reason why, babe, because he doesn't want to get killed by Mando. He's trying to be like, nah, dude, I want to... Uh, he's alive because of me. Don't shoot yeah, me like, in the uh, face, Implying please. Baby Yoda would have been dissected up to that point, uh, if not for the Doctor. Which is actually a good thing. Uh, it's telling us that it's not convenient Baby Yoda's alive still, it's that this character has a vested interest in keeping it alive. Which yeah, was supported by the episode good, one. This is good stuff. This is the good writing in the show whenever it happens. Occasionally. Yes. It, it does exist. It yes. happened more so in episodes 1, 2, and 3 than everything that came afterwards. And um, like, just on so, yeah. that note then as well, that because like... I think it's good to acknowledge as well that there's, for me, I found a decent amount of good part things to enjoy in it, that I enjoyed it overall. And contrast this to other things when there's barely anything good to enjoy, like The Rise of Skywalker. I feel there's a marked difference, which is why I think giving it something like a three is, is pretty rough, because there's still a lot of good in it, and it's nowhere well, near as bad maybe, as, maybe as maybe Rise it's of worth, Skywalker. Well, what about the relative, I guess? Because what would be the scores that you, Mola, would give for, like, Rise of Skywalker and TOJ? Like, one we're, two, we're, right? we're looking at ones and zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't, okay, I can't say zero. I'm not going to say zero, but holy shit. 0.5? Our expectations yeah. were low, but holy shit. Yeah, and also, like, I don't generally assign numbers, but we did that, so for the sake yeah. of that, sure. But, like, very good like if you have masterpiece uh like audio and like sound effects if you have masterpiece level visuals those are not going to get you nearly as many points as masterpiece level writing and direction mm -hmm. i i agree i agree that that yeah. but it does increase it still like oh yeah, yeah it does yeah. I'd say i think that, I'd say i, think I honestly like... raised my uh, rating on it a solid point uh it was a single point but still a solid point for how good the production values were. Well, I guess oh, maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. if we were to divide it into like visuals, production, production-wise, it's like an eight or a nine. 
Yeah. Um, it's really, really good, but the writing is what brings it down because the writing is is low. And on this I'm, one, I I'm very proud. Yeah, like, in terms of can... consistency of writing and stuff, I probably would give it a four. I would say that the writing is consistent in that it makes the same mistakes over and over again. Yeah, like the with him making bad decisions. I was going to say um, this is going to get a hell of a lot worse. Yeah. I'm, I'm so I just want to keep yeah, going. Yeah, this is this is this is the better episode. Yeah. Um, is there anything else um, for episode one or? <laughs> Not that I can uh, pick it up. So, uh, the last thing I had was, yeah, IG says the bounty was to kill the, the orders. Why would the Empire have him go kill it? when? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, especially because it's just right there and they could take it back. It's, it's very odd. That's the last thing I have for episode one. Well, I enjoyed Mandalorian um, taking over the, the gun turret thing and then just yeah, that was cool. everyone to hell. Yeah, cool. I was fine ah. with the distraction and thing. Using his grapple I to get to it. Yeah, I, and see, the grappling hook was actually one of the things I, I enjoyed a decent amount because it was like a, it was like a superpower that had very strict defined uh, uses and limitations and it was used consistently within those realms. Um, and he used it outside of just, you know, grappling things. He did use yeah. it in combat and I enjoyed it. I was like, you know, they did a good job. Yeah, yeah and to I, add to I that, I, I think that the grappling hook is what he is, is one piece of equipment that he uses Very effectively, best. yeah. Yes, yeah. he seems to use this very well, but when you talk about I can see through wall of vision and yeah. flamethrower and stuff like that, he is very inconsistent and illogical with a lot of uses, and he doesn't use them in a lot of places where he should be using them. But the grappling hook, man, he that is his favorite tool because he uses that rather well. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, that was great. I like that part, yeah. So, so well, like, even um, in the beginning of the show, I'm gonna when grab he pulls the guy in. Uh, should we move on to episode, episode two? two? Yep. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start um, with saying oh wait go ahead. I'm just trying to think is there any any good positive things in episode one and there there is a decent amount I guess I don't want to. I think uh, I think Mandalorian's character isn't tarnished yet in episode one. I think he's still pretty good. <laughs> I can just picture Shad's yeah. face like. <laughs> <laughs> what do you but, mean? <laughs> just just, just like the, the the idea that he's he's doomed to be tarnished the more we progress. <laughs> uh, like. Well, episode one, you could point out one major stupid point. Yeah, he makes a stupid decision, but his um, characterization is still pretty good. Because... And, and and showed competent and capable, and is uh, he can kick butt when he needs to, but is not unstoppable. He still struggles, like he needs. Yeah, his... he's, he's definitely... not a Mary Sue. He's not. Oh yeah, yeah. He definitely um, seems to be at his strongest in terms of being a competent bounty hunter. I would say either episodes. either in this one or. Three? Maybe the best candidate is... He doesn't really do anything in three, um, he just sits in the thing. Yeah. Uh, what about six? in the last episode when he shoots out his thing and grapples onto the TIE fighter? The... Oh, okay, that's... that's Okay, that's... <laughs> yeah. That. Also, six, you're probably right, yeah, six when he takes out each of the oh, team. Yeah. He's, probably, he's probably best at what he does in six. Except for There's hanging Satan. We'll get there. Right the yeah. yeah, we'll get there. There's still some problems, um, but he's probably wanted at his to best highlight. In that one. Cameron Netherton said, uh, "Not a single person decided to take cover when uh, he was spinning around on that gun thing." <laughs> yeah, they're a bit silly in the head, uh, apparently. <laughs> well, there's a there was a common theme in this entire episode of the enemies or the bad guys for the scene are insanely stupid, and they don't seem to show any real. A lot of the times they show a complete lack of self-preservation. We're actually about to highlight one of those significantly. Yeah, go for it. Um, I was going to yeah. say, so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll throw in a good thing 
and then a tism thing. So I really love the the wide shot where you can actually see the shadows, uh, and then you can note that Mandalorian is reacting to like very small sounds. Yeah, I noticed that too. That was that you saw a shadow move, and that was like the clue as to what he's reacting to. Yeah. Um, and then they attack him not all at once, which was a weird choice. They like two of them. There's one, and then a second one comes in pretty quickly, and then a third one far later, but. I'm more forgiving of that compared to this weird moment where he's like tussling with one of them and then another guy like just decides to sprint off and away from him despite the fact that he knows he now has a fucking vaporized gun to kill baby Yoda and it's like if you are successful if you kill baby Yoda Mando's gonna kill you you can't collect the bounty what are you doing? If anything, I'm dropping my weapon and saying, I'll tell you anything you want to know. Take everything I have. Just let me live. Like, it's a bizarre also, moment in the man, fight. <laughs> just sure is a good thing that none of those guys had guns. Yeah, it's they did. It's pretty stupid that all three of them didn't jump on him at once, though. They, well. So this, this is the collection, right? They didn't all jump him at once. They all, for some reason, don't have blasters, which are pretty commonplace. Uh, and one of them decides to try and kill baby Yoda <laughs> when the fight... a suicide run, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's strange. Yeah, if, if... <laughs> Look at him! He's so stupid. <laughs> yeah, I think the yeah. uh, honestly the biggest criticism is the fact they don't have guns. I can excuse yeah. you know stupid moves <laughs> in combat because bad people fighting it bad. But he's just the... like if we can't have them, no one can. <laughs> <laughs> it, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, this is Star Wars. Carry guns, no, no. kids. But the thing is, the the actual fighting itself. Is decent enough, and it's enjoyable, yeah, and uh, yep, you know, yeah. is is deflecting and is cattle prodding them, and and yeah, so like I still think that it's enjoyable, even though there are still things that you say are very dumb. And I would say, where are the guns? But I, honestly, they didn't have guns because they wanted a choreographed hand in this fight scene. Mm -hmm. um, are we and, supposed uh, to assume these are bounty hunters, by the way? Yeah, 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 they have fobs. Um, is there any? Guild rules for this or no? Can any because the problem oh, right now is that I can obviously uh, extrapolate. Isn't it incredibly yeah. risky to be going back to Navarro when apparently anyone can attack and take your bounty? Yeah, I I assume this is. I'm trying to read the scene to try and have it make sense. You have to do that a lot with this show, but I assume that with a guild, it is strictly super against the rules to attack and steal the bounties of other guild members. Of course that it would be. like yeah. one of the points of the guild is that you're competing, sure, but you're also cooperating to a degree. Also, if the guild finds out that one of their guild members is killing other guild members, yeah, they're just going to kill you. They're not going to kick yeah, you exactly. out. Yeah, exactly. Kill you. Also, but... um, what was I going to say? I, I would assume that these guys are knowingly going against the rules because of that. Because if, the, if, it, if it was the case that you were allowed to just steal everyone's bounty, everybody would just be waiting at the spaceport at Navarro to ambush people and steal their stuff. Yeah, I think there would be a couple of caveats to it. Like, um, uh, there would be a race to, uh, to try and get to the mark first, and so there'd be competition there, and they might be able to fight each other on the way, but as soon as you have it in your possession then I think there would obviously have to be some type of guild rules to say you, you shouldn't be able to uh, steal it. Or they have the and, rule that 
until you get back to the planet where the you know bounty was issued, it's all it's all it's a free for all. Anyone can and get it. And but as soon just, as you're in vicinity of the guild, that's when you have to play nice because we don't want our bounty hunting people. And I and I want to I want to I don't mean to interrupt, but I want to cut off chat. Uh, I seen a few people notice it. I'm not saying that what they do doesn't make sense. I totally understand why with the value of this bounty. And with the fact that Mando, Mando is alone and they're on some somewhat semi-remote planet all out alone in the desert, I totally understand why they did. And I'm not saying it's bad at all that they did from a writing perspective. I totally understand why they did. I'm just saying that is super breaking guild rules because we're talking about the guild and stuff like that. That's what I'm saying. I see it as so, more of a problem like for that. Navarro than a problem for this scene. Yes. Yeah. Uh, this scene, I totally understand I would, why they did it. I would it like totally to sneakily throw in a detail here, just sliding in a detail. He did not load that yes. rifle before firing it. Oh my god! <laughs> oh no! And it was on his back. I don't know. And you know I'm why? Saying. You know why, Mola? Why? He learned from his mistake when it wasn't loaded. <laughs> 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 After that, he was like, Man, I'm keeping this bloody thing loaded all the time. He was like, "Yeah, something could pop up in front of me, and might have to. I might actually have to shoot with my gun. I better keep yep. it loaded." Good, good lesson. Oh, I'm glad, glad to see he learned from it. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, let's see. Let me go. Let me scroll down to my episode two. Um, also, my my notes start off as, "Why is Mando walking at the beginning? Where is his mount? Can you not? I thought you couldn't get there by walking. You can only use the animals to move. We addressed that earlier, though. Oh so, yeah. Why didn't he yeah. leave his mount behind? Yeah. Where, well, yeah, so, may, maybe Quill took it with him when he left and said, that's you're a dick on your own. I, get, I know, yeah. I know. You'd think Quill yeah. would have left him one. So I think that's just bad writing. Um, he ate it. Yeah. He was hungry he and he it. ate it. <laughs> he ate it. He fucking flamethrowered that shit and he <laughs> ate it. He's I like, finally a use for this damn flame. I like the scene where he is repairing his, his arm or healing or whatever and Yoda keeps walking toward it. It's a nice little like moment yeah, of just being I like, all right. And it was foreshadowing with the healing, which still annoys it give, me. It, it gives I, us yeah. something to make because, like, the logic would be: this little guy is like my 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 protecty man is hurt. I want to help. That sort of mindset, which can sort of lead to you being like, I wonder if I can do anything. In the you know, it's it's a bit of an extrapolation, but it's in the same vein as Luke like trying to pull that lightsaber because it's just out of his reach. Um, in in Empire sort of natural actions that might lead you to attempt uh, something or make you feel like you have something, as opposed to, maybe I can brainwash this person. <laughs> like, it's like, so, oh. someone, someone asked me in a cantina if, uh, I guess this relates to the, the gun thing. Someone asked if I keep around in the chamber on my everyday carry, and I do. Um, because you need there to be one there if you're going to shoot. Um, so, but yeah, that that is what I do personally. And as far as I know, there's a lot of people who do. It's certainly what I prefer. So to answer that well, question, there you go. It was asked of me. Well, we have evidence of someone not doing it. Oh, we do, some people yeah, definitely. Yeah, sorry, I'm just being busy. Mandalorian clearly yeah. doesn't, but he does now because yeah. he went from it. Um, uh, so, so, yeah, and so it's foreshadowing. He's clearly trying to heal. Um, and Mandalorian's not letting him, and uh, and you know I have like I hate the healing uh, in Star Wars. I I do think it's more defensible with Baby Yoda because of the uniqueness of his race or something like that. I still prefer that they just keep it out 
I don't know that I like... I don't think it should be about the race at all. No, no, and I don't like that one race is, can use force to some fairly extreme levels. Like, even lifting the mud horn is an extremely yeah, see, powerful force move. But, like, a healing a, a, a flesh wound that's that small and knocking him out for the day or something, I'm cool with that. Lifting the mud horn is like, whoa. That <laughs> is... I, yeah. I'm gonna say that that is too much. That is way too much. That thing probably weighs a shit ton... And for how long? And he doesn't just stun it or stop it or push it off course. He lifts that motherfucker and he yeah. holds it up. Couple of things. At though. least uh, they have him knocked out for like a day. But yes. still, oh, yeah. See, damn. the thing that redeems it somewhat um, uh, is that uh, at least it has a very significant cost on Baby Yoda, and they're actually consistent with that. So that's good. Uh, and uh, it is a, a more unique situation that could help explain that he can do it just because his yoda race or whatever uh so it's not as bad as just a human suddenly lifting something up and not having needed to train for it and things so that makes it a little bit more defensible still don't like it but i can i can go i can go along with it just put it in the back of my head like, ah, okay fine Pe people people are citing size matters not it's like Come okay, on, like, so guys, you know, like you know that size matters. You know that it matters. <laughs> it definitely so matters, guys. How I I think they're saying size matters not as for the person doing it, but this is a really large object moving at a high speed with a lot of oomph and weight and effort behind it. Also, let's just be clear: this thing isn't even smart enough to speak yet, let alone understand what it's being told. But it has the mental capacity to do this. I think that's really, really pushing it. When you look Sorry. at the kind of strain Yoda had to go through to stop the falling rocks and things of that nature, man, this baby stopping that charging mud horn and lifting it and holding it in the air for as long as it did. Mm. And I've got to say, like, you got to be careful on this because I'm assuming, right, just assuming, then most of chat will take then... issue with yeah, Ray. Right. Yeah. So you you yeah, gotta reconcile all, size this. Size matters not. Yeah. 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 Like Move half a mountain. Size matters not. So yeah, a couple of things is Bush. like I said, I I have issues with it, but I do think there are enough significant differences to separate this from just. It's different. It's definitely it. not as. It's um, not on the same level. Yeah, it's bad. not as bad. No way. Yeah. No uh, way. I think and part I do... of that is due to the fact that we have no idea about Baby Yoda's history. And I do appreciate well, that they knock uh, him out for a while. Yeah, and yeah, I, that's a, what I that receives nice. a lot for me. Yeah. Um, in terms of size matters, not the th my own thoughts on is like Yoda does say that, but that's outrightly contradicted by every way the force is shown to us being used on in the movies, where so, heavier yeah. things are always harder for people to lift. Oh, oh so, Chad, Chad, I I think when they say that, they mean the person using the force. Well, what the... I. Yeah, what I was kind of taking from it to contextualize what Yoda was then saying to make it make sense instead of contradicting is that Yoda was trying to say you can overcome size. Like, just do it, focus enough, and then size won't going to be an issue. Here, I'll show you. Still more difficult for me, but I'm overcoming it. And so... Um, also, someone someone quoted me, the ability to speak does not make you intelligent. I was like, all right, the, this isn't child. He can't even speak. He can't understand the things that he's told. Like, yeah, that has something to do with intelligence. Like, sorry, the ability to speak does have something to do with intelligence, and the ability to concentrate, it does have something to do with your mental faculties, right? And, and it's like, you, it, it takes training to use the Force. So I find it very hard to believe that someone that is that young, quote-unquote young, 
who can only do so much has the fortitude and capacity mentally to be able to use the force to that you know to, to that capacity so um, i had a uh, i had an unfulfilled fan theory that um baby yoda was faking it and he could actually speak and was actually fully mature like a 50 like a 50 year old person and that he was only faking being a baby because he was still really vulnerable being so small he had the force but he could only use it and then it would get knocked out and so by acting as a baby pretending to be a baby it got others to protect him and uh and uh, and there was a protective thing and that would have been cool if just somewhere i in think this at this season, point fans would find that it. annoying like they'd be like no yeah. they gave him a weird voice <laughs> no no but i would yeah. like it was like you know something happens and baby yoda is there bando gets hit or falls down and just waltz, waltzes up and says fallen down you have and he's like what you're like, yeah, <laughs> and i'm not like, I'll, let, I'll let you in on my secret <sighs> And then he could be it, like, if he was a smart mouth, then going on it, there was a lot of potential they could have milked. With and again, like, so people are chatter saying like, oh, is that... intelligence is on a spectrum. All right. Like, like, a, like a cow has a level of intelligence. A human has a level of intelligence. This is all on a spectrum. Like an infant <sighs> is not going to have the same. Like, it's hard. I don't believe that an infant has the, has the ability to access the force in a way that we know requires or should require training in order to use if he isn't intelligent enough to speak and understand and communicate with people and do stuff of that nature like when you're talking about how he hides from the droid on the ship that's a pretty that's a very very base level kind of thing to do yeah, I don't know about that because there are certain instinctual things that different species can pick up and just born with it. Just like, to clarify, what are we know, establishing? That's... His intelligence to prove that he has a certain amount of force power? That he that he can use the force power. And for me, that's not too much to of an degree. issue. Now, to this degree is important. The force power to this degree. Because, like, he doesn't just use the force a little bit. Sure, I can understand that a baby that's force sensitive can use the force to a degree. But this is like some stopping the mud horde from charging it and holding it in the air i think that's yep. a really big deal oh but it, it really struggled it really struggled to pull that i off. guess the thing is though is that luke luke had to like train to be able to lift the x-wing oh yeah, wait no but he didn't li he only lifted yeah. it but yeah like he i guess my thing is is i'm kind of a, i'm i feel like i'm in the middle ground on this one again because i'm not sure that it's like so far out of the realm of possibility that a like baby yoda might just sort of in you know like might instinctually know that the yeah, force I, is a thing even if he doesn't fully understand what it is if you know what i mean like i'm i'm in the camp where if later on they explain how it has had training or something then i'll buy it but right now i'm not convinced of it you know like like is it's a i can't really buy it but it can be explained later yeah like yeah. if they if they find out like he goes back to his family or his planet or whatever they're like oh yeah this is a race of people that are extra force sensitive um, even at a young age they show an incredibly gifted connection to the force even infants da 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 and they're like they're like super special in some way or there's some kind of explanation for it okay maybe I'll be convinced but as it stands right now I'm not quite convinced that it's you know, a thing yeah I think that's fair I mean like. Uh... Yeah, I don't like the implications of it subverting the fact that generally, to, especially to that level of force, you need to train, and it's always been, you have to train to be able to know the force. So I don't like the subversion there. But I think it can be justified even though I don't like it, um, and which is exactly what you were saying before, Rags, yeah. 
and uh-huh. also the the when he uses the force when baby yuda uses the force i feel like that more than lifting the mud horn is a display of like i it, it's really hard to get a bead on baby yoda and his um like his force competency and the training it's like i i think there's still a lot that can be explained right oh, now yeah. it's definitely not like mary sue levels but i'm still not quite still not quite buying it like it still <laughs> seems i, I think like, that it should have just calmed the mud horde down that was all and keep keep it stunned but don't lift it i don't know why they had to lift it up in the air cuz that's yeah. cool it's a cool shot it's a cool reveal yeah so that's why they did um, it so i, I think we... they should tone it down we have skipped over the... I'm not mad, chat. I'm not mad. You're mad. I just don't buy it. You're okay. an angry male. Uh, this is my <laughs> white male rage I got from Joker. Yep. It's, all, it's all seeping out. Yeah. We did skip over the Jawa chase scene, which I thought was, was good. I really liked it. It was oh. like... Uh, oh, what, didn't... I didn't at all. Why? So, oh, let me pull up my notes. All right, so what is his plan? Get his stuff back, climb on board. How how is he so what what Wait. happens is yeah, go ahead. Um why wasn't his ship on lockdown? Yeah. Yeah, good yeah, and it's established that it can go on lockdown in the last second last episode. And also yeah. here's an important one. So when he you know, like uh oh Nick Nolte knows that Jar was on this planet, but I guess he just didn't tell Mando that that might be a problem for his ship. Yep. <laughs> I would have told him, by the way, your no, shit, if here. you leave yeah. it here, it's going to get fucking on. Maybe you should drive a little closer to the thing. <laughs> you, maybe you should yeah. just leave You know, it two birds with one stone. Fly it to my house, yeah. 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 He should have flown it to his house, actually, yeah. yeah. My point was, is the actual chase scene, I, I enjoyed it, it was fun. And no, that, of course, uh, I was just doing that yeah, first like chronologically. Well um, yeah, it, it was so, well done. It was a... Uh, why aren't the Jawas shooting him with stuns immediately instead of throwing bits of junk at him? Uh, there seems to be a range limitation on those stuns. They always use close range. He's right by the windows. Yeah, he pulls one of them out. He's so close. Yeah, Mando yeah pulls good, one. good point. Yeah, yeah um, uh, those are... They're all up there with the stun ones. But and I'm... it was tough for him. And in terms of his plan, like, I can understand someone... You got my stuff and just chasing after them without ha- having enough time to think of a plan. And now I'm here... Well, yeah, but that's uh, like a, that's something like it. an amateur would do. Like we we've established this is another thing about like Mando needs like if he is the best bounty hunter in the parts, like he's doing this whole life, he's been trained in combat by the Mandalorians. You expect better. I don't know what what would you say would a, a master would have done in that situation. Well, I I can't say accurately because I'm not a master of combat, well, you know, but 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 I feel like, as if me, that like I'm. Look, I'm not a master, he does, but I don't he think picks off, he picks off a few at a distance, right? And then he starts running close. He doesn't like try to sneak on board. He doesn't use his grappling hook to get to the top before they start to take off. Um, it, well, it's, yeah, it's, when you say take off, what do you mean? Like, like the, when they start to oh, close up the ship and go away, spin away, like travel away, move, go. Oh, so leave. you think instead of 
Like, because for me, if that was my favorite ship and I see them stripping it, I think it's a valid reaction to go, you sons of that, and just go straight. Yeah, to sure, on, on an emotional level, sure. But I expect better out of a seasoned veteran like him. Instead of going, all right, I need my stuff back. Instead of him going, you know, or I'm mad, I'm going to start killing them. Going, oh, well, I need to get my parts back. So what's the best way for me to do that? giving my position away from this distance at a long range. I can't kill them all. There's no way I can kill them all. I don't even have enough ammo for that. How am I going to get my stuff back? Do I wait and then follow the tracks until nightfall? Do I sneak on board the crawler or at least try to? What is he, what's he doing here? Yeah, I don't know if you're like, because it's established that he's not flawless. Like he, he struggles and fails a lot. And so that also is implied tactically. He can really kick butt when he needs to. What are your I mean, well, the plot needs and, him to. Yeah, but I think that's just, just it's consistent to show him, you know, reacting emotionally. So and stuff he like can that because... so he can be really angry and behave intelligently. Can't we all? Yeah. Why doesn't he? Yeah. If, he, you, if he's but, such but, a but, no, no, my, my, I thought I, I thought you were saying that as a contrast, saying you can be angry and make mistakes and be intelligent. Like, because, you know, it, I, I know it happens to me all the time when, when you don't have enough time to think something through or something like that. Yeah, plenty, um, yeah, but he had plenty of time. I don't know. They were in the middle of the Yeah, they, they had parts everywhere. Um, the ship was open. They some were people are saying he's around. not a veteran in chat. Surely he's a veteran. Uh, isn't he like he's in his 40s? He's, he's the best, the he's the best in the parsec. Yeah. Yeah, How is like, he not a veteran? How does he not yeah, have yeah. a lot of experience under his oh, belt? Wait, wait, he's been on, trained his whole life to do this stuff. No, 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 no. Because that doesn't mean that he is flawless. Like, he is really good at fighting. And you could become the best bounty hunter uh... by being really good at fighting. And his, like, depending on how smart he is, I think we're going to have to determine that. But just on this case study alone by itself... It's not acting like a complete buffoon idiot. It's reacting emotionally. Yeah, he wasn't. Um, he wasn't acting like a total idiot. Sure. Yeah. And but I think like in someone in chat said, I feel like Rags is holding him to a high standard. You bet your ass I am. You bet your ass I'm holding Mando to a high standard. He's a Mandalorian for starters, who are supposed to be the elite of the elite in this universe. Also, this well, is what he's been trained for his whole well, life. No, 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 he's the best bounty hunter in the parsec. Yeah, I'm holding him to a high standard. Yeah, yeah, but he, you can achieve that high standard of being an elite and the best in the fight while being just by being good at fighting, which he clearly is, and have him make mistakes tactically, which he can do. And I think that's yeah. Oh, we see, he definitely can do that. In fact, he, yeah. it's almost like he likes to. Well, okay, just, just to remind people, he's like, been doing moment, jobs. We've really found one big mistake he did in the first episode, and I don't think this is a huge mistake in this one, in just reacting like, you stupid things, get out of my ship. He wants to stop them stripping it, so he shoots them. That, you know, makes them run away, and then he chases them and stuff. And, I, you know, that's all. That's, you know, it's fine. Like, it's reacting, being real. And I would be ticked off if my shit was getting stripped like that. Um, granted, he could have acted more tactfully and like all right I'll, I'll chase him down but if he didn't do something strike right off the get-go they just would have kept stripping the ship if he like wanted to wait to sneak aboard that's still the length of time in which they're damaging his ship further and stripping it even further which means there's more stuff you would need to get back and so by but firing all be in the stops same place. them 
no, no, but he, by firing, he stops him stripping it in that very moment. So yeah, but I guess that's it right. doesn't matter anyway because all those parts idea, would be in the same place. It, wouldn't it have been a better idea for him to like sabotage the uh, the vehicle so or, that they could or straight up them? just try to approach them? He he seems to be on good terms yeah. with Tuscan Raiders. I don't know why he wouldn't be with Jawas. Well, he's ticked off. They're stripping his ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You're, you're right. You're right. You're right. So the, the best thing to do, the yeah, the best thing to do at this point is to be like, oof, gotta suck up that rage yeah. and be like, look, well, guys, well, this is my on. ship. Yeah, yeah. I'm not arguing the best thing um, he should have done. I'm arguing what he did done is justifiable, and it doesn't make him an idiot. And he still can be a competent, one of the best, you know, mercenaries well, like, in the galaxy. By still, you know, not immediately shooting the Tuscan Raiders. I actually quite like that bit in that it's like, oh, it tells you that he's. Again, I hate to use the word, seasoned. He knows what to do around these parts. He knows how to talk to these people. He knows how to deal with all this. Like, how does he not know what Jawas do? Because this isn't even Tatooine, right? This is um, some other planet. Yeah, this is another planet. He can speak not... Jawa. Not... He can speak a little bit of Jawas. Yeah, he's definitely he's... had experience with Jawas. And Jawas do trade. Like, we know that they're uh, they're not yeah. like a... They're yeah, strictly scavenging and steel. Hey, Jawas on Navarra. I get his thing. I would not want to have to pay money for that for stuff that is mine. And so, if I can, they took it, you know, without trading. So if I could try and take it back forcefully, so I don't have to trade or go through crap like killing a mudhorn to get back what's rightfully mine, I would take it. And if well, that what means, was his plan when he got onto the ship? By... What was his plan to get, when he got on the vehicle? Like, what was he gonna do? Kill every single one and then drive it back to his sh ship? I, like, I if guess. he was able to pull it off, I reckon he would have done it. Yeah. I, I, I mean, how's he gonna kill them people. all? There's no way. Yeah, but he had to know that there was no way. That and he, he must. Kill he must know that they have stun. He must know that they have stun guns as well, right? Well, no, no. no yeah, we because he scopes in on the guy we who has a gun. Know. He do Well, okay. So if you see someone with a stun gun, that might indicate. But he doesn't know how tough or weak these Jawas are. In fact, Jawas seem to have a reputation of being cowardly, like because that's where the way they act. And so I think he could feel justified with the. He has taken on seasoned, you know, people and beaten yeah, them. Yeah, but there's like fifty of them. There's so many. Yeah. yeah, but they're they're all little and weak, and they just. Well, he's on guns. their he's on their sand crawler. Where well, does he expect the them is, to even yeah, run I, to? Like it, it goes badly for him, and he fails. Yeah, because it was a really bad I'm, idea. He should have. I don't know. I, I'm, I, I'm willing I, to move I, on. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm fine with moving on. I didn't yeah. mean to discuss yeah, yeah, yeah. this in this detail, but I still am. I'm still definitely being critical of him for his. I mean, there's more anyway for this moment. Well, First of I, all, his fall. His fall is pretty significant. His fall could have easily killed him. Yeah. Oh well, that one. Uh, I I agree, but and I find it really uh, odd. Things like that happened in uh, in everywhere, and you just kind of accept that these are heroic characters that can survive okay. more damage. Uh, I kind we of don't know what medical things, but I just want to say that I think what he did was valid, and it doesn't undermine making him an idiot and stuff, especially in the sense that he's angry, and he could have very well been thinking as he's trying to climb up, it's like, all right, I'm in over my head, maybe I've bitten off more than I can chew, which he clearly did. But he was committed by that point, and so he was like, oh, I'm just going to go with it. And I know I've done that when I've made it. I don't know, I feel like, but that just adds him to being incompetent if he's like, I'm just going to commit to this terrible plan. Well, it still might have worked. He didn't know that it would fail. If it's a, yeah, I feel like committing to a terrible plan if he acknowledges it. Sunk cost some... fallacy, you know? Like, he, yeah. he's, he's got him already, he's like, fuck, I guess I gotta see it through. <laughs> and then, of course, that happens and he nearly Because he knows, no, he knows even... that there's tracks on this thing, too. It's just, mm. 
Yeah, even if he knew that it was going to be harder than he expected, because he's committed, he could still feel, I'm still going to try and pull it off. And I think that's something that many people do. I know I've yeah, but... found myself in situations in life where I've tried something bit off more than I chew, but I commit to it because there's still a chance I could I could pull it off. It is a fallacy, though. It's it's the sunk cost yeah, fallacy. I... It's called at, the sunk cost point, fallacy. No, no, no. Wait, at what point does the, the season... I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's the best option. No, I'm no, no. Saying... I didn't... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, we get that, yeah. It's cool. just that as a bounty hunter, he, of all people, should really be tuned into sunk cost. Like, this is something that he would be dealing with all the time. Well, you know? yeah, it's like, how many times does he have to do something foolish and stupid until I'm like, man, this guy's just awful. No, I don't think this one qualifies as actually being foolish and stupid. I think this is something intelligent people can resort to very easily by emotion and anger. It's his favorite ship. Yeah, I, I, this doesn't make him an idiot. Yeah, and I I think that I, I like, uh, there's a comment in the chat, Mando can be imperfect, but it could be done in a way that doesn't make him look like he's new to the job. And I agree wholeheartedly with that. I I really would, and again, I didn't mean to have this be a huge tangent, but man, it's like it's one thing after the other with this Mando guy. <laughs> I think Rags All and Muller are losing credibility with their nitpicking. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen this show before? Like the... <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Um. So yeah, I was just gonna say, moving on. Uh. I think it's ridiculous the fall he takes, but fine, I'll let that go. I think it's ridiculous they don't scavenge his armor after he's killed a whole bunch of them. Yeah, they just leave. Like, they know he's stunned. They watch him fall down, and they're not... They just leave so that he can survive to hunt them down another day. They just don't well, do anything. I think, I, well, see, I think this one, you could defend it, like... Like, sometimes people just want to lick their wounds, even when after the one, and yes, they could rob the guy or do so whatever they want. I do agree that it's probably a bit more out of character with Jawa specifically, because they're known for scavenging everything. Um, but what do they know about Mandalorians? How long is he going to be knocked that out? He's knocked out? Um, well, just keep, just, keep, is, just keep yeah. hitting him. Well, the thing is... For all they know, he you know could be stunned days or whatever, and they get closer, and then fewer other ones are going to die. He's killed several already, and so even if there's a small risk factor, and they are cowardly, that's any number they of them could die the again, top. because they were forced to. He was chasing them, but now they're free, and now they don't have to risk any more lives. I think that, like this one isn't um, a strong point of criticism, when it can be justified that they it's time to lick their wounds, they don't want to risk any more lives, and they are cowardly by nature. That, that makes sense. I, I I don't think it makes any sense at all. I mean, like, I see your point, but the idea that they they have all, all of these guys have shot him with stun guns. They watch him freak out. They watch him fall back and land on the ground far below. And he's just laying there. And he doesn't have his, like, and they just leave. Like, that, that seems hope. extremely weird for Jawas yeah. to do. With his armor yeah. and with the fact that he's killed him, at this point you I, could kill him. Like, and well, then at just the very least, they could have uh, they could have turned put the thing into reverse and backed over him. Like, yeah, you know exactly. what would have happened then? Yeah, because being oh God, knocked out, be the length of yeah, the, the length of time being knocked out is arbitrary for, for whoever the writer wants. And so if they decided to back it up, they just would have made it that his armor prevented a lot of the stunning, and he woke up and and rolled out of the way. And so, yeah, but like, it's an arbitrary. Because when he's at the top, there is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten Jawas that stun him at once. Also, do you, do you say we're we're not right. sure of how long it it's took for him to wake guy. up? It, no, I think I think. Shad's no, no, point no, no, no I'm the, saying the plot's that plot's just gonna 
make him knocked out for as long as they need him to be knocked exactly. out. If, exactly. if he it's got an, knocked out, they came back for him. Yeah. yeah. It's an arbitrary thing to criticize because they could have just, if they try to run him over, they'll just say, Beskar's pretty darn good at blocking those, you know, um, things. But now they have established it, so they should be consistent with it if they if ever has to get stunned shots again. Um, but there, there are, there's a lot of ways in which it could have been written to avoid it. But I agree there. There is a question mark. I, I agree that, you know, um, Jawas, it's not a big one though for me. I was like, yeah, they, they ran away. A few of them died. Time to lick their wounds. They got their, they got most of the scrap they wanted. Uh, let's not, you know, try and... This isn't criticizing the story for being unrealistic. This is don't like what he did. Fine, but ease off a bit. <laughs> is this a criticism of just disliking how he acted, though, or is it more like in service of he's not that great about? I mean, I, I've been listening well, no, 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 to all no, these no. arguments. I just think he acted like an idiot in this scene. So I don't think it's an idiot. I think it wasn't the best thing he could have chosen, but it's far from blatantly stupid. I so feel like it's the worst steel armor yet. Uh, the helmet is, about... and he has a bunch of Durasteel on him, and he has all the gadgets and stuff on him. They know he's got a rifle somewhere. Oh, yeah, like, he's not they... wearing the best car. Good point, good point. I, not at this still... point. Yeah. But the thing is, is um, I guess when I think about all of his options, this feels like the worst, because when I think of things that he could have done, he could have done nothing and followed them to where they stopped for the night to try and get it back. He could have um, shot his, you know, incendiary ammo at one of the wheels to make it so that the the vehicle couldn't move anymore. Well, no, no, there's was... no guarantee that he did try and shoot this, the thing and it did nothing. And he Did he try and shoot, shoot the ship? He shot the back of it one time yeah. and then oh. gave up. After that, hold on, I'm, I'm pulling it up. I, I want to. Yeah, he shot check. the back um, of it once. I, I okay. think. I think sending a shot to try and stop them from uh, like completely dismantling his ship to nuts and bolts is perfectly fine. Like they're stripping my ship. I need to stop the damage before it becomes irreparable or so bad that I won't be able to fix it with two weeks' work or whatever and help and stuff. I mean, even well, though man, you have like he was actually enough, hoping uh, that it would still fly. Like he tried to get yeah, it to fly I when he went so. back. And so so that the fact that he wanted them to stop stripping the ship as soon as possible is a very valid option to resort to I guess, the shooting right is, away. Um, yeah, sure, but but when he jumps onto it, it's like you're not gonna be able to take all this back to your ship. I mean, because again, he, he would have to kill them all. Yeah, sure. I think he's more than willing to, and um he doesn't I don't know that he that wouldn't be able to. I don't think it's possible. It, I, mean, I, 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 think, I, I think he could have been thinking, all right, I'm pretty over my head, but committed, let's keep going. Because he, he killed a lot of them pretty easily already. And so, I mean, he killed like Because well, he was sniping him at a distance. Yeah. But even, even when he's trying to climb up, he pulls several out of their hatches. And I think he only pulls their... one out. No, 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 more than one, I'm pretty sure. I think he only pulls one. Let me, let me check. I'm pretty sure it was more than one. But yeah, I think he pulls one. We even like... see it hit the ground. Yeah, but I saw. I remember seeing more than one fall. So, but it it doesn't really matter. But still, you know, he kills several in his uh beginning of his attempt to get rid of them. Um, I'm just rewatching the scene. Yeah, he he kills three of them, and then he puts down his gun, and then he runs down. This is so he runs down. He doesn't make any attempt to stop the uh. He doesn't make any attempt to sabotage the, other thing, the vehicle. He, like, it's funny that they're throwing junk at him, right? And then one comes out and prods him. Oh, and they, So they're trying to prod him. All right. um, yeah. And so the fact that they're throwing bricks and stuff does mean that their stun guns aren't long range. And if you only saw one, he might be assuming that they're not, you know, heavily armored with, like, 
lots of weapons and stuff. And so from his frame of mind, he, he is, val you know, I think it's valid enough for him to assume that they don't have lots of weapons up top because they've just been throwing bricks at him, basically. And so as soon as he gets up, he, he could He offload. does throw a second one off. Okay, so yeah, he throws two. Yeah, he throws a second one off right before 10 of them all shoot him oh, with stun guns at once yeah. and he falls off and lands yeah, on his back. and he pulled out his gun and so he could have been expecting that they just had bricks and scrap that they were throwing at him and he could have just offloaded his gun on him or threatened saying, I'm going to kill you all unless you give my stuff back. That's a valid oh. thing. And in that sense, he technically succeeded if his assumption was that they didn't have the stun guns. And do, how many stun guns was he, you know, justified in that, uh, assuming that they had? Did he even see one? Like, that could have been a surprise to he him. He saw there were 10. So, I mean, he might, he probably might not have counted individually, but there was, there was 10 up there right in front of him. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. but, but he, if he was assuming that they didn't have the stun guns, technically what they he was trying to achieve, he succeeded in what he was trying to achieve. He, he successfully climbed up to the top, pulled out his gun, ready to threaten them at gunpoint to give him his stuff back, and then they stun him because he, he miscalculated that they had stun guns and that's valid enough if you didn't see them having the yeah, guns but he already saw them with guns through his scope well before. I, i'm gonna check i'm gonna check because it's also how many guns because i mean if he sees one with a gun there's no way he's like ah oh, it's probably the only gun they have <laughs> well what like was he expecting 10 to be up there i think it's his gun in his holster, even though he fell one. and dropped it. Because they're not—they're certainly not firing back when he starts shooting at them. And I, there's only one with a stun gun that was hanging at their side, and there was a lot outside. If he's assuming that's the entire crew, oh no, one is firing back actually. But then he kills it, so he kills one of the ones, one of the only ones with a gun actually. And so he could assume that they—that's no, a valid assumption. They have no more guns. If that's their entire crew, that that was stripping the ship. There's like uh, 13. I don't know why the idea of making an assumption that that's all the people stripping is all the people he could see and that there weren't any guns on board and they didn't have a bunch of guns stored. Like that's a huge assumption to be making. No, I think that's a valid, like the they, they, they want to strip that they are scavengers. They want to strip the ship as soon as, no, it's not. If they want to strip <laughs> yeah. the ship as soon as possible, you would assume that the entire crew is working on it to get it done fast and get it on board. That's sure. I just, I find it unbelievable that he would think that they have no guns. Um, they're insane. scavengers. Well, if, like, he sees they their, if he sees their whole crew, and well, it's a safe assumption that it was their whole crew... For, a, for no, no, just a I piece of information, they're using ion blasters, which is uh, what they use to disable droids. It's what they do with R2 in uh, New Hope. Yeah, and if he speaks Jawas, surely he knows enough about Jawas to know that that's something they do. Yeah. I don't think there's massive failings in logic here because there are valid enough assumptions he can make from what he's seeing. If that's the whole crew of the ship and only one of them currently has a gun, which he kills, um, and it makes sense that the whole crew would be trying to strip the ship before the owner comes back, then they get on board and then he thinks he could take them on and, you know, threaten them to give him his stuff back. That's fine for me. I mean, I'm happy to just keep going because, again, yeah, sure. it gets so much yeah, worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, do, do what is next? Uh... <laughs> I, I like one of my notes. Just says, "How common are frogs in a desert?" Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, because we saw frogs and and then it was like, but there's yeah, no water here. So. There's space yeah. desert frogs, clearly, guy. Desert yeah. frogs. All right. All right. Desert frogs. <laughs> um. Yeah, this is just a tiny thing, but like, how did the dude know where the Jawas were? Like, I assume Jawas they follow the tracks. 
Yeah, uh, yeah that has to be it, right? Yeah, I guess, I yeah, okay, it. okay. Because the other thing that we observed when we rewatched was if they have a circuit, then Nick Nolte was really dumb for not pointing that out to Mando. Like, hey, the jar was come this way, so move your ship. So they must have followed the tracks. Um, I was surprised that he, like, happily gives up his weapons to essentially barter with them with, with how easily they can fuck him up. And then he shoots yeah. his flamethrower at them anyway. And, <laughs> well, they, and he's lucky that doesn't screw up everything for him. Yeah. He technically still had a weapon, so he didn't give up. Yeah, exactly. Maybe he was relying on his flamethrowers. Well, like, yeah, yeah, but it, so well. it would be one or the other, right? Like, yeah. as in, the criticism would either be he gave up all of his weapons when they are, quote-unquote, his religion. But he didn't, fine. But it's like, also then, wouldn't that fuck up everything with the, the Jawas? Wouldn't they be like, motherfucker, you just fired fire at it's us? Like, like, what the he, hell? Let's <laughs> say he scorches, like, six of them at once. Like, he knows the others are right there. Yeah, like, this it's is the end TikTok. of your bartering. It's his favorite ship! He's ticked off. I was like, yeah, he's angry. Uh, emotionally trying. Yeah. I mean, I want to try and get past episode two because uh, I just want to. I just want to get to the bigger <laughs> stuff, especially episode four. Like, I'm looking forward to getting to four because four is where it all falls apart. Um, so I guess we skip to the Mudhorn battle. His approach is. Th so this is kind of what I mean. Like every time he does, I want not every time, right? A lot of the times when he has like a a thing to achieve or or, a, or just an event to. Sort out, I always, I'm just sitting there raising an eyebrow, like, why was this your plan? Like, he has to, he doesn't check the cave from, like, a distance with his scanners or anything. Like, his, his heat sensor on his helmet, he just goes in with, like, a torch. Well, he, his helmet, ha he has, he has the ability, he, we know he has thermals, he uses them in episode 5. Yeah. Only, okay, so, so he can pick up heat signatures, but at what range and what would block it? Um... Well, we if know he can do it at extremely it. long distances, it will definitely work very close up in the dark. Well, also, appara apparently, amphibians in the desert is a thing. Oh, okay. I had no idea. I had no there idea either. There we go, desert frogs. Yeah, like, I don't care either way. <laughs> this is fine. Um, yeah, the... You can keep going. Well, uh, just, just the, it just, his approach seems strange. He, he's, uh, he's not using all of his tools to the best use, as far as I can tell. Yeah, he walks in with a flashlight looking around instead of using the thermal vision that we know he has. And all this stuff that he has ability to see through walls and listen to people through walls. But he doesn't use, he just goes in with a flashlight and gets ambushed by that. And I'm just. I like, wonder if this is um a disconnection in directing that, um you know, what, and I'm not an excusing it. I'm not excusing it. But it's perfect, like, because it makes much more sense that thermal, that he didn't have thermals in that, you know, context, which is obviously why, because, yeah, why wouldn't you use the thermals if you had them? Um, and then someone later gives him thermals because he's got a mask and that must have taken it without... Well, you'd think you'd be, like, I, like, you You very well might be right, as that is the reason. I mean, we've seen what a lack of consistent vision can do to Star Wars as a trilogy. Mm -hmm. And you you would think that they would have all the people that they know are going to be directing the episode or they have like a sheet they give to everybody and say, all right, here, this is his equipment that we've established. He has, this is the knowledge he has. Here's who he is. So make use of it. And if he doesn't, then that's just an issue. Yeah. It's definitely a problem in consistency and it almost gets them killed. All right. All right. Sorry. This is me being, this is like, <laughs> being the the nerd defense going too far 
But still, uh, what if what if the mud horn's cold blooded or something? I don't know. I mean, it's been. I'm I'm, I'm happy to say it's presented. And, Even if uh, it's cold blooded, you'll still be able to make out the shape. Really? Can you? Is, is that how thermals work? I don't know. Yeah, if you I've have never thermals, used them. you could still like. Uh, I, yeah, I'm you could still sure, like I... tell the difference in like objects. Even if they're like if like if you're in a if you walk into a room with room temperature desk and TV and everything, you could still make out objects. Look, look at this. Yeah, but that's, it's funny that's how Mola brings up points, and then when they prove it incorrect, he says the thing he was wrong about doesn't even matter. What? <laughs> Are you basing this off a frog? <laughs> okay. Uh, like we're, we're fine. I, I didn't know frogs lived in the desert. But if you remember, I said... Yeah, I said, so frogs said, in a desert, question mark? Minor. I did it like a question. Yeah. I didn't say it's impossible for a frog to be in a desert. When did I say that? And I said that it doesn't matter. It's a fucking frog. It's an alien world. Like, <laughs> what, the, what do you mean? Frogs don't matter. Wow. Wow. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean... Uh, uh, all species are beautiful. Okay, uh, yeah, um, I, I, I would just rather kick on, like, because uh, these, these things yeah, are just... Yeah, yeah, I think this is a pretty uh, yeah, obvious... This one's a small one, I reckon. It's a, yeah, it it's, doesn't it's... make it immediate. It's a small well, one. Well, this um, one, it, it leads in... to him nearly dying and having to be saved by Baby Yoda. Yeah, but I reckon even if they gave him thermal stuff like that, of course they're going to have him nearly dying because that's what they want in the narrative for a Baby Yoda. Uh, that's not a reason, though. I don't. It doesn't excuse it, but the thing is, yeah, that doesn't. I'm not sure him nearly dying is a result of stupidity because that's a really tough. I mean, it's. Fight. Well, no, it, it's stupid that he walks into a dark cave knowing he has like thermals and night vision and stuff, and he doesn't use it. He carries around a flashlight. Like that's just that's really yeah, I mean, really stupid. It probably yeah. There was many other. There was a lot of other easy ways to kill the thing. Did he know what he was getting into? What he was about to fight? Apparently not. I can't. He was Hell, told to go again. If anything, that just goes to him being doubly. You think the Jawas would? Because he doesn't know. You think you think they tell him though because they want him to succeed, right? Or, or they want to screw him over and they like watching him. Well, no, no, even because if he they didn't know, they can't watch this. They're not. He travels too far away yeah. from them to watch it. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I'm just look. I'm reaching for the sake of Um, I was gonna say I'm happy to just kick on because these are just running at episode two. So, like this is. And These things are important that... to, me to establish if he is legitimately dumb or not, and I'm interested to see, alright, because I actually don't mind a protagonist who's a bit stupid and fails a bit, because they, if they have other redeeming qualities that make him good. Um, at the moment, but I don't this, think he's an this idiot. Isn't, like this, he almost dies here because of a very basic mistake. Basic? Yes. He's walking into a dark cave. You have thermals and night vision. Yeah, I mean, I want to, I want to process it, like, because if he knew what like he was getting into, so that this was a big monster, and it almost I gets mean... him killed. Yeah, yeah. Like he has to get saved by Baby Yoda for this. That's the thing. Like, I don't consider this pick because it leads to him basically almost getting killed, and he has yeah. to get saved by Baby Yoda. Like, if um, he was just, if 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 it wasn't for the consequences, I would agree it's a nitpick to a degree. Yeah, but this and is I stuff think, that I'm gonna kill. Yeah, and I think my thing about saying it would happen anyway, like it's that's a disingenuous counter. So I think there's more validity to yeah the stupidity of this point. Pro and I actually think it's probably more for this one than the Jawa one. If I'm really trying to break it down. Um, Next one. <laughs> I I do know what you mean though, and and if I was in your position, I think that uh, I would probably say having it be covered in mud would obscure it. Even then, that's reaching super far, but at least that's something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but 
I, there's so, not much you can do with that, I don't think. Yeah, exactly. And like my point is to have people watching is that my whole role here is to, am I like the only one willing to defend it? So I'm going to try and play devil's advocate, even on things yeah, that I think it. are very indefensible. And then after we test any possible defenses, if I still, if you guys can count it, which I think you did in this mud old one, I'll probably agree with you. And like, I, and I think this no is one of those times where, yeah, this one's a bit harder to defend. Uh, someone in chat said, but we don't know uh, that Mando has it yet. It doesn't matter because Mando knows he has it. Right. I mean, but well, it could be explained so, if he legitimately yeah. didn't get, have it until the upgrades. So yes. Like, like yeah. if that would be really cool. Like uh, I know Mahler and I were talking about this and Fringy as well, where we thought from the beginning, maybe he thought this as well, but he would slowly but surely get his armor and equipment as time went on. You know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not just like, like oh, it's a video game, you know? Now. Like yeah, a video yeah, game. yeah, yeah. Um, so that would have been cool if he gets night vision and then starts to use it. And Springy said earlier about the pacing is really quick. I think that'd be nifty because a part of a bounty hunter's like his thing is his gear. So having yeah. him earn gear through missions and get it from the fellow Mandalorians yeah. and stuff, and then seeing him that use could it, be I the that, would be really of, uh, that could be the entirety of season one leading up to him finding Baby Yoda and then making the decision to kill IG-11. And then it's like, oh shit. Like we've seen Mando for a whole season being of single mind. I want to get my armor. I want to get my things. I'm completing my armor set. I'm a really good bounty hunter. And then you see him make an emotional decision. It's like, oh shit. And then you continue from there. This is what I mean. I really would have liked this show to have been just a little bit well a lot different yeah. i guess at this point i didn't i didn't mind the progression of his armor and equipment and stuff that he got the most of the armor it was just really quick but... i yeah, i mean it's not I like was... a big issue it's but i think that really. it goes it's under it's in i file it under my wasted potential thing and i'm not gonna hold mm. this i can't hold the show mm. like it's not a negative on the show because no. it was something else mm. but i feel like they could have done a lot better with the progression mm. So would it answer your objection here, though, if he actually did not have the thermal scanning stuff on his uh, in his helmet at that point? I'm sorry, say that one more time. Would would uh, would that answer your criticism here if he legitimately didn't have the thermal scanning stuff at that point? I'm if he, pretty if he didn't sure have, yeah. it's on the scope of his rifle as well, isn't it? Yeah, uh, he uses it. Was, yeah, yeah he, it's it's not it, it. None of it is new equipment that he acquires later. Yeah, it could be retconned, but and because even even say if it was right, the fact that it isn't mentioned in the show is a problem with the writing. I'm not excusing it because the fact that like whenever the audience needs to step outside of what is actually said and shown in the show to explain things to make things work is a problem. That's that's not good writing. Like, yeah, this is like if he didn't have thermals and if they didn't establish he had all this stuff, then I'm. I still don't think I still think that he should have done stuff like create a distraction. Maybe yeah, don't got, leave Baby Yoda sitting right outside the cave. You know, stuff like that. Stuff yeah. like have a plan. So, don't just yeah. go in there with a flashlight. You just know? just to but, just to push us on. Um, yes. One shot from that rifle would kill that thing, and his gun jams because there's mud on it. I know. It's gonna Very be, unlucky. Uh, that's un. That's a, that's unlucky. Yep. Um. <laughs> uh, I think. I think most people here, cast and audience alike, will find it a little tough to believe that that knife kills the thing. It's got a pretty thick Yeah, line. I would have liked it to have been longer so it penetrated deeper. You think something that yeah. big, like, uh, yeah. unless he hit, like, something massively vital to drop Which, it again, would be really lucky if that happened. Yeah. It's like, wow, pretty lucky that you hit the one thing that killed it instantly. Yeah, it, it, 
again, that that one is a small thing. I admit it's a valid criticism, but uh, like, yeah, okay. And someone's it. saying using a rifle in a cave and looking through a scope is stupid. It's like you could move forward, use the scope and look around. Also, we know that the scope detaches from the rifle. He uses. Also, yeah, and I can just show you. Move a... forward, you look around. Yeah, the, the, like, I'm showing chat the shots now. So obviously you'd be at the entrance of the cave, he'd use it, and then as he progresses, you can see that this base is like back here. Like so look look at this shot. I'll even send it to you guys. This is him entering. In, fact, in episode five, I can give the picture of him using thermals. Lots of space to be using it as he approaches, you know. So um, I like I still think the mud horn fight is enjoyable because he's struggling, he's getting knocked around, and uh, and even if he's in a dangerous situation arbitrarily and it isn't justified, he is in a dangerous situation which causes suspense and you know you don't want the hero to die and things. And then there's a twist with the baby Yoda thing, and the the CG was flawlessly done. Um, uh, all the mud and uh, yet some indication of. What the armor can take, how much of a hit it bends, but he protects him to some extent. And so, I like even with the flaws, I still think that scene is enjoyable uh, in the fight. Um, I I see why, but I still think it's I, I still I I couldn't enjoy it because I think man, he has taken some insane hits. It even hits him in the helmet with its horn as it's charging. I I think he's it's wearing a helmet. <laughs> yeah, but still, like. If someone's wearing a helmet and you get hit with a hammer smacked on the side of the head, like, hmm. Uh, yeah, okay, but this is a heroic show, and it's almost takes, <sighs> for, like, an established thing in all shows that the heroes can always take a bit more damage. Than, and I, I will point it out as being unrealistic, and I do that in my own reviews, yet I happily accept it as also, part of the heroic trope that they can just take more damage because it's in a fantasy That's just explaining world. why it's bad. No, 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 but, but it, I, it's... If these are supposed to be heroes that can take more damage than the average person, and they can keep fighting and everything, that's just. And, that's and just I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Um, is I it plot really, armor or are, are heroes legitimately tough? I don't. Than the I person? don't. I there, don't really, there is an extent where it goes too far. No, I, I. Yeah, I don't you agree. Think it's that too far. The well, my my view is, um, I think this is a kind of critic. It's not really like when you talk about a video game, it makes sense because you'd be like, well, there's gameplay concessions that you have to make. But like in the context of the universe, you know, when you play Uncharted, yeah, you're stronger than the the villains, but you're not actually like you know, like in the in the context of the story, that's lunar narrative dissonance. Yeah, that's that's like a meta stronger. thing that this is the protagonist. It's a, yeah, it's a meta thing. It's outside of the universe. No, 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 no but but can... I, yeah, it, it's meta, but it's a, actually an established thing in heroic stories that the hero is always. I, I, no, I, I, no, I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to agree with you on this. I don't yeah, think I, I, don't I, don't agree. I can't subscribe to this one. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, I can't, no, you don't get a special. It, you don't get a special pass on surviving stuff because you're a protagonist. Well, hang on. Then you should apply this criticism to nearly every single. Yeah, it's always shit when it happens. But it's, it's okay, so problem, you so yeah. you criticize it much, like you know, because there are so many hits that so it depends many on the degrees and whether it's a problem survived. or not. It's always a problem. Like, problems it, in terms of the scale, in terms of the scale, the Rhino hitting uh, Mandalorian is on par, but and nowhere near as bad as so many other. Sure, hits and when I brought that take. point up, it wasn't like a, a be all end all of why okay, I didn't cool. like that fight. Cool. Okay, it's cool. just okay. one aspect of it. It's yeah. one of many. Because I, I, I admit it's unrealistic. Don't get me wrong. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we see it all the time, and uh, and so if we're gonna say this is a, a an episode breaking thing, well, that means so much of pop culture needs to be uh, criticized. Done better. I level. agree. 
Yes, I think I it should be done better, but yeah, it should be done better. Time, it doesn't get a pass. Like, no, at the same it. time, like Jackie Chan fight scenes, the amount of times he gets hit, right? I'm willing to, you know, suspend my um, uh, disbelief that he can survive all these hits for the sake of a longer fight scene, so I can see him doing lots of cool kicks. Happy to do that. Well, sure, I, yeah. I think, uh, I think every the... fight would be analyzed based on the specifics of that fight. Sure, it depends okay. on the scale of the problem. But well, before well, I forget, sorry, before I forget. Okay. Everyone, his thermals are not the scope. He uses in episode five, he uses the thermals to look for the do back after they capture the sniper lady. I thought it was he both. He does not use the scope. He uses uh, his it, thermals well, it, in uh, it might episode be three as well. In episode yeah, three, he, when he's eavesdropping on uh, that's on, the scope, right? Or, or am I wrong? Yeah, he here, I, I like I posted in chat, like that's not him using a scope, that's just him using his visor. My impression was scope. that this it's yeah. kind of like how it's canonized in Halo, where when you scope in. The idea is that the scope is projected against the HUD, like as, as in if Master Chief aims his weapon inside of his helmet, it projects the scope onto his HUD. I assume that was the same for Mando. Yeah, but everyone's saying that the scope thing. It's it's not just he he doesn't need the scope to have thermal vision and night vision. Okay, he there's like this point is done. You can't if you defend this, you're just oh stop. <laughs> Like, I, I get the devil's advocate thing, but come on, guys. There is a point where you gotta be like, mm, it's just, we have all the references and everything here. I like this shot with the puny knife. He doesn't have thermals yet. Are you fucking... The puny knife, yeah, you see it. <laughs> yeah. It's a very little yeah. knife. Again, that, this, this, I, is a, this is a nerd, this would be a nerd um, defense, and I would say it's too, too bull to be any level of valid, but... But clearly the vibrations when you stab into someone they're projecting yeah. another meter into the flesh. It's a spe it's a special knife. It's, it's a, spe a spe it gets a plus ten to mudhorn damage. <laughs> yeah. Now the thing is that could be valid if they actually showed it, but because there's no indication at all that these knives project a deeper penetrating, um, you know, stab when they into something, we can only go off the length that it's portrayed, and that's that is that's a very Southpaw just said Iron Man one. Tony gets blasted out of the sky by a tank, plummets to the ground, survives, walks it off like it was nothing yeah that's bad yeah bad okay but, but uh, all again, right this so is what about what the about jackie chan comparison that... no 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 it, like it's good to bring up other examples because there are sometimes i feel that for the sake of uh making something enjoyable in terms of lengthening out a fight scene and having your heroes do remarkable things you can justify certain exceptional, even unbelievable feats because I the heroes can't and you want to learn the fight scene. Either. No, I thought that well, the whole like idea. Like fight I... scene. All right, let's go. Yeah, but the I mean, thing is, is I... the talents of writing. Seen... Okay, so you feel it can be justified then with with writing. Yeah, each individual, each each individual circumstance yeah, needs for, to be evaluated. For the Iron Man example, it's like we need to knock him out of the sky. It's like, can we hit him with a tank shell? It's like and plummet him into the ground from really high up. It's like, no, that would kill him. We gotta do something else. You, you don't no, then go, yeah, but say... people will enjoy it. It's like, of course, people people no, no, will no, enjoy Palpatine yeah, returning. That doesn't mean okay, we no, rig no, him return, on, right? There, there is something. There is something that is uh, something that I think people will resort to as an easy way to. He's wearing armor. It's it, it's space armor. Okay, it can protect him. But Tony's armor doesn't work like that. You don't know. No, we do know. In the film, it yeah. falls apart Where? after getting hit by all kinds of different things. Okay. That would be an inconsistent. I agree. Yeah, like each individual um, thing. Yeah, yeah. Like we we have scenes to establish what are the limits of what a character can take, and we base that off of. Like I would agree with you if it was magical armor. Yeah, or whatever. armor and yeah, it's just each individual circumstance can be good or bad, and then varying degrees of good and bad. It's not something that I'm ready to blanket. Um, 
I suppose the, put on stuff. the problem that I have here is it's it's all this meta thing of, oh, well, they're the protagonist. In the world, they are not a protagonist. They are one person in the world. Yeah. Like, the protagonist is the meta. So in the world, they're not remarkable in the sense that beyond beyond what they can actually do themselves, they're not... Are you talking? Because it's not... It's flashing. What? Sorry. Oh, no, um, no, no, no. I'm not, <laughs> okay, no worries. It's just uh, like, yeah, like, in, in the world, they're not remarkable in the sense that it, the the universe itself recognizes that they're special, no, no, if you on. know what I mean. No, no, they are remarkable. Mandalorian is no, no. What I, what I meant, what I meant, no, what I'm sorry. Uh, let me clarify. What I meant was they're not remarkable beyond things that they themselves can do. What I mean is that the universe is not like Mandalorian. He's the protagonist of this story, so he can do these things. He's going to be okay. <laughs> it would only be Mandalorian can do the things that he can do because he learns how to or he's predisposed to it, or something like that. The The fact that they're the hero or the villain shouldn't be relevant. No, 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 because I, I think absolutely, because they become the hero usually by ability, competence, that they're stronger, tougher than the other people. Sorry, no, I, I, I think establishing things that you shouldn't be able to survive isn't isn't like competence. It's I, no, just... no, because I, like, I fully agree that there comes a level where it goes too far. Don't get, so I'm not saying that he should be invincible in any measure, but I'm saying that in this context here, he's got the armor. He's a tough, you know, Mandalorian with all his years training and stuff like that. All right, I'm fine. He survived it. It's not. A so big... I'm starting to get actually like I'm reading the chat now, and I'm just like, so what I'm trying to explain is that the idea of they're the protagonist of the story, so it makes set it's acceptable that they can do certain things. When I say that the universe doesn't recognize that they're the protagonist, what I mean is that there is nothing in the story. That is, this person is the main character of a narrative that is happening, and that is the reason why they are able to do things. The whole idea is that anything that they can do is justified in the universe itself, within the story, not from outside the story, not from the POV of they're the main character, they're the protagonist, they're the hero, or something like that. I feel like this is clear, but maybe it's not. Am I? Well, no, because I, 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 I think the disconnect is that when you're trying to say the universe can't acknowledge it, is contradicted by the fact that the universe is literally created for this hero's journey, and so that's an open admission. Yeah, the universe is the created universe is by the writer. And the so writer, it's like, but... it's, it's like a chicken and egg argument that's hard to try and delineate. Or not. Well, what, no, what I, what I mean is like the idea is that when you're partaking in a story you're not meant to be thinking this was written by somebody this was fabricated it's kind of like uh tolkien's yeah, the whole quote point on is the second world think these are actors no, no. on a set yeah you want to but there's the thing you want to fool the audience that's not it like the thing is all stories are contrived no matter what but the goal of good writing is to make it appear that it's not that's the yeah point. but giving um, giving protagonists special privileges does the opposite it makes yeah, it's, 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 no, 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 uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. They're always going to have special privileges. No, no. What do you mean by that? Like what that's, always, that's it, not the, true. The entire, no, no. The true. entire plot is structured around their journey, their story, and so no, the plot is entirely arbitrary. Okay, maybe I went too far when I said special privileges, but what I'm saying is that the plot is always constructed around that character, and your goal is to try and make it seem like this is a natural story following. And the more realistic you make it. The more believable you can. Yeah, that means not giving people special abilities and survivability no, 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 no. and contrivances uh, see, no, this is and armor because, because heroes, the protagonist. No, 
Mandalorian has those things by default for the nature of right, the Right, but, but the story is, um, he no, he has those things. He should have those things because of training, equipment, yeah, 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 yeah. armor, is, not because yeah. he's the protagonist. Yeah, no, well, no, it's both because um, no, it the, shouldn't the purpose be of both. This. The no, protagonist no, part shouldn't even factor into it at all. What do you mean? Of course it well, can't. The, the, what, if what, you what, want to give it, no, 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 I didn't say it can't. I didn't say it can't. Okay. It clearly does. That's what my problem is. Well, that's what, sorry, I think we're agreeing then. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. He All shouldn't right. have, you don't get special plot armor and everything. You don't get special this, that, and the other thing because you are the protagonist. Well, no, you no, get I it agree. Because of things that are explained right, in the universe. Just, I think... I think that one of the main reasons you give characters special things that should be justified with background and training is because they're the protagonist, and uh, and trying to deny that. Well, I think well, no, what I, I think I think it's better to think about it. The, to, I but, but 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 the reason why they justified Mandalorian's additional abilities with his training and background and everything is because of the protagonist. I think that's self-evident. I don't like yes. In many instances, not in all instances, but in many instances. You do want your protagonist to be special or more capable. Of I think it's viewing. I think you're viewing it from the opposite that way. In the narrative, yeah, I, I, think, I agree I, completely. I agree completely. Yes, I think and not so. not because they're the protagonist, right? If someone, if you're going to follow the story, they of somebody, are the protagonist then, because yes. they have these things. It's the other yes, way around. Not, you're yeah, starting. Yeah. It's, well, it's, again, it, I think chicken and egg argument in this instance. I don't think it's the chicken and egg because the the idea is um like i.e. it's the same for your catalyst for the story. You know where you have a big coincidence that happens. And then it thrusts them on the adventure. You could look at it from the perspective of, wow, it's quite interesting that the protagonist uh, happened to stumble into this coincidence that kicked off the story. But it's more from the other way around of the reason why we are focusing on this character is because this remarkable thing happened to them that kicked off the story. I don't think it's and the chicken and the egg. I think it's the, the idea is that you've selected that this is the protagonist and this is the things that they like the reason why you pick them as the uh, POV character for the story is because in the context um, of the world that they live in, they have on, these abilities. No, no, no. no. Like, you, you don't in pick chat. a protagonist generally in writing. You create one and then you well, create... Yeah, I know you there. create them, but what I mean is that if you're viewing it externally and you're viewing it in the sense that if this were a real scenario, this character who exists was picked by the, you know, the, the sort of, uh, I guess, the omniscient creator of the story because it works well, if you know what I mean. Like yeah, they're created, but yeah, that, it's that's meant to the be illusion from the context that they're not yeah. created. Yeah, I know, but that's the illusion that the the whole narrative is trying to create. But right, we are but getting, what I mean is we're getting caught in minutia because go. I I guess bringing it back to thing. Look, I agree. It's a stretch, but it, it's not. It's not a, an episode-breaking thing. And I, well, I enjoyed the fight scene because he did struggle. He got beaten up a bit. He survived, and he needed help. Yeah, and it's, it's like yeah, it's good. It's definitely not the biggest problem, but like I guess to to put a cap on it. Like, if your reason for something happening is because because they are the protagonist, like you're gonna have to do better than that. Like, yeah, there needs should, to be in yeah. yeah, there needs to be. Yeah, in, I agree. Yeah, um, yeah and the and the in world justification yeah. is his armor that the armor protected yes, him. And needs could to the be, armor yeah. truly protect him in real life? Probably Dunno, not. But, but space it's armor. It's not a huge deal to me. Yeah, it's exactly. one thing, but I get it. Yeah, so yeah, I cool. I do get that much. Um, and I would like to point out in chat, someone said MCU rags. Think about Hawkeye and Black Widow and what they somehow survive. Yeah, those yeah, are issues. That's, that's a problem. So, yeah, yeah, that's a problem. So again, this is when we cover videos in EFAP, the whole what aboutism. When we talk about, oh yeah, well, in something else, you have to have a problem with something else. I probably do, right? So to say that of all the things that I'm saying, and then bring up Hawkeye and Black Widow and what they survive is like, yeah, those can those can both be problems. 
We're talking about this, though. Also, I'm not. I guess people are like, why aren't I talking? It's like, I mean, there's nothing for me to add. The, the argument was being had. I didn't need to add anything. I was happy to listen. <laughs> like, don't worry, I'm not dead. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'm right. just like EFAP chat. I listen. It is all rags, literally the stupidest I'm... human being on earth. What have I, I said that's stupid? I'd, I guess I'd legit like uh, to know what, what have you I said that's smart, thing? Rags? The, oh, yeah, clearly. I guess the thing is, right, the whole Ludo narrative dissonance when we talk about video games, the whole idea of when you play Uncharted and you can take down a hundred dudes, but in a cutscene, two guys have guns on you and you just surrender. It's like, it's one of those things where you just have to go, well, it's a video game, but I think I think you can apply it I think games are to judge. video games. Yeah. yeah, I don't judge video games in the same way because no, they have I don't either because the interactive they, they have to be interactive and if the interactive and if the challenge in part of it is you have to fight a hundred dude but then you have some games where the main character is totally vulnerable and then it's a different thing but yeah, yeah I don't then think, the gameplay is can... generally based around that but yeah, if, I, if we didn't have that in video games you would have to be as good as a Navy SEAL to actually play Call of Duty in a way right, exactly. which is just not a feasible thing to do for you know the, these games for being interactive so i hope that explains it but uh yeah yeah and so an yeah topic. Uh, i guess episode two i enjoyed it yeah uh it's one of the better ones i'd say it's certainly one of the better ones and it's funny someone else in chat pointed out uh you guys are ignoring the larger issue here how does this creature exist at this size with no foliage in a desert planet like yeah, I did. Yeah, I think I mentioned that. Yeah. Too, the only uh, excuse they've got is uh, it's an alien thing. Who knows how it lives? So it's like, okay. <laughs> it's called a yeah. mud horn. It eats mud, all right, and it can you know get nutrients from it, breaks it down. All right. Yep. Okay, and, and uh, that's its food, and it supports larger life forms. Uh, somebody, has, like, the big question I have: Why the hell does the egg have fur? Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's weird. That must be going coming out. Of here. I mean, it, if, unless there's anything significant for episode two, we've got to push on. <laughs> I want to. I want people to be aware. Yeah, I want people to be aware. The issues in four compared to one, two, or three are staggering. We really need to get there. Yeah, yeah. we thought yeah. we'd blow um, through these. Fucking hell. <laughs> I guess because this is the thing. I think a lot of the things in the, you know, especially early episodes and uh, maybe even some of the other ones can be defended or aren't as big. And when put in, uh, I guess, comparison weight to the really bad stuff, I generally find that the good stuff outweighs it overall, and it's still mostly good. Um, it's, it's fun. It's enjoyable. Um, well, not to excuse the bad when it's there. That's what I've said all from the beginning. Yeah. And some of the bad can get really bad. But like, I think that the first few episodes, especially with the level of discussion we were able to go into, means that I, I think uh, the decent amount, when it is good, is... Uh, I, you can the bad parts are not nearly as bad and easily overlooked and it, it, yeah so uh, is there anything else for episode so, two i don't think no so. um uh did did we have a problem with them being able to fix the ship because i was willing to buy it they fixed it yeah. very quickly yeah no, no, i think no, it's no, really it quick a, it, was but... a, it was a montage that and we don't know how long essentially well it all happened it all was at night time until they were done and it was day so it's it's a, if it was over the course I of never week, yeah they... i didn't assume it was a single night. yeah it's not it's not a big deal i was just it's wondering if anyone deal, had no. an issue with it i'm fine with it because mm -hmm. fine sure quill's amazing i'm fine to buy that yeah so, uh, episode three. so yeah, I guess uh, as a reference to what we were talking about earlier, just walking through the town with the bounty that everybody's currently chasing and apparently will apparently betray each other for, it's just like, a risky there, yeah, man. because he's already been betrayed. Uh, unless, unless there is that stronger rule that once you're in the location where the guild is, 
nor guns out. It would okay? certainly be harder for people to get away with it that close to Guild HQ. Yep. Uh, yeah, but still, I would really be on my toes either. It's just, to me, it's a bit risky because of that is an extremely valuable bounty. And uh, he doesn't even have the um, the cover on, which I find, I'm just like, oh, man, don't careful, man. Like, well, hang yeah. on, hang on. How do they, well, they would only know it's a bounty if they are actively using the fobs to track. Um, yeah, but everybody, 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 you could everybody, assume that, single... yeah, you could assume most of the bounty hunters that are trying to find him are off planet looking for him. Well, that's the thing, if fobs have the range limit. No, they're there they're because planet. he walks in the bar and they're all there. Uh, well, they all look Every... at him, and yeah, they, they know that that's the bounty that I run. Yeah, yeah, Carl so... explicitly says, I gave them to all, and he looks at everybody and says it out loud so everybody can okay, hear. Okay, so yeah, they would have them. the fobs there, you're right. Yeah, yeah, the and then at the end when he gets, uh, when he captures it back, the fobs reactivate and everybody starts going on. Yeah, good point. Um, well, so, sorry, I'm, I'm gonna directly, someone in the chat keeps saying that Rags and I hate this show and are trying to make <laughs> everybody hated, and then we came that... into it wanting to hate it, and that that's our goal. Can you just No, like, do you not remember yeah, us defending the show? We... We literally said at the beginning that we really liked the first few episodes when we watched them, and we were on this show's side. So just, can you, like... <laughs> I thought I made a PSA. No ascribing motivations. Don't do it. Like, why do you, like, we don't hate it and look for reasons. We see the reasons, and that's why we hate it. At least give us the benefit of the doubt that we're not trying to pull the wool over your We eyes. went back to watch episodes one and two because we thought they were the good ones, and we wanted to affirm that, but it just didn't happen. Like, yeah, like we rewatched all of this stuff. I mean, they're still, on, they're still the better I would, ones. I would call episode one and two good. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I think we argued it. I wouldn't, but good. they're the best. I think I'd call episode one good. Just like, yeah, tittering on the. In good. actual fact, I would consider them really good when you when I look at it broadly with uh, the especially production values and stuff like that. Yeah, I'll, yeah, pretty good. We, we gotta Very keep good. going. We gotta keep going. Yeah, yeah, keep going, keep going, go, 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 go. Um, the, the for for being very, very covert, the troopers don't seem to mind walking outside of their hidey hole. Um, I don't know what to think of that yeah, myself. Yeah, they just walk out and yeah, they just walk right out into the street with their armor. They don't have anybody to check who's not wearing armor. Seems like a really dumb thing to do. I don't know if that's risky or not. I was just like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, unless unless there was something that they're worried about and then it's passed and then they never like, oh, fine. But you'd that. still think if, if you mean, wanted it, to send someone it's to not check, explained. they wouldn't be wearing stormtrooper yeah. armor. It's not explained, but at the same time, it doesn't really doesn't need to be because it's so small. Like it's just okay, they're out in the open now. Well, they're they're trying to hide, but they do something that actively contradicts. Well, okay. Not a big point. Where, where, is, it is, it, where is it established that they are trying to hide apart from staying inside? Why wouldn't I they be just... trying to hide, aren't they? They're, yeah, they're... Well, no, no, no. The galaxy hates them, say... they're at odds with the guild. Well, it's still an assumption. I mean, this, if this is a clued planet that they could then... And so, that they were inside for some reason, which isn't defined, and then they're outside for another reason. And so, again, it's like, because... Like, you could explain a reason as to that that they are hiding for whatever reason but that's the same as me trying to make up a defense for something that isn't explained in world that and so it goes both ways i guess i think it makes sense in I mean, a more yeah. obvious contextual way that they would be trying to hide because yeah. we, this is this is different to trying to like sort of look at expanded universe because this is like the main saga stuff 
you know, the idea that this is the, the, the empire's ended. They were underground. They're on some different planet. I guess you'd think that they would be a little bit more... It's not too big a deal, but it's... Yeah, it's not, a, a it's not like more. a big deal, but I would be like, eh, I would be certainly hiding. I would be want to keep an, be keeping a low profile. Mm -hmm. Like, notice they don't even... They don't even tell, for instance, they don't even tell Carl Weathers that they are Imperial for him to tell people. They discover it face-to-face -face when they go to the their Imperial HQ. Someone asked, does that control as, that it's not an Imperial contract. It's listed as a, uh, like a private client thing. Somebody, I thought uh, Carl knew they were Imperials and he just didn't tell Mando. He did. Yeah, Carl knew. Yeah, okay. But he didn't tell people who were given the contracts that. They had to go there personally. Mm -hmm. He wasn't just telling people. But again, it's a little thing. I think it's unusual. Not a big deal. We can move okay. on. Uh, yeah, he says that uh, the reason he'd he'd given out the um the bounty to so many people was because he had to ensure its delivery. I just find that interesting. It's like it's a bit risky because you're sending so many people who are unaware of each other after it. That um yeah, I would agree with that one. I would think like uh, you would actually get have a, less a, a big group meeting, getting this target by hiring the one best bounty hunter at a higher chance, and then. By hiring additional people, you're just sending people to get in his way, really. Or you have like a big happen. group meeting, a big group meeting where you're like, "Hey guys, so you're all going for this bounty? Just you know, keep an eye out for each other, okay? Don't kill each other, all right?" And, uh, I gotta just check because... really quickly. Uh, someone said, "I really hope they show the scene where the uh, thermals uh, are clearly only his scope that is thermal." No, that is wrong. Season one, episode five, in the dark. I can give you a time. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did bring this up before. <laughs> I have the fucking screen caps in our chat of it. You're wrong if you think that only the scope has thermals. Get over it. Post um, got my receipts. We need the nail in the coffin. Post a screenshot. 20, 20. I, I have. They're I in the chat right now. I won't believe you, Rags, until I see it with my They're own right eyes. There. It's, it. it's right there. You're it's lying! You're lying! Seconds. He sees the zoo back. <laughs> the zoo bat? He doesn't even have his rifle with him in this scene. And he's not using the scope either. Um. So stop it. Stop it. <laughs> he says that uh, Mandalorians are rarer than Beskar itself, which is interesting to, to sort of consider alongside the position of the Mandalorians in this place. Just just a casual thought uh, in relation to how how well, secretive they need to be. Um, and for me, it added to the idea that Mandalorians would be very protective of their own numbers. One of them in, this, in the third episode here even comments on how we used to be numerous. Now we're hiding. There's not that many of us, you know. So it would give the idea that they would be really want to protect their numbers because there's not many of them. Um, oh yeah, these are the things we brought up before about uh, the Mandalorians themselves. Um, it's weird that when he gets into a fight with the Mandalorian, he keeps like stabbing at the armor, like slashing his armor. It. Yeah, he takes his knife and slashes across the chest plate. Unusual. Maybe they weren't trying to kill each other. Maybe, Maybe they were just they were trying like, to spook oh, each oh, other. Just, yeah. Like, uh, for instance, Hema, when you spar, you spar in protective gear and landing a hit is uh, is a victory. And so if they don't want to kill each other, but showing that I can actually still tag you means it's a one-up. Yeah, I can believe it. Yeah, yeah, I'm okay with that. That makes sense because there's not many of them. They probably don't actually want to kill each other. He clearly slashes with a knife. And I'm going to be honest, Shad, it fucking bugs the shit out of me how in video games and movies, daggers are used to slash. <laughs> Fucking bugs me, but yeah. yeah, this is just, I, I, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. That's fair enough. 
Um. Um. Let me see what I have for episode three. Oh, all, he doesn't lock his ship when he comes back again. Um. What in episode three is? It, when is it? All, yeah, because Carl Weathers gets onto it. He's on. He's on board. Yeah. Um, um, does Carl know how to pick a lock? I don't know. I don't know, yeah, but yeah. you'd still like, think that you would. I, I like, just you would assume you that it would be it? secured and locked, and it would, and that he just was able to hack in or break the door lock or something. Maybe, you know? but he specifically tells Quill to like initiate lockdown mode. Uh, and yeah, that's an, that's uh, obviously an additional defense apart from just. Yeah, but like always do that. Always. Yeah, always. No, well, hang on, hang on. No, because. You would only do that if everyone's a hostile and therefore anyone approaching it was going to get shot. What if a kid approached it? You wouldn't want that on. Like, well, they would just lock where... down. You couldn't well, yeah, get in. Well, well, it possibly could have been. We don't know. And that, you well, know, yeah, you want to you want to lock it down so no did one. Did he gets have in. A, Did he have a droid that can hack in? Because droids can always open. Oh, no, he 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 owns the ship. He he can unlock it. Yeah, no, I'm talking about. Hang on, Carl. When he. Well, I'm, I'm talking about an episode. We might be talking about two different things. Um, in episode seven, he specifically tells Quill to get into the ship and like lock it up, like super tight defensive mode, right? Like yeah. that should be the default thing. Well, no, because that I thought that the super defensive mode implied that it's going to shoot anyone who approaches. With what? It has, it has guns on the ship. Well, yeah, but they only point forwards. Well, uh, yeah, do they have... Like, how is it going to shoot someone? How is how's, how's the ship going to shoot itself? Or, yeah. like, people below well, it trying I mean, to walk in? It's funny, right? I, like, I was kind of... When I, when, I, when I heard full defensive mode, I was kind of thinking, and this isn't shown, so I have no validity in saying this is what would have happened, right? Is that also someone... a, a gun turret would have popped up that rotated because spaceships uh, seem to always have hidden guns everywhere. We see it on the Millennium Falcon where we don't uh, see it suddenly on the ship. a gun pops down from the other thing and then points at people and fires at and stuff like that. Yeah, but that would be really useful to keep Carl Weathers off the ship later this episode, but he doesn't do it. But yeah, that would have prevented because, him from sinking uh, under the ship if he had Yeah, I, I know, I know, right? But yeah. um, Mandalorian, he... Uh, and we're like... How aware was he that that was going to happen when he landed the ship? That should be the default. Back to it? That's what I'm saying. Well, no, no, like, when he landed, the... no, 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 because if you have automatic fire on thing, and these there are families and kids in this um settlement, what? I don't you're know not where this automatic fire is coming from. Well, that's the thing. Like, I, like again, we, I don't have any justification that... for it, but I, I guess we'll have to find it. But I yeah, would almost the idea expect that there is that a, a hidden turret, a, a hidden automatic turret that pops out of the ship to fire on people. people yeah. is a in a really assumption that's based on nothing. It, you're absolutely but, right. I completely yeah, agree. Yeah, yeah. Except um, that we have seen it in Star Wars before on the Millennium Falcon. And someone said you need to be in the ship for full lockdown. If that is the case, then fair enough. Yeah. So, and just just on my point, we have seen it before though. The Millennium Falcon does it, and a gun pops out and shoots at people. And so yeah, but I uh, yeah, but like, that's the Millennium Falcon. And we well, know it has turrets. I know it's a stretch, but yeah. Like, so well, I, like, I will say this, all though. right. Here's my question. What would full lockdown do over just having it locked? I don't like, know. Um, I'm wait, not so sure. you would concede because... that he should have it locked then? Yeah, so that, that's my real point here is the point I'm trying to make is he should have it like locked always. Like when you leave your ship, you lock it so people can't just walk in. Well, that's the, I thought that would be the default, and full lockdown would be something that obviously has some measure of additional defense. Something else, that, like maybe it seems, only responds that to, to a me manual. Just that it was just implied by what full lockdown meant, and we've never seen it. And so, 
because we're not shown what full lockdown is and what it's capable of doing to repel people trying to get on board it, all we can assume is that it must be something better than just having the ship locked. Sure. I I can assume, yeah, like there's a difference, but I'm not ready to jump to the difference is a turret, a hidden turret that pops up and shoots. Well, well, I, I kind of assume that just because that's what we've seen in Star Wars previously, but if not, it obviously has to be something. Um, yeah. Uh, point is, the point is here. Lock your doors. <laughs> well, well, my po- because... my point, my counterpoint has always been getting that. You, I assumed that it was locked. Uh, not people just walk on board. Like well, Carl just walks on. That's it. what, that's one instance, and he could have hacked on because droids can open locks. Yeah, but that's still so going with a... stuff that there's no scene to support. I know, I know, but it's also yeah. implied and shown many times that you can. I don't know if it's implied that he hacks to get in. As far as I know, he just walks up to it and opens it. Yeah, Mando's well, not like Mando's not surprised if, if it was that it's like is, left is... open. I agree, but I just can't remember it being left in open. Fact, let that me though. go to episode one here and see if he has to do something to unlock. The <laughs> like someone just said, "Please moderate." What do you want me to do? Shut up, both of you! Like, no, they <laughs> they've got something to talk about. They can talk about it. Yeah, I just think it's lock lock your ship. Use a padlock if you gotta. <laughs> um, we we move in or are we not? Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, I think it's a tad risky of him to advertise his Beskar armor as he does in the cantina. I understand that it's uh, obviously a deterrent to try and shoot at him because his Beskar armor, but at the same time, it's like wearing a golden suit or something of a yeah. very valuable set piece. And I'm just like, careful. Yeah, but 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 would he ever not wear it and? I mean, yeah, yeah he's kind of, he's kind of, different things. you could probably it's, cover it's some of it with some cloak like, or poncho. I don't know, I, I think part of the thing about whole Mandalorian is presenting that I'm a Mandalorian, it's almost seems to be part of their religion that they, like, they, they, I mean, I'm willing to accept that, I just, if I was a friend of his, I'd be like, dude, be careful, maybe, I don't know, you know, you don't Yeah, and it would have been good to have a line or something like that, and then he's just like, no, this is my <laughs> honor, or something like that, and shut up, I'm wearing it, and it's like, oh, okay then. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, funny. I have uh, I have something maybe, like that. It, yeah, but... I have something like that in my book where the main character he has a sword that belonged to his well when he was you know like an emperor, an evil emperor, and it's imperious. It's this famous in, indestructible sword that everyone recognizes and is told like it's there's actually a conversation in the book saying you're not going to just walk around with that, are you? Everyone's going to recognize it, and so and anyway, yeah. And there does and and this isn't this is just me thinking, right? At what point does a culture's culture uh become so counterproductive and potentially self-destructive that you ditch it or cultural ties are very like i i I know that yeah but i'm just i'm curious at what point point of that culture's extinction if we're looking at history i'd say yeah but still i mean at what point are you like yeah maybe this part you know because like Django fett he could take off his helmet without a problem so I, there's probably, I'm, and I'm not discounting any reason why in lore so, so, to keep helmets on and stuff. You know, Django wasn't a Mandalorian. He was just right oh, I had, oh, I had no idea. Yeah, he, he was not. He stole it. He, he was not. Oh, wasn't well, not fair a enough. Mandalorian. Yeah. yeah well, all right. Fair enough then. Okay. Yeah, like I said, I'm mostly okay with it. It's just, uh, just something to think yeah. about. I was like, be careful. It was just, it was just amusing of mine, right? Because later yeah, on, I, we I, see later I agree. Episodes, I, I think it would be uh, it would add more consistency to what this is implied by having people trying to jump him just to steal the armor because he is wearing gold essentially like more better. Yeah. Um, um, 
it, it's I think it's really interesting because you have the whole don't take your helmet off thing and you can't do this and can't do that and you have to do this and only one person up at a time and they're clearly struggling and a lot of people there's a lot of unrest clearly. I'm just like I'm wondering at what point would it take for Mandalorians to be like, yeah, maybe we could adjust this, maybe we could change this. And everyone's like, ooh, Islam is like, okay, I guess there are no examples to a culture changing to fit anything. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, I I, well, I, I get you. Like, I know I know what happens. I know some I know cultures are obviously very deeply ingrained. I acknowledge that. Just amusing, just a thought, you know. In chat you got uh in uh in the old EU, uh Django and Boba were both Mandalorians in the EU, and then soon after you got uh Django wasn't even a Mando in the EU. It's like, really? I guess, so I guess chat disagrees with itself. Wrong. Somebody's my, wrong. My, all right, my resources when I did my video on Mandalorian, I looked up the Mandalorian armor to find out what it was made out of stuff, and it was listed several times on Wikipedia that Django and Boba were not Mandalorians. And that's yeah, that's fine with me. I, if, I, well, I don't, I don't here, if, if they aren't Mandalorians, almost. that's fair enough. If they are, something did change, which I'm, I'm ready to accept both. I'm just bringing it up as a thought. Um, I liked... It could have been retconned. It could have been that they were Mandalorians at, at one point and then it got retconned. Disney retconning lore? Who would have thought that? I liked that he got reminded of Baby Yoda by going to pull the lever. I yeah. Yes, good. I like that. The little knob on the... Yeah, I do right. like that. I think, yeah, well, see, for good. me, this episode was almost made by the kind of um, uh, heroic arc of him saying, no, I'm going to save this little guy's life and... Uh, and that, that that was great, and and it was uh, portrayed that the moment of decision was executed really well for me, and uh, and so I really liked this episode as well. Um, and even if it was like for a small, well, it's not a small reason. It's the whole you know theme of the episode, and uh, and you're like, yeah, cool, you know, go save him. Um, of all the things, I could will say. Go ahead. I mean, I think your thing is probably going to be more relevant. I'm moving on. I was going to say, in that aspect, I think it is, like, I, and I think this is uh, going back to what Fringy said earlier about having them, it feels rushed. Uh, as I said be in the beginning, I'm fine with the idea of him, like, becoming, like, a father figure or a savior to Baby Yoda. I do feel with only eight episodes, and some of them having nothing to do with the plot or advancing it in any way, they kind of rush that a bit. Yep. Um, I really wish we got more development on that. I really wish Same we got here. more justification but for why did he choose Baby Yoda when it turns out that his actions there got all of the Mandalorians killed and caused all this, all these problems. A lot of and them. It, I, hang on, yeah. hang on. Are you sure? Because I thought I was thoroughly justified when you find out that he was essentially the same as Baby Yoda. He was a... Uh, yeah, but nothing is the same. I know and, why. and he has a I, soft I spot to, to foundlings. Yeah, I, I thought I, that was... Right. I understand why he did, but I think they should have taken, they should have taken more time building it up Show uh, us what it was showing... like before, you know? Like, don't, you know, it'd be worth, it'll make it more interesting to have all this time where he's really hardened and really cold like he was in the first half of, like he was in episode one when I really liked him, and then uh, and then build up to it. And then over time, we the mystery unravels and it becomes more apparent why he made that decision. Because if we hadn't yes. seen any of the flashbacks, it would have been, and it was the end of season one, everybody would have been like, wow, holy shit. Like, this is not something they would have expected. You know and what I mean? chat's like, they all didn't die. Is like, okay, the, survi the survivor yeah. says some may have escaped. Oh, no, 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 hang yeah, on, hang on, hang on. Be specific. There was no guarantee that they would have 
died at all. He had no indication that this action was going to cause the death. So yeah, he, that, he that, had to yeah, know he, that it was. He actually no. Yeah, he it said was you've got to, You have to move now, and his assumption was that they were going to move and be fine. And then they just did. So, so like, I know that that's a so plot hole that they didn't move. But, but from this is shifting a problem from one person to another. Yeah, yeah. Well, it should because if the main character is so crucial to the story, you should, you know, figure out what but is he, legitimately he his fault or not. This would put him at odds with the guild, which would really hurt the reputation of the Mandalorians, which would specifically give the Empire and the more reason to hunt Mandalorians, which I think is interesting because while they used to, it's clear that I forget his name, Hurt Werner Werner Herzog Herzog, I forget the name. He clearly had some level of connection. He, like he wanted to see the Mandalorians succeed in a way, but that's gone now essentially no, see, because of like, this betrayal. No, hang on, because like, it causes was, a lot of problems by doing it, this. For, it does. It does. I was going. half expecting that the other Mandalorians were going to ex exile him or hunt him down for that's what I thought. Uh, causing. Yeah. Uh, but that's that's the thing. From his perspective, that could have been a legitimate outcome, and it just goes that it was even a greater risk and even more noble of him to risk so much to save this little guy's life because well, he's risking his own, um, uh, you know, exile from his religion and people. And then, luckily for him, and I don't think this is a stretch that it was convenient today, that the Mandalorian showed, no, we're loyal to our own, we're going to protect you. And then, um, uh, as a result, we need a move, we'll be fine. And so... It wasn't him like saying screw you to the, his own race because with the intention that now you're going to die. No, I, I, I think um, it was perfectly justified for Yeah, and one of the reasons why they should have spent more time is because he has to weigh the people who saved his life, who took him in, who trained him, his ray, who raised him, his family essentially, over a creature that he just met. Yeah, like that get, could be a really yeah, cool thing. I get thing, why but... he did, but I think they really needed to push just the like why he weigh why he weighed one better than the other well for me it was perfectly fine i i, I found the indecision conveyed subtly but powerfully with uh, just his body language and the callback to you know um uh, the little knob thing and then it was fully justified when we find out that he was basically the same um and so, it's just, I feel like it's just not potent enough. I feel like all you needed to do was yeah, take longer with it like and give me, them more, say, and it would have been more potent. Like it, I, I feel you couldn't criticize it as an objective fault. This would be a subjective thing. And for me, it was fine. Yeah, I don't think it's objective, but I, I definitely... I think they could have done yeah, it better, though. I do yeah, think, I think that the alternative is better. better. Yeah, I think the alternative is better. Yeah. I would have been happy to have maybe one or two or many scenes of just him and Baby Yoda hanging out. Yeah, exactly. Maybe like you, you should just prolong the amount of time. I know, spent. like you're. I'm not saying it wouldn't improve it, but I think the fact that Baby Yoda legitimately saved his life was enough for him to be justified in what he did. And oh yeah, I'm just, I'm just saying, a little more flash is all I'm after. That's all. Mm -hmm. Um. And, so, and, and like, I get like the stuff chat saying. Like, I get that he sees the foundling thing in Yoda. Like, I get it. I, I really get it. We all get this it. Yes. A, not concept that we have a problem with. And as like I see like Mando's protect their own is like sure, but to the point like at what point do you say, Nah, we gotta you know, cut you. This loose. is gonna yeah. ruin everything for everybody. Yeah, to I wasn't stopped. You know, personally, I'm not a guy. fan of how they protected him despite him like majorly breaking rules. Like, 
What he well, did. Hang on, hang on. He didn't. Hey, guys, he didn't break Mandalorian rules. He no, I didn't say that. Rules. In actual fact, it seemed like he was obeying the Mandalorian creed because it's already established that Mandalorians protect younglings. Like, Wait, you know, families. So, and surely that causes them problems a lot in the bounty hunting business. Pro it probably does then. Um, but like, how often would bounties come up for babies? So I wouldn't say. Uh, all well, the I mean, time. children, right? Foundlings are children. So how well, often in, do bounties come up well, for children? Like, probably in the Star enough. Wars context, and I think you could even expand this to the expanded universe. I think this is the first one ever portrayed in Star Wars, and so maybe there is a rule that bounties are not done on children. I don't know. Because this is 50 years old, so it's Why like, did he it's, a little, it? oh, it's, it's a yeah. way to get around the rule that this isn't a child, it's 50 years old, but in actual fact it is because the species Yeah, my thing is that, when does, like, will you go, like, is the life of Mando worth all of the stress and the trouble and the danger that comes along to everybody else? To protect him, like I'm, I'm curious how far well, see, they will no, go. It, it's actually to protect Baby Yoda, and honestly, it makes me like the Mandalorian Creed even more that they would risk the lives of their entire clan to save one child. That that's like, that's awesome. You guys are boss. Like, I think yeah, they're cool. really boss. Yeah. yeah. Um, my yeah, the the if we were to reach a core issue, it's just they were really uh, crazy to have not have left as soon as possible. And I don't believe they would have lost to an yeah, army of stormtroopers. Like even a hundred stormtroopers, I, I feel like they would have annihilated them. Yeah, yeah, I agree completely. The the, the true criticism uh, that it happens after this is that they don't leave and then they get wiped out and they're so tough. And it's like, what? What? How did mm -hmm. that happen? Come on. Um, what I was gonna say next up is uh, Mando is just doing doing a little detective work, spying, and um, he manages to catch. Extract the necessary material and be done with it. Hurry, I can't guarantee your safety. Basically, he catches a line that's explicit about Yoda is, is going to be killed soon. Like, of all the things he could have heard, which would be that's including and not limited to toilet sounds or people just breathing, uh, just nothing. Do you remember, uh, Mola, do you remember that episode of Community where they're, they're telling Halloween stories and then Abed says, you know, like, he turns on the radio and they're listening to music for a while. It's like, well, they're not going to turn it on exactly when the important update <laughs> is. And then, and then I skip the update. It's like, according to the update we just heard, but not just just heard. Yeah. <laughs> I love community and you're absolutely yeah. right. I, I love that. Yeah. And you're right. Like if I was say writing this, I would have had to have had, I would have Put written a little bit more was, meat on He was it. there yeah. standing for a while you need it. doing reconnaissance. Yeah. You don't need so, it. Yeah, that's, it's he's, an easy fix. But... He's already interested in saving Baby Yoda, and he already knows that they're going to do something to him that's not good. Like, he doesn't need this motive. Like, he doesn't need to hear them say, Meh we're going to kill Baby Yoda. Meh it's just like, no, just go get him. I know We all know you want to get and him. He can see people through walls. I'm curious. Uh, there's a lot of things they could have done to fix what is very clearly a super contrivance. Well, I don't, I wouldn't say it's it's obviously contrivance. I would I would class something as super contrivance if it was crucial to the plot for, to progress forward, and this isn't. This is just a thing. I guess um, it confirms something he already did. So yeah, and yeah. that's yeah. I mean, it just the going by odds, it is like whew, super lucky. Yeah, it's just unlikely. Yep. That's all. Um, yep. what else we got? Let's see, what do we got? So I've when got, he's, he's um, blasting through, I mean, there was the classic Stormtrooper is missing, and like even for me, that's, the Stormtrooper was so close that they still missed. And then, of course, it hits the armor as well. But yeah, then he, he does of... act tough and take him out other ones in like cool, tough ways. And so it's yeah, a big there's, bag overall. 
there's times in this fight, I thought the fights were really tis me. Uh, there are times where stormtroopers clearly should have shot him, but they didn't. Mm -hmm. And also he, he get he opens a door and instantly gets shot, luckily right in the shoulder. Um, yeah. said, it's uh, clearly so we don't feel bad when he kills all of them, you dummy. It's like, I, I don't think we would have really cared either way. I would have <laughs> felt too bad about the stormtroopers Stormtroopers, yeah. <laughs> I didn't need, any, didn't need any extra uh, motivation to be like, oh, not too bad, stormtroopers die. But um, I do think that, and, and I, don't, I don't count this against the show, because you know, I can't count against the show, because it wasn't something that wasn't in there I thought could be better moving on, but... I, I would have been really, really curious, and I kind of wished, and I was hoping, and this, I think it would have been better, if they spent time and gave us something about stormtroopers that makes me go, why are they still stormtroopers, right? Like, the Empire has collapsed. The Empire is very, very weak. They are, the, these guys clearly are not well supplied. Their armor isn't maintained, and yet still here they are. Why are they here? Why do they still wear the armor? Why didn't they you know chuck the armor away and go live a normal life? How come they're still going through this? Is it because they need money? Is it because they have an ideological reason for it? I think it could have been interesting to explore the mind of what happens to stormtroopers after the collapse of the Empire and what they choose to do. I agree, actually. I find it interesting that stormtroopers are still so loyal after the fall of the Empire. I mean, you know, brainwashing or something? Uh, uh... Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. So he's like annihilating everybody in this place, and I found it really weird that he walks into a room that's empty, a door opens, and he sees two troopers approaching him, he just chooses not to shoot them, and like, th this goes on for a little bit, and then people turn up behind him, and he's like, okay guys, you know, I give up, and then he's gonna use his new gadget that he got earlier. But it just it just struck me as odd. It's like, why wouldn't he just shoot them? Why didn't he just shoot yeah, them as soon as that door opened? Yeah, there's opened? a lot of those in this episode. We see it in later episodes, and we highlight it where if you would have just shot the person here, it would have been done. This happens a lot in later episodes where they just don't He's got the drop on him, too. There. And I just don't yeah. get it. Yeah, and but I, I They get I to have their little 10-second cat-mouse thing. We know why it's there. They just wanted to, like... I know yeah, it's it not excuse it, but it's to, no, it's to show the whistling birds. Look, he used a cool thing. Oh, I was referring to yeah, I was I was referring to the, an earlier part, but yeah, in that in those two, it's like yeah, um, yeah, when enemies pop up on your screen, you shoot them. Um, Check the shop. What else we got? So, up to now, I'm not seeing massive, like, episode-breaking flaws. There are flaws, but they're, they're small, and they don't ruin the enjoyment for it overall, I find. I mean, I wouldn't call what we've highlighted small, but the thing is, the things that we've got to highlight to come are so enormous that I wouldn't really care to call these... Okay. I wouldn't care if you called these small or not. <laughs> okay, I again, I gotta address the chat. So, is it Rags complaining that the troopers are slower to shoot than Mando is silly? Fucker, that is not what I said. That is not what you said. <laughs> there are clearly times when stormtroopers have him right in front of them, and Mando's not even facing him, and they just don't take the shot. Well, I am I not complaining that troopers are slower than Mando. You extrapolating what I said to that is that's a problem on you. I do um... not expect stormtroopers to be able to one on one beat Mando. I'm like this is ridiculous. This is the this is the stuff we need to avoid. Carry on, though. I guess, uh... It's kind of, like, it's it's interesting. I feel a level of empathy for, uh, Carl Weathers. Being like, I got you this job, Kinda. you completed it, you got loads of money, I did too, now you're, like, fucking it all up for everybody. And then he, like, has... You know, from Carl Weathers' point of view, it's like, wow, and your, your team of Mandalorians... Right 
kill like all of my bounty guild. <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, geez. I mean, I mean, think about it from the perspective that Mando hey, hey, completed hey, the hey, bounty, got paid, and made his fucking right. armor, and then he's like, "Lol, nah, I'm gonna go get." Wait, 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 hang on. This this isn't a criticism against the plot of the episode. Oh, it's a criticism right? against Mando. No, no, I, I agree. He's fully justified <laughs> in being ticked off. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that Mando no, wasn't not, justified. I'm not criticizing. Okay, okay, I'm not good. That criticizing actually show, can I'm be saying, like... it can be turned into a criticism by the time you hit episode eight, where Mando is like, "Carl Weathers, did you kill the Mandalorians?" Mm -hmm. He's like really pissed at him, and it's like, "Motherfucker, maybe he did. What if he did? What if he did? He you killed all of his men after you betrayed him. Like, I just after it really you frustrated got paid me as well. You yeah. got paid. You accepted the payment, and then you betrayed him. So yeah, what if he did?" It's such a weird, like, <laughs> moral grandstand. It's like, you did that to well, it's me. Like, it's, it, it honestly reminds me of Batwoman, that part. You know, yeah, where it's just bit. like... Oh. Well, well, there is a distinction in that the, the, um, the bounty hunters are not on the same moral level as the Mandalorians, because they're willing to, you know, kidnap children off to be executed by whoever's paying them. And so, I mean... Even the fact that Mandalorian betrays the bounty hunter guilds isn't a bad thing. Is a bounty hunter culpable guys. for the bad things that they do on behalf of their clients? Well, they should be. If you're willing to do evil for just getting paid, that is. Well, evil. you're not doing it. You're just doing what they want. You're, you're, faci you to do. you're facilitating it. You're carrying. Okay, it yeah, sure. I, I mean, I'm not sure that I disagree. I'm, it's just an interesting little. Uh, yeah. and, I, and I also bounty don't. Bounty hunters aren't morally good people unless they have like a stance that they won't do. You know like kidnap babies to be executed well, no, I mean, there's, there's one bounty hunting is a neutral profession that can go either way based on yeah, what yeah, i would agree know. there and perhaps it's yeah. based on but anyone who is then willing to try and take the uh, baby yoda bounty and carry it through is by definition evil because yes that's i would say that that is definitely a moral flaw um one thing i will say though i guess if we're talking about it even though you could say that uh, Mando is not like directly in the most personal personal way responsible for the deaths of the Mandalorians. I would expect him to have like it yeah. on his conscience in some way. Yeah. I agree. I think that like that should be a good point of um, conflict that he might blame himself somewhat. He didn't know it would happen, and he and you know the Mandalorians should have left a long yeah, time before. Yeah, but, but I agree. Like, uh, yeah, I, it would be interesting for as we go on. Whenever he looks at Baby Yoda. He sees the faces of all the Mandalorians who died because mm -hmm. of stuff that he did and the, the results this of things. Be, this would have been a great season like, three plot point. The thing is, it can easily be justified that the Mandalorians could have a creed that you do not mourn those that die in fulfilling the creed. And so it could be something... And so it depends, like, there are a lot of ways to spin it, in all honesty. I feel like they won't, though. That's the problem. I feel like they're not going to do this. And uh, someone said, "What they didn't shoot him? The stormtroopers didn't shoot him on spot when they surrounded him because he saw a baby on his arm." I'm not referring to that. I'm referring to something that happened beforehand, where a stormtrooper. But also, German right beneath, right behind him, and just but doesn't. German man at this point doesn't even really give a shit at this point if he gets killed. Remember, German man doesn't care about Baby Yoda being alive anymore. But do, yeah, true, but do the stormtroopers know that? And like, they're well, probably maybe, not privy to not. all the progress of things, and all they knew is that this is a valuable thing that this bounty hunter was told to get, and now he's trying to steal it. And even if they knew that much, I don't know. And he does sell, like, he tells them, what I'm holding is valuable. Um, and that might have been enough, so. Yeah, at, at that point, I definitely believe why they wouldn't shoot him. Uh, the ones in the back, eh, maybe not so much, but still, I totally get it. It's not a problem. I don't have any problem with that scene. Um, 
I, I'm referring to earlier on before he gets um, before he gets uh, Baby Yoda. You know, I, I just checked the script. So after he says, I order you to extract the necessary material and be done with it, um, he follows up with saying, he, he has explicitly ordered us to bring it back alive. Um, if, is that Moff Gideon they're referring to? The guy who fires at them with a TIE fighter when they're holding Baby Yoda? Uh, I can't remember. Because, man. Yeah, because in episode <laughs> 8, Oh, look, they've got Baby Yoda that I need, and I'm just gonna pew pew shoot him with Oh, poison. but also, the bounty hunter who was trying to kill Mando in episode 5 would have blown up the ship. Not to mention the IG, the IG unit as well. Apparently he was supposed to kill Baby Yoda, but oh, Moff Gideon wants no. it alive. Oh, no. <laughs> it's falling apart again. I, I lost track of the conversation, sorry. Uh, um, I gotta use the loo anyway, so I'll be right back. Oh, well, so, um... The, the, the Werner Herzog says, um, extract what you need and be done with it. Um, he, it says he wants uh, the specimen alive or something like that. Uh, okay, which referring is, to the, the, the higher up, the guy in the TIE fighter, yeah. We assume Gideon, yeah, because he seems to answer to yeah. Gideon. Um, which is interesting, because the IG unit was told to, to kill it, definitively. Yeah. Um, and and I, obviously... That's a contradiction. The bounty hunter in episode 5 would obviously, if it destroyed Mando's ship, Baby Yoda's gonna be floating around. <laughs> like, oh, maybe it could layer. It could do the layer thing. <laughs> um. Yeah, and even when a Herzog said that you could do it dead or alive, so I'm just confused. That means we're up to episode four now, right? I think yeah, so. Yeah, it's interesting. It is. Oh, it's good. very interesting what Moff wants at the end because he still wants Yoda, but then they've extracted what they needed, have they, or what? Like, or maybe they have extracted what they needed, but it's useful to have more so having the original source oh the only other thing was it's surprising how many of them have the jetpack and yet all of them aren't allowed to leave that place more than one at a time and he doesn't have a jetpack and he's the one who's bounty hunting you know what i mean hmm. i i get apparently you have to earn it i guess does she does she mention that i don't really know yeah there's nothing like it, it is strange for me there's only one out at a time uh, because kind of be useful to have more you guys are tough are they staying there to protect it but that didn't seem to work out for them did it uh, so i don't know um it's not explained um all right and yeah i'm happy to move on to episode four yeah here we go here's the good stuff <laughs> here we go uh, we should wait for rags for this one. Oh he no yeah he will he will want to be here i'm sure I think you know um, that this is this so, has uh, so, been an adventure. Just just putting it out there already. It's five hours. <laughs> well, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Oh gosh, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to stay for the whole episodes. But you, who who else are you going to have to try and defend this? Thing? I suppose we will have to be very calm and just state our criticisms, and then people may make of them what they will, as opposed to saying they are definitive flaws. Uh, I. Drinker, he um he didn't mind it. He said it was flawed, but overly overall he enjoyed it enough. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe it would still be too late if you could get him on board. I... Well, yeah. The other problem is that we do actually need to round it off eventually to make sure we can get. I know. And <laughs> I'm not going to be able to come back for a while to finish it off. That so is all right. Oh, no. We will. We will have you back the moment we can. Um. So, well, we can still talk about some things. Like, I mean, the fight at the end where he jumps behind the uh, 
the ship and suddenly the ship it can block all blaster bolts and it's just made out of trashy well i assume it must be made out of durasteel like it durasteel is the common type of steel yeah. everything's made out of because my goodness that stuff gives him full protection for a good while um and as to how much cover he has i think he has a decent amount it was good that he was jumping into cover so that's all right mm-hmm. and then when he disintegrates a few of them that certainly would scare off and not like his like and I wonder how how exceptional his pulse rifle is because people are surprised by it, yet they're also familiar with it because the the girl lady in episode four she's like, "Give me the pulse rifle," so she's familiar with that kind of thing. Yet we've never seen anything like that in Star Wars before, have we? Because that's a full on disintegration gun. Yeah, um, I assume they they drew that out of um, Vader saying to Boba, "No disintegrations." Like. Does he? I missed that. Yeah, he's because he said he wants the the bounties alive. So I just assumed that that's where they were like, "Hey, that means bounty hunters or Mandalorians have disintegration capabilities." Cool. Um, you know, now that I think of it, while Rags is away, I should go to the toilet as well, or do you have to wait until he comes back? So <laughs> no, no, you go yeah, for so, it. Go for it. So you're pretty. I'll be back in a sec. Mm-hmm. We're on the cusp of episode four, finally. Yeah, I know it's exciting because this is when it just deteriorates completely. Did a poopy in his pantyhole? <laughs> uh, I guess for for the reference for how it was when we were watching the show by episode four, I was still on the show side, even though episode three was. Mm, I got know. very frustrated then, with four. I felt insulted. <laughs> I was like, "This is ridiculous." Yeah, four, four was um yeah, and it, and I wasn't the only one. I think most people seem to agree that four was really bad. Like four. I've seen people stuck. saying four and five are the weakest ones, and then six is really good, the Bill Burr one, which will be interesting okay, if we can six. talk about it. I don't really like six either. No, I don't either. <laughs> I mean, four and five are the low point, I would say, yeah. Um, And then I guess it picks back up a bit in episode seven, but then it kind of falls back down again. There's a comment in chat. I don't even want to watch the shows the, the way that Bullard rags do. I'm amazed they like anything. Um... Are you, uh, yeah, I guess you're new to the channel. <laughs> we, yeah, we do. So we like stuff that makes sense a lot of the time. Um, I like plenty of stuff that doesn't make sense. Uh, mm-hmm. The way we try and figure this stuff out is that sometimes, whether I like a thing or not, I have to acknowledge that there is a flaw within it, and vice versa. I might hate something a lot, but I have to recognize that it's particularly well made. And that's what these discussions are for, to try and explore whether or not something was uh, well made or not. Um, yeah. For example, a uh, pretty easy one is just Lord of the Rings. I'm pretty sure all four of us here think that Lord of the Rings is incredible, and uh, yep. the writing is staggeringly strong. Um, yep. But there's there's, there's a lot of that, stuff. Uh, it's well, I mean, a good example of that. It's good, but I don't. And this isn't for me because I love this movie. But the the common example of this is good, but I don't like it Who's is back? Blade Runner. Blade yeah, Runner Blade Runner, amazing. Citizen Kane. Whether or not you find it boring. People say it about 2001, people say it about... Uh... Yeah, people say it about a lot of really good movies. But they are good, whether or not you like them, right? And then conversely, Venom. I like Venom, but it's bad. <laughs> it's really bad. Hmm. Are we still on episode three? Well, we, we... We're about to go to episode four. We're on to episode uh, four, we're waiting boy. for you, but uh, Shanda decided to go to the toilet as well, so... And then oh we, we, were, we were explaining to chat that, uh, no, we don't in fact hate everything. Yeah. 
Oh yeah, it's just that this problem, this like these were the best episodes, and they have a bunch of little problems, and all of these little problems adds up. Some of these I wouldn't call little problems. Like, for instance, him not using thermal vision directly results into him almost getting killed, and he has to be saved by Baby Yoda. Like that's not a little thing. Like those are the things that stack up and stack up, and it only gets worse from here. Would you say it ruins the episode though? That the episode is still um, fully enjoyable. Yeah, that kind of stuff. It certainly adds to the pile for me. That's the kind of stuff that ruins it for me, like or adds to ruining it for me. I can't unsee it. Like it's not stuff that I can't see. Um. But sub like subjective, I I just can't not see that stuff. And yeah, I and I get that. I mean, it. but I well, the thing is, I definitely see why people like this, which is why people who do like it, like I don't have a hatred for Mandalorian as a show. I just think it's bad. Mm -hmm. I don't like. I have a hatred for the Last Jedi. You yeah. know yeah. what I, I find interesting? Yeah, is that I think there are things that I have criticized and say Rise of Skywalker and Jedi. And some of them were on, like, they were, uh, you could say, are as small as some of the things I'm defending in this one. And the difference is, I think, is that there was enough good in Mandalorian to help me just, and I admit, like, the the, the uh, thermal thing, in the, that's a legitimate problem. And I don't think there is a real valid crit uh, defense for it, except for making up something that he didn't have it beforehand, which isn't valid because there's nothing saying it. And so that that's completely valid, but I can ignore, or I... I am willing to ignore it. I think that's the difference. I, I, I acknowledge it, but I'm willing to ignore it because there's enough good for me to enjoy. When there's no good for me to enjoy or barely anything, I'm not going to ignore anything because it doesn't deserve it. Mm -hmm. It's like, no. Yeah. yeah like there's, there's plenty of bad stuff that we see um, that we like. Um, but like subjective stuff is that's the thing about subjectivity. And that's why we treat it differently from objectivity. Like well, it's not, subjectivity yeah. isn't consistent. You know, that's, it's, it's a weird kind of thing yeah, i just can't not see stuff like i do yeah my contention is that there is a decent amount of objectively good things in the mandalorian to make it good overall generally not in every episode don't get me wrong but I, especially with the episodes we've covered so far to me i think those are mostly good episodes there's problems but i mean i, I don't know like, i would say a lot of your defenses were a lot of inferences um lots of yeah, extrapolations were, yeah i agree some were more uh, based like there were some that were actually based on what is implied in the story sure. and some were completely more kind of uh leaps i fully admit that but the ones that are based on things you can actually point towards have more validity as defense do we um, want to get to episode yeah episode four, episode four. so yeah. where to begin i suppose um... <laughs> at the beginning let's do this so, uh, I guess, should we just establish, the raiders at the beginning, they seem to be interested in stealing food and then leaving. They don't, they only, they destroy a droid for some reason, but other than that, they don't destroy much. And the implication being that they're doing that sort of, um, raiding, like pillaging, where, where they're like, we will attack this farming, you know, out, outset place every once in a while, take their food, and it'll just be a common source for us. Like, that seems to be their goal, right? You just have to yeah, it yeah, seems to be what it is. It's uh -huh. definitely a recurring thing, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, now, yeah, you bring that up there's some stuff there's a contradiction later on based on that. It's just, it's just good to keep it in mind. Uh, it may not come up again. I'm just making sure for my own sort of framing of this whole thing. Um, yeah, Pre-production is never fully explained in the Star Wars universe. It does seem that they rely on farming, moisture farming, whatever that really means. And, and um, 
old school well, here it seems to be shrimp yeah and so they don't have like replicators or advanced you know um industrial I mean, scale farming but it's, it's interesting about that they i and and it's nearby they are aware of a settlement that is like a, essentially like a small town it's like a step up from theirs that i assume that they do trade with on occasion because these people do have access to droids and floating barges and basic stuff like that um so f first things first i guess then because we've talked about fobs and stuff so i don't want to repeat any of that uh the way mando happens to fly to this place is a way that he is spotted by the village people and uh they assume just from him arriving that he'll be somebody that they can sort of get to help them even though when he when they talk to him they say that his armor is what gave him away as being someone that can help him uh, help them sorry mm -hmm. so i found that very strange it is odd. I mean, it would have made sense that they could infer that's a gunship that has big guns on it, so that might be someone who could help us out. Could yeah, be someone who could, uh, who could, who could kill us. Ship could help. Um, but but hmm. you know, it's something. It's something to go off. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. Um, oh. Like he's really weird with Baby Yoda in this episode. First of all, he's like, "Stay on the ship on your own, okay? I'll buy." And then Baby Yoda's clearly gonna keep up with him. And it's like, okay, he just lets him walk along with him and they do the movie magic thing where baby yoda just keeps managing to not only keep ahead of uh, keep up with mandalorian but somehow get ahead of him when he walks at like incredibly low speeds and then they'll, they'll show like mando's clearly getting way further ahead of him and you might be like why are you bringing this up and it's like yeah. well because uh baby yoda's clearly like vulnerable um and mando doesn't seem to give a shit to the point where baby yoda could have been eaten by that cat monster it's just like eh. yeah men Mando shows a very, very inconsistent care for this thing in the most basic and common sense kind of ways that go Sorry. past, oh, you're you're not a parent, you wouldn't understand. Yeah, this thought... goes into just common yeah, sense. Yeah, I, like, I agree. So I actually agree with this, but I'm just doing the whole devil's advocate thing. Yeah, go for it. If there's any defense, all right. Could it be that Mandalorians have a very, basically, tough love mentality? If you're not going to be tough enough to fight off a, a cat, you're not going to be tough enough to live by the way. So they have a very much, you have to handle things even when you're little starting out from the outset. Could that be the answer? I don't I think mean, that. They, I mean, it, it would, they would have to really specify that because he doesn't seem to do anything in the show that would have him, especially at this point, think that this is a, this child needs to defend itself and be tough and be strong. He doesn't. I agree, and and he's not yeah. raising it as a uh, as a foundling yet. So no. yeah, exactly. But it, I mean, it could that be, would an be an instinctual thing. Idea, that's the, yeah, to... it could be an instinctual thing, even though it's not a foundling. This is just how he feels kids are raised, and he just you know got to handle yourself a bit even at, at that age. So but then, why would he keep putting him back on the ship then? Why would he keep putting him back in this thing whenever he gets out? Well, I mean, he knows that it, <laughs> it looks like maybe uh, he can get off the ship whenever he wants, but. From this episode, he does think the ship would hold him in, but his following so fine, come along with me anyway. Well, and he gives the coin to the lady and like the the somewhere, yeah. but he he just says come with them. I know that'd be Doesn't extra interesting to find out why he like does he like his company. Like we're not given anything as to why. Well, he says it just this, seems but... to be that he's incompetent. That's the that seems to be the no. impression. I think that's an uncharitable way of looking at it. Well, I mean, no, I why, think he's definitely no, incompetent. Think about especially especially like, with Baby Yoda at this point. Baby Yoda's following him. Is like, right, we're we're laying low. You want to come? Sure, come along. Yeah, but then well, think only, about he's... how it 
in episode five, he just leaves him at Moss. I like he leaves him at the spaceport. They, I, 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 hang out. on, hang on. There are points when it is like you, you should have been looking after him more. But yeah, we're like, looking at there this are some episode, insane things he does. Like yeah, that, yeah. in this nuts. instance right here, um, I don't think it's incompetence. It's just like you want to come along, sure. Yeah, but then afterwards he he tells some woman like look after him, and it's like yeah, you don't we'll, know we're her. We're definitely like, gonna get to that. <laughs> you is... don't know who she is. Also, I want to. Um, yeah. I don't know that it's wise to devil's advocate every single thing that exists. Like, I mean, pick the bowels, I suppose. Because <laughs> if I said like two plus two is four, then you go, well, what if numbers aren't real? I'd be like, no, okay. Come on, guys. When you say something that's indefensible, I agree with you. And I've done that multiple times already. I'm just saying, I, I do want to challenge things when I think there is a valid enough defense that's worth putting towards it. I know I sometimes I haven't where I've gone too far. But... The tough love defense seems uh, shaky at best. And it's not mentioned at all. Yeah, I agree. Um... Um, but yeah, it, it is weird to see how New Planet, he was walking through the forest, he doesn't carry baby yoda with him he's like just walk and with it's, me it's weird to leave him so open when he's checking this planet to see it's suitable to be here so for all he knows anyone could be here right now that's dangerous yeah, in fact he ends up getting into a fist fight check it out very soon yeah okay. he, he and takes... i agree with you there that i think it's it's fine to have yoda come along but the fact that he is not protecting or cautious of him very much at all is a, like and I, yeah, you're right. The tough love thing doesn't really explain, especially with Yoda's value kind of thing, and he doesn't know that there might be yeah. other bounty hunters on the planet. It's, it's one thing for him to check the town out and then bring him in later, but to just right off the bat display him so openly and irresponsibly, very like, oh, I thought this thing was every you like you gave up a lot for this kid, like you should take care of him. Um, uh, Cara Dune, we know that she's in hiding. And later on, she has to cover up her uh, her arm on on Navarro to avoid people detecting that she's used ex rebel or whatever. I'm just like, why wouldn't she always have that covered? If she's she in hiding, she only covers it up when they wouldn't, have to deal it, with storms. Would it go in her favor that she's ex rebel most of the time? I don't know because she said that she's on the um, run. She's got life sentences uh, to deal with if the Republic ever found her. Yeah, she said she's done things that would put her in a life sentence. We learned this, I think, at the end of this episode. No, we did learn this. Uh, is that the end of? No, I, it's it's when he comes back for her the second time. Yeah, that's when we learn about it. But this is still knowledge that the characters have at this. It time. seems weird that she because it's it, you know it's very advertised. That's, I guess that's what I'm going with. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, it's funny that the the waitress offers to give Mando broth. And alcohol, I assume it's like a flagon or something. And I just like, does he have a, a bendy straw or like, how does he? <laughs> I see. I, and maybe maybe there's a straw thing that will like he can pull down from underneath the visor that he could just suck on. <laughs> I mean, I would, I would, if I was a Mandalorian, I legitimately. You what? Like it's silly, sure. You, you but I would want what? a straw yeah. that I could just stick up yeah. my helmet. You know, I think they just wouldn't show us that because it would just it would just it would be hard to not take it. It would just you'd be laughing yeah, at it. Just, it's just it's weird that she would offer well. him a drink when he clearly said in the man that you know stuff. It's, but it's odd. But also he gives her he gives her money and she doesn't tell him anything. And to well, trust to, yeah. to trust it to look after Baby Yoda is just like damn, dude. That's insane. Careful there, and she literally doesn't like. <laughs> Yeah, that's, yeah, that's crazy. Maybe he just walks off and. Does it. And and you'd think that if he did that, 
like he would be really cross with her he'd go back in and say give me my money back or something but he's not you know? yeah, he but just he just kind of he just like oh well i guess i just wasted my money for nothing with this person and they put the baby in jeopardy and oh well i guess you know um yes and i know that fringy can attest to this uh because he literally did it while watching the episode if i remember correctly but when Mando's chasing her footprints, he takes a really long time to assume the first thing would have happened, which is she's above you. He's yeah. like, hmm, where could she have gone? <laughs> like, yeah. It's like she disappeared like, into thin air. And it's like, dude. Just look up. <laughs> also, he doesn't use his wall of vision to oh, look and Also, her. yeah, when, when I'm not sure if you just said it. I think I might have zoned out. But like when they point guns at each other's heads, it's like... You you know you can just shoot her and she can't kill you, right? You've got this big best guy steel <laughs> helmet. Just blow her brains out. She can't kill well, you. There's a lot of She's issues with this her. fight. Uh this is the thing. We might just machine gun this episode because there's so much yeah. wrong with it. She so to clarify first, she punches a wooden panel when he dodges a punch and she's like, Oof, I've got the screenshot right now. Yet she punches yeah. his helmet four times his in this fight and, and she's fine. Yeah. Best guy steel. You can slam that thing to the point where he gets, like, punted straight into the ground and it's just not gonna bother her, because a, a lot of people were like, she's wearing special gauntlets, like, nah, hitting wood hurts her, but hitting <laughs> stuff that's stronger than Durasteel doesn't, it's like, okay. It's funny, all they needed to do was not show her getting hurt by hitting the wood, yeah, they did that too. Because I can get how punching a wall that's solid would hurt. But, uh, like, come on, you're still punching. Like, I know that armor will have a little give on someone's face. It looks but like they're just on, panels. Still punching steel. Yeah, yeah it's so, like. Someone ugh. said that uh, Mando didn't want to kill her. Why not? She, yeah, for all he, he knows, him. she's a bounty hunter trying to get Baby Yoda. I just think it's funny that she's point. aiming her gun at his fucking Beskar steel. Yeah, it's like they both pull. It's like it's one of those things where they both pull guns. They're pointing at each other for some reason. Mando isn't like, oh, she can't hurt me because she's aiming at my best car, and he just kills her there, right there. And they have that pause so that then they could go, then they could hear Baby Yoda next to him. It's like, and oh, okay. Something that Rags right. pointed out when we were watching this. So he, there's several points where he's grappling her, which would be a fantastic time to activate the flamethrower. Instead, he chooses to activate it when he has like no way of aiming it at her and telegraphs it usually so she can just stop it immediately. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Like, this whole fight is relatively frustrating, and I know a lot of people really enjoyed it, I just, uh, I don't get so many of the things that happen in it, it's just, like, the someone hell. saying, weren't you and, uh, someone say, Fringy, weren't you and Rags literally earlier the sniper lady should have shot Mando in the head to kill him, but her doing it wouldn't? Uh, she has a blaster that we know just bounces right off of him. Yeah, whereas she had a giant I'm pretty sure you advocated for yeah, yeah. um, his head would possibly kill him because of the amount yeah, of damage possibly. it does to the chest plate. Yes, and also yeah. she's a lot closer now, so it's a much more powerful rifle. Yeah, like, yeah. the better Very thing, bad, and we kept saying it was bad. aim for the neck yeah. because there's no armor there at all. Yeah, and you, you did You did clarify neck guys. as well, so... You yeah. can't get yeah, us on this one. Give it up. Things. You're not going to get us on this one. Yeah. <laughs> this is on. not a good one. At least you're paying attention, sort of. Um, so it's... Sorry, sorry. I guess I shouldn't do it for everything, but I was just going to do it for fun. What if he's attracted to her and wants to flirt? Oh, yeah, she's definitely Maybe. hot. What if she's not even real? Oh, what if she's Snoke? Hey, Rags, you don't know his type, okay? I guess I don't. I imagine he would be attracted to the strong type. Okay, I'll, I'll take. I'll walk that a little bit back. She's not ugly. She's fine. She looks fine. Yeah. She's hot in her I own way. I think she's beautiful, Rags. You're a racist. 
the rebel scum. <laughs> um, so so uh, look, something I appreciated just to point out, even if it's a small thing, I like that they decided to cast a you know a woman who's got a bit of muscle on her to reflect the characters. Yes, that helps so I much. I prefer that. Yeah, it's, I, I it's prefer that. Better, like yeah. about skinny damn chick time. beating everybody, every Agreed. big strong mm. man up. Well, it's like it's like believable from strong. a strength. Yeah. Yeah, it's believable from a strength perspective, but I still think, especially in this fight, I think Mando should have whooped her ass. I would like well, to. He's got the steel. That's the thing. Like he's it... got the steel. Well, hang on. We don't know gadget. how many enhancements she has and how strong. Like it's implied that she's she is physically stronger than Mandalorian. We don't know why. I would assume she? because some type of enhancement. Because, because they arm wrestle later, and, it's, and she doesn't beat him. Uh, she, she one punches him to the ground. She, she's yeah, which is just yeah, but they they arm <laughs> wrestle and she can't beat him. Really? Well, maybe maybe he could punch her to the ground. You don't know. <laughs> maybe. maybe I, um, I was just going to say, though, so when the rhino is about to charge Mando, Baby Yoda saves him. When he's having the arm wrestle with her, Baby Yoda, quote-unquote, saves him. When they're having this fight and she even pulls a gun on him, Baby Yoda just doesn't seem to fucking care. I'm not saying the actress is I'm saying the character. like Just like with Rose Tico, right? The actress is actually really good looking, but what they do with her in Star Wars is like, how did you do this? How did you manage this? What black magic wizardry is this? Um, I don't think it's that bad. Yeah, the reason I brought this yeah. up is because I actually quite like that Baby Yoda's always going to assume any harm coming to Mandalorian is a bad thing. But then in this scene, Baby Yoda's just like, eh, this is fine. I'm <laughs> just like, yeah, okay. Because yeah. Baby Yoda chokes her while they're arm wrestling. I know, yeah, that was... Doesn't um, anything. I'm like, man. Odd. It's inconsistent, yet it was a funny scene as well. I chuckled at him just slurping the. It was amusing. Going, it was it was yeah, it's like, it's a it's yeah. a fun scene in that yeah. sense. Sure. I like Baby Yoda a lot. I like Baby yeah, Yoda. Too. I really do. Um. Yeah. Uh, I guess just moving moving quickly. Uh, the planet isn't big enough for the both of them. Apparently, it's strange. They have completely different yeah, reasons I to have... be hiding. I have it listed here. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, da, da, da. She says that one of them has to move on. Mando doesn't even ask why. He just says he can't stay here anymore, even though he explicitly stated that they would be safe here and lay low. He just completely acquiesces to her demand instantly, just like that. She's, he says the planet is taken. He doesn't haggle. There's no pushback. He just totally cucks out. Also, it's I a think planet. It's framing in a, in a, in a more a critical planet, way, but yeah. I ultimately agree with you. It's like, yeah, it's not explained why, like, or it doesn't make sense that he now needs. But it's to like leave. some chick is like, "There's not enough room on this planet for the both of us." It's like, what <laughs> are you talking about? Um, then, then we're jumping into the he doesn't get startled by the two guys or seem to care, which yeah, we've covered that. We'll just move on. Um, it's very strange this scene, the way it sort of runs, and this happens again in episode five that we'll go over just. Mando being convinced of something that he's clearly against of like so in this one he's like no nah, I'm not gonna help you and then he's like wait you guys came from a village so you have lodging right and then they're like yeah and then I'm just like well wait but you already have lodging with your ship and you were planning on leaving to find a better place to, to like why why would that convince you to go with them I guess yeah why is how, why is living in a shack a deal breaker or I guess I guess the opposite of a deal a deal maker I suppose. Very strange, especially because, at least on the ship, he's like, well, if we need to leave, we could just leave any time. We're right here on the spaceship. We could relocate whenever we want. 
Also, I him, lock this up really securely. him doing random repairs to his ship is very lucky because if he had just left, they wouldn't have been able to get him in time. Like, because he was in the daytime and he said they have to leave, and then it's nighttime and he's just doing stuff and things, and it's like, oh man. It's just, yeah, just tightening Because obviously, the they establish it takes a day to get to Mando's ship from where they are. So obviously they couldn't have them turn up at daytime for that to be true. So they had to delay Mando, and they have it just be that he's just he's just just fiddling with the ship. It's like okay, it's 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 not that big of a deal. It's just uh, uh, obviously allowing things to happen. And I just don't believe that you would have gone with these people under the promise of somewhere to sleep. It's like you could sleep in your ship near Mandalorian. Like you don't really care about. It. I mean, like there was one other thing. Does it justify it more? A little bit, but not fully. It was that what? it was in the middle of nowhere, specifically. Then he asked, "Yeah, but the ship can go to the middle of nowhere whenever it chooses." That, it that's, and that's true. That's what I mean. But yeah. there was lot. If lodging implies food and and um, resources to live off for an extended period of time, so, like he was there for several weeks, and so even if he can take his ship to the middle of nowhere, he would need a, some type of food, resource, or whatever to yeah, help use a ship gone. to fly to those. I know, but if you're wanting to lie low, you would want to fly around as little as also, possible. Also, doesn't he have access? Like, there's that, that bar or whatever it is, restaurant, is right next to him anyway. Yeah, but that's not yeah. in the middle of nowhere. That's where people often, obviously, go to when they come to this planet regularly. But he, yeah, but the village is close enough, and people are aware of and it. And I thought he said that the planet, like, he has to leave the planet. Yeah, I know. I'm not, like, I'm not saying it fixes it, I'm just saying it's not, like, there are some things that make it a little bit less bad, I guess. Um, how did he, how did he find Kara, like, so quickly? I guess he just had a tab on her or something? He used a fob! <laughs> Good uh... I'm not, let's not open that can of worms again. And I don't think he did it, honestly, I'm being an idiot. Um, yeah, he just found her, because plot... Uh, just catch up with, with Minutes. Minutes. Luckily, we've covered some of these uh, things ahead of time. Um, let's see. Um, that's, that's, da. He will pull, a, okay, we're not there yet. Uh, I think we said, the next thing I have is he is not at all startled when he is approached at night in the woods at a ship by oh, yeah, two we've men done that. who do not announce themselves, yeah. Uh, um, he'll pull a gun on an unarmed safe. Yeah, that's he's his 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 concern levels and reactions are extremely inconsistent and illogical. Um, let's see. He, I one thing I notice is he says the payment isn't enough before he knows how much the payment is. A little strange. Uh, let's see. We did the lodging thing. He has man. He goes to her to tell Mando to help. Sorry, Mando goes to Kara, finds her. To tell her to help him. <laughs> so, all right. I guess he thinks that. Yeah, it's just quick. He does that. I mean, it's lucky that um, she's willing to work with him. She seems very against him. Uh, yeah, you know, she said he had to move on to a new planet, but she's like, "Oh yeah, I'll do this job with you. I'll go to the village with you." She's got the hots for him. Okay. All right. All right. Um, that explains everything. Done. So problem solved. Uh, so now they have entered the village at this point in my notes. Um, he's introduced to his quarters. He spins and nearly pulls his gun on a child in a village. Hey. That just goes with the inconsistent <laughs> alertness from earlier. Um, 
he lets baby yoda go out and play without his supervision and he acquiesces when the village woman just when the village woman just says so they'll this be was fine. yeah so this about the tough love thing right he's very against the, the idea of baby yoda being out of the same room as him until the the, the woman says it'll be fine and he's like oh okay it's a very strange moment because I think it would have actually been better to just not have him freak out at all, considering the other stuff we've seen, but at this point it's just like, wait, so you do want to have Baby Yoda just like right next to you at all times, yeah? And it's like, well, no, not really, because she just says, nah, lol, it'll be fine, and he's like, oh, okay. Like, I, I don't... His, his attitude towards Baby Yoda is very confusing. We, well, you said while we were case, watching the episode, yeah, why doesn't he just say, sure, but he has to play in front, or where I can see him? Mm -hmm. I mean, come on. Out of all the locations he's been in, this is probably one of the safest ones. Well, then why does he freak out? <laughs> he's like, wait, wait, no, don't do he's that. I, oh, look, I'm not saying it's justified as jumping. I'm saying it's fine that he just lets Baby Yoda go off. And like I said, it, just, it would have found him much more smooth if he had just said, play in my line of sight. That's all. I'd been like, yeah, okay. Um, yeah, minor, but, you know, there's a lot of what I would call death by a thousand cuts for episode four, for sure. Uh, and then, and then comes the taking the mask off in front of like three meters away from several people, and if he is seen by any of them, he cannot put that mask back on again. Uh, uh, all right, all right. So nerd, nerd, nerd response. The window is looking. Is he even looking through a window? What if the window is the, the top sill cut off at at his neck, and so and so huh? his head was still blocked behind the like the top sill of the window. Oh, I think like I know what you mean, see. but no, like yeah. I, I can. No, here's a picture. Here's yeah, a picture we can of see window. it. Yeah, I can. Let me post. Let's That's one picture. Um, also, what if somebody just walked in, as has just happened moments ago, that he freaked out about? There's not a door. Hey. There's no door here. Foiled again, lost <laughs> you rags. And uh, I'd heard a, a, a lot of people didn't like this. Like this isn't uh, not well known, from what I understand. Um. Yeah, um, very weird that he'll take his helmet off with so easily being seen. Yeah, because uh, he makes such a big deal about it in the episode, and even later mm. after this, big deal about it. But I'm like, man, we know you're not consistent about this. <laughs> it's I'm sorry, a one dude, way mirror. Got... Yeah, this is uh, this don't work, man. <laughs> Frustrating to say the least. And then, yeah, there's like, yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, I was just gonna say to, to kick on, we got um. For some reason, the villagers didn't tell them about the huge monster thing that was shooting at them, and you might be like, well, they wanted them to come, and it's like, yeah, but that's like the whole thing they need them for, so... It's just weird, they highlight to the villagers, it's like, you didn't tell us about the enormous monster beast ATST, because they were like, what, what even is that? And they are like, the thing you didn't tell us about? I just thought it was weird, it was like, because that's the whole reason they're there, right? Um... They have this line, right? So the idea is, uh, when when understanding this difficulty, the first thing you might think of is like relocate the village, right? And then they're like, no, we can't because it took generations to seed this ground. I um I'm not an expert in in farming or fishing, but I don't know that that's how that works. They seem to just have pits for like alien shrimp. <laughs> Alien fish. In okay? order to have alien fishing, you need to seed ground for exactly. generations. I'm, I'm, yep, I'm glad you understand that. It's just, it's, it, you know what the line <laughs> is for. It's designed to say, no, they have to win this ground because this ground has to be won. And you're like, okay, mm -hmm. fine, yep. if you say yeah, so. We would, we would rather all get 
blowed up and killed and our children destroyed than have to move. I'm like, okay, I guess one is more important than the other. Um, unfortunately, uh, Mando says there is nothing on this planet that can damage the legs on the ATST. That is, I guess, huh? it's ship caught. Blatantly not true. Ship, yeah. Yeah. Uh, blatantly <laughs> untrue. Like, what about um, two logs tied to trees that would swing <laughs> in on either side? For oh some reason, God. I suspect that works. I don't know why. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, you must, yeah, but to rig a trap like that, you must be big and strong and. Oh. <laughs> you can't be uh. small and furry. <laughs> Why? Um, what does furry have to do? Um, That's just disingenuous, bringing the amount of time it took to train yeah, the bring... village to be able to defend them while they yeah, try and shoot bullshit. the ATSD well, is the time they could have just gotten his ship. I don't know why they didn't. I mean, I'm just gonna go in further and say the idea that they try and train these is insane. It's like they literally have, have done it. That's the reason why they did on. it because Western target practice is okay. But why the sticks? Yeah, they literally have shot. <laughs> yeah. Like, like this is on two different. I still think giving them just guns randomly is stupid. I think they're going to be more likely to kill themselves, especially with how haphazardly he hands them out. But they literally have Kara training them with pointed sticks. One of them even is holding the pointed stick with a pointy M facing backwards. <laughs> like you're sending these people to their deaths. Uh, yeah, it's it's all very very bizarre. The 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 fight the, the the plan is to bottleneck the enemies into coming from one direction. Kara and Mando will take out the ATST while the rest of them need to keep the raiders away from those two, and they're going to do that with guns and sticks, and it's staggering well, to barriers. behold. They, they they make barriers and stuff. Oh, and the barriers are to up. bottleneck them. Oh, but also they won't actually like. Have you seen pictures of the barriers actually? Because they they don't actually do that. Yeah, they're nothing. <laughs> they're worthless. Like they're they're so pathetic and widely spaced apart, and they cover so little of the village that no, like the idea that they think this will work is laughable. It is this plan, this whole train the villagers, make the barricades. <laughs> well, it right. is nonsense Those of the highest degree. barriers are pathetic. They're basically fences with large holes in between. They, you know, um, they wouldn't be Yeah. And they, they, they don't account for the... They, they account for the idea that they're going to have to try and trick the ATSD into falling over and killing itself, but they don't account for what's going to happen up till that point. Like, what about all the times the ATSD is going to shoot at us up to that point? They don't account for that, and yeah, lucky for them, they don't yeah. really need to because it doesn't shoot at them. It shoots at the houses in the background. I think two or three times. <laughs> just it just and doesn't. It, there was no guarantee it, it would even walk. Yeah, and there's no guarantee it would even walk as close as it did. It could have just hung back at the tree line. And yeah, yeah. There's no reason for it yeah. to come in. Closer. In fact, it's pretty lucky that it did. When Kara is shooting at it, it, it decides to try and get closer to her to shoot her, which is precisely the opposite well, of what it needs to do. We're skipping. Well, hang, hang on. We're skipping way ahead. Oh, we, we, we've been doing that all because, stream. We jumped forward and back. Because I was about... Well, I was about to say that in the first... In the opening, the ATST doesn't even go to the village. It doesn't even appear when it assaults the village. Okay. Uh, so there were shots from it? Are you saying it from the tree line? Huh? Are you saying there was shots from it from the tree line in the opening? Yeah, it shot from the from the tree line. It didn't even it didn't even come into view. Yeah. yeah. Uh... And they weren't even like, oh, it doesn't even. Oh, the big thing, yeah, it doesn't even come out. Like last time, it didn't. I have been made aware of a defense. Chad, I was going to ask you what you think about this. Uh, 
The ATST shot the houses in the hopes to kill innocent hiding people in order to demoralize the attacking defending team. Uh, no, I wouldn't say that's a good defense because if there are people... Well, actually, it depends. I guess it depends. How, uh, I guess, um, how much of a threat it, it considers I feel, all I the feel people like... in the thing. And honestly, by not shooting at the people who can shoot back, you might feel safe in your ATSC, but all your other buddies are getting shot. And so by not shooting at the people shooting back at you, you're just giving more time for them. Yeah, to Personally, I feel like you should prioritize your targets. I think it'll demoralize someone more kill to kill their allies in war than killing their families. And you know what demoralizes somebody? Uh, pick, is is if, you, if you kill them for real, then they're properly demoralized because they, can't, they moralize can't experience anymore. moralizing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this, the, I, this is, I, I don't think we would get any resistance from, especially you, Shad, on this plan. Because it's no, just no, so. This is probably one of the. Well, it's tactically the inept. In the, like yeah, this is insane. There's a lot of dumb, lot they, of dumb in this. They so, describe. This comes back to the. This comes back to the idea that this is Mando's plan and hers. Like these are both veterans of either wars or trained in tactics. They and forget he has all a this ship. Stuff, they forget this is the how plan to effectively. Also, like. Just to reply to someone in chat, they're saying complaining about the distance of the ATSC. That's this is a valid one, okay? It actually is. Like when you have a tank, you don't want to put the tank in any level of vulnerability. You want it to hold back and to blast the target to hell from a safe position. I was gonna say, where was and this so, guy when we were talking about episode three of Game of Thrones? Those yeah, trebuchets. Like, Are you really complaining the about the trebuchets? Come on. Yeah, this is what this is being consistent, right? Because yeah. the placement of the ATST, you're like, oh, you're just nitpicking about where yeah, it stands. It's like, no, no, this is integral to the survival yeah. of our See. protagonists in the village. Like, this is a huge deal. It is, it is. I think a, a good distinction between something that's that's lesser to something that's like either a super contrivance thing is if the, enti the entire plot is hinging on this yeah, thing happening. And and that's very much it is. Like, like uh, the, the, the whole thing, the ATST is destroyed by it being used in such a dumb way and moving forward when it could have hung back and just blown them all to hell yeah. I, and i mean the fact that when um mando and is it cara dune or whatever when they're sneaking in that they don't go for the atst first thing to either blow it up or to steal it or any number of things is like yeah there are problems a lot of problems in this episode though i will say yeah, there are then... some things i was able to enjoy i mean i enjoyed the production value still i enjoyed baby yoda and out of like even though the ATSD was used in a very poor way, I did find a silver lining that I was able to enjoy. I enjoyed the fact that they showed it being so menacing and threatening, because usually they were just throwaway pieces of junk. And I, I just found it refreshing that, oh good, at least they're showing it as a true threat and danger. And it's not just some comical, oh no, logs off. Um, I mean die. like well, I don't know, because they act like it is, but then one shot disables it. Well, no, they, it's hard to get that shot off, though. She has to get rid really of No, it's stand. No, it's no. That doesn't make any sense, though. What do you mean? Like it's the like this is a rifle that has a scope, can kill things at long distance. This thing is standing still with two bright Legend of Zelda weak points right on the front of it, and he just doesn't shoot it from where he is. Yeah, good point. Good point. He could have aimed for that earlier, and I think the the any defense to say the angle was better getting close up is undermined by the fact that being so close and you fire through one of those eyes, you're just going to hit the canopy top of it. And not the yeah, and also, um, you could it, the, it's not covered because we could see the red lights yeah. from the inside. And, and so in all honesty, like, the red lights, with so, those yeah. openings, the thing that Mando did to throw the bomb through the eye slit to blow up the people on the inside, he could have just been hanging up on one of the, the trees. Inside. And as soon as... What? Yes. There was nobody on the inside. Oh. What, it was auto? 
Well, so there's still discussion on this. Any, yeah, that's the thing. So well, we have plenty either of or, either or. Well, because... have, that's the thing. We have plenty of references for ATSTs with people in them. There are no people in this ATST. It's just red lights I, on the inside. I just, I've always, no, I always assumed there was. You just didn't see him looking through those eye slits because it's an no. Open, that's you can scream no, no. They're not. No, there's no one there. When we don't see anyone there, but the natural yeah. assumption is that someone would be because these things no, are. Always... We can we can see in there, and those are where people sit in ATSTs. There's, are you sure? People are arguing yeah. to this day of whether or not it's have... an AI ATST yeah. or well, driven well, by like so a really short person. To my, point, <laughs> yeah, to my point, I don't think it matters because the, those eyes are openings that you can throw bombs through to take out the entire cockpit. And if Mandal if uh, the Mandalorian was just on a tree. Um, waiting for it to... Well, uh, granted, you wouldn't know I, where it would walk underneath, but if you could climb up on top and throw a bomb through the window... Why not attach him um, to his leg? Honestly, yeah, well, honestly, this is solving a problem that shouldn't exist, because... And this isn't even going into how does one shot up into the top of it disable the whole thing. It doesn't make any sense. But also, this is... Why is the... Why didn't they... Because we haven't even gotten into the whole what was their plan in the raider encampment. Why didn't yeah, they, they would... just find the ATST and put a sticky bomb on it and blow it up? Yeah, that's what I said before. Like, they could have just, yeah. Yeah, yeah like, this is all, uh, because all the grunts, like, those, they're nothing. We don't have to worry about them. The thing is the ATST. Mm -hmm. So why they start blowing stuff up and causing a commotion in the camp instead of, all right, like, we need to find where the ATST is. Let's just follow the tracks because I have, like, literal thermal imaging that could find tracks that could off that wow that could come in handy so i could track down this atst and blow it up but they don't if anything the atst surprises them and then decides not to blow them away and then they run for it and it misses all of its shots and yeah. oh yeah it misses them like seven times <laughs> frustrating uh, and everyone's like fun. red lights better for people at night is like I, I i understand but there's nobody inside we can see inside and there's nobody in I, mean, yeah, I don't know about the nobody inside thing. Because if there was a very I, short I man inside it, maybe, but like, it's just like, weird. The whole thing's portrayed as if it is an AI. I, I don't really understand. Um, yeah, there was like, and they could have made it work, like if um the, the ATSC was used to patrol their camp all the time, so you couldn't sneak into it to blow it up when it's not active, that it's always used in defense, so they have to deal with it. And, yeah. But the way they executed this was very poor. And someone brings up a, a good point. Why the red lights if it's controlled by an ai that's the thing that's why it doesn't make sense because again to like we can it look, look it's to make it look menacing yeah that's right but we can see inside of it where people sit in an atst and there's nobody there hang on could you do that in um last as return of the jedi yeah, i don't remember seeing people through those window holes only when they looked up like I thought you you would naturally be looking through a, a view screen or something when you're piloting those things, and the no, windows are uh, only the backup. Normally you do, but you open up those hatches so you can look through manually. That's what the hatches are for, for people to look through manually, for the two people sitting inside to look. Yeah, but therefore that would mean it's not necessary to you, to look through them to pilot it. There's nowhere else for them to be. That's where they sit. So the That's idea is sit. that when you Those flick them right, you can see, but you right. don't need to have need to get them open a better to see. If you get what I mean, yeah, I you, could, you I, can. If you're sitting, your head wouldn't be in line with the window, but you stand up and then you look through it. And so, well, no, no, that's that's what the windows are for to for people sitting down to look in and see. See, I don't know. know. I, this I, isn't. I, yeah, you can look at I, through the Return of the Jedi, and then you could also look at all of the models and all of the supplementary materials of where it is, and they're 
this is how it works. Which is why it's so confusing that there's no one there. And I'll, and it yeah. and I will say it would have been better if there were people there so that when Kara Jade or whatever shoots into there to hit the guy, he like slumps over. Well, maybe he she, she could have disintegrated him, but maybe he slumps over if he gets hit and it hits a control and the control steers it over and it trips yeah. the thing or something like that. Well, yeah, I've looked up the cockpits and sitting down, it's perfectly in line with those window openings. And so the only way you wouldn't see someone is if they're actually sitting in between those window openings. <laughs> yeah, 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 which would be a little yeah, bit weird. Well, there are screens yeah. in between that would give you your field of view. And that's probably what you're supposed to look through normally. And the hatches are supposed to be almost like backups. Yeah. I mean, like we have that in real life on tanks and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, there are Oompa Loompas inside makes... the ATST, okay? Well, I mean, that would be that would have made for a more interesting episode. Oh my god, this planet is Loompa Land. Oh my god, the lore um, expands. And I know that we've we've jumped ahead of just 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 we're getting all through lots of things. Um, there's a quote where they say, "Cut down trees and build barricades that are strong enough that they can't be broken." Or he says they can't break it. An ATST shot to any one of those three collected logs is just going to obliterate it. Yeah. yeah. Um, can I just say, this is an aside, but yeah. ATSTs and ATATs, I've always thought were retarded in Star Wars because they have hovering things and having things on legs is just stupid. Yeah. I will say, I'm wondering, I, I will agree that they seem stupid. I'm wondering if there is some limitation of hovering that we're not aware of that would make it a certain <laughs> way. I just don't know, but it does seem like that is indeed kind of dumb. Because we have the Imperial or the uh, the Droid Federation tanks. Those hover. Yep. yep. Mm -hmm. uh, but they also have the ones that have those weird wheels that spin at an angle. So I'm like, man, that's weird. Like, it does seem that hovering would just be the best in almost every scenario. Exactly, yeah. Um... I've never liked him. Ma Mando unloaded, like, all of his gear, but he decided not to bring his ship. Like, he, he took the time to get all of his gear out in the case of needing to arm the village, I guess. But he, instead of just being like, you know what, I'll just bring my ship. It'll be faster to get there. You guys can come with me, and uh, I'll have all my stuff. Like, and, and my ship will be in field of view, so I'll know that nobody's stealing it or fucking with it. It's just a weird thing to me. Someone's yeah. saying weight is a problem. Hover tech can be jammed. Well, I guess, and and uh, dare I say it, in the Rise of Skywalker, they confirm that speeders can be jammed. Yeah. Maybe that's yeah. Can they fly now? Oh, they can fly God. now. Maybe there's a reason. No. I'm not sure, but oh, uh, to get a height advantage, that's actually a good point. Um. Yeah. So Hovers and then can't the, the... go through shields. That's strange because like they have spaceships where entire starships can fly through shields into the interior atmosphere of landing bays. Anyway, this is getting off topic, but... It felt weird that shields he was, like, risking his life, Baby Yoda's life, all of his gear in his ship, and just just everything, um, for what was... I don't even think he gets paid, from what I remember. Yeah, again, this is season three Mandalorian. <laughs> like, like, man, what an altruistic thing for you to do, buddy. You're gonna help them be free of this horrible menace. When you've got really big issues for yourself to be taken care of, but okay, that's his character. I think uh, at least we're supposed to believe that. I I do think the show is trying to say that he has got a heart of goldeny, goldeny gold. It's he would he would help an old lady cross the road. I think uh, mm -hmm. he's an iceman. Um, 
Yeah, so the size of the ATST, I'm not convinced that uh, the puddle would have been able to uh, down it. It's like enormous, and um, it, the 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 thing is only so deep that Kara is like waist deep in water. And uh, I'm trying to get a shot yeah. of how big this ATST yeah. is. Yeah, it's really really dumb that they think that such a tiny distance for an all-terrain walker will get knocked over by that like that's insane for them to think that it will do that so what you'd expect yeah. to happen with uh the drop being i want to say like a third of its lower leg at most is that it would bend its other leg to compensate <laughs> right and it would be well, yeah, okay because that's how legs work I mean, well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they're really poorly me mechanized. <laughs> I don't know. They, they should have used the, the Ewok tactics, like a, a like a heap of rolling logs that it can't balance on, or something. Because uh, this thing is big, and also like one of the reasons that people trip a lot when all of a sudden they take a step they don't expect is because their biology gets surprised. Which doesn't apply to an ATST. Oh. Um, I guess so. We can move to the the original, like the initial assaulting the area plan. So you have two guys by a fire that seem to be like scout-ish, and uh, Kara and Mando knock them both out at the same time. Cool with me. Then they spot seven dudes around a fire, and so their plan, from what we can tell, is that they're going to walk into the nearby tent, plant a bomb, and then either bait people inside the tent or just wait for them to walk in. They seemingly wait for them to walk in. Fist fight them. And once all of them have been alerted to all of this, they're going to hope to just jump out of the tent while it blows up and kills all those guys. That seems to be their plan. Now... I'm, I'm trying to... I'm really getting my noggin jogging as best as I can to try and come up what the hell they are thinking and doing. Yeah, this is a huge tally mark for how retarded those two characters are for this whole plan. I cannot believe this is what they went with. I have several suggestions for uh, better plans. First of all being, shoot the seven dudes around the fire. You both can do that well before they'll be able to defend themselves. But if you're really concerned mm -hmm. about not being able to do it, throw a bomb at them. As soon as it goes off, Start shooting anybody who didn't manage to get blown up by it. Like, just put a low counter on it or whatever. But um, their plan is, is ridiculous. Yeah, okay. the whole... Like, the obvious thing that they should be doing is we have to disable the ATST before it gets up and starts walking around and blowing things up. Mm -hmm. So that needs to be our priority first and foremost. And what do you know? I have trackers that will find footprints and I can see in the dark and I have thermal vision and I have all of these gadgets and knickknacks and doodads that will allow me to do this and they just don't and all um, of this with the assumption that he doesn't just blow it up with his starship <laughs> could have just flown over and shot him all to death uh, mm -hmm. i mean the atsc could have fired back so you know. no i mean it, it, the logic of like would well, he really risk his ship it's like he's risking his life so yeah might as well also, yeah. that ship takes a beating from that other starship in the episode after this. True. Also, there's no way that ATST can aim straight up. Yeah. Well, it's not shown, but I, I mean, was... you know, I I'm less concerned with that. I'm more concerned with the idea that it's could have gotten Kara to bait it out, and then they hide the ship yeah. a little bit further back. He launches it, it's and a the ATST is. Using... Mm. So yeah, there's lots of ways to do this. To try and lure it over to then blow it up. 
Yeah, a lot of this is indefensible, like very bad, um, and a lot of stupid decisions overall. Now, as to how much I feel it should reflect on the character, is this a dumb or smart character? It's going to be determined about how consistent things are in uh, every other episode. Um, mm-hmm. And also, honestly, season two as well, I guess. Because, uh, for instance, especially with TV shows, I always expect there to be one or two episodes that's going to be pretty lousy because that's just the run of the mill. I've never seen one whole series where there hasn't been horrible episodes with terrible writing. Um, and so then I'm general because of that, I'm generally reluctant to take on board the actions of ca- characters making episodes that are just bad because someone bad wrote them as to a uh, reflection on the character as a whole. And I guess that my comparison would be like, there, there obviously must be bad episodes in Buffy, uh, speckled around there. Oh, there's a lot um, of them. Yeah. Ones where the characters make really dumb decisions, but I would assume that because everything else is so solid and they, and especially if actions of, char- of characters are contradicting how these characters usually perform. Cause overall, like with the, all the other previous episodes, and I admit like they haven't looked at the, the later ones, but there's really one indefensible stupid thing has done and everything else was mostly defendable. Um, well, this isn't one stupid thing. That's the yeah, thing. Yeah, it's a bad, but it's a bad episode. And this I, is and a I, yeah, this I, is I a long that. series of terrible decisions. Well, well, hang on, because I would I would need to take every single decision on one by one to an hour to determine if I feel it's really indefensible. And I and we have found one that I'm more than willing to admit that that was bad. And that's you know they give villagers sharpened sticks to defend against an ATST. But, it, but that but this is very much the result of a stupid writer. And uh, and then and so does this mean the character is stupid because of the stupid writer? Well, it would depend I mean, on is, the larger body it? of evidence. Yeah, that, well, well, at the moment, I get what you're the saying. Body of evidence indicates the character shouldn't be this dumb. Um, well, and, I don't know. And the previous like, episodes in, uh, say this. I would say, and I I'm not convinced. I, I'm I'm certainly not convinced that his norm is to do intelligent things. Well. I'm yet to do, I'm yet to give my call on that. At the moment, I feel he is not wholly incompetent, which is the con- and so I'm willing to admit that he he is not perfect and that he certainly fails and make mistakes and makes wrong decisions. But as to being completely incompetent, um, in this episode, there's a lot of problems. But again, for me, I can't really just say that this is the problem of the the character, but more so this is just someone wrote so they got the per- wrong person to write this episode because it's bad and so, but if it's consistent in the next episodes then i would i would you know probably agree with you yeah and chat yes i know what his point is <laughs> I, I, I um, get his point so when we I'm say stuff like can... han solo is a deadbeat dad that's fucking just like disrespectful but the only reason yeah, we're annoyed like, is because that's is, what they're saying what it is yeah like, you know, people can say, like, the sequels aren't canon. It's like, the reason it annoys us so much is that it is canon. Uh, this is canon to Mandalorian. All of his decisions in this episode are canon. He's an idiot yeah, in this episode. Was just, yeah, Ryan Johnson was just a bad director. That's not really Luke. Like we, um, and as for Buffy, for example, like, uh, the characters are usually pretty solid. It would always be contextual, and I'd have to go through the episodes if uh, we were to point something out about it specifically, but it's usually the plot and the world that suffer in the bad episodes, and in this one, well, I, I haven't watched the whole thing yet, but I'm fair, I'm very confident there's at least going to be one blatantly br- brain dead thing that the characters have done, and probably multiple times. But you take you have to with series, especially you have to take it as a whole, 
and not judge it by its weakest point, if that makes sense. I mean, I would probably concede that they they were being an idiot in that instance. Um, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to be like, no, it's a bad episode. So we don't count it. But what if it's like, what if it's so brain dead stupid that honestly it contradicts how the character is established uh, in mo in the context of the rest of the series? Um, I would say it's a flaw, and that we have to consider it in the totality of the character. I suppose. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I can't ignore it as being bad when the whole thing okay, is. Okay, and, and you know that's consistent. But for me, I'll just say it was a bad episode, and they got the wrong person to write it. Um, I mean, I'll... it's certainly a bad episode, but these are still things that characters do in the universe, and their actions they are they are taken into account within the world that they're in. Can you recap this argument? Because I obviously missed a decent amount because I was <laughs> dropping in and out. Yeah, you were all tis me there um, for the connection. So the idea is that the episode itself is so awful that we shouldn't really count it as an example of Mando's character as opposed to just counting that it as... That doesn't make that... No. <laughs> I don't agree with that. Well, yeah, like, I could I could see an my, example... My justification like, for it, so... I guess um, I could see an example being when the writing is so outrageously bad and inconsistent with well... Like, if you had an episode where Homer Simpson just got a hatchet and started chopping people up, it would just be like... Oh, Okay, so we're not going to treat this as real in my head canon, you know, or something. Like I could understand this is episode four. It's it's so early on that at this point. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Like I said, it needs to be taken in context with everything else. But if I was sure. to look at these four episodes, this one would be the outlier for me. And uh, I would want to clarify I mean, as well. Like it's not like he made a bad yeah. tax decision or he made a poor decision in terms of cooking something. This is like his bread and butter. Yeah, this is this is like what he does. This should be his. This is his thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's interesting. You're saying he he shouldn't have made it like these decisions by the context of. Would you also say by well, the either that of the pre previous episodes? It's um, portrayed him to have more intelligence than what is showing in this episode. This doesn't. This doesn't seem like it's a huge betrayal of his character based on previous episodes, though. See, I don't know, like, is... Because, like, if I take the things that he did, he's trouble. done in the past, all the stupid stuff that he's done in the past, and now he's in this situation, why would those stupid decisions not carry over? Well, because, well, one of the things is that I only agree that one is legitimately stupid. I don't, I don't see a well, I totality of evidence to indicate he's incompetent up to this point. Um, I think I mean, he's been decent most the... overall in the previous episodes. The big issue is that this is canonical. Like, this happened. I made the point, because somebody made the point, like, does that mean we ignore Luke? It's like, you can't really. We can't really, I mean, yeah. you can choose to, but it's canon. So, like, this is why it's really important when you add stories. That's the issue. Is any That's why we're all pissed at the sequel trilogy, yeah. is that it's canon. Yeah, exactly. It's canon. It ruins it. And in this instance, every episode you watch afterwards, you're like, man, remember that really bad plan you came up with on, on the forest planet? Remember that really stupid plan you came up with? That was really stupid. Like, you can't really ignore it because it happened. Even though Sorry. we... I don't know. Sorry. We, we I, recognize I, I think that it was the fault of be, bad writing. Yeah, I think it's an, a balance as well because... If you consider Mandalorian to be incompetent, and then in season two he's really, really competent, it comes out better writing everything. To me, that's obviously a reflection of bad writing and inconsistent writing and stuff. And what should be the norm in consider of his character? Did he just get better, or? Uh, um, uh, and so it's a it's a more complex kind of uh, I guess argument way of trying to determine the way character, especially when you have different writers on a series, because. 
it annoys me when characters are inconsistent and stuff and so yeah uh, so yeah, on? this episode really, really bad to the point where I like the defenses for this have been like legit. Uh, laughable. See, it's not. It isn't just that the Mandalorian is stupid. It's that every, a lot of, like of this is all stupid overall. Like <laughs> I agree with that. With yeah, the bad guys and the use of it. And so th this isn't them actively saying we're going to make the Ma Mandalorian make some mistakes in this episode. It's just someone wrote this who was bad at writing. Okay, yeah, and everything. And and for someone in chat, like I, we never said that he is a tactical genius or should be. This is not like this is the a whole layman thing can come up with a better up. idea than him. Like it's yeah, like this is insanely dumb. Like you don't have to be a tactical genius to just be baffled at this plan. Like that's the thing. They're, like start, they're, don't they're do the whole middle, taking ground. our argument and turning it into the absurd version. Yeah, like don't you think he should be probably better than average? Don't don't you think he should be at least better than average? Um, well, I guess my point is that I feel like they have shown him better than average until this episode. That's why this is the outlier for me at the moment. I would say it's an outlier well, I mean, to me in that it's, it's like incredibly it? stupid compared to his other decisions. Yeah, to like in a, in scale, but when you, for instance, like in well, the Mudhorn, he didn't use his thermal vision. Here, he doesn't use his thermal. Like it's the same mistake, just in different circumstances where the stakes. He just keeps are... forgetting that he has things that he Got can use for some reason. Yeah, he forgets yeah. his ship. He forgets his thermal stuff. He forgets his foot. He has that big thing. armory, but he never makes decisions about what he should pull from his armory, you know, to to use for the best, like, in the right circumstances. Yeah, I would, would have liked to have seen him use a couple of different weapons and stuff. But, yeah. he's, you know, he uses his uh, grappling hook uh, cleverly and consistently and stuff. Except and when he tries to hang Satan. There, there are two points yeah. of... Uh, sorry, what? Except when he tries, to, when hang he tries to hang Satan. Yeah. <laughs> we'll come to that one. <laughs> but also, so it, well, yeah, keep going. Um, yeah. Well, no, okay. Oh, nice little, nice comment here. We want him to be better than average, but we want him to be human and not a Mary Sue. Um, that is what, definitely what is our like? position. 100%. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we want him to be, if, if you don't think that there is a huge Grand Canyon's worth of space between being better than average and being a Mary Sue, I don't know what to tell you. Also, I, we, we've yeah, I always mean, been okay with characters having a specific trait that they're actually very good at. That would be kind of refreshing to see, actually. Yeah, it's when they're good at everything that it becomes a problem. Yeah, generally it's no problem if they're really good at one hyper-specific thing. And look, Mandalorian, he's tough. He can take on multiple opponents. He's generally good with his uh, grappling hook and stuff. And uh, with the first three episodes, and uh, again, it needs to be contextualized with everything else, but uh, he, yeah, I think is perfectly fine at the moment, except this episode. But that the thing is, the clue for me is that everything is dumb. Um, and so, um, yeah. I think I mentioned it before, but it's just it's, the ATSC just like doesn't shoot at them for ages, um, and then chooses to shoot their houses. It's just bizarre. Like I was just like, oh my god, this whole thing is over if it just nails Mando. Like, I'm not saying it should, it's just that it doesn't shoot at anyone. So many people could be killed here, and it's just like, do do do. It's like looking around, like, I don't know, who should I kill? It's like, and she's like, stand, stand your ground, because, like, obviously the, the light goes over some, some people, and so you'd think, like, oh, no, they've definitely spotted us now, and she's like, no, 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 stay there. Like, even if it's going to shoot at you, you need to stay there, but it just doesn't. It's like, eh. And she tells people with sticks to just stay there, die. 
Don't know what's going on, because the ATST could have fired like so many more shots and it just sort of doesn't. Yeah, and I know there's someone in chat saying, but how can you say it's a dumb plan? They won after all. I was like, the reason they won <laughs> is because on. it's just it's a it's bad writing to fit it's a, it's something stupid to fix something stupid. Right? I shoot myself it's through my saying, mouth, it goes through my head, doesn't kill me, and shoots the guy who's trying to kill me behind me. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> I'll yeah, it's hospital. almost like I was playing against someone in a video game and they lagged and disconnected for a moment, so I killed them while they were AFK. I mean, see, I won, right? I, it must have been better. My plan must have been great, yeah. right? I mean, I won but after all. But it's all consistently stupid as well, and so it's not, it's like yeah, they win in Game that, of Thrones it, if we remember. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't mean their plan was uh, smart. I mean, it's all consistently stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Can't, is that the outlier? Well, well, the point that, that's just why the example wasn't a perfect comparison because technically they're all glitching, and uh, and so um, it's not just one being good and then taking advantage of a dumb point. Anyway, yeah. Ara takes the rifle. She dro drops into the water. She shoots at it. She doesn't reload and takes a second shot. Ha! <laughs> and uh -oh. <laughs> also, out of anyone who should be risking, um, you know, running forward, it would be Mando. It'll be Mandalorian because it's got the armor, and so another weird choice, yeah. Yeah. I also, I'm curious why she thinks getting closer to it would, like, you, you have a long-range rifle, man. Like, you should yeah, they're trying to... By, by the setup, they needed it to walk in the pond, and uh, and so by jumping forward and getting underneath their field of view, to see her and fire at her, it needed to step forward. No, it would step it backward. Was, it, was... it would step backward in that yeah. scenario. And also, it no, was no, shining no, no. its flashlight no, no. right angle, at her. Like, she was sitting lower than the ground above her in the pond, and so from the angle of the ATSC, it needed to step forward to look okay. over the ledge. Okay, I, I guess in that case, that I'm, a, that I'm a smarter pilot, because knowing that the blasts from the ATSC are essentially like grenade drops whenever it hits anything, I would just back up, aim in her position. If she's hiding behind a foot of soil, she's still going to feel this next shot. Yeah, you're right. It, it, it's it's yeah, terrible cover like for the it, firepower at bay, but that I'm just pointing out, that was the logic they were trying to pull off. Yeah, and the ATSD yeah. does shoot at her and basically hits within like a foot of her. And then yeah, and, she, and, 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 and the soil it, blocks it. And, and so when it's convenient to the plot, soil can block, you know, cannon. Mm -hmm. you know, and if, if, you, if, if the actual goal was, well, no, because she had to get close to it in order to get under the flaps to shoot inside it. It, there's a shot that I'm showing right now that's just like, nah, you could have done that from where Mando was. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I mean, again, if you can see red, that's looking inside of the Yeah, just shoot it, man. So just shoot yeah, it. Yeah, which is yeah. what... Especially because it's standing like, still for a long yeah. period of time. Yeah, I, I thought she was only shooting at it to goad it, to get it to walk forward, to uh, take her out, or, so she, again, feel the fire seer of the ledge. Not that she was actually going to incapacitate it with a blast through the window because I'm like, oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah, man, they they really needed that roof is where the CPU was and she <laughs> ruined the roof of the inside of it and it took it out. Someone um... says in chat, wet dirt is very good at absorbing extra energy. I wouldn't say grenade explosive equivalent. Yeah, ATST is not gonna... gonna... And besides, and... It, it, it's not like it can only fire once. <laughs> that thing's gonna also, fire again. I'm gonna be... I'd be a little. It's, it's strange that so Mandalorian, uh, he shoots that rifle at the exposed backside of a sand crawler and it does nothing. But the same shot to the roof of a ATST disables the whole thing. It makes it drunk. That's the weird thing. Yeah, it's, it like it's goes whoa. It's like what's happening? Well, well, I, I, if there was a pilot in there and there was an explosion, they could have been stunned, concussed, or whatever. Um, there wasn't a pilot in there though. <laughs> oh yeah! Wow. Yeah, there's the question. 
It is it, honestly, people are still I talking about it. Could it could be a pilot in there, but you're right, it's a stretch. I mean, like, yeah. And even if there was a pilot and it hits the top, you're like, oh, okay. Well, no, no. If there was a pilot in there, though, those rounds seem fairly concussive and explosive, and that could really disorient someone if they're inside. I don't know. It doesn't do anything to the, um, to the back of the sand crawler. Yeah, because it doesn't penetrate any armor. She literally shot inside, and the explosion went off inside the cockpit. And so, if there was anyone in there, that would really ring their head around, I reckon. So that one I can, and especially because it's. I'm willing to believe it could bounce off the wall and actually hit the dude who's in there, assuming there was one, which I don't There's really. Not. This just this. I don't know why they did it the way they did it. Like it really gives me the impression it's an AI, which is just odd. I I if I had to gamble, I would say it's an AI as well, but that seems really strange because the the um the ATST is like painted up and it's it's in a little bit of disrepair, like it's kind of dirty, which makes sense that they can't um, maintain it as you know up to super standard. But you have an AI piloting in it, and not just guys sitting up there. It seems odd. But also, I would okay. like to. Uh... Make you aware of this, this, this little bit, Shad, in relation to the fobs and and Mando being maybe not, but maybe stupid. Let's just assume it does work in the way of proximity or whatever. But once you're on the planet, it's not really the point. I just want to get to. Um, he says to Kara after they've killed this ATST and made some done done some stuff. He says words travel. Uh, words going to travel fast. You might want to cycle the charts and move on implying that it may not be safe for her here anymore. Now that words going to get out about this happening. And yet, he's happy for Baby Yoda to stay here? Yeah. Uh, hmm. He's a very silly man. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, yeah. In this episode, yes. Yeah, but what about... This well, yeah, we'll see that <laughs> later episode. episode I, stuff think, that I think... Uh, at least I, I feel I was able to defend most of his action in the previous one, bar two. There were two legitimate ones that I don't think has any excuse. But in this, you know one, how in, epi cool. in episode five he's going to do a lot of really stupid things too, though. Add six, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get there. Yeah. I mean, the assumption was that episode one, two, and three still had a lot of things in there, and I think most of it is excusable, except like I said, two. So I guess we need to go through it. With my analness to see. Um, yeah, I also think it's doubly weird that because after the fight, weeks have passed, no, one's, no one's still come. come yet, including the Empire hasn't come. Well, the single bounty hunter does come because that's weeks later. Also, if you go to. Like the, I feel like all of these people look in and all these resources, and especially the Empire, uh, don't buy that they haven't been here yet. Um, Honestly, though, I mean. They wouldn't be able to tell the Empire Baby Yoda's there, just that, oh, one of the, you know, one of the gangs got blown up, and there was an ATSC, and maybe... Yeah, but, but, a, maybe yeah, but the Empire the takes over Navarra, the Navarra town, so they would have access to all... If you guys are able to uh, pull my stream up, I really... This one shot that they show, I really think there's no one in there. Like, you yeah, get a nice, big, clear view... In. Like it's not like a particular how, like, screenshot. Just look at the way the the hell the the head part of it moves around. It's like there's I don't think there's anybody in there. Um, I don't know what we're looking at, but I've got Disney Plus up. I can quickly. Oh, uh, so the timestamp is around twenty eight fifty five. I've got it on repeat right now, which luckily for me does not get me in copyright trouble. Hooray! Hooray! 
And yeah, I just, I don't know, looking at it, it's like, how could there be a guy in there and we still can't see them with that shot? Yeah, I mean, we know we know what the interior of an ATST. Where are they? They're ducking down. It's, it's piloted by um, <laughs> by uh, Ewoks. Ewoks. Done. <laughs> they got sick of people's shit, and they took those ATSTs and they went to their own planet. <laughs> the ATST mercenaries hide the themselves out from the ones that they they kept from Return of the Jedi. Um. Play then, creation I said guess, they forgot to add pilots because it's CGI. That's possible, but I doubt it. That's like legit. Like would be if like that actually might be the reason. Uh, when they could easily, uh, we just watch it. You know, a couple of years later, and suddenly there's CGI yeah, on the extended <laughs> editions when they come out and the Blu-rays and everything. There's all of a sudden pilots there, and I can actually believe that. <laughs> um. Uh, so yeah, the last thing I have uh, on my list, unless you want to continue to develop, but the last. Well, I was just gonna say because I think I know what you're gonna say, and my one I think is right before it. Um, pretty crazy that uh, both Mando and Baby Yoda were like a split second away from dying there. Uh, with the sniper. Yep. Like, yeah. Lucky Kara so turned. Did did Kara? Yeah. Did Kara turn up like? Yeah. Just to bait him. <laughs> saving from, you know, someone jumping off screen. It's, yeah, I hate that crap. It annoys me. Very close. If he had pulled that, and they show him pulling the trigger almost. It's like, woof. Yeah, man. He's like, whoa, Kara, cut it closer next time, all right? And yeah. it's, and I assume what you were going to say, Rags, was just like, how did Kara know? Uh, she just, um, okay. I guess no. she just did. Uh, I was talking about how the widow wanted him to stay. And tells him to yeah, pack up his gear and live a normal life. And he like almost lets her take off his helmet. And he There's legit, no way. Yeah, he legit yeah. considers it and almost does. I remember when I was There's first no watching way. this episode, and I was like, please don't take the helmet off. Please, 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 please. Oh, thank God. <laughs> it's way too close. <laughs> I was like, damn, he almost was like, yeah, sure. Yeah, abandoning his entire life just to stay in this swamp. So yeah, that's cool. He's very consistent with his uh, code. Accelerated I guess. years I mean, of his does... character development. Yeah, like that's like that's something. If it happened at the end of season two, season three, I'd be like, maybe, maybe yeah, after all that he's done, like, he's ready to just. Of, this would be the end of the show, honestly. If we were at this point, yeah, like, but he's like done four episodes in. Yeah, like it's, man, it's like a couple done. days have passed or something. Like chill. And then the only um, other thing I've got before the end for this episode for me was going to be the it's just lucky that nobody fucked with his ship while he'd been gone for weeks, question mark. Mm -hmm. I guess there were no Jawas. Yep, lucky, lucky no Jawas on this planet. Alright, yeah, alright. <laughs> it, it was on lockdown mode, guys. Ah, yes, lockdown mode, alright. It has a turret that right. most definitely pops up and shoots at people when they get close. That's a thing. That's That's it. Someone made the get out of my swamp joke because as soon as I said swamp, I'm like, oh yeah, like Shrek, yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? You have um anything else, Shrek? Or... No, that was my last note for this episode. Ah, what a travesty! Dump dumpster fire. And uh, I guess I'll show uh, this. Yeah, for the... so let's go from one dumpster fire to the next. Oh wait, I was going to say that that photo I've just put up as well. So that's um why we assumed I, you'd I, see I the see pilots. Like, how would you not have seen one or two of the pilots? Um, yeah, definitely would have. Yep. Especially because what's doubly weird too is that this is an AI 
uh, allegedly, but it is using a flashlight to look for Kara. I don't know, man. Episode yeah. four is a look, fucking we, disaster. If it is an AI, usually, <laughs> usually Star Wars never has AI piloted things. So at the very most, they'll have a droid pilot yeah. or something, but not an actual computer. Um, and so, I assume that if yeah. a droid can do it, you can program it to move itself. I mean, it's just it's it's the same thing. It's like a tool assisted speed run, essentially. Right. Unless they, there is like an in canon, you know, thing that says no computer AI piloting stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I. Because a rule might exist, but I think it'd be more reasonable to have yeah, yeah, absolutely, an AI can do things. It, it would be more convenient. I, yeah, I, it's I, it's just it more. It's just like, an extension of what a... auto. We know autopilot exists. It's just an extension of that. Yeah, it's just just such a consistent thing in Star Wars that droids are the ones piloting stuff. Except um, for uh, in um in Solo when they uploaded the robot to the yeah, but she doesn't she can't pilot even when they uploaded it. Yeah, no, well, she no, I know what you mean, Shadow. I, I think yeah. I agree with you. Like Star Wars has always had it where it's like droids will do it, not the computer itself. Yeah, yeah, um, but if this I mean, was a real universe, I would oh, absolutely in, in reality, uh, yeah, yeah, in yeah, reality, but in Star Wars, not so much. Like even in the first episode when you got droids. You know, driving the cars. What about you okay, know, vulture droids? Yeah, some of the tanks in the yeah. droid army. It looks like they were AI piloted. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah. Um, and it's either way, it's an odd way to introduce this or to have this be in the show here of all places. But yeah. Oh well. uh, Moving I'm on to episode to five, then. Move on. Episode five episode is also five. terrible. Yes. Episode five, uh, um, from what I have gathered, is the the public people's most hated episode. I remember a lot of people saying this one felt like a cartoon in terms of like how. Yeah, I don't care about that argument. Yeah, oh, no, I, I don't care about it either because cartoons, cartoons can be amazing. Stupid. So, <laughs> but unless yeah, they're referring to because a lot of people use cartoon and he to mean episode one. Sorry. He directed episode one too. He oh didn't right, write right. It, but he directed um, it. I was gonna say like to give leeway though, some people can use cartoony to mean. A lot of things, yeah. not necessarily, is the quality of a cartoon. Um, yeah, I mean, cartoony is a style. It, cartoon is a style, not a line of logic. But we know what you generally mean when you say that. Yeah. So it's so, all good in the hood. We open up with space battle. Uh, just space battle. Weird, obvious things. First of all, it's just like, why doesn't he hyperdrive? Is it is it damaged or does he? I, I, well, all we got, you know, if I, I was to argue this myself, I... I'll be like, maybe he doesn't have enough fuel. Maybe hyperdrive's not working. Maybe and it's just like eh, they don't really account for it. But all right. Yeah, I mean, uh, it would have been so also... easy to solve with a simple one line. It's like, well, damn, or like, no, no fuel, and yeah, and so it's one of those. Or just open the episode with the engine damaged. No, yeah, but they um, need a battle. Um, to get they can still do that with the engine. Yeah, they can do that with the. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Just show the engine. Uh, but um, obviously, before his engine is shot, uh, I was curious why he wouldn't have hyperdrive to get out of the way of this guy. But yeah, uh, not. And I will say yeah, I, I, um, that that one's very defensible with a lot of reasons. Unfortunately, then not nothing is given. Just to us yeah, just what it needed a throwaway line. There's a lot of reasons why hyperdrive might not work, and it would have been cool to have accounted for it. Um, but I moving on. The first note is. The guy who's chasing him, he says, hand over baby Yoda, but then keep yeah, blasting how you the ship. Do that? <laughs> how like, you Man, be careful, just... dude. You're, you're shooting a <laughs> ship with your laser blaster. It would have been really funny for him to down. blow it up. And he goes out in a space suit and looks for baby Yoda. He's, <laughs> he's like... Baby Yoda, Mary Poppins itself to his ship. Yes. Uh, mm. Also, I guess uh, bringing it in cold or bringing it in warm is like a thing bounty hunters say. Not 
Because he says that's my line. It's like, is it? Because that guy just said it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't seem like it's like a unique line. I, I thought it was really cool that that was his line, but it's like, I guess a lot of bounty hunters say that. Okay. Yeah, it's not a... doesn't seem like a very... Like, I, I bet a lot of people would have thought of that and use it. In any um, event, um, he it, this episode also confirms that the the ship in one blast he can destroy spaceships. So it would have obviously destroyed the ATST with plenty of damage. It's a powerful cannon, spare. which will be relevant in the next episode in terms of the firepower on his ship. You might even say it's quite a dangerous ship, wouldn't you, Rags? Maybe an attack I ship. I would say that that ship. Might you refer to it as an attack ship? <laughs> I might. I would say that that ship, if I, that thing was flying at me with those big fuck off cannons in the front in of it, in a place I would where be... a particular tractor beam thing was activated, not a tractor beam, tracer, tracker, whatever. Oh, yeah. We'll get to I'd that. Like, oh, shit. This thing's coming right at me. We'll get anyway, to that. Um, I have. So Mando's ship is damaged. He's close by to Tatooine. Um, I'm fine with him being around Tatooine. Uh, but at the same time, I just kind of like, wish it wasn't Tatooine. That's all. Yeah, it's like it just seems uh, like now that we know back, Tatooine and the kind of people who are on Tatooine and Mos Eisley, where he goes, having Baby Yoda with that tracker fob that he knows is active, like man, what a place well, well, to go! Okay, hang, hang on, hang on. We are assuming that everything on Tatooine is the same as when Return of the Jedi was around. I mean, Jabba the Hutt was killed, and no, uh, this is assuming Tower. like there's a lot so of this huts, is though. How many? Yeah, this is a couple years after Return of the Jedi, right? It's like two years after Return of the Jedi. I thought it was oh, seven. No, so, that, I, thought. I remember someone saying seven? it was seven. Yeah. Still not yeah, still not still not very long. Um Moss Eisley's not gonna no longer become a hive of scum and villainy. Like I right. think um, it just doesn't It's I, just even dangerous. If it wasn't, like yeah, like it he just he goes there. And, and I understand it's probably out of necessity, but man, you gotta go implied. in there thinking You're right. What, gotta be really... what baffles me yeah, is I... that he seems to forget that Baby Yoda's a thing. Like, he walks off his ship, <laughs> tells her to repair it without droids, and then goes and finds a job. And it's like, dude, there's a baby yeah. on board. I know. And, yeah, he and, leaves and what's the ship door open. There is a, a motherly-like character right there who ends up being able to take care Thank of him goodness. really, really well. And he, and he could have asked her before he left. Like, just, uh, yeah, which would have made a lot more baby. sense. <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and they screen. already established that she's willing to do it and capable of doing it, and they just needed to do that earlier than later, but they don't. It's just okay. And uh, call back to the first episode. I still think is an issue. He won't let pit droids fix his ship. He will make deals at once immediately with assassin droids. Yeah, I agree. That's an inconsistency. Um, I wouldn't say it makes him incompetent, but I'd say this is definitely an inconsistency. I'd say the choice with Baby Yoda makes him incompetent. Yes, I would. What he the whole not mentioning Baby Yoda and letting it walk around willy nilly was extreme incompetence on his part, especially in Mos Eisley, dude. In in Mos Eisley, yeah, like um, anywhere really. Well, yeah, I was gonna say that's why I said especially. Mos Eisley just makes it doubly so. He just leaves the ship door open, doesn't tell the mechanic about it, leaves. He's obvious, like, <laughs> at least with children, he is very incompetent with. Um, but uh, honestly, even as a bounty hunter, and this is such a valuable, you know, target and everything, the fact that he's not treating Baby Yoda with more concern and protection is very odd. Yeah. So um, I'll, I'll add that to my list. I think that's definitely an issue with Mando, yeah. 
I um, like the reference to the droids from the prequels. There I said it. Yeah, they're fine. I mean, that's where you'd expect a pit droid to be. A nice little doing detail that they're on Tatooine as well. Like, you gotta throw some some pluses in. Yeah. You, know, you gotta you it makes gotta be perfect like perfect sense that yes, they're there. Yes. Yeah. Um. Uh, look, the next thing that I have is again he doesn't oh wait, mind talking to um, here. about yeah. the droids. I kind of think it's ridiculous that he has this droid racism because uh it gets to it, like. You can't have a droid that's designed to repair my ship, repair my ship, because I don't trust droids, question mark. Like, what does he think they're gonna do? It's like, how far does this go, Mando? When someone makes him a piece of toast, is he like, nah, I don't trust toasters. Well, I mean, it depends how deep the bias goes, and- I totally get it with IG parents. units, they're literal assassin units or whatever, so I'm like, ah, cool. But this is like a mechanic droid that's only- point is to fix things and he's like nah don't trust it it's like uh and well, all I i'm saying is right th this can be a part of his character i'm okay with it if i was in the room with him i'd be like you are irrational as fuck <laughs> like that's all i have to say about that <laughs> but fine he has extreme droidism sometimes yes um, um so like again the next thing that happens he goes up and chats with a droid at the bar he doesn't go to the per he doesn't go to the person. He hates droids a lot. He doesn't go to the person. Goes straight to the droid at the bar. Yeah. Try to get info. It was like, like all the, right. I thought he hated droids a whole lot. Didn't trust him. The but, lady pulled a gun on okay. Baby Yoda, by the way. What if she had just shot and killed him? <laughs> oh my god. Mad would have been like, oh, damn it. <laughs> just just ruins everything, but yeah. <laughs> you you shouldn't have left him alone, yeah. Or, you know, yeah. Like yeah. Um, someone said droids can be hacked, or in like in episode uh, 5 when they sabotage the ship. It's like, well, why does he trust her? If you're gonna talk about how someone could be like ill, as as uh, Quill, Quill points out in the last episode, a droid is like not good or bad, it's just according to whoever programmed it in the first place. And if they're her droids, then surely he trusts her enough to fuck with the ship, so and surely he should trust the droids. And if we're using the droids can be hacked thing, what about the IG unit? We literally know it can be reprogrammed. The show tells us that can happen. Yeah, like so I just people can just decide to sabotage your ship. Yeah, I people think... can take your shit and leave. I think they could have done a better job explaining to us his position on droids. It seems strange to really figure out exactly. It definitely could have been done with more consistency. Because I actually I really like it. The idea that you have an aversion to droids in general. Um not because yeah. like it, it kind of reminds me of um ripley and aliens she like hates the androids but then goes on a nice little arc with uh bishop could have done that with mando they kind of try it in this they kind of yeah they tried to pull that off because he ends up liking a droid <laughs> not wanting yes. him to die um all right uh um so i say um the droid the droid says the guild doesn't operate here anymore and he's immediately uh, summoned over to by Toro, I believe his name is, who is trying to do and do a job to get in the guild. It's kind of funny to think Which about. This like... is a job that the guild is okay with. Well, what what do you mean? Uh, that, that they're okay with the, the guild doesn't operate here. Behind. I guess no, he means that there's the no guild... HQ here. Yeah, Maybe that's, that's what, what it means. But the guild. Clear. It's okay if a known job, because uh, it's okay if there's a known job here and someone's here wanting to use that job to get in the guild, but the guild doesn't operate here. 
No, 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 I think you're just reading too much into it. There's no guild HQ there. But if you have Maybe. a target there, you can go to the planet to grab it. Yeah, that, that's not... That makes sense to me. I just find it funny that there's a guy who's got the perfect setup for Mando to join him, sitting two meters away from him when he asks publicly, I need work. I, I, I don't think that one's a, a fair criticism either, because assumedly he might have gone to many planets and found nothing, and then... Uh, well, I guess it is convenient that it's the one he got he broke down on that he finds works. Well, so, I, I would, uh, I'm not even going to go that far, right? I would just say all I need is for, like... You could be like, has anybody got work here? And then that's how he finds it, as opposed to the one guy to overhear their conversation is like, oh, I do. <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> good. Um, obviously, it's to um, facilitate the story moving, moving, moving. I'm just like, oh, honestly, okay. he stands out like a sore thumb in his Mandalorian armor. All he needed to do was not even have the conversation, have someone walk up to him and say, hey, yeah, you're Mandalorian. I think that would I actually be better. You reckon you can help me out? <laughs> and the, that'll do it. I was like, okay. Um, so... Moving on to Toro, when he has Mando come over, he's uh, so Mando declines the job to bring in the super deadly galaxy known assassin, which is a wise thing that Mando does to decline that. It's a very, very dangerous job. But when Toro says he's new and has no experience, he agrees to do the job. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this this would be another moment of Mando being. Ridiculously stupid. Like this, this makes no whoa, sense. Whoa, whoa, if you well, say, hang on, if hang you on. say it's a suicide mission and he's no, like, no, no. if he feels sorry for the guy and wants to show him, guys, if he feels <laughs> sorry for him and wants to show him the ropes a bit and stuff, and you know, all right, I'll help you out because you're new. That, that wow, where'd that come that from? Size. What do you? Yeah, but... <laughs> Didn't you just say that he said no, but then it's because he says, um. Uh, yeah, he's not looking for okay, Wait, so, so let, let's clarify, right? So the the stakes of the of the of this proposition are Mando, a pretty experienced dude, uh, is talking to Guy, neutral at this point, who's claiming that he's got a bounty to capture assassin lady. Mando is very strict in saying that I will not pursue this with you because she's incredibly dangerous. The guy says, he's, "Hey, I'm Mando completely says, I'm not inexperienced." For that kind of heat. Yeah, he says, "I'm completely inexperienced," so that changes Mando's mind. And if someone wanted to argue to me that uh, it's the fact that instead of getting half the pay, he could get all of the pay, Mando's point isn't about the pay; it's about the danger. Is, yeah. Yes, it's the fact that he specifically says, "I don't need that kind of heat," because I assume this is when he remembers that Baby Yoda is a thing, yeah. and he doesn't want that kind of attention that this high-profile target brings. Uh, see, I think what they were trying to pull off is that they're trying to show his compassion that he feels sorry for the young guy is probably going to get killed if he tries it on his own, and when he finds out his news, like, "All right, I don't want to see you get killed. I'll help you," because ultimately, under his helmet, Mandalorian is a really good guy. Yeah, but if he thinks that it's going to kill him, what good is it to help? You'll just both die. Why wouldn't no, he be like, no, don't do it? He doesn't think it's a suicide mission. He thinks he'd be able to take it on, but he, he first didn't uh, think unwilling, but then was like... I think he said that he wouldn't even do it. Did he? Let me go. Well, he declines. Of course he wouldn't do it. Yeah, yeah, Mando said no. He leaves. He he walks away. He's gone. He says no. I'm not looking for that kind of heat. It's super dangerous. Yeah. Oh, you don't have any experience? Let's mm -hmm. do it. Oh, let's do it, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm just reading the subtitles here. He, he is fairly explicit that she's an elite one who's used to taking out... Uh, she made her name by killing... Yeah, he's looking for work, but he's not looking for that kind of work. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay. All right, well, then... Yeah, and that, apparently... Yeah, they, they, just, they just made the mistake of making her too tough, because he clearly is looking for work. Um, yeah, what's weird, though, is that the fee that it takes 
to get his ship repaired is apparently the money that someone carries around in their wallet. Well, then, I mean, we can bring that up later if you want. Because <laughs> that's the yeah, end. We will bring that up later, but it's... Does he have the money for the repair himself already on it? Nope. Nope. He uh, takes it from Toro. Which, and Toro right didn't get it from any just... bounty. That's just what he has on him. Yeah, he just pulled it. Just Toro's wallet. That was enough. So, yeah. Moving on. Um... So he's got um, the uh, the fob, and Mando's like, "Give me it," and then he breaks it and says, "It's in his head." How the hell does that work? How that doesn't make sense. You can't memorize insane. a fob. It's a it's a homing no, device. You can't memorize break, a fob. He didn't break the fob. He broke the puck. He broke the fob. He broke the fob. He didn't have a. Okay. Uh, I'm pretty sure he didn't even he have didn't a. Have, oh no, wait. He did he? Yeah, no, he did have a puck, but he broke he the fob. I will double check just I to can, make sure. But I am. Very, I can promise very... he broke the fob. Take a little look-see. Oh, yeah, he says, give me the tracking fob. And he holds out his hand. Yeah, and then he breaks it, yeah. but this makes no yeah. sense. Yeah, you can't he, memorize he a fob. fob. Yeah, yeah he you can't memorize fob a fob. It's a tracker. <laughs> yeah. Also, okay, I have I no idea why he broke it. But I, I guess, I guess so, because he assumed yeah, that Mando could, could kill him. memorize the location it was pointing. Because I guess he didn't want Mando to take the fob and run. Yeah, and go with the bounty on his own, I guess. Even though he wanted Mando it to be that he's invaluable is... to the uh, to the operation, which I kind of understand, yeah. but how the hell do you memorize a fob? That doesn't make sense. Yeah, if she moves, you're fucked. <laughs> like this is insanely. He ruins dumb. the whole and thing. Then Mando, by the way, still goes, still goes along with the plan, even after he breaks the fob in front of him. He still goes with the plan. He still goes. He says, still goes with it. And then like, again, man, Mando, like this this episode idiot. is pretty damn bad. So so immediately after, right? You got the his knowledge that this guy is desperate to get into the guild. He's aware of the guild. He got a job from the guild, and he allows him to see Baby Yoda, while also being a Mandalorian. I can't help yeah. but assume, which is confirmed later, actually, that there's a story going around right now that reaches the port that he ends up in the next episode, and it reached the uh, the assassin lady thereafter. That there is a Mandalorian that did not, uh, well, that took back his bounty. That's a baby, and he's on the run. Like, why would you let anyone see Baby Yoda? Why are you not saying, hey, lady, keep him in the ship. Don't let anyone see him. And the, of all the people you would have to see him, why a guy who's directly involved with the guild? <laughs> and again, like, this is just Mando being an idiot. Hey, guys. Um, unfortunately, I'm gonna have to call it quits. Uh, I gotcha. That You've is been absolutely going for all right. Quite a while. Yeah. yeah. Over six hours, so... Oh, my God. Oh, it's fucking 10, 20 pumps. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, it's been heaps of fun, and, you know, it was a good kind of relaxing thing to do before I head off to surgery tomorrow, so, uh, lots of fun, guys, appreciate it. Uh, sorry I can't stay for the whole thing, though. Um, well, do you want to, uh, talk about what's coming for your channel, even though, technically speaking, you're taking a month off, sort of? <laughs> yes, not much! <laughs> uh, and everyone kind of already knows mm -hmm. uh, where I'm from and stuff, so it's not much, much to say. Just well, you gotta... posted an update, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. And so, appreciate you yeah. guys, appreciate the chats. Well, yeah, thank you and, for uh, coming on and giving us quite the uh, the conversation to have. Um, I I wish I wish Mandalorian I know, oh, was gosh. better. I know that was so. Uh, <laughs> the thing is, why I got to go now. We like with all the episodes left, we could easily go for another six hours, and I should really, you know, spend some time with the family and things and get ready. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, man. Oh, Thanks right. for hanging out for as long as you did.
Thank and good luck with uh good good luck with the surgery. Absolutely. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, it'll be fine. Yeah, be the best patient you could be. <laughs> we look forward to your <laughs> speedy recovery and like, return. No sudden movements. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the surgery itself is, is the easiest part. It's the damn recovery is going to be miserable. Blech. So anyway. I hope you're a good listener. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I'll catch you later. Toodles. Yeah. See you later. Bye bye. All right, so I suppose, should we just try and machine gun these out? Yeah, we and can just... machine gun these out. Um, the Yeah, we, we got all these bullet points. We can go through them. I'll try to pay attention for chat to get some potential counters to a lot of these. Mm -hmm. So we can go through. So there is a delay on the stuff we say and when chat scrolls up. So give it some time. But if you think you have legit counters to some of the stuff we say, or just funny jokes, then by all means, send them through. Yeah, we're in we're in EFAP after like hours at this thing. point. We're into 5 a.m. Britain time, midnight almost for a lot yeah. of Americans. Like, if you're here with us tonight, that means you're in uh, your spooky after hours for EFAP. It means you're a you're a real fan. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is the this is real loving hours. Um. So. Yeah, we are at um, him seeing he lets Baby Yoda be seen by Toro. Apparently, he doesn't seem to care if people see him. Yeah, it's very weird. Uh, next up, I only got a small thing, which is the Tusken Raiders magically appearing. Um, yeah, they like nowhere to be seen. I mean, they and then only he's just magically like, appear. Well, I'll say they only magically appear to him, who's inexperienced. Mandalorian knows they're there. But like, looking at this shot. I'm not sure where the hell they came from. I guess they were like just beyond the ridge. Um, Maybe. Um, I but I did. The show does point out that they only surprise the the green guy. They do not surprise Mando. He probably sees him walking up and is like gonna talk with him. So. Yeah, I mean, like yeah, I said, I, it was I only, it it only going to be a. I think it shows the skill gap between the. They're two. Like behind him. You know how they did it. But yeah, all right, fine. I'm I'm willing to let that one go anyway. Um. um I have the dewback with the writer. It's a fucking obvious ass trap slash. It's just man. Just walk up to it, I guess. Flip him right on over. Yeah, and uh, Mando relying on rookie man to defend him. It was like okay. Yeah, instead of saying hey, you go do it. I know he has the armor, but I just it just surprises me that he's not... Uh, he seems very trusting, and so he's more trusting very of humans trusting. than droids, but I guess that's a part of his uh, his character. You think, he'd, you think a guy in his position would just be really resistant to trust people? Very hesitant to place that kind of trust in strangers he just met? But I guess he's just a really trusting guy. You know those bounty hunters just, just be trusting? Too wild and trusting guys sounds racist whatever what? you just did you, oh you don't get the reference i guess someone said why do you think his thermals would detect the mudhorn when there's the predator movie so a mudhorn is really really big and it's inside of a cave that's fairly close to you and when it comes to the predator schwarzenegger specifically and they, the people who do that, they are sapient and intelligent beings who are specifically trying to hide from thermal vision. Yeah. So I understand what you Not are saying. Whole, I don't think that they all apply. I just, I, but I do understand what you're saying. Rags has to love Mandalorian now. Take Shad's spot. I'll, <laughs> I'll fucking do it. 
I'm not even sure where he gets hit by by the second shot. It seems to hit him in his bum and make loads of sparks. I don't know what this means for Mandalorian. Maybe he has some kind of... It means he's got that fucking ass like fire. He has a best car butt plug <laughs> and it managed to hit that. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, uh, so they establish that there is a sniper lady. She hits him in his armor twice. And they decide that they'll wait yeah, till nightfall. The weird part of this is that they want to wait till nightfall so they can flashbang her on the way to getting to her. Which uh, would work in daylight. I don't really know why... They need to wait for nighttime. Yeah, because the flashbang, because yeah. it, it's like a almost like an electrical. Because she's looking through a scope, it, it's like a thermal scope essentially. Um, so they could have done that during the day. I'm not going to count it against him though, because it is a it's it's a risk that he shouldn't take to assume that the scope is electronic and not optical. Um, so I'm fine with him waiting till night in yep. that regard. But my issue is, why are you not taking these speeders and fucking zooming all the way around to cut yeah. wide to get to the to get to the stone? Why are you remaining out here until nighttime? You need to be <laughs> her with your speeders behind the dunes. Yeah, no, you can only go you forward. Know I mean, that's, that's how it works in Star Wars. You can only go forward. You know, you can only go through the fight cloud. You can only go through the desert. To go also, space cancer. Yeah. yeah. Also, <laughs> I gotta say, this is another part where using his thermal vision would be very useful, and he does not use it mm -hmm. because he can see the dewback with his thermal vision later in this episode from where she was sniping. So he asks her, "Where is she?" Instead of him even making the attempt to use his thermal vision to try and spot her on the ridge. Mm-hmm. So, so someone said I don't know who Steve Martin is. Yeah, I do. He's the it's guy. It's because I did the the two wild and crazy guys reference, and you didn't acknowledge it. Oh, I don't Martin think I've seen did. that. Um, uh, um, it's it's really good. It's it's yeah. probably it's really good. It was Steve back Martin's when the guy SNL who had like white hair for sixty years. Yeah, he's Pink Panther. <laughs> yeah, Steve Martin. And Dan Aykroyd too. He's just like perpetually white hair, but he—he's one of those people that just never seemed to age because he got white hair early, I guess. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, so this is more real life tech being applied to Star Wars. No, I'm using the rules what they the show. They specifically the sh show him in her spot where he can see using the thermals the dewback. Yeah, to which she would immediately think, "Well, why doesn't he use it earlier to when he's trying her, to yeah. find her?" It's yeah. like he never he never is fully aware of his arsenal and what he can use. He always seems to be oblivious to what technology he has. It is very strange because like I'm like I play Arma and all sorts of video games and rarely am I like forgetting shit like thermal vision and like grenades and equipment that I yeah. have. I you would think that if your job. life depended on yeah. it, you would be really well attuned to your own. <laughs> you got time to kill. If you wait until oh, night, yeah. you might as well get your, night, your uh, thermal out. Um, it was kind of weird that he concluded what make of sniper she has when being as of being shot by it. Um, yeah, how, how could he possibly know? Like, I guess that's how that works. Like, I don't know. I just thought it was like, huh? I, I like I like the idea that in the real world you shoot someone with a gun and they're like, oh, Hawk 17! Oh, <laughs> you got me. There's got to be times where you yeah, can I... tell certain things about certain guns. I just didn't... It, it's a it's a this, rifle yeah, blast. I like, I don't really... 
only a something something mark B modified rifle could make that shot is like that's fucking bullshit. This is Star well, yeah, Wars. Yeah, Do I mean, not tell me that only one rifle can be a sniper rifle. Fuck off. There can only be one in a universe where there are apparently 70 million <laughs> inhabited planets, therefore yeah. countless numbers of people and different weapons. Someone in the chat makes a good thing. Mando should have used the thermals only to have them not work because the assassin's clothing has anti material. That would have been nifty. It would have made her more yeah. menacing. He would have been yeah. like, I can't see her on the thermals. Maybe she's using such and such fill in the blank tech. I was like, huh, yeah. that makes her more dangerous. Ooh, she's sneaky. But then they sneak up this, on her anyway. But, that's yeah. the worthwhile thing to think about with a lot of the flaws is there's always an opportunity to do something better with even with a little bit extra work, like a little extra, you know, explanation. And someone said they shouldn't have given him this much tech to begin with. I agree, because he doesn't use it anyway. Like, yeah, if they would have given him a bunch of tech and he actually used it in logical ways, I would have loved to see him using all his gadgets. Um, Andreas Edgeland said he gets shot in his armor a lot, so he's learned to know the feeling. <laughs> well, well, that's... Is that okay, real? That doesn't bode well for him. He's been shot a lot, so he's he been, knows yeah, he's how he, he can so tell what armor. guns are being shot at him. Like, wow. Like, like, I'm so shit, I'm really good at being shit. I mean, it would have just been easier if he's like, shit, he got hit and he's like, hmm, range, tries to figure out range or something, and tries to figure out, you know what I mean? Like, it, he or doesn't need to be so specific. Or if he just said, he's like, did you hear that sound? That sounds yeah. like a da 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 rifle. Yeah, exactly. As opposed to the way that that felt when I got hit <laughs> makes me think that it was this rifle. Oh, he said it was a and, joke. Okay. Because oh, for a second there, I was yeah, just yeah. like, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, and I would have been thinking if I was directing, I would have been like, it would have been so cool if in Star Wars that the blast hits him or the blast lands next to him and it's quiet and then you hear the report of the laser going off. That would have been that nice little detail that gun lover and me would have loved mm -hmm. um, um let's he, see they let like a whole day pass while he's sleeping in front of a guy he's just met with baby yoda so far away on its own i just it all seems so like wow he's so casual about all of this like it, it just feels like he should be a little bit more concerned but um mm -hmm. he's a very confident man it's nothing to do with his lack of i don't know intelligence it's all to do with the fact that he knows what's up and he's in control Someone said he could see the heat of her gun. That would be a nifty detail. I'd have an issue with that. Uh, that would be nifty. Um, it would show that, like, he knows to look for it or he knows to really zoom in. Or, like, she shot twice, three times, whatever. So he's like, he's looking for the hot. But, like, there's all these rooms for these cool ass little details that would give us an insight into all the tricks he's learned, all of the training he's processed, all the stuff that he's processed along the way. But Instead, we get him doing stupid shit all the time. When uh, Assassin Lady is, like, she knows the guy is behind her with a gun, she, like, flips around, throws it, and it hits him, and his gun knocks it out of his hand, which happens again in the next episode, if you remember. Yeah, there are two consecutive episodes where someone comes up behind someone else with a gun, a, a woman specifically, and she turns around, throws a knife, and knocks the gun out of their hand. And I'm like, oh. Oh, I guess is it didn't. How it worked? Okay. It, I just watched the clip. It doesn't knock it out of his hand. It knocks his hand really far away, and before he can re aim it, she kicks it out of him. Oh, well. Very strange. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's effectively the same thing. 
No, if someone throws a knife at your at your gun, it's you're uh, not going to be like. <laughs> That's what I mean. I don't understand why he flips so far back. It's like like he is like his gun was hit by a fucking punch. <laughs> it's like she threw a knife at you, mate. Calm down. It's one of those like it's it's almost like throwing star sized as well. It's not very big. Also, like it's really weird that these people have all this incredible training with throwing knives in the Star Wars galaxy. Yeah. What like that seems that? like a really specific skill that like man all right like i get it she's an assassin but then the person in the next episode she's good at throwing knives like man everyone knows how to throw knives in space they're not even like space knives they're just sharp metal well, no, no, they, they, they glow blue uh in the next episode she has blue knives yeah, rags glow blue, they glow weird. blue that means they're space knives fucking space knives was a heavy um, knife. <laughs> so, um, let's see. So what? Uh, uh, Fennec has apparently got. So Fennec is the name of the assassin, by the way. Fennec has a rendezvous point to get to. Why did she stay here? So yeah, is it just, is it just a good good place to shoot people who are coming after her, I guess. Um. Also, um, he doesn't take his because someone brings it up. I don't want to forget the point for later. Uh, someone says Mando probably has the gun and knows what equipment goes with it. Um, don't know if if he had it. Why does he use? Why does he not use it ever? Why is it never brought up? It isn't shown on his uh gun rack or anything like that. Also, I think it's really strange that a bounty hunter who wants to have very non-lethal options, especially at range, carries a disintegrating laser that leaves no body behind. comment if necessary um i was distracted by vibro blades apparently that's what's being used as vibro blades Ooh. many people have said it apparently it's a thing um i just i and i know this is take taking video games into account but i know in everything from dishonored to metal gear solid to all these to splinter cell and all that stuff non-lethal Takedowns at a distance are extremely valuable, but he has a disintegrator rifle, which just seems like a bounty hunter who would want to, if he kills somebody, it could be the mark that he has to kill. He might need confirmation of the kill, so a disintegrator leaves no body. And even earlier in the original trilogy, Vader says no disintegrations to Boba Fett, right? Because bodies need to be confirmed. Or brought in? I mean, it's weird. I'm not sure what how how that works. It's weird. Uh, it doesn't bother it doesn't bother me much. I just think it's really weird. Um someone says utilizing throwing knives makes some sense, Rags. Normal people do not have access to lightsabers in universe. That is an interesting therefore. Like no, I understand that it makes like logical sense that it's a thing that is done. But like like back to back, we have two people who are so good with throwing knives, they could spin around and specifically throw the knife to hit guns out of people's hands. It just seems like a very specific skill. Fibro fibroblades can disable lightsabers. Oh. Mm. Uh. So yeah, they capture. Um. Yeah, they capture her. Uh, he shows up. Mando trusts this guy enough that he's going to go and retrieve 
the dewback and leave him with here and a speeder that could easily take them both away. Um, a lot of trust to put into that guy, and it's not rewarded because no. the guy decides that after <laughs> what he time. finds out from the girl, that he can go and get the bounty by taking Baby Yoda hostage and using it to try and kill Mando. He kills Krennic, Ken, 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 Ken whatever assassin. It's not Krennic because that's Rogue One. Um, <laughs> one of his bounties. Like, yeah, he kills her, and he doesn't sling her body on the back of the speeder, because you can do that, uh, yeah. to collect the bounty. He just leaves the body, because he thinks that it's much more worth it to just set up this whole Mando-killing thing. As opposed thing. to, you know, just putting her on the bike and potentially getting double the money, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's really strange, and, and here's the thing. It's really strange that Rookie Guy doesn't do it. That's the whole reason he's fucking out here in the first place. No, he's a it rookie. He gets really... tricked. really... He thinks oh, he's, okay. he's, he's he's biting off more than he can chew ranks. He thinks like, yeah, I could go for the silver medal, but I want to go for gold. Oh boy! Even though getting the silver medal, he can also get the gold medal too. Just two gold medals. Taking her body along doesn't <laughs> contradict this. But also, it's super super weird that Mando doesn't take the body either. He yes. specifically took this job for the money. I'm guessing he needs money. Would... He legitimately just doesn't bring the body that's worth a lot of money. Also, let's do some logistics, shall we? Uh, they at it. nightfall they go to attack her, and they go from where they were hiding around where the Dubak was, uh, all the way to her, and then Mando immediately goes back to get to the Dubak, right? So the time it takes for him to yep. get to the Dubak and back to them, it's day. How long yeah, is it going to take him to get from that spot on that creature all the way back to Mos Eisley? And someone said he's not Very up for the money. It'll be an uh, immense Frank, amount of just... time. We're talking like a week yeah. or something, I don't know. Yeah, someone say he's not after the money. It's like, but it's like, he's basically turning down free money at this point. It's free prestige, yeah, it's, it's not even about the money. Yeah, this is free it. prestige and free money. Like, the whole reason that, um, the whole reason, like, because remember, both the new guy, he needs the body for the prestige. The money that comes along with it, I mean, he says he's not in it for the money, but like that's free money that comes along with it at this point, especially if he's planning to double cross Mando. Mando needs money to, to repair his guild. Actually, how's he? Gonna, how's he how, how is Mando going to claim the money if he's on the bad side? Well, he could he could probably hire mm. someone to do it. I'm sure that there's yeah, I'm sure that there's not. Yeah, there's just... a way. There's a way, right? Like, oh yeah, absolutely. Not every. Like, the guild isn't the be-all, end-all of bounty hunting. And plus, In he fact, he could make a deal with a bounty hunter. He could be like, pay me now and I'll give you this bounty for free. Well, not yeah. for free, obviously. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> he doesn't lose anything by taking the body anyway. And there's potentially very good rewards. And um, yes. he needs also, the money. That's the important yeah. thing. Also gonna say, really, really bugs me that they don't take her amazing rifle and scope and helmet. Yeah, might as well. Like, I am... Like, and, and we have this problem in a later episode. But man, you got this new green guy, and he's learning the ropes. He wants prestige. Not only would that make an excellent trophy because you took it from this specific person, but that is an incredibly valuable, useful tool that you will need. Like, this rifle is probably worth a lot of money. He could use it in the future. The fact that they just don't take things that are super useful bugs the shit out of me. Um, I've spoken. <laughs> so that pushes us all the way up to when he actually gets back, I guess. Um, 
Uh, and, and someone says, yeah, they mentioned guild rates. He's like, yeah, because in the first episode, he says there's a lot of business, but not everybody wants to pay guild rates. There's plenty of places to get bounties and turn in bounties that don't involve the guild. Also, there's no way that's the only guild. There's no way. If there are 70 no million inhabited planets, then there's more than one guild. Yeah, don't tell me that Carl Weathers runs this the the whole galaxy's guild from the this one, one bar on Navarra. Yeah, the one at his guild table in the man. galaxy. I can only pay you in flan from Flanville or <laughs> Imperial credits. That's all I have. Yeah. It's like, yeah, there's no way. There's there are many guilds. There's a flan guild. <laughs> Trade exclusive flan. Uh <laughs> So next for me was just when when he's like reveals himself to Mando, he's like, "Here I am." Amanda's got like a clean shot of his head, and he doesn't take it. And it's like, okay, I guess he thought it was too dangerous to try, but he does later when it's essentially the same scenario, except not really. Like like the yeah, the guy's still holding he, Baby he Yoda. For a worse, yeah, he waits for a worse time to shoot instead of like that's the thing. How you want to make Mando badass? Toro walks out of the ramp with her and Baby Yoda in his hand. And remember, Mando's already pointing his gun at him. They're having a standoff. He just fucking pops him in the head, just right there. Just also, not even, uh, doesn't even say a word. He just poof. At 2804-ish, uh, the guy's like taking aim, and he looks like he's gonna fire. And I'm just curious, what, he, what is he aiming for? It looks like he's aiming for Mando's head, which is gonna do fuck all. Why does everybody keep aiming in his head? It's like, stab. Um... It is very weird. Um, I guess because we know that his best car armor will stop blaster bolts. He's seen him get hit twice, but he's like, "I'm gonna hold you up with a blaster." I'm like, okay. It's really People lucky he didn't just execute Baby Yoda when he does this whole flashbang plan. Yeah. But um. Yeah, uh, looks like he wins. He takes the money off his corpse, and it's enough to pay for for the repairs, as we mentioned earlier. Like, all right. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, some of these points we covered. Mando doesn't shoot Toro. Toro threatens to shoot Mando despite knowing his armor. Mando shoots Toro after the distraction, not always standing still with his gun already raised at him. So Mando gives her money taken from Toro. So the amount of money, as I said before, with Shad... The amount of money that he needed to get in order to fix his ship and pay her and be on his way, it was the amount of money that apparently a guy carries around in his wallet. Like, he literally yeah. bends down, takes the money out of the wallet, and just doesn't even count it. He just dumps it into her hand. I guess it was a sign of him saying, this is all I have, hopefully it's enough. And she was like, okay. I guess. So, okay. Um, of course. Um, I, let me see. A lot of There's, like I, the, the the majority criticism from like fans in general were that this kid was invented for this episode and he was killed. The assassin was invented for the episode and was killed. The ship was damaged for the episode and repaired. And Mando leaves, and so it's like inconsequential. I mean, nothing is accomplished. What well, nothing's accomplished by this episode. Um, no, but Gus, um, Gus shows up right at the end. Well, here's the thing. That doesn't actually. That doesn't. That's no. That's of no significance. I mean, if anything, it hurts no. because shouldn't he yeah. then have access to the like? Oh, Baby Yoda scanner is going <laughs> off. Baby Yoda, where are yeah. you? It doesn't uh, solve yeah. anything. Oh, and there's still there are there are other tracking fobs on her body. Of course, other other bounty hunters would show up, and I guess a bounty hunter just gets a freebie. So, lucky him, I guess, which is fine. Yeah. Um, but it's of no surprise that someone shows up to her body. You would expect that. 
but this is an episode where nothing happens that's meaningful. And one of our complaints is that they breeze by a lot of stuff that really needed a lot more development. And you have episodes like this and the next episode where just stuff doesn't happen. Uh, like, next episode is completely filler. Yeah, it's um, totally. And I'm fine with filler, but the problem is that it's at the, the expense of filler. rushing that's other yeah, problem. They're rushing other stuff that needs to be developed the... more, I feel. Should we, the uh... plot critical episode, yeah? I was just gonna say, because, like, we're at seven hours, um, we need to, you know, at least try to get some super chats done before we hit the, the timer, and, uh, theoretically, if we got six, seven, and eight, should we just, uh, do this again once chat is back, a... or...? I'm fine with that, because episode... Yeah, like, I am too. These... I have a lot of notes for these. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are not going. We are not going to get through. I don't actually. Yeah, I was gonna say. I, don't, I didn't even realize this, but apparently half of my notes are uh, episodes six, seven, and eight. So. Yeah, six, seven. Yeah, they are. A, they are six, a big chunk. Six is really. I got a lot There's of so issues. So much filler with... in this show. There is, yeah. Which uh, yeah, I, I think that we'll have to save this for another for the next time we talk about it. I guess, but like filler isn't inherently bad or anything. No, but um, just like, when this, when the plot's already being rushed as it is, and half of the episode's superfluous. Yeah. stuff doesn't happen on the Mandalorian. No, like, stuff doesn't happen that's meaningful in these specific episodes. Like, he begins and ends with nothing having been accomplished. They are filler episodes. Like, the plot is not advanced well, yeah, in any cause, way. Because you think about the plot event episode one is when the plot starts so there's obviously a lot going on episode two advancement is oh maybe yoda knows the force but that's not that's that's sort of like not important till later on then episode three is obviously really a plot important episode four totally a tangent it's a complete tangent lots of stuff happens but it's, it's not directly tethered to the baby yoda thing episode five happens and it's over and nothing's changed Nothing. episode six happens and it's over and like, five and six are the real filler episodes. Yeah, and we're fine with filler as an idea. We're fine, but yep. you have you only have eight episodes here. Like, you don't have a lot of time yeah. for filler. There are only eight episodes short... here. A fourth of And the episodes are... that are in there a lot are not even 40 minutes long. A lot of them are less than 40 minutes. There's not a lot of content. Yeah, this one is like... This episode is... Let me go to the credits. The credits are at... Four minutes in, at least. Not even more than that. Five minutes in. So yeah, this is like a twenty-five minute episode. Yeah. Uh, and again, yeah. it's in. Uh, it's a problem because so much is really rushed before this and after this that needs to be developed for it to be impactful. But instead, we're fucking around in the desert. And so I was going to say, like, uh, hopefully, we have provided a lot of. Uh, Food for thought about Mandalorian. Perhaps people won't take it that seriously, and that it seems more like nitpicks, or it's ex exploring some stuff that maybe people weren't uh, as aware of. Who knows? Because we'll find out in the comments. I have a feeling that this one is going to be controversial. But uh, we will return, I suppose. Once Shad comes back, we'll try and organize an episode for uh, the remaining three yeah. episodes. And um, I, I was going to say, I'll just uh, I, I'm happy to kick on with super chats unless there's anything else anyone wants to say. Not right mm. now, nah. No, um, <laughs> okay. I, 
I, all of our complaints have been on a spectrum. We've talked about stuff that even we admit is nitpicky, but we're just bringing it up anyway. All the way to really, really impactful stuff that's huge. And everything in between. Not all of the criticisms, criticisms we have should be placed on the same scale and of the same importance. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of the little stuff really adds up into a big pile. Yeah, and again, 5, we, yeah, we still have six, seven, and eight, which mm -hmm. are bad. Mm -hmm. Seven so, kind of peaked my hope uh, in the first half, but then right at the end, it just, yeah, completely plummeted. Mm -hmm. And yeah, um, I don't think anyone can say it's a circle jerk on EFAP, right? at, least, at least with this episode, for sure. <laughs> like, this is just... There's no way. I don't understand how you can say that. Um... Yeah, just like like I said, there will be a lot of motivation ascribing. I hope uh, people try and avoid it as best as possible. But um, I know we're gonna get the whole. You just don't like anything Disney. All right. Yeah, well, Must be it. we were on record of that not being true. So yeah, like we want it to be good. Like guys, we want this to be really good. I want to be excited in the same way I'm excited for the next Batwoman episode. <laughs> yeah. Like, I want to be like, oh, sweet, the next Mandalorian's out. I can't wait for this kick-ass, amazing character to just be doing stuff and watching his exploits and seeing how the story mm -hmm. progresses. Like, guys, I want good shows to watch, especially if they're Star Wars and we've had such terrible Star Wars stuff. Yeah, it'd be good to have some good Star Wars content. And of course, because, it's I mean, not as bad as the sequel films. Not as it's bad not, as no. Yeah. And, and it's not, like, maliciously bad, like I'd say... It's not insultingly bad. It's not. It's just incompetently with, made. Yeah, it well incompetently written. Written, um, and I can. I'll, I'll specify incompetently written. And I'm not sure who that. I guess it comes down on John Favreau because he wrote a lot of the episodes and he's the showrunner. Because I, I know that I saw in the comment people like, "Oh, episode four, Bryce Dallas Howard directed this." Like, how much blame can you square on directors for television shows? I don't think you can do a lot. I think it's mainly the writing team. That you got to hold accountable. I'd, I'd happily say shows. it's it's John Favreau and Bryce Dallas had and Dave Filoni to a degree, oh, sure. right? You yeah, guys yeah, just yeah. hate Ben. Yeah. Someone said, "Wait, what? Six, seven, and eight is bad." Then, by definition, you consider the entire season bad. He's like, "Buddy, where have you been?" <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. What, what are we? Me and Rags gave it a three at the beginning of this, so I gave it a three, man. I gave it a four, I think. You're yeah. showing good. As much as I wanted it to be, yeah. yeah. And there and, are good parts. Yeah. Trust me, guys, but... like, if you saw how I was reacting to the show, you would have seen the disappointment on my... Like, the disappointment I had as it deteriorated was really... Even after episode four, I was like, oh, I'd still get better. You know, this is a bad episode now, but it could get better. And by like, man, the time know... episode... Yeah. Like, how worried we were when we watched episode three... Like we were worried, and then four comes out, and we we're like, "Well, fuck. <laughs> well." Yeah. I think there was a logic of like that one was one that was sort of fillery, though. Like it could be ignored. Like hopefully they kick it back up with the plot episodes. The plot didn't come until seven. It was like, uh yeah, it's way too short. But you could have stretched out the material in this season for a while. You could have done three or four seasons with this material and it's funny because people say that like that's stupid you just want it to you just want it to you know meander along 
but it's you know you need that time that's valuable time someone said taika waititi ruined episode 10 hands down or whichever one he did that's episode eight, eight and yes he did yeah. eight well, is you... terrible i what do you mean like in that episode, episode you like Oh, do you, do you mean because you like Jojo Rabbit and he made that, so... I love Ragnarok and I love Jojo Rabbit. Yeah. yeah. He directed no, episode was... 8 and it is terrible. Um, he wrote and directed who's, episode 8. Yeah. Who's John P. addressing? It says, so you're Rabbit arguing is. it's as bad as Bla Batwoman, Rise of Skywalker, Last Jedi, and Captain Marvel, you're high on cracks. Like, does anyone actually think that? Uh, no, no like, way. I look forward to Batwoman because of how terrible it is. Yeah, like, no way that... Yeah, like zero on the scale is Tism, Infinity Tisms, right? Batwoman's like a one. <laughs> yeah, and that's where the Star Wars sequels are about one to one and a half range. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. it's worthwhile to set the scale here. Zero is, yeah, like Crisis on Infinite Earths. One is. The I think Star that's going to be the bottom of my scale. I don't know if there's anything worse than Crisis on Infinite They break every possible rule you could ever have. Yeah, like it's incomprehensibly yeah. bad. I couldn't like, believe the plot that is that actual really. nonsense. The CGI is terrible. The writing's horrible. It's just yeah, there's, there's everything is bad. Impressive about it. Whereas in Mandalorian, like at least the production values and everything is really good. But and the acting's good as well. But whereas yeah, with Crisis Infinite Earths, God. Mm -hmm. um, I mean yeah, but the scale, I guess. Like I saw someone saying, "Oh come on, it's a six at least." It's like six is good. You know, six is good. Yeah, above I don't average, see how right? the show is a six. Yeah, it's above average. Is the Mandalorian above average from a writing standpoint? Absolutely no. not. No way. No. What was the question, sorry? Oh, it's just because someone said, they were basically saying, really, it's at least a six. The Mandalorian. Did Rag say Wreck-It Ralph instead of Ragnarok? Did <laughs> Thor no, Wreck-It Ralph. Okay, I was about to be like, damn, I liked Wreck-It Ralph, though, but... Did yeah. he do Wreck-It Ralph? No. I want to right? watch Thor Wreck-It Ralph. I want to see Thor Rack. Thor breaks the internet. Thor breaks the internet. Well, he the, was playing Fortnite. Maybe he did. All right. Um, that awesome. happened, everybody. Well, yeah, it'll be a perpetually promised episode, as in the next time we do uh, the second half of this. But we'll get there eventually. Though it looks like it'll be at least a month. So, crap in, I guess. But, um, yeah, you guys good for me to start reading out these super shorts? Yeah, fucking do it. Uh, I will skip ones directed at Shad and save them for the intro to the next time he's on this show. We'll save them all up for him. Uh, this one just says, oh my god. So, mm-hmm. Uh, what's your biggest issues with Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End? Uh, I can't even fucking remember which one that is. I don't. I don't. That's the third one. Normally, oh. they have to go upside down to enter, yeah. exit purgatory. I can't even remember. It's been so long since I've seen them. Well, Davy Jones' locker, I guess. Uh, yeah, I would have to rewatch it to be able to tell you. The last time I watched it was, I want to say, a year ago, and for some reason, I have forgotten a lot of it. <laughs> like it wasn't even that long yeah. ago. Uh. And why yeah, do people never? My head together like a blender. And why do people never mention Elizabeth Swan as a strong female character? I suppose because of how bad the later Pirates movies are, that people kind of forget about her. Um. Because there's probably far better examples. 
Most people don't remember Will Turner as a character yeah, I guess, as well. Um, I guess the issue is that you can, every time, because we always default to Ripley and uh, Sarah Connor because they're such great examples, but people now think that there's insidious intent when someone says <laughs> yeah. those two. They're like, oh, of course you would. And so now we need to find like, different, yeah, better examples. Well, they're really good examples. People, yeah. it's, people have ascribed political motivations behind citing those two now. So in order to get around that, you have to cite different people. Yeah, or like we, we use those examples because they're so good. We yeah, 80s movies. Examples. Yeah, it's, it's kind of funny how good a lot of 80s movies are on the objectivity scale. Like, like Die Hard's really high up on there. Uh, Terminator, well, Terminator 2 is the 90s. Terminator 1 even. Predator. Yeah. Sorry, I've distracted from the no, good. Continue. Um... Are any of you going to watch the Sonic movie? Yeah. I figure I? we would save that for EFAB movies, or at least some of us will. I don't know. I, I, I was going to just go what watch it. What if the reviews come out? It's really good. Well, know. the thing is, because, um, <laughs> of course, initially my reaction when they fixed the CGI was, oh, no, instead of having a meme bad movie, it's just going to be bad, but there's some clips coming out, and it doesn't look too bad. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's probably just going to be, like, mediocre at best, but I could be wrong. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I'll want to see it, but I'm not going to go to the cinema to see it. And I'll be interested to see what the reviews are, like, numbers, see what see what everyone's saying. Should be amusing. Um, and so it begins. Also, the Wills of the Wisps are shown in Clone Wars Season 6, but you stopped watching for that long time ago, didn't you, Mola? I did stop. Yeah, I will... <laughs> Do my best one day to restart, I suppose. Um, the Mandalorian is some people's last hope in Star Wars. Can't wait to see you destroy it. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, I mean, season two could be good. Yeah, yeah, it could be good. It won't be good. But I could. I, you know, I have... There, there's a, it is a new hope, uh, but, you know, it's not going to be the only one. They're going to be making more and more stuff. Hopefully one day they will strike gold. Uh, you guys like how Gideon needs Baby Yoda alive, so he sends a flamethrower trooper in to burn him alive? Yes. It's so stupid. <laughs> and none of them choose to shoot the flamethrower dude. They all just allow themselves yeah. to be killed, but then Baby Yoda's like, nah, I got this, bro. <laughs> Such a weird moment, because yeah, he's just... It like even goes to like slow-mo of everybody just reacting to him in the room, like even if they have guns in their hands. You take it, take it one by one. You're him? like... IG-11 would obviously insta-kill this guy, but just doesn't. Um, Mando, despite being injured, has access to his pistol, can see the guy coming, he's just like, well, we're fucked. Kara, dude, Carl Weathers, like, yeah. he's got this gun in his hand. He's got two! He's just, does, does, it's such a stupid moment. moment. That episode is really retarded. And it's, unfortunately, we couldn't get to it tonight, but honestly, if, if Shad had stayed, I'm not sure if we could have gotten through, like, all of it before the stream cap. Uh... Yeah. It's, it's it took surprisingly long. We we had a big old conversation about the fobs, and I'm really curious if season two is just gonna shut that down in terms of what they actually do. I wonder if it'll like be definitive or not. It'll be because I think or if they'll have some throwaway line. Oh, the fobs expired. I just oh, think they're avoiding it's, explaining it's, it on purpose because it's it's really tough to be definitive about what they do. Well, they work themselves into a corner. Yeah, the like, fobs, fobs are just are a bad idea. Powerful. And I think they're, yeah, mm -hmm. I agree. I think they're a bad idea. They shouldn't have had the fobs. Um, I'm just going to read this one out. You, you, pickle, pee, pickle, pee, me, me, pumperum. 
All right. Yeah, oh. Just want to make sure you guys heard that. So they try to make a Magic AIDS, I mean school bus episode of Star Wars. I mean, I guess coming out of my bum would be a great climax. I don't no, know what to I make agree. of that. Yeah, all right. Hop on the magic school bus. Um, Have eight. I messed up a super chat last time. I meant to say you should efab one of his movies like you did with Chris. Is? Is that in reference to um uh Ralph the Movie Maker? Oh, right. Well, uh, yeah, we could. I mean, because guess... we we watched parts of it. It was offline, but we were looking over. So Some doing the people get very upset when when you review a YouTuber's movie because that's like mean, even though you know that's like what? yeah, but it was shit. <gasps> you don't like Chris Stuckman's work? <sighs> no, I don't. None of it. Wow. Um. But yeah, maybe I don't know. Do do do. Uh, I got really drunk one night with some friends while watching The Mandalorian and called Mando the Matadorian because he's played by Pedro Pascal. Ha. Oh <laughs> nice. Um, okay. Have you seen Cinema Win's new Joker video? He says every movie will fall apart when you look at it objectively, then says Lord of the Rings is full of contrivances. Yes. <laughs> full? Sure. Depends. Uh, you have to give me some references. Wait, sure. what do you mean full? Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, I say that like dismissively, like I don't buy it. Oh. Thank goodness. Like you have to, <laughs> like you have to make your case on that one, that it's full of contrivances. Um, me and uh, we, we uh, I don't think I don't know if Fringy has. I guess he can speak for himself. But uh, we have watched the Cinema Wins and Sins videos on Joker. They're both very well. Cinema Sins video is very bad. Makes those mistakes. Yeah. Cinema Wins is one. Quite a few good points in there. Quite a few that are like, wow, you're reading into that and reaching. And then this weird shit. He goes on several rants about how the film is being made political, uh, which isn't necessarily untrue. Uh -huh. It's just like it feels odd in his video because he's like, hey, "Look how good this movie is." Also, it's not making people kill each other. You're like, "All right." <laughs> um, I mean, that's a win. That's, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and then he he can he like concludes like, "Yeah, there are problems in the film, but every film has problems when you look at it objectively." And it's really weird because he, he dismisses it. But he's also conceding then that that's what objectively would mean, that you look at those flaws? He says there's a razor-thin line between an amazing movie and a terrible movie. And I'm like, uh, no. Okay. It's a I'm weird, saying, weird, I'm weird not... one. Yeah, hit the second half of his part two is just, just, just fucking autism. But um, it's a really good candidate to have our very first episode where we cover a cinema wins and sins video back to back. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, because a lot of people don't like Cinema Sins, but they like Cinema Wins because he's positive. Which yes. is being positive and inaccurate standard. is fine. Being negative and inaccurate is well, that's wrong. This is it's funny, right? Because this is an opinion that a lot of people actually hold, right? Where they're like, you know, you know, it's the same thing of like you're opinionated, and that's something they'll say if you say something negative. But if you say something really positive, you're not opinionated. You're just nice you know what I mean? like it's it's kind of the double standard of being nice and negative people just dislike negativity well he, the tagline for his channel is like because loving things is more fun than hating things or something like that okay i mean i like debating movies <laughs> yes 
Uh, are you guys going to go through the leaked scripts slash how JJ got screwed by Disney in depth? Uh, all I planned to do was to read a like script summary of what uh, Colin Trevorrow's script for episode 9 was, and that would be uh, next week. Uh, also, i got to admit, first few times you guys referenced Shad, I thought you meant a different Shad. Yes, yes, a lot of people have... Uh... I'm not, I don't even know, I don't think there's another Shad out there. Oh, well, there's a, there, there may be one or two, I don't know, maybe. Uh... I don't think so, I think this is the only one, we got him. On lockdown. Speaks in Sheev, I, I have waited a long time for this. By the way, watched John Wick 2 the other night, the best part of it was Ruby Rose's lack of spoken lines. Woman should only speak when spoken to. But women should only speak when spoken to. Well, I was thinking the reason she's fine in that is because she has she doesn't have any lines. I was gonna say she's downright uh, neat in that film. Like, she's fine, but it's probably like if anything, when we watched the episodes ten and eleven of Batwoman, which will be coming eventually, people, uh, I really couldn't help but notice her acting. Like I was just like, oh, <laughs> oh, it's so it was weird. <laughs> um. <laughs> The, oh, by the way, you guys are going to love the videos that we have on those. episode 10 and 11, a real doozy. Yeah, they got Infinitisms 5 and Batwoman 10 11 uh, coming to Moolah eventually. Uh, no they promise are, on exactly They when. are wild. I mean, we hit the ground running, ladies and gents. Oh, we lost our shit within the yeah. first like minute of the first Batwoman episode. It was oh, so wonderful. Oh, yeah, because Batwoman forgets that momentum exists. <laughs> It's wonderful. You'll see soon enough. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, and that ends with, other than that, it was shit. Um, John Wick 2 was shit. I don't know what you mean. Uh, uh, John Wick 3 was definitely shit, and Metal Commander will happily explain that to all of us in, in possibly like two weeks to a month's time. Very excited. And then he's going to make a John Wick 2 video. Uh, so uh -huh. that will prove that be, it's bad. That's going to go over real well. I feel like both of those are going to be controversial videos to start with. <laughs> well, the John Wick one is definitely controversial. There are a lot of people who still think John Wick is really good. Yeah, but uh, not John Wick. John Wick one is really good, but two and three, yeah, yeah, yeah. one is great. I love John Wick. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, there's a reason. Why, like again, there's a reason why we hate the things we do, and you could all tie them back to pretty consistent, you know criteria oh hate the thing i thought you meant hate the things we do is in the actions we take rather than hate the things that we hate oh no the hate the hate the things that we hate yeah this one says try dark souls 2 if you've never played it don't listen to mauler he's being a complainy boy it's a good game just level adp and have fun i mean <laughs> i would recommend you play it if you're a dark souls fanatic it's just that um don't assume it's your fault when things go horribly wrong. That's all. That's uh, good game design. Yes. Green Man good. Also, ooh-ooh, Rags. Ooh-ooh. How can the Dragon Demands get in touch with you? He'd love to go on EFAP and he believes in objective standards and has many Longman documentaries. Uh, best way would probably be... DM on Twitter email? or at me on Discord or email. Yeah, these. I don't. Has he tried any of those yet? Because um, I usually catch a lot of what comes in. I do miss stuff. I um, and a lot of stuff ends up in spam. I really hate that about email. It sends a lot of useful things to spam, but I mean, it's just trying to protect me. So, <sighs> you know. Do do. Uh, hey guys, love your work. 
for those of you that play it, how are you guys enjoying Halo on PC? And do you think an EFAB gaming on it could be in the future? Halo on PC has been fun, but I, they need to add in Halo 1, 2, and 3. I'm kind of sick of Reach. They need to add everything. Yeah, <laughs> I want Forge. And, and the I want thing theater. is, and it's not, like, it's not Reach's fault as a game. It's no. that 343, like, somehow fucked up a lot of stuff about it. Yeah. Which is like uh, inexplicably spawns, incompetent. The spawns, like, the u the user interface is a mess. Yeah, the changes to the progression and unlocking, mm -hmm. the DMR starts, no forge. Like there is just some yeah. baffling apparently there's some bad audio issues going along. Like, yeah, man, they I took heard... a game that you didn't have to do anything to and changed it and made it worse. And it is well, so frustrating. It's one of the problems with 343 in general is they seem to think that their ideas are all great. You know, it's like, I know that Bungie had these ideas. We can do it better. And every single time it's it's worse. Like, yeah. just leave it alone. Just don't touch it. And and yeah, it's taken a little bit too long to release the new games. Can you add them in and add in Forge and, you know, theater mode and these other features and yeah, oh, yeah, customization? No yeah, um, no theater mode. So, yeah, yeah. I forgot. Is, and I there, mean, there's split screen either. Is there? Is there split screen support on our Pc? I Hold do on. not know. Uh, I'm gonna look that up because if the like, yeah, man, surely let's... they know that nobody thinks about four and no, five no, no. as like. First off, let alone good, but definitely yeah. not nearly as good as you know one through reach. Nobody thinks. No everyone screen. thinks Bungie's is better, and three four three is just making all these changes. It's like, no, what do you stop? Stop. I'm like you're killing in Halo. Some, in some respects, it must be weird to be a studio that has been created solely to continue a series that you didn't make. Um, that must be a weird position to be in, where for the rest of your existence you're going to be making Halo games. Yeah, like when you haven't done well and you sort of got Halo Infinite, and they're being weirdly really quiet for a game that's coming out at the end of the year. I wonder if they're going to talk about it soon because they have to. It's, it's, time is short the xbox series x is coming out like october or november and we don't know anything about halo infinite we don't know what it plays like we don't know what the story is but yeah um so yeah um if you i if you think halo infinite will i do not know why you would think that yeah you have no reason to really believe yeah, I, I would also, be curious why you would think that that um, thing that you think doing like a maybe Halo Reach on Legendary with four players on EFAB Gaming is totally a possibility. Uh, I'm I'm down for it. It's totally doable. Um, so, you know, mm -hmm. sure. And it, yeah. it ended in also high ragazzes. Ah, hello. First live EFAB. Got my Viagra, lube, and tissues. Oh, oh my god. Uh... Did you hear the leaked audio of Johnny Depp and Amber Heard? She confesses she hits him and tells Johnny to stop worrying about it. Hashtag Johnny Depp is innocent. Yes, and yeah, she's under... I thought there was a few tweets that age too well. She's under more and more fire as time goes on. Um, well, did you guys listen to... Um, there was a video where there was an audio recording of some on the session that they were having. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it was bad. It was really bad. Yeah, he's... Um, People are very sorry for not uh, believing him at this point, I think, which is uh, interesting with all of the, like, believe women stuff that goes on. It's like, maybe believe people. 
sometimes, depending yeah, on. Uh, maybe maybe what you believe evidence. Yeah. Mm hmm. In EFAP 2, you used Palpatine coming back in a hyperbolic joke, and that was months before the trailer for Episode 9 came out. Also, High Rex. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people would have joked about that. Like, oh yeah, they'll bring Palpatine back, lol. It's like, oh. <laughs> and then that oh, actually they did brought it. Palpatine back, lol. They ran with the joke, okay. I guess somebody lost a bet at Lucasfilm. I don't even know. Uh, react to Star Wars 3 Revenge of the Sith. Please. Revenge of the Sift. I'm guessing that's some kind of like parody video. I don't know, but uh. Mola, would you consider replacing Wolf Spot? Um. Yes. I guess. Uh, I mean, I'll also be replacing my spot at the same time. Complete sense. No one can have my spot. Mm-hmm. Permanent guest. Uh, I have heard Brexit happened. Congrats on the UK regaining its independence. Also, when Fobbs appeared in Mando, I was like, the writing will be shit here. <laughs> I mean... You are correct. I just think that uh, they didn't want to have to explain how he could possibly find a lot of targets that are galaxy-wide, I guess. But you still didn't necessarily need the Fobbs. You could just... He could have just been good at his job. Yeah, you could do the you know you have montages of him talking to different people and tracking different things and just give us some nice cause and effect for how he would have been able to find certain things, and I mean this is the thing I'm changing the entire season at this point but I really would have been settled Good. for you know the payoff of him killing the robot and rescuing Baby Yoda that could have been the season finale for me, and um, it would have been a really great mix of genres because bounty hunting would be like part detective, part heist part action you know these are all you know aspects of it that kind of mix cowboy together cowboy noir you know, in space yeah but uh yeah we'll see what they do with saison two saison two hi rags saison two hello thanks for turning me on the masquerade it was phenomenal love you massives oh glad you like it hmm Appeals are coming up February 18th for Vic Mignogna. Fair enough. Best of luck. Hopefully justice is served. Also, yeah, if anyone feels like they're not having the thing read, but it had something to do with Shad in it, like I said, I'm, I'm just, I've stolen and kept all of them. So far we've got 11 already, so. They shall be savoured for him. Uh... Heard on one of the EFAPs about movie Circle Jerk, it's disheartening to know that the film community is so negative to discussion and differing ideas. Anyway, keep up the good guys. Keep up the good work, guys. Sorry. Yeah, yeah they don't like will, us. We will keep up the good guys. They do not like us. Uh, we're nope, they don't like us. bad people. Like you. Movie Circle Jerk, they, uh... Don't, uh <laughs> they don't like us. No, no, no. They spent eight hours talking about half the Mandalorian. God. Oh those and why, didn't, why didn't they just say it was shit or good? <laughs> just Pull say what down. you think and don't substantiate it at all, and then just yeah. Uh, DP the was trying to tell me how to feel. DP is now proudly sponsored by Raid Shadow Legends. They sort out the sponsorship <laughs> themselves. I have fair enough, and I hope that they keep the show going with all the money. I hope that it keeps them. I don't. I don't know anybody who isn't sponsored by Rage Legends at this point, except EFAP. 
we, everybody in in this call yeah oh well yeah uh that's kind of what i meant by efab i guess well the the regulars of efab like jay hasn't been sponsored by them yet right not me yet um yet oh that's for shad efab sponsors raid shadow legends rhino milk um <laughs> I would I would allow them to sponsor us if they had models in game that were a long man and a doggo and a frog and all those kind of things. <laughs> long man? No, <laughs> plague doctor. Come on. Okay, but alternate skin. He's a big froggo. <laughs> uh, Alright. <laughs> uh if EFAP was a theme park, what rides, restaurants, and stands would it have? Which hosts would have what kinds of rides? Also high rags. Hello. Um, I think I would just be a big roller coaster. The entire thing is one arm that's stretching all the way across the whole thing. Um, I don't know. What else? What else, guys? Spooky. An EFAP ride. A spooky. Uh, oh, I know. It's a haunted house where people jump out and say stupid things. Like, there's no such thing as objective real criticism. All, <laughs> all words only have one definition. <laughs> Like, yeah. oh, no. <laughs> that's cool. in my subjective opinion and then you just scream in horror <laughs> and then they come out rocking in like a the fetal position <laughs> and rags could have like a like a brothel or something could be his theme park ride oh wow that's we're going, we're going there huh I, yeah let's do it i mean and i guess uh made the suggestion yeah i i <laughs> that'd be funny <laughs> efap EFAP world. <laughs> EFAP world, yes, we need uh, lots of things to be kept in line, but thing it would work. Not long here are the lines. Yeah! <laughs> that's a good, yeah. Um, EFAP world. Yo, Fringboat, with my favorite honky long boys, Toot. <laughs> Fringboat. Fringboat. Uh, Hi fellas, have you seen that there's a new Star Wars comic revealed how Maz Kanata got the lightsaber? Sent you a meme about it on Twitter. I have heard about this. So, the, the they have provided, they've kicked the can down the road, as as we would say. Um, apparently when the lightsaber in Empire was falling down the into Bespin, a hooded figure caught it. No, okay. Okay. Uh... And they get it to Maz, I guess. Apparently more of the story will be revealed across the comics, but that's the f biggest thing about it so far. It's just like... Well, that's, a, that's a very unsatisfying answer. I don't know a what you mean. I would have got it. Sounds <laughs> just like it. the kind of thing we want, I don't know. Um, hey. Do you, hey, fellas, have you seen that there's a new... Oh, wait, I read that already. We got that one. Oh, boy, bracing myself for this one. Like, I also think season one is jank as frick, especially the finale. How do you have zero knowledge of the Force? You survived the Clone Wars, but I know I like it a lot more than Rags. Yeah, I think I have it brought up as well in a later episode. One of my points is, people, like, there's no way the universe forgets about the Jedi. There's just, there's no, no way. Bullshit. It'd be like if in the 1970s, they're like, so what's a Nazi? It's like, yeah. this is not gonna happen. Um, yeah, no, I, I completely agree with that as well. The, the Clone Wars would have been majorly impactful to him, and uh, a, the Clone Wars ended with all of the Jedi being killed. 
Mm-hmm. So wouldn't people be like, wait, what are the Jedi? And be like, no, oh, nothing. Uh, hi, Rags. Hello. If you go outside, but you shit with the door shut, how do you get back inside the house? Hmm? Oh, that's a, that's a trade secret. And Mulesley, any thoughts on Ford vs. Ferrari? I need to watch it. There's a, still a couple Oscar movies I need to see. I'm behind on that. I've been uh, distracted with... Oh yeah, I best... Uh, uh, so, I've completed one of two April Fool's videos. I'm very happy with the state of one of them. The other one is being edited by Mr. Das Bullshit, so that's on its way. Right now, I am two-thirds of the way through the next redraft of TFA Part 3, which has been interesting. I've had to cut lots of bits and bobs to do with uh, things that are no longer accurate, uh, definitively, instead of, like, speculation. I speculated what um, all of it could mean about Kylo talking to Vader's mask, and we have all the answers now, so I can actually... Yeah. Be definitive about it. <laughs> the, the brilliant answer. Ooh, yes. I did it. So, uh, I should need like one or two more days to finish redrafting that, recording it, editing, and sorting it out. And then once that one goes out, my next plan is to actually go for Joker. So, that is oh, what should yeah. be happening. Uh, unless I'm, I'm hoping 2020 will be the year where I catch up with all my stuff because nothing new and shocking will come out, but that never seems to be something I can rely on. Unless Black Widow's really bad and retcons a war in a I, negative way. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I like how these are things we have to think about now with movies. What if this new movie comes out and ruins the old one? That's the thing. Like, we love Joker. I am terrified for a sequel. I am too. I know a lot I am of terrified for Obi-Wan, the series, the yeah, movie. Like, you know, like, it feels like rolling a dice and, 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 well, rolling the dice and you only get, like, the only good answer is snake eyes, as in the likelihood of getting it good, so I'm like, just don't roll it. I don't want to risk the yeah. other results. <laughs> I just don't want it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, th- fuck, if we get those snake eyes, though, even though that's always associated with a loss, you know what I mean, though, double sixes, whatever, it yeah. just, oof. I don't know. Yeah. Um... Uh, when I get my book published in a few years and become the next Shakespeare, I'll be sure to give you boys a shout-out. Uh, thank you, I guess. Also, there is a... Hmm? Nah, go on. Well, there's a thing that says, uh, Scalagrim versus Shad sword fight who'd win. I'll have to save that for him. That'd be funny. Got my pocket pussy and mini bullet from Amazon today. Gonna use it while watching this later tonight, baby. Gonna be a lot of self-discovery for the next few hours. Hashtag blessed. Fucking, fucking go for it. Got to yeah, go, go with the flow at that point. Uh, Mola, say my name in a Welsh accent. What is that? Michael and Andriotti. So it'd be like Michael Andriotti. That'd be uh, nice and Welsh. Any of you seen Sargon's Black Panther video? If so, what did you think? I think I might have watched it, but I can't remember it now if it I, came out with I the film. I saw it, but it's been so long, I can't quite recall it. Uh, I thought it was real good in the context of the framework he used to analyze it. I honestly can't remember what, it, what the video is. Um, greetings, you massives. My birthday was a few days ago. Longman, my birthday wish is for you to sing the birthday song in your best Goodell voice. Can you do that for me? Also, hi, Rags. I don't, hey. want to, I don't want to sing fucking birthday song stupid Goodell voice. 
I'm just going to say happy birthday. And, uh... Happy birthday to you. <laughs> happy birthday to you. <laughs> That's probably what it would sound like. Mark Brown saying like, happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. To you. <laughs> happy happy Christopher Walken. Happy to you. Happy birthday to you. Yeah, it's just these weird pauses that don't make any sense. <laughs> Uh, Rags, which Morinatsu character would you? Ah, one second. Morinatsu character. Oh, thank God it autofills. All right. Uh, images. What is. Oh, these are animal people. Um, let's see. I am gonna go with. Hmm. I like that gray wolf there and the bear. They are both. Yeah, I guess those would be that. That's uh, who I'm tied between. All right. uh, I I don't know their names or what they're from or anything about their personalities. Going straight from the looks there. There you go. Uh. Rags, do you have any musical talent? Because I want you to play me like a trombone. Oh my god, we would play such sweet music. Um, but do you have any? Yeah, yeah. I do. I've played. Uh, I I haven't played it in a while, but I uh, took piano lessons for like nine years, and I was not to toot my own horn, uh, but I was rather good. I can't uh, hear just... you. You're tooting your own horn. What are you saying? Oh my god! You see, that's the thing. Burp, burp. I didn't actually take two burp. horn lessons. Burp. Um, but, uh, yeah, played piano, pretty good at it, just grew out, I just, not grew out of it, I, I mean, like, I, I grew to just not care about it anymore, it just didn't interest me, it's one of those things where parents make you do it, and you don't want to do it, so, yeah, maybe you're good at it, but your heart isn't in it, and once they say, you don't have to do it anymore, you're like, I don't want to do it anymore, mm -hmm. I want to do something fun, <laughs> and interesting, that I care about. Hey, Rags. Yo. You gonna try getting World of Darkness to sponsor EFAP, or do they only endorse streams with Nazis? Oh my goodness. I hope that World of Darkness... If we can't get World of Darkness to officially sponsor in the Claws of the Eagle, then, yeah, maybe EFAP is a, a next good... Uh, a, a good second place. Um, banned for the Discord from the Discord for posting Femboy Luke Skywalker. Hashtag no regrets. Feb boy oh Luke Skywalker. All right. Uh, that's a shad one. Efap, have any of you seen The Edge? Thoughts? The Edge? Let I don't recognize see. that, I'm afraid. The Edge movie. It is from 1996. This is the one with... Uh, or 1997. Or 1990. Yeah, 1997. I do not know what this is. Looks like it's a... Uh, like a survival action kind of movie? Hmm. Wait, who's in it? Anthony Hopkins? Alec Baldwin? Yeah, I don't know about this. Oh my god, Bart the Bear is in it? He plays the bear? Well, that makes the most sense, It's I on think. the cast list! Uh, outside of the sequels, what is the least practical Star Wars ship slash vehicle? Uh, in 
this thing in theory the tlj bombers have some use we said outside um, of the sequels oh okay. outside of this the most impractical spaceships outside of star wars outside, outside of the sequels of the sequels sorry oh, outside of sequels um I'm i'd have not to sure. think um i'm just trying to think of ships and stuff you can choose a ship or a vehicle um I feel like the um the yeah the the trade federation like tanks that have the two wheels that spin at an angle um federation Which ones are they? Ships. I'll I'll, I'll get you a second. Um images. I will get one for you here. If I can find a picture of it, it's showing me all the ones from episode one, which are actually probably perfectly fine tanks. In fact, I don't have an issue with them at all. What's with the um, Death Star? Uh, there is a. Uh, there are a couple people who criticize the ATATs. So it's this one here. I'll put it in chat. Outside of the sequels, that. Oh, Hellfire seems droids. Seems to be... Yeah, the Hellfire droids. I didn't know what they were called, but yeah, those seem super impractical. You uh, just hate wheels, Rags? Uh, is that it? Yes, yeah, wheels. Uh, but yeah, AT-ATs, I think, yeah. are very impractical. They're very imposing, sure, but you could be imposing and practical. Yeah, they look cool, but they're impractical. Um, but generally, by the way, one of the tanks that generally pops up are uh, are these ones. And I really like these tanks. These tanks are actually kind of cool. I think they're really practical. Yeah, the AATs. Yeah, the way that they're they shaped to cool. kind of deflect a lot of shots. They got all kinds of uh, stuff in the bottom. Uh, the, the turret can swivel all around. They got the turrets on the side. Uh, I think these are kind of cool, in fact. I remember them from Battlefront 2. Yeah. I was really liking them in Battlefront 2. Battlefront I had 2, one man. of those. Um, you, guys, you guys know the uh, the old, like, see-through uh, books and stuff that had all of the... Yeah. All of, yeah. The, for Star Wars, those were insanely good. I loved those books, those cross-section books. Man, you could just read those for ages. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Look at that. Those are so great. Maybe if I can get some high res pics of these. But I remember like everything from the Republic cruisers to the uh tanks and stuff, these cross sections of how it works on the inside. I'm like, man, especially if you're a kid, that's the thing. The prequels, they weren't good movies. But man, if you were a kid especially your imagination would run wild with all the stuff that was in there. It really expanded the the universe in a crazy good way. Um, hi everyone except Rags. Also hi Rags. Oh, hello. Hello. Uh, I never got why if one taps into the dark side they are better at lightsaber fighting. More aggression doesn't make one better, just different style. Uh, I never got the impression.
impression that you were better innately because you tapped into the dark side. Yeah, I never, uh, I, I never knew that. The way that it worked was that it was easier to tap into the dark side, not that it was any better, if you know what I mean. Like, it's easier, whereas being a Jedi is a harder path, but it's a path to greater power. I don't know. That true, considering the Emp, the Emperor. Yeah, but remember, Darth Vader beats the Emperor. He throws oh, him wait, off a no, thing. No, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. No, he didn't. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh, all right. Maybe I'm. Well, I guess so because it was the dark side that killed Palpatine because he couldn't stop shooting lasers, electricity out of his fingers. <laughs> I like how he just melts himself. What an idiot! <laughs> Just stop shooting electricity. Stop it. <laughs> uh, speaking of epic fights, Doom Eternal is looking fantastic. I'd also like to yes, apologize. Yes, it is. Uh, I would also like to apologize for telling you guys to watch Jojo Rabbit again. I missed the beginning where you guys mentioned it in EFAP 70. What are your thoughts on it? Um, I enjoyed it a lot. Love Jojo Rabbit. I really liked the performances. I quite enjoyed what you would call the message of the film. A lot of the jokes had me laughing, and the drama hit quite well, too. Um, though, very much deliberately, they play with tone quite a bit in that movie. Like, comedic to dramatic is swapping in and out regularly. Yeah. But I think it works really well. And dare I say it? It's kind of the theme, and it works really well because they do it well. Despite making up just 13% of all DC comics, I represent 50% of Mauler's favorite heroes. Bill <gasps> Nigius, the Steamboat Baggins. Oh my gosh. I cannot... Was that them trying to get you to say the Well, no -no the, the, the follow-up one from this person says, I cannot believe that went through. <laughs> so... <laughs> Well, I mean, remember the, the the one that the one that gets through. At least if you've seen Wings of Redemption's rage co uh, rage compilations or troll name compilations, is Nick Gurr. That's that's the one that seems to to get through. Don't read that too fast. No, you you gotta you gotta deliberately or say Nicholas Gurr. That's probably the way to get around it. Uh, Rags, have you got your Albion yet? I have. If so, what do very, you think? Very, oh, it's very impressive. I I think it is a it is a fine piece of work. I love it. I I take it out of the closet where it's temporarily uh, resting, and I swing it around haphazardly all the time. It's great. I love it. Uh, it is so cool to have it. Huge yeah. fan. Just saving up more for Shad. Uh, oh my god. Uh, opinion on Internet Historian's Game of Thrones last episode. I don't think I watched that. Um, I know about that video, though. Um, do, do, do. Um, I guess that's a message for Shad. Okay. Uh, they fly now. They fly now. They really... We're probably hoping that would be referenced when they made that joke, but not in the way that it ended up being referenced, I think. Um, because it's embarrassing. But hey, well, you know, whatever. Um, 
I thought in the original they use lightsabers like that because of the technology available to them at the time. That's why they look heavy. Um, I mean, I thought that the, the, the whole heavy comments were more about the sequels rather than the, uh, the OT, but I will, you know what, I'll save that one. There's a lot of shad questions uh, that are delaying my abilities to... Not a lot of free questions, though! Well, yeah, what can I say, man? Do you do you have a sword channel? I don't think so. Yeah. You gonna write that in your ideas I'm... thing? <laughs> the maybe sword yeah, channel. I... You're like, hmm. <laughs> maybe do swords, yeah. <laughs> uh, marry, fuck, kill, Ray, Padme, Leia. Um, marry Leia, and then yeah, it's probably obvious. <laughs> marry Leia. <laughs> next question. <laughs> say, say Sorry, Ray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, say again? Well, it was, it was marry, fuck, kill, Ray, Padme, Leia. So, you marry yeah. Leia, oh, the rest is pretty Leia, obvious. Marry fuck, Padme, kill, Ray. Yeah, it's yeah pretty <laughs> much. I feel like that would, yeah. that would answers itself, doesn't it? It's just like, yep. Yeah. Uh, Rags, don't think I don't catch all the references to the best show ever. What sound does an arctic turn make? <laughs> Backstreet Boys? I, oh, what a good show. I totally oh get it. Oh my god. <laughs> Colin. Oh my goodness. People have made oh the observation that you can't kill Ray, um, which is oh. true. No, no according to the rules in this game, uh, we were allowed to. She can't beat the rules of fuck, marry, kill. She can try. <laughs> um, Bringy, did you receive a set amount of N-word passes at birth, or are you given additional ones periodically? Wait, sorry, you, you you gotta say that again, I was lagging. Oh, this is a very important question. Uh, Fringy, did you receive a set amount of N-word passes at birth, or are you given additional ones periodically? What, did passes for me, or like passes for other people? I, I don't understand. Well, an N-word pass can be for other people, right? Because you already, you have a permanent pass yourself. Well, I mean, from what I- yeah, I guess so. Um, <laughs> and they ask if you're able to create your own passes. Ah, uh, oh, right, okay, I mean, <laughs> the whole topic is so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so dumb. Wow, you're not even choosing to answer this incredibly philosophical question. I, Fine. Yeah, I don't- I don't have an answer, I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> Uh, me. Need to get an extreme amount of schoolwork done before working all of today and tomorrow. EFAP, let me stop you right there. Also, Star Wars Breath of the Wild when? But what am I reading? Bre Star Wars Breath of the Wild. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> when I see SW, I think Star Wars, then colon B-O-T-W, I think Breath of the Wild. I don't, well then, yeah, like I don't... S-W-B-O-T-W, <laughs> what is that? What, what am I... My brain's someone, a little melty. Someone, someone in the chat has made the fatal mistake about the the word. Um, this you you gotta you gotta ignore the American centric aspect of it. America is not the only country in the world where black people exist. <gasps> All right, <laughs> you, you, lies. You gotta Gats. remember that. Gats. Um. All right then. Uh. Oh, sorry, yeah. I, I just don't know what SW... Oh, Star Wars Best of the Worst? Is that... I don't know... I, I don't know... I, I don't follow. Um, 
Backstroke of, of the West. That's probably what it was. Yeah. Um, <laughs> at some point. Uh, no promises right now. EFAP Gin and a bit of gaming. Hi, Rags. Love you all. Hey. Uh, evening, fellas and Rags. What do you think of SC38 Reimagined? I haven't seen it. I, I haven't know, actually it's, seen it's it. It's pretty good. I don't know what it is. What is it? It's SC38 was the Obi-Wan reimagined fight with, uh, with oh, Vader. Oh, yeah, I have seen that. Okay. Yeah, it's a cool fight. I'm not sure that it would have been better in the movie, but it's a cool fight outside of it. Yes, very dynamic for New Hope, you know? Yeah. Um... As of Unforshad. Uh, my tithe to the Shadman. Rags, list your top ten art slash surrealist films. Justify your choices. My top ten fuck, that's a Jesus top Christ, talk about making up a <laughs> list on the spot. Um uh, Legend The Lighthouse with probably in there. Tom Cruise. Um that is from 1985. Uh, wow, what a film. I love, I love, the critics gave that a 36? What the fuck? Anyway, I love Legend. It's so great. I don't even, fuck, we need to watch Legend sometime. That's up there. Um, I like the Imaginarium of Dr. Parnassus. I like The Lighthouse. That's really good. We saw that recently. Hmm. Um, let me see. Um, gosh, I like... There's probably more that I just can't think of. Uh, help me out, guys. This is your I list, Ranks. This is your list. You have is to have seen the list? film. Is, I can only uh... think of a few. Does um, Gattaca count as an art film? I'm not sure if it's an art film. Art is like art or what was it? Art or like trippy sort of surrealist. Uh, like Enter surrealist? the Void, I imagine yeah, would count. Explains my... I guess At Eternity's Gate would be an art film. I like that movie a lot, but uh I'm not sure if you've seen it. Art that. or surrealist. Does the Babadook count? What about Witch? Witch might be one. Yeah. Witch. Um, that could definitely be one. Let me see. The room. Uh, let... <laughs> Surrealist. <laughs> yeah. Um, Surrealist. Oddly enough, in a way, uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah, I guess you could say so. Yeah. Um, of course, Le Fromage. That's very good. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, anything from Downward Thrust. Anything from Downward Thrust. Let's see. I'm trying to think. Um, uh, oh, yeah, Mandy. That's probably a fair choice. Are, I, I'm almost tempted to say Blade Runner. I don't know if I'd call that an art like, yeah, or in, like, in a strange film. way. I wouldn't say that Blade Runner is an art film. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a normie great movie. Let's see. Black Dynamite. Uh, let's see. Event Horizon? 
No, no well, way. No, no that's way. Not, no. <laughs> that's Paul W. S. Anderson. Wow, you're saying you can't make art. Ruby Rose is Australian. I didn't know that. Oh, I did. Her accent breaks constantly in Batwoman. You did this. I thought, yeah, I thought you, we, I thought I said I made you apologize for her, remember? Oh, what, is that how it works? Yeah, and you did. <laughs> let me, let me look up, let me look up bad Welsh accents. I don't know any Welsh accents. <laughs> I'm not going to apologize for Christian Bale or Anthony Hopkins. They're uh, they're awesome. Is Christian Bale Welsh? Mm-hmm. Is Anthony Hopkins? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Oh wow! So you've got two really good actors. Yeah, he is. Uh, also, why a black moon and Tetsuo absent from the list you just came up with? I don't know if Rags has seen those. No. Yeah, I haven't seen those. Why are we uh, talking about lightsabers but... stick like wait, whoa. Why are we talking about lightsabers and then no just just, just stick like weapons are coming out? You needed a comma there, okay? How am I supposed to work with these conditions? But yes, yeah, true. There is a part in Clone Wars where Obi-Wan had to impersonate mercenary sniper and he is best shot among all of bounty hunters that gather for mission. Yeah, that's a really weird arc, and it's one of the reasons why I selectively view the Clone Wars in canon, because they just do a lot of goofy things in that show. Maybe use the Force to be like. accurate, you never know. Yeah, see? Silence. Knew it. Oh, sorry, I didn't know that there was anything I could say in response to that. <laughs> Uh, I make it my first ever video on Civil War because it's my favorite MCU movie. I made a poll, and Evan Monroe, Smudboy, The Fandalorian, and a bunch of others helped me out. EFAP fans are best fans. They're pretty damn good. Uh, as fan bases go, I think it's pretty solid, and yeah, good luck. There's lots to say about Civil War for its writing. But it gets discounted because it's a, it's a cape shit movie. It's a, it's a, who cares, it's a superhero movie. Superhero movies can't be well written. Fringy, yeah. my girl. No, wait. Fringy, my girl and I hate Joe. Such a douche. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, what's it? Fr fr I said again. I don't understand. Fringy. Oh, someone said. My girl and I hate Joe. He's such a douche. I don't understand what this. I don't. Well, I mean, get both it. of you reacting to it, I was like, "Is this something I'm missing?" <laughs> I don't understand. Like, I don't. I don't get it. All right then. This one just says D's nuts. No. I don't think. I don't think any of us disagree with that. Thanks, Jay. Uh, thirty-four fifteen. The Sith homeworld in EU was Koraban. It's canon. It's Moraban. Forget poaching. That deserves a YouTube copyright strike. Alright then. Yeah, oh, so now. In the canon, it's Moraban, not Korriban anymore. That's just plagiarism. <laughs> it's just like... Yeah, no, right? It's not just... Korriban, it's Moraban. Just keep the EU already, like, jeez. We gotta do this. Um, beetroot and pizza is the best. Beetroot. Sounds beetroot. like an interesting... Hmm, I've never had beetroot. And I only know it exists because of Minecraft. Hmm. 
See, Minecraft teaches people about all kinds of things. It's great. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I'm glad my month-old question was answered, and that Corvo and Emily aren't entirely screwed because of the folding sword. Someone should tell Jay. I, I think we're all, all right, okay that's for with... dishonored. Yeah, yeah, and I think Jay's okay with not knowing stuff. He's very used to it. It's fine. Um, so, quick question. 3PO can read ancient with language. Was that just sitting around in Watto's junk pile when little Anakin was scrounging around to make him... And he said, this'll help mum. Uh, what? I think the assumption is that it was just like a standard operating system that was given to C-3PO or something. I don't think we're supposed to assume that Anakin uploaded all of those languages himself. Um, because that'd be weird. Do-do-do-do. Uh, how repugnant would someone's political views have to be for you to consider or actually stop being friends with them after years of friendship? Uh, I don't know. It'd probably It'd... have to be like a fundamental moral yeah, disconnect. Like some really harsh and often brought up racism slash... Yeah. bigotry in general, like a yeah, like strong if, if hatred. I was there and they're like, you know who I hate? Black people. I just hate him. <laughs> yeah, and if it just like and keeps just showing like, up and you're just like, yeah. okay, all right. Every day, you're just like, hey, uh, what do you want to do today? Run over me. <laughs> like, people of different yeah. At that point, I'd be like, how the hell were we friends? <laughs> how did that even start? I mean, I'd probably be calling the police at that point, but... <laughs> Yeah, like fundamental value differences if they shifted uh, significantly. Mm -hmm. There's actually a Jedi yeah, with a red crazy. saber. Also, trolled Cosmonaut Variety Hour with obvious bait and he sent his fan base at me. Discord and I had a laugh at his hypocrisy. Oh, yeah, did I, I don't know if you saw it, Fringy, but Rags on, on Twitter, um, he quote tweeted somebody who said that Trump. You can't just impeach somebody because you don't like them. He quote-tweeted them from a year ago and said, sometimes I like to just look back on my haters and, like, fuck with them or some shit like that. And he, um, he scrubbed out the name, but you can see everything else in terms of, like, his... the, the Cosmonaut's tweet, right? And his mm -hmm. what he said and what the guy said. And so someone uh, commented on his thing saying, like, I'm a fan of yours, but didn't you call Mauler out, like, not a couple of days ago for doing stuff oh, like yeah, this? I and then he was like, uh, it's different, because one, he blocked the name out, and two, uh, this is more for funnies, while Mola, like does it because he can't take criticism. Um, first of all, like him blocking out the name doesn't stop anybody with two brain cells from going to find that account. It's really not hard. You just, you just literally Google what each of them said, and you'll find that thread. Yeah. Uh, secondly, he was like, oh, it's just funny, and it's like... Wait, so what about if I'm doing it to have some fun? Like, I think these people are funny. And then people will highlight it as like, you saved this from a year ago. Like, how do you, how is it that, like, this doesn't come across as petty? And then, um, yeah. he, he got into, like, an, I guess, an argument with some people. And at one point, he put out a tweet saying, um, listen, if somebody's talking down to me, I reserve the right to clap back, no matter what the, like, follower counts are. And, like, I just collected up some yeah. tweets. I was like, I literally said that in response to you. Like, you copied my argument after saying, like, you should find a better way than responding to people while simultaneously saying, like, I get to respond to people if they say stuff about me. Like, yeah. oh, I was kind of annoyed. I was just like, he's such a hypocrite. It's beyond. Yep. But I mean, hypocritical. he's comfortable, I guess. So that's all that matters. 
Um, Ahsoka left the Jedi after being framed for murder in the Clone Wars. I uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> that just reminded me. Yeah, that's what happened. Mauler, heavy sword, shad, re. I remember that. That was like eight hours ago. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a while ago. Saw an ad for Ark Knights where they say the game is objectively better than your life. Have you seen it? I have not. No, I don't know what Ark Knights. Ark Knights. Um. No idea. Uh, I guess it's some anime. Uh, I guess it's some anime game. Uh. It's a oh, mobile boy. game. Hmm. Not interested. Uh, Ahsoka was forced to leave the Jedi Order at the end of the Clone Wars, so when she says I am no Jedi, she is telling the truth. Alright. Yeah, but she but if you're forced do you have to be in the Jedi Order to be a Jedi at this point? I don't know. Yeah. Raise a Jedi. <laughs> yeah, and there's no order. It's all shambolic. She sits on a throat of lies. Yeah. I'm just here for the memes. You guys are great. Enjoy the memes. Memes will be coming next episode. Plenty of memes. Um, in Rise of Skywalker, is no shields in Atmosphere only on Exegol? Uh, they don't specify that, but uh, that would be the only way they could actually justify it. But even still, how would that make sense? What, what, on, what on Exegol's Atmosphere would prevent a shield from behaving as normal? I have no idea. Yeah, maybe, it's, it's maybe evil it's... Sith Atmosphere. It's lots. It's carbon dioxide. There's <laughs> lots of it. You see. You're like, oh, the ozone, the global warming. We're evil, so lots of global warming. The ozone. Look, look at that man over there pouring out his chemicals. It's <laughs> a guy like with all big toxic we love to side on a barrel. The with our sludge. Shad, we I will. Oh, I'll save that one. What is everyone's favorite war movie? Also, Hyrag. Oh, hold on. I Hello. I feel like so. What what was it they said about? Um, ah, uh, that's not gonna work. I wanted to do a, a joke, but it's not gonna work. Uh, what was it with the, the on Exegol with the navigation? What do you mean? What like, was it? They they could they couldn't know the up was down, right? Wasn't that the whole idea? They just didn't know how to go up without a tower. Right. Uh, no, nah, that's not gonna work. Oh well. And this could have been a good joke. I wanted to do a stonecutter's joke, a Simpson stonecutter's joke, but oh well. Now you know that I tried and failed. I'm so sorry. To come um, up with a good joke. My favorite war movie is still probably Saving Private Ryan, but runners up would be Anthropoid, 1917, Black Hawk Down. I like all four of them a lot. Great. What about everyone else? Favorite war movies? A war movie. Uh, Saving Private Ryan, 1917. 1917, uh, yeah. Black Hawk Down, yeah. Those would be the ones. Yeah, Full Metal Jack is very good. Platoon. Apocalypse Now, I assume, will pop up as well. Uh, oh, no, I got it. What makes spaceships fall to ground? What keeps, I don't know, spaceship shielding down? We do for Exegol. Wow, wasn't very good. <laughs> I appreciate the effort. A Simpsons reference is always good. Uh, thoughts for a plasma bayonet on a rifle? Plasma bayonet on a rifle? Mm-hmm. 
that seems really dangerous. So I think they have that actually in Halo Five now. Uh, it gives you a one-hit melee kill. It is fucking broken shit. Um, so let me see. Um, so the positives would be that you could turn it on and off. It didn't always have to be deployed. The bad news is it's a it, another move. Like I just, uh, it seems like it's a lot of work and effort to make something that probably wouldn't be useful in almost all scenarios. And you could just put a knife up there. When I mean, why not? Mandalorian stabs a stormtrooper is... What? Hmm? You said put a knife up there. I was just thinking of bum bums. Is that where you're going with that, or? I fuck your bum bum. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I mean, it'd be spacey and nifty and. Maybe there could be practical use for it. It seems like it'd be more of a tool than anything to cut things, to open stuff up, to get through doors and stuff. I could definitely see how like police forces and SWAT teams in the future would have stuff like that, but uh, like to cut chains and lock doors and stuff. But as a standard issue thing, no, I don't see it. Uh, Fringy, the use of the periodic table of elements as powers is in a trash anime manga series, Psychonoquasa, where random people get the ability to control an element on the table. Oh, okay, that's kind of interesting. But you said it was crap, so I guess it's not. <laughs> Alright. Um... The trash part was their powers were fueled by breast milk. Okay, that's a bit weird. That is a bit weird. I think you're right. Uh, how cool would it be if women's boobs only inflated when aroused and were otherwise always completely flat? Half cubs would only mean one inflates. I think he means chubs. And, uh... Yeah. That would be weird. Um, be weird. That would be very strange, but that'd be bad because you would have to, like, think about the sizing for your shirts that you'd have to have. And they'd get stretched out, and then they'd get loose, depending on how uh, aroused you were. And you wouldn't be able to hide it at all, which would be super awkward. Mm -hmm. And if you, especially if you have big tits, um, yeah, that'd be a shame. It's funny, but imagine they were huge, and so when you get aroused, it like slowly inflates. It's like and then. Something really horrible happens, and it goes. That's <laughs> it. Like un deflates. This is dumb, but funny. Anyway, uh, Columbus sucks. That was from Ferdinand Magellan. Mola, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you just don't like it because you're a massive. Very true. Oh, well. And he falls up with saying, Shad, you just like it because you're the ultimate neckbeard, which I think he would own at this point. He's cool with that. Uh, pass this along to... Oh, that's Shad again. Uh, whether you like the Mandalorian or not, you have to agree the biggest problem is that 85,000 children died in Yemen of starvation. Oh. Um, I don't think Mandalorian had anything to do with it, but... Yeah, you all know, the dead kids in Mandalorian were because Mando and they... Yeah. Hmm. Uh, toss a coin to your Moopa. Oh yeah, Mooper's doing all right. He's uh, working away. Yeah, Yeah, What is the uh, what is the stream length limit, by the way? I, what is it like nine hours or eleven fifty four fifty nine is what I would say to be safe. 
Ah, right. Oh, so we could still be going for like another two and a half hours. <laughs> two and a half? Oh, I think you mean three and a half. Oh, right. Okay. All right. <laughs> well, three and 20 minutes, something like that. But yes, uh, the visuals good? No, the CGI was pretty bad. Oh, about Mando? I don't know. CGI seemed pretty good. I, I disagree. I think it was pretty darn good. But I'd be curious what you think is good CGI then. Controversial take. Baby Yoda is a Mary Sue. I don't know. Baby Yoda gets tuckered out quite a bit. And uh, close yeah, to killed. I mean, I times. see why people might think that. But I do think that he um, does. That is like the redeeming aspect of it. Is that like after stomping the mud horn, he is just like out for at least a day. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's something. The writing is so bad. I feel like this is the only place on the internet where it's okay to dislike it. Can't wait to hear the arguments. You guys bring me joy like none other can. Truly appreciate you. Hey, Rags. Hey. Um, yeah, I mean, we got through the first six. It was, no, five. We got through the first five. We got five. three left. Yeah. They shall have their time. Um, TV for all the hours of entertainment, gentlemen. Oh, T.Y. Uh, no problemo. Um, every fob a pause. Fobs are just McMuffins. Fobs, uh, yeah, because fobs were talked about for a while, but at least we know where, the, where in the stream we are right now. Right. Trackers take away the intellect of the bounty hunters they use to find clues and hunt their target. Now anyone can follow a beacon. Makes them less unique. I mean, yeah, not much stopping you from signing up to be a bounty hunter quite quickly. You should be like, give me that fob. Especially if you've got enough money to buy straight-up armor and a blaster. You've mostly got all you need. You think? Yeah. Imagine the first guy who's like, guys, you could buy armor. And they're like, wait, what? It's like, yeah, down the street. They just like, yeah. Like, fucking hell, man. Why didn't I think of that? Uh, why didn't the Imperials just do it themselves with special recovery teams and lots of fobs? Well, that was something, see, and that was something we brought up in the first, like, selection of discussions. And I'm pretty sure Shad conceded that, especially when considering the finale. And yet, like, he would look back and be like, nothing hugely significant in terms of flaws have really been discussed. I was like, isn't that, doesn't that destroy the entire season? The idea that the Empire are just really stupid? Mm -hmm. Like, they didn't just go get Baby Yoda themselves? Like, hmm. like, oh, but they need to protect their men outside of the ones they murdered. It's <laughs> like, God damn it. Uh, late, so y'all might have to cover this, but I think fobs are significantly limited by range, hence trying to hide in the middle of nowhere. Also, we know AA capabilities of ATSDs. What are, uh, AA capabilities? Anti-aircraft. Oh. So, it looks like they're just slow, f they, they seem to be slow-firing blasters, and they only have two of the cannons. If you wanted AA capabilities, and you wanted blasters for it they needed to be yeah, and all you need to do is either park his ship like like a while away well not too far away but away enough that once it's drawn out you raise up the ship and just immediately go for it and attack it without it realizing it's a thing as long as you fire off one yeah, like, shot that would be and besides be an we've established he's willing to risk hit. his own life yeah. so of course he'd be willing to risk the ship uh also high rags hello 
movie fault. Yeah, an ATST Ooh. taking care of taking down that ship is like no way. It ain't happening. The Mandalorians contradict Filoni's retcon of the law in CW. They in Clone Wars, I think. Uh, they took off their helmets in it. The Mandalorians in the Old Republic were better because they weren't all fairies on jetpacks. <laughs> fairies yeah, on these jet Mandalorians packs. are kind of shit. When and you that get, was guys, that's more of a that's when more you of a get point beaten, we bring up later, but yeah, when you get beaten by the guys who have a specific scene to let you know how stupid they are, like mm -mm, not looking good. Hello, Longman. From a Quebec City listener, do you and Fringy feel vindicated to always wear a mask since the beer virus started to spread? Obligatory high rags. Hello. I feel like my mask is going to be more effective than Fringy's, but yeah, so I think we'll both yeah. be fine. Well, yeah, I guess. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> uh, fobs are the biggest plot hole since Ryan Johnson's anus. It makes the finding of bounties irrelevant. What if they don't have DNA to lock onto? Does the person get away? Also, seven too many montages. Yeah, there's uh, in seven you get you get the 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 robot becoming a friend montage, and don't you get the flashback montage as well? Where he um, I think you. Or is that eight? I think that was eight. Okay. Eight, because he learns that that it's Moff Gideon. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. And uh, yeah, we don't know exactly what the fobs track yet. They've uh, been nice and vague on it, or at least vague enough that we can't be sure. Movie Bob bounty hunter name is Boba Fat. Nice. I enjoy the Mandalorian. Let's see if that lasts. I mean, I'll be paying attention to season two. I, I hope it's better, to say the least. Uh, RE Fobs. Let's assume there are 10k hunters in the guild. How many planets do you think there are in the galaxy? 10k hunters covering billions of planets. One per hunter per day would take decades. Well, I guess it's just again, this, this, this entire, as he said before, this entirely depends on what if if it uses range. Um, it depends on what the range is. Like that's that's the entire crux of the whole thing. Yeah, and this, the, you the can't range. have it both ways. You, if you want to establish it's going to take them decades to find, then how come that dude found him on uh, the episode mm -hmm. four? The Randy found him. Like it didn't take that long, apparently, and. I don't know, man. Like it's just that they're playing fast and loose, for uh, for sure. They they just don't seem to um care too much. And I just feel like once season two locks down exactly what they do, which I assume it will. Who knows? Maybe they'll just avoid talking about it. Um, it's gonna fuck up season one even more potentially. Uh, I just got into an argument on why Ruby is badly written, and I thank you, Massives, for showing me how to accurately break down how something can be bad. Oh, hope it's uh, been useful for you. I've never seen I'm Ruby. I'm pretty sure I thought a lot of people had, were of the opinion that Ruby has been bad for a while. I don't really know much about the show. Yeah, I've never seen it. Planet hopping the way you guys are talking about isn't feasible. There were over 70 million worlds in the Galactic Empire, and more than that charted. Again, then how is it that he got found so quickly? What is the- this is what I mean, like, the rage seems to just be whatever the plot allows it to be at the time, or in terms of just, like, it was- it was however much it needed to be for that guy to have found them, and when we're just sitting here like, so what then? And it's like, hmm. Like, um, 
the guy in episode 5, he knew that the assassin lady was on Tatooine, I guess? And the fog only activated once he got there, question mark? I don't know. How long have these trapping fobs existed? Seems like it would have been useful for tracking down the rebellion. <laughs> I don't even know what they lock onto. Uh, we didn't even manage <laughs> to figure that out exactly if it is. Because they're the two halves of the problem. What is it that mm -hmm. it's locking onto, and what is its effective range? Assuming it uses range. Yeah, we don't, don't even really know. Because when you. Because remember, we're using. Like, if we can communicate across insanely vast distances with each other. Like the technology is incredible. So who knows? That's the thing. Who knows? Oh my God. I haven't watched the show yet. So I'll just say hi to all. That includes you rags. Good luck tomorrow. Shad oh. may the light brighten your, the light brighten your fall. Um, we'll save that, I suppose, but what do you mean? Light brighten your fool. Uh, do you have any advice for writing scripts? I'm looking into doing my own series. Like TV show? Wow, fuck! We can't clarify it. <laughs> um, I mean, uh, it's quite it's quite hard to give decent advice yeah. that's generalized. Uh, something like writing yeah. a script. I know that we we usually stick to the whole like. You know, stay true to everything you write down from the moment it's become a rule. Uh, work to try and make things feel natural, I suppose. Uh, redraft, redraft, redraft. Send it around to different people, see what they think. I remember um, Smudboy talking about when he was writing some stories that he would have friends of his write dialogue. Uh, based on how they would react in a situation after being told the basic, like, the skeleton of what they'd be wanting to say and stuff, just to uh, see how mm -hmm. they would say stuff and change up the dialogue, I guess. Yeah. Um, oh, it probably is a reference to Shad's book, actually. Yeah, that's a good point. Like I said, I've saved that message. I'll uh, read it to Shad as well. But yes, um, without going into too much detail, uh, it's tough to give strong advice for uh, writing a script. It's a very... Complicated mm -hmm. process. Yeah, man. Give me the big Corona daddy rags. I love the content of two of you. The big oh. Corona. That was when all four of us were here, and they said it just says, "I love the content of two of you." Well. Oh my. <laughs> Mola, chat has something's wrong. Chat is messed up. Oh no, this crap. Are we going to end up debating the morality of adoption again? Sad face. Perhaps we will. Perhaps we will. Oh no, I'm literally in the middle of writing a script for a breakdown of the show. Outlast Part 5, 1150 to 1154, and 2050 to 58. What does gratuitous mean? Uh, gratuitous Excessive. means, like, yeah. I would. If Let me check. Cause, uh, Far I feel more like, than is necessary, overly, you know. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's the perfect synonym is excessive. Um, gratuitous, apparently, is primarily the primary definition is done without good reason or uncalled for. Interesting. Um, more than is required. So, you'll often find it associated with violence, uh, sexual content, that sort of thing. 
when they put it in because you're like, oh, I see why you're doing this, because it's not to do with the story, it's to do with you wanting to see this stuff. Bringy, if fobs have a system-sized range... Oh, yeah, you did respond to that one. Yeah, I have a response. <laughs> no worries about specificity and devil's advocate, Shad, and the rest of you. Explicitness is the point of EFAB, and that's what I love. Yeah, we like it when there's uh, definitive references, and they don't have to be overt as long as, you know, they're information. Why are you talking with Shad? The ultimate neckbeard is coming out. And can we get some Slonald in here? Mando debates are boring as fuck. The show is meh at best. Oh. Well, you know yeah. what? We had a super chat in the last one, didn't we? That said, like, when's the next debate happening? They're my favorite kinds of episodes. Hopefully that person is satisfied with this episode. Who knows? Yeah, I hope that works out. Um... Day Mauler finished your Soma Amnesia videos. In the last part, you mentioned you finished uni and you were stopping YouTube altogether. What did you study at uni? What were you going to be? And what made you push on prior to TLJ's release? Um, so I figured that I was getting a new job at that point that was uh, extremely taxing in terms of like I wouldn't be free other than maybe the Saturday and Sunday of the week. And uh, I figured that I'd be spending my time having fun, doing normal things instead of like working on mm -hmm. videos and stuff. But I decided that I really wanted to keep making videos. Um, I was uh, when I'd finished uni, I, I was doing illustration. Um, I liked it, but the course was awful, and I really hated it. And I kind of wish I never did it. But I did two years, and then I didn't want to do the third because I I'd pushed through on the second when I didn't really want to. And, uh, what are you going to be? I had no idea. I did illustration because I enjoyed drawing, but I didn't know what I was going to do with it. Um, but I knew I kind of wanted to always get into YouTube in some way, shape, or form. Um, I really liked lots of people's videos that were like analysis of, uh, media. And I was like, I'd like to do that in some way. I tried out a bunch of other sorts of videos and, um, I settled on making reviews. Long form. Long man, long form. Uh, I meant in charted space, Fringy, not the whole galaxy. The Star Wars galaxy is actually slightly bigger than ours. Um, I think we, we have more planets, right? But apparently it's like bigger in just general size. Uh, but yeah, it's just too tough to figure this stuff out because we don't have enough information on how the fobs work. Like, all this stuff is extrapolation from just assumptions. I just figured the fobs pretty much worked at infinite distances. Like, I didn't really have assumed any other reason, uh, the, anything other than that, I guess. Who knows? Uh, hyperspace is like highway with gravity points as junctions, planets, etc. That's why some planets are dead ends and others are high value for travel. Very well. Talk about all the great mm. montages. I assume they're referring to when he's flashbacking. Because the only other montage I can the think great. of is when... Or maybe the... he's talking about all, like, the great montages of movie history. Oh. Yeah. I got the toes, you can give it the best, and you got to reach your something. You remember that one from, uh... Team from America? Team America? Yeah. Yeah. And show us the passage of time, you're gonna need a montage. Montage! You know? That's a good <laughs> yeah. one. Yeah. 
so talented. In KOTOR, it's implied that Tatooine is Earth. Oh my god. I thought it was a galaxy far, far away. Well, oh my goodness. maybe it's not so far away at all. Mm, uh, maybe that's the secret, because when it's far away, but it's not... Uh, yeah, I'm, I got nothing. My brain is dying here. I think I might have to call it. I know, I, it's funny, because I woke up for this, but like I'm really tired now. <laughs> well... I think I need some Zs. That's alright. Would you like to uh, tell chat about how you're totally bringing out loads of new videos soon? Uh, yeah, maybe video, but definitely I've done some streams on Twitch. Uh, hold on, I need to, I need to find the link. I won't, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, even though I haven't done one for like a week at this point, because my, in you may have noticed it during this stream, but the internet's been real spotty today. I'll be honest but, uh, with you, I did notice yeah. that. I'm sure you did. Yeah, yeah. Twice. I, uh... yeah. But I've been doing streams and I'm working on, uh, I'm working on things, but I, I'm not going to say because I don't want to give people expectations. Hopefully there will just be something that comes out, maybe, and then you'll be really surprised, like, with the Christmas video. Oh, wait. Ringy isn't the thing. It's dubious sanity. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. But the freaking one's there, too, because I host it through there anyway, so e either way, either way, that's fine. Come, come along whenever my internet starts working again. You can see me playing Halo mostly. And XCOM 2 I was going to play before my save file corrupted. Damn. XCOM, give it to you. I like XCOM 2 a lot. I know Top Hats doesn't like XCOM 2, but I don't care. I like XCOM 2. Uh, but yeah, that's it. This was fun discussion. I guess I'll be around for the part 2, right? Yes, that shall happen eventually, one day. It'll be wonderful. Uh... I guess yeah. Thanks for popping in for yeah. the good for good near nine hours. It's been fun. Oh. Um, yes, absolutely. We will. Yeah, catch we did. Around. Wait, only nine hours. I know, right? I'm pretty sure that's my fuck? longest. I think my longest. Oh yeah, Fringy. Was uh, you remember that Mission Impossible one we did that went for seven hours and we were all like, "Wow, this was a long one." <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> now I'm like, God, we got three hours to kill. What do you guys want to talk? Yeah. Star Wars. <laughs> Uh, alright, I need to catch some Z's, but it's been fun. I'll catch you later. See you later, everyone. Bye. Alrighty, yeah, I'll see you later. Bye. Why are you leaving, or we do the stream? Okay. Alright. Uh, I didn't know. I, just, I wanted to kind of do, like, a goodbye just in case. I didn't know if he was leaving, or if the stream was cutting, so I wanted to make sure this goodbye would be both applicable to him and to everybody, just in case. That makes sense. I, wonder, I think chat is staying. They're not leaving yet, so... We'll, we'll we'll hang around with them for no. a bit, you know. Yeah, I guess we can hang around a little bit. I'm tired, but I can uh, I mm -hmm. can hang around. P push uh, on. Could, uh, uh, this EFAP is cursed. Very well. Hi, Rags. Yeah. Hi. Hey there. Have you heard about JTEC TV? I have. All right then. Yeah. There you go. Check out it's a Gundam's video. On JTEC TV. Oh, I'm presume? not interested. I'm not interested in people's personal drama, in the, of that of that kind. I have I have no interest in it. It's not. It's not something I want to. Not not something I want to delve into. It's not my business. Uh, it's probably due to how inoffensively the show is that I actually enjoyed it. Although it definitely has problems. Baby Yoda is adorable as well. Yes, he is. 
How do you think The Mandalorian compares to Rise of Skywalker and The Last Jedi? The show has been propped up by how bad those movies are. It's better than those, but like... Yeah, it's better than those. I don't think that's an it's achievement. Yeah. Just those, those are so bad. Uh, I miss Wolf. You would have called anyone who liked the show an objective retard. Would have ripped them a new brown table. Can we go back to ripping on TLJ? I mean, probably. There's loads of TLJ <laughs> I'm sure videos. That, it will happen. Yeah. Uh, well, the Mandalorian wears Beskar, but the silly thing about Beskar is it's actually supposed to be invulnerable to Blastifier, but extremely rare to get. Yeah, I, I have no doubt that it is extremely rare to get. Yeah. Of all the armor, it seems to be very high-end. Uh, shag, marry, kill, work for, befriend, enslave. They, they are our options. I'm going to have to paste this to you in case you have to keep track of all yeah, these options. I, yeah, um, let's take a look. Let's take a look. Your options are Leia, Padme, Kira, Jin, Rey, and Rose. Who's Kira? Well, Kira's Kira. the one from Solo. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, and this is Fuck, Mary Kill? I'm going to marry Leia immediately. Yeah, marry Leia. Enslave um, Rose, I imagine. Well, wait, then again, we got to kill somebody. Uh, Maybe Enslave Ray. She's pretty Rey. powerful as a slave, you know? Yeah, if she was Enslave, yeah. So enslave uh, Ray, kill Rose. Marry Leia. Uh, yeah, plus you could fuck Ray uh, if you needed to, yeah. We already got that. We got Shag. We got Shag. Some Padme probably. Uh, I'd befriend I'd Padme, but Kira's. I'd Shag Kira. Well, uh, I guess it's between you got to be friends with slash or, or Shag between. I would uh, work for Padme because she's like super rich, so she probably works in really nice upscale places, and uh, she's like a queen and everything, senator queen lady, so. Probably really nice working for her. Go to some nice fancy Senate parties on place planets. Um, befriend. Hmm. I'd probably befriend Kira because she's ruthless, kind of. And I, I would. Want that her means on my she's going to be our friend, then. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and means so you that shag leaves... Jin? We shag Jin. Okay. Let me see. Uh. Jin Urso. Yeah, she's a good looking. Uh, she's a good looking chick. Yeah. All right. She looks, uh, she looks fine. Yeah, she looks good. Uh, all of Not you. Not my agree? first choice for Shaggin, but you know, I think that we came out. I definitely see this as a. I absolutely see this as a win. All of you are great. Keep up the great work. High rags. Hello. Okay, I understand it's convenient he's constantly shot in the armor, but he has way better coverage than Captain America, and Cap goes against trained soldiers who almost always hit his shield. Yeah, that's part of one of the issues with uh, Winter Soldier is they never shoot his legs, they always shoot the shield. And I think that um, they comment on it in Civil War. Um, Spider-Man says, uh, he told me to go for your legs, or something like that, because that's the obvious weak spot. But, um, yeah, uh, don't ever assume that just because me and Rags like something, that means that we don't recognize a fault in it that we are pointing out in something at the time. Like, there's a good chance yeah, that we agree. because, yeah, we're fine with saying that this other thing also is bad, maybe not to the same degree, but we're absolutely fine saying, yeah, other things can be bad too. We're not talking about those things now. 
we hate it when people do this on videos we cover any fat. So don't do it here. After episode one, I had so much hope for this show. God knows we could all use some good Star Wars again. Yes, ma'am. A hundred belly rubs for rags. Yay. I'm going to bed. See you in eight hours because I'm certain you'll still be streaming. We might very well oh, be. Oh, he might be right. Yeah, oh God. For example, when you're playing Halo games on Legendary, you're not going to run into a horde of enemies as you'll die very quickly, even with your armor. Agreed. Exactly, that's the thing. And, like, the way his armor even covers his body, and I was being generous, too, let's say it will stop 90% of blaster bolts from hitting your body. That's a 1 in 10 shot that, um, uh, you know, it hits you. Like, that's not something I'm risking. Uh, Empire had laser-proof metal, but use it for money. Say that one more time. The Empire has laser-proof metal, but they use it for money. I guess they're referring to the Beskar. It's like they're not using that for their own armor. They just use it for exchanging for goods and stuff. Like, yeah. It's, it's I mean, it's yeah, it's still... Yeah, even if you don't use it as armor, it's still, like, super valuable. Mm -hmm. As a material, yeah. Mola makes good objective critique of TLJ. Chat, I like Mola. Makes good objective critique of Mandalorian. Gay idiots in chat. Re. I mean, I can understand. There's a lot of reading in chat. I can understand it though because it's just it's hard to get used to because it's like, but this is so much better than the sequel trilogy. Why are you ripping into it in the same way? And it's just like I don't know. We're just Thanks judging tough. it with the same standard we judge. The other and, um, Star Wars stuff. And it took a while to get to references. Hopefully, with what we piled out in each of these episodes, uh, people are going to be relatively satisfied, but there's a lot more to come for episodes 8, 7, and 6. So, we'll have to get to them when we get to them as well. But uh, the season as a whole is just its very flimsy. Also, would you, you're you probably going to be able to do most of your video by the time we get to a stream with those remaining three, right? Yeah, maybe. Depends on what... It depends on what order I do stuff in, but maybe. That's very mm -hmm. possible. Episode 5 and 6-2 is just dumb episode. Criticism of don't apply to the rest of the show. It's not nearly as bad as some moments in 5. Not sure what to make of that one. Uh, getting hit in armor is still should be extremely painful with at least a couple broken ribs or worse. I'm willing to understand that it bounces the standard blasters away from it, but the ones where he gets hit and he actually, like, it explodes on him and he falls over, like the sniper shots in episode 5, you'd think that would do some permanent stuff to him, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's, I see it as, like, a really heavy punch or getting hit with a hammer or something. Like, that can't be good. Can't be um, good. And again, when you take... It's not just the amount of times he shot in eight episodes is like it's almost like every time he's fucking in combat at all he gets shot snipers aim for the you... largest part of the body so if you're playing a video game and i'm like against rags and i see him in my sights shoot him and it sparks off and he survives and it's zero damage and i'm like what the fuck i do it again and it's just yeah his his body armor protects him 100 percent. then uh, i see him standing still in the open i'm not gonna shoot his chest again yeah, um, and I mean, like, if you watch watch the episode. He is right there. He's just still as can be. She has him dead in his sight. Like, he's taking up, like, half of her scope. She's and, an like, expert marksman. 
Okay, to argue that she's obviously going to shoot the biggest portion of him, it's like, I think she'd rather shoot to kill at this point. Yeah, especially because he's getting that close and she could tell he's a Mandalorian. Like, come on. Like, this, of all the things to defend, you're trying to defend this? It's like, come on, quit. Love the streams, and I'm currently marathoning all of EFAP. Not sure if it's been said yet. Snipers are trained to aim for center mass like the chest. I mean, we pretty much just went Not here. It's dead. Yeah, we just explained just explain that, yeah. Uh, 0 0.5 MOA groups at a distance. A kilometer are impressive. At a kilometer, it's 26 centimeters, even more at longer range. Good luck aiming at a neck. I mean, she literally just had to move up slightly. Saw the yeah, screenshot. Yeah, she just had to move it up just a little bit. Yeah, and then she pulls the trigger and it hits him right in the chest where she was aiming. Like, she clearly could have hit him anywhere she wanted. But she just chose to shoot him in the chest again, and once again, it protects him fully, again, for the third time. Like, quit defending this, guys. Come on. Um, just, just, she didn't even try as well. She just aimed for the chest again. She's like, oh, oh well. Uh, I used to be with it, but then they changed what it was, and now what I'm with isn't it. And what it seems to be is weird and scary to me. Abe Baggins. That is a good Simpsons reference. Approved. Nitpick EFAP bad. I'm so sorry that these are considered nitpicks. Uh, Shad. As far as I remember, the distance is larger than just one kilometer in this case, so the fact that she can consistently hit him is impressive. I mean, yeah, she is an extremely good. good shot. Yeah. She's very good. And as far as I remember, the distance... Uh, oh wait, yeah. Uh, the Mandalorians lose because as good of warriors they are, they have no cohesion. They fight as individuals. What do you mean? They didn't do that in episode 3. Uh, yeah. What was the They team? clearly... And even in the flashback, they are clearly communicating with each other. Yeah. And, bes and besides, like, they're in, like, tight hall... Tall, uh, sorry, tight hallways and tunnels and stuff. And how much cohesion do you have to do you need if you're a Mandalorian to fight stormtroopers? They literally make a point about how worthless and shitty they are. Like, how much teamwork do you need exactly? I miss OT stormtroopers. ST stormtroopers look bad. I mean, I don't, I don't really mind the redesign in the ST, the DT as they call it. Uh, it's. I just, I just, I'm just getting tired of incompetent stormtroopers. I've seen so much of it now. Yeah, it's like, because now we know in the episode, whenever they say, oh, we can't fight them, or oh, we can't do it, we know that that's just a lie. Just throw out literally like a duck. A duck will kill them. Don't do it. They a can't duck do with a blaster would kill. You know, not even a blaster. Duck with a knife. Just a duck. What if Joker was a person of color rather than a white male? The performances and everything else was the same. How do that change things for movie blob and jebby types? They'd love it. Um, they'd probably prefer it, to say the least. Like, if, if Joker was trans, they would think it's the greatest movie ever made. Uh, the proper term is Fandalorian rags, not Mandaboo, you silly fairy. I was reading someone else's thing mm -hmm. in the chat so that one is not on me this guy said what's a y-wing boo boo not everyone knows what a y-wing 
that's for sure. Uh, TLJ bombers are der wings. Uh, I get it, der wings. Blurgs are the dumbest looking creatures ever invented with a dumb name to match. Biologically, how does such a constructed creature work? I have no idea. I am not Jeebus. I do not know how these species work. I'm so sorry. It's very mysterious. <laughs> you should have milked it and gained its trust. That is true. Scopes need to be zeroed in. Fire scares animals. You didn't, it filled his scope. In, you remember this part they're talking about episode one again? Uh, yeah, like it felt like it. You can't miss. <laughs> he just had to fire. Yeah, he couldn't miss. It was right there. It pops up right in front of him. Uh, pretty basic firearm safety is to not have a firearm you don't intend to use loaded. It's a bit odd that the rifle wasn't loaded, but not unimaginable. He wouldn't have loaded it when leaving because he didn't plan to use it. Apparently, he okay, does. Okay, so. He yeah, he does need it, and if anything, like, he knows why he's going there, right? There's no reason not to load it. I don't see why you wouldn't have it loaded. Yeah, who's, who is he afraid of shooting exactly out there? By himself? Yeah, I don't know about that. Also, they have, like, safeties, and there's the whole finger on the trigger thing. I'll have to watch Mando now, so I'll watch this EFAP later. In the meantime, you Dumbos have to watch Hardcore Henry. It'll be perfectly balanced. One day. One day. Uh, it just says S dash was too drunk to respond the first time, so I'll repeat. I guess this is about directed at you. Uh, he's wrong about armor in fantasy needing to be practical. Fashion over function, rags. Oh yeah, it's like an MMO. Um, to me, it sounds like R Will Smith's robophobia in iRobot is more consistent. Yeah. Uh, do yeah, you, uh, he is very inconsistent. If I remember that, the in iRobot, a robot decides to save Will Smith and not save his... Is it his, it's a family member, maybe his daughter, because the likelihood of his survival was higher. And so from that point on, he just hates robots because they're too cold and calculating, that sort of thing. Um, and obviously it associates directly with the death of that family member and stuff, but I'm pretty sure even Will Smith is like in that movie, willing to talk to robots and deal with them and stuff. He just kind of hates them because of that scenario in his life. And he ends up being friends with one in that film, I think. But they do it weirdly in Mando. They just, it's weird. Uh, to clarify, the 70 million point, because I got a bit inconsistent there, it's 70 million worlds in the Empire, millions of independent but charted worlds beyond its borders, then a huge chunk of the galaxy unexplored. Which means that, um... They would always, like, we're almost advocating that fobs are useless because you'd have to know what planet the person's on for the fob to be worth anything, right? Can't go around jumping between them. So again, like, we're, it's like lots of arguments happening at the same time when we don't have enough information to um, be definitive. But I seriously doubt they only work within the range of a planet or a system. Gotta be more than that. At least I would imagine so. Um... Mm. I just came home from the hospital as my mother had a heart attack today. Damn. For those of you... Oh, I hope she's, hope she's alright. For those of you who believe in such things, could you send your prayers or wishes? She's very important to me. Of course, yeah, dude. I uh, hope she... Yeah. I'm, good thing she's at least getting taken to the hospital where they can take care of that, man. Yeah, sorry to hear it. Um, hopefully she recovers. 
Alright, there's a question for Fringian Shad. Uh, just watched your surgery video. Oh, that's for Shad. Shad. Mullen Rex. Has anyone else who feels like it do your best Wesker impression? Oh, we've done that before. Yeah, we've done that before. Like where he says, like, complete Chris. global saturation. Total global saturation. Seven minutes. Chris. Seven minutes Seven is all minutes. I can spare to play with you. To play with you, Chris. <laughs> Are you going to cry? Wesker. Maybe shit and come. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> ah, found you. Resident Evil 5 is a strange game. Yes, it is. Oh, what happened? Yoda's OP powers are okay if he's some kind of special force thing, like a species powerful in the force. I like he's sleeping for a while, so they need to pay this off when they explain him. I mean, we'll get more info on him in Season 2, I imagine. Women of color. Some bunch may refer to as a female Ewok, along with the delightful dwarves, still deserve the proverbial unbridled peen. Begidious. Uh, that was a message of some kind. Uh, Anakin was literally made by the Force, and he couldn't match anything before training, and he couldn't do much of anything before training. I'm willing to bet people can do something to a degree, uh, without, you know, like like off instinct, I guess. But yeah, like self-taught. Sure, I I totally believe self-taught, but lifting and stopping a charging mudhorn is just pushing it a bit too. Um, is for Shadaruni. Danny DeVito should voice Baby Yoda if it happens. Agreed. Rags pooped with the door open while in Vegas. You proud of them? Wow, that's uh. Wow, that's uh. Oh, I guess if you're gonna do it, do it in Vegas. Yeah. That's that's the place to do it. They got some nice bathrooms in there. Oh, in their Vegas, like at Vegas, not in Vegas, like in Vegas, like in general, around the Vegas area. Mm hmm. Good luck with the surgery. Oh yeah, I'll save that. How was Luke able to learn Force Choke in Return of the Jedi? Was he taught by Obi Wan or Yoda to use a power like that? Also, Baby Yoda. So Force Choke is an interesting one because Force Choke shouldn't yeah. even be a thing. It's just telekinesis, which is something they already know how to do. Yeah, yeah. You're just using Force Push to push their throat closed. Like calling it Force Choke as a specific ability to me seems kind of silly. We should just assume that he's Though I performing. Odd that he knows Force Choke. Odd that he knows an application of that is to choke people for a baby. Like. Mm. Right. You'd think he would instead try to pick her up, maybe? Or yeah, or push, push her, her over. back or something, yeah. Lift her in the air, who knows. Also, using for Baby Yoda using Force Heal was awful. Would you guys be interested in reviewing the leaked Duel of Fate script, as you did with the TROS leak? Yeah, we're going to look into a summary for it and probably talk about it a bit. Um, chat has put on their retarded hat for today. I I don't agree entirely with that. I think the we 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 got to explore a lot of counter arguments. I think a lot of people 
the, this thing about Mandalorian is loads of people hate it, loads of people love it, loads of people are indifferent. It was a full selection today. We're not, because like, Rise of Skywalker, it wasn't exactly a fucking surprise that the people who hated TLJ hated that film too. Um, but Mandalorian's a bit different, and it was, it was cool to have something in this community that isn't um, definitively agreed upon, or at least 80% agreed upon, you know, it's quite the uh, diverse set of opinions. And once we get through talking a bit more about the last few episodes and maybe some stuff about it as a whole, and once season two comes out, we'll be able to definitively say some more stuff about Mandalorian. The discussion goes on. And who knows what's going to happen when we get an Obi-Wan series, if that actually happens. Oof. Uh, do you know of a response to your DS2 vids from a small YouTuber named Modi? It puts into question your objectivity. Uh, I've been told about a, quite a few now that are responding to lots of different videos of mine. Um, I just don't have time to get around to each of them, but uh, I'm happy that it's happening. Good to get that discussion rolling. I have, I know I made mistakes in the DS2 one. Um, if you go to the comments on a selection of them, I'm in there trying to like explain how I made certain mistakes or uh, I didn't mean to and stuff. Like obviously the easy reference is the Jester robes, which I still don't think really matters that much because I showed so many other examples of the backstab not working, but there are other things as well. Um, there are droid scavengers. Jawas aren't rare. It should be common knowledge that they would have they would have shock based weaponry. Yeah, yeah especially that was... if you care enough to learn the language. I don't know. Yeah, I felt like that was a bit graspy at strawsy. Like, um, I was trying because I was letting the argument run out between uh, you guys, but I was just like, I was listening to all of it, and I just, I just think his approach with the sand crawler was retarded. I think that uh. There's a lot of other things he could have done. I don't exactly know what he expected to do. I think he just hoped that they wouldn't have hit him with the shock guns and that he would have killed all of them, killed the driver, managed to find all of his parts and take them back to his ship, I guess. I think that's what he was gunning for. It's just, uh... It was always gonna be tough, Mando. Uh, move on, you're spending too much time on this. Why do these people watch EFAP and not expect examination and discussion? That's the whole premise. Yeah, I mean, everybody has a limit, right, on how long anyone can spend on a uh, on a topic, and some feel that... I mean, we spent a while on the fobs, even, even I think so, but oh, yeah. we were thorough. There are, in fact, frog species that live in deserts. Their life cycle pretty much involves hibernating until a rainstorm, then eating and breeding, and then starting to hibernate again. Hmm, interesting. Hmm. I can't believe that. Mola, when do we get an unbridled rags from you? Um, bridled rags. I don't know if that means rags being angry or uh, unbridled rags. Excited to know what that means. I Come never in. wear a bridle. That's also, I don't have a bride. But if you were to uh, have one of those, I could create a video in which you were un of that. Totally makes sense. Yeah. The Mandos in the 90s comics were like on Predator. Okay. Uh, you don't even know what race of aliens he is from. He can have powers that we don't even know about because he was saved by the Mandalorians and adopted. Maybe. And if they explain Oof. that later on, I'll be down with it. But 
I hope they don't mm, pull that then. out of their asses. Like, ooh. Uh, 13, 15. Rebels made fun of Stormtroopers first. The Rebels had a strike team led by Vader's former clone commander using stolen ST uniforms. He kept missing until he took off his helmet in anger and then he gained sniper level aim. Oh, oh, so the Rebel show made fun of Stormtroopers first. Yeah, I, I don't care who did it first, really. I just don't like it. I think it's dumb. And it, uh, it really only gets in the way when Stormtroopers do good. Because you're just like, wait, I thought they were a joke. And I did see people commenting that it's just those two Stormtroopers at the beginning of Episode 8. But uh, it's a Bill Beer comment as well. He says he wasn't a Stormtrooper in relation to having good aim. Like, he's, he's like, I wasn't a stormtrooper, wise ass. I don't like it. I don't like I it. I don't like it either. Um, night vision and thermal are sensitive equipment. Wouldn't getting shot by ion blasters fry them? <laughs> apparently not. No, apparently not. Future me, remember you parked at lot A. Alright, there you go. Ah, I'm there you go. I miss Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, where main characters could bleed, break bones, and be out of action for episodes. Except Alphonse, obviously. Very true. Muller, have you ever thought of doing an unbridled praise and an unbridled rage on the same movie? Pick apart what lifts it up and what drags it down? I think Spider-Man Far From Home would be a good candidate for that. Yeah. It's, um, it's got a lot of good stuff in there, but a lot of it is half-baked. Which is the kind of film that could work for that sort of thing. What do Parasite you th would be a good contender. Yeah, to a degree. Uh, what do you think of abstract film? I don't know what Orange. you are referring to specifically. It's something like films that are primarily allegorical or interpretive. And... Um, I can like them a lot, depending on execution. Yeah, I, I'm, yeah, I'm fine with the idea. You're gonna be super artsy, but do something. Hi there, EFAP. What is the best way to get a hold of any of you for business? I'm the weirdo making the fighting game, and I would like to make some inquiries about the characters, if at all possible. Oh my god, uh, Discord message me. Uh, or email me on uh, my YouTube. Yeah, email probably. Email. But uh, email or Discord messages is the best way to reach me. Would that be nifty? Let the oo-woo flow through woo you woo Mubshly. Ooh, thank you. Also, slams fob and puck on desk. What'd you bring me? Also, also, hi, everyone. Hello. Hi. On Wikipedia, it states that Django Fett was a Mandalorian who was adopted by them after his family is murdered. In the shitty new canon, he is nothing more than an impersonator. Lame Disney. God, that's well, awkward, that's isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I hope the story is still kind of interesting, at least. <laughs> There's an account called Baby Yoda, and it says, You talking poop about me? Yes. You talk poop about bit. me? What are you gonna do? I'm just having a fun time and enjoying the ride. I even made a meme for you guys, but it has Godzilla in it, so you'll probably hate it. I'm just messing with you. Either way, I'm glad to listen. You know what's funny? That our Godzilla EFAP movie still isn't out yet. Jesus. I mean, the Fellowship of the Ring one isn't. I was thinking, do you think it's risky to try and do a premiere for the Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring EFAP? Because, like, 
copyrightisms and stuff. I don't know. If it's not been detected while enlisted, then theoretically streaming it should be fine, right? Theoretically. Could crash and burn, obviously. Yeah, it could crash and burn, and or you, you'll get a strike-tism on the channel, and who knows? YouTube is a fickle thing. Um, but I need to use the loo, so I'll be right back. Mm-hmm. Did they finish all the episodes? We did one through five, Jay. We've got six, seven, and eight to do. Uh, hopefully we will do them in a part two style thing once uh, once Shad has recovered. Toriel. Critics. EFAP are just bigots who won't let people have opinions. Also critics. The right opinion. I hate everything. Just right. You're watching movies wrong. <gasps> My god. Maybe a few of the show's logical issues could be fixed if Mando was a talented novice with lots to learn instead of Mando, king of the bounty hunters. Yeah, you know, that's the thing, like, I wish his mistakes were more... Uh... Say... Reasonable compared to what we expect of his level. That makes sense. His mistakes were more comparative to what we would expect a man of his ability to be making. This was my first participation on EFAP. Love you. Well, thank you. Love you too. She's hot, you massive fig trees. Sans is in Smash. That's very good. I believe she is attractive. I believe everyone else said she was attractive, actually. That is uh, in reference to Gina Carreno, I believe, and... That means we'd be talking about episode 4 at this point in the Super Chats. Not bad. Uh, frog lives matter, Morla. I apologize. Uh, I'm off to bed, but I've been enjoying the debate so far. Excellent. In the episode with the defense of the village, it is clearly a ripoff of Magnificent Seven. The entire show is a garbage ripoff of a classic western. See, I don't 100% mind if it had been a ripoff if they had done it well, though. You know what I mean? Like, I think a lot of people feel that way. So, like, as long as you copy it in a way that gives it a new skin and sort of maybe explores different things with different characters of their own, but also kind of, you know, feels a bit of the, um, a bit of the plot, if not all of it. Just, but, just, but in a, in a way that's believable and consistent, you know. They didn't really do that, uh, fortunately. This whole teach villagers to fight back thing was done way better in Clone Wars Season 2, Episode 17. Same plot, just done much better. Oh, Clone Wars has them beat as well. Uh, lol, short men inside the ATST, lol. What a garbage episode, so contrived. Yeah, episode 4 is probably the worst one. Uh, I don't know what they were doing with that. Like, episode five's poopy as well, for sure. But, I mean... Oof. One of the greatest flaws of the show is that Mando never uses his ship in tactical situations. It's as if his ship is treated as a horse would be treated in a B-movie western. I mean, you'd probably use a horse more often than the ship at that point. Is ER ever coming on again? Mola should do a sci-fi episode with Borzoi and Sven from The Right Stuff Biz. I have no idea who they are, and as for ER coming on again, yeah, probably. Um, he was actually on the last EFAP, I believe, the Super Chat section, if I remember correctly. Good old Mr. Yeah. Um, just because it's a Seven Samurai reference does not make it good. Watch Clone Wars for a de decent se Seven Samurai homage. Or homage. 
They did it okay the way that they did it. An epic line from an, an incredible philosopher. Uh, my favorite part is when the other Mandalorians just showed up out of nowhere for no reason, just in time to save our hero's ass. Great writing. I think it's reasonable to assume that they were vaguely aware of what was happening up there, because lots of dramas were going on. Maybe they have some kind of informant that came down to tell them about it. But, um, yeah, they got ready quick. I don't know. Shad is doing an excellent job of Mando apologetics. Bless his heart. I mean, he felt he would uh, try and counter the arguments um, as best as possible with each of the arguments that were provided, I suppose. Um, it's a thankless job, a tough job, but he did it. There are so many desert plains planets in the show, it's ridiculous and feels lazy. They even all have Jawas, at least Geonosis was distinct. Yeah, I agree. Geonosis is very distinct. One of the ones that uh, most people remember. Wow, Rex must be taking an old dumperoo, I suppose. Mando, ah, you're entirely inexperienced in matters like these. This changes everything. Sign me up. Yeah, it's it's a weird moment. All these criticisms are good. It just hurts to hear them. Really like this show. I want it to be good. I mean, there's still good stuff in it, as as we did discuss. It's not like it gets a zero. Just that uh, there's a lot of stuff that I think does not work. Sad loser reads super chats all by himself. Twenty twenty colorized. I'm not going to be alone forever. Rags is totally on his way back. May Shad surgery. Oh, I'll save that for him. We've got a lot of Shad messages. I don't even know if we're going to be able to read all of these in the intro for the one where he comes back. It's going to be crazy. Mola, how do you feel about being free from Article 13? That is pretty hilarious. The, if Article 13 goes forward, I will be saved because of Brexit, I suppose. I don't know what to think. We'll have to see how uh, everything goes. Mando is the Gedelb guy of space wizard characters. Um, I can see the connection. Can Mola be called Britain Man? Not British Man, Britain Man. Call upon your Celtic Britonic ancestors. Screw the Anglo-Saxon invaders. Very well. Britain Man it is. That can be one of my AKAs. Nothing to say, but I always run ad blocks, so here's your ad money. Thank you. Hyperdrive requires calculation time. See episode 4. Mando is engaged in a space battle while waiting for calculations, and before he's ready to jump, he manages to destroy the other ship. Also high rags. Well, that's... We did say there's lots of ways to explain it, but they don't bother with, uh... Any. They just, uh, we're just meant to assume that, for whatever reason, he was unable to do it. And we're like, alright then. Be cool to know what it was. So, this is a selection of Super Chats all in a row. I'm going to read them. There's uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. It's quite a few, but uh, here we go. PP, Poo Poo, PP, PP, Poo Poo, PP, Poo Poo, PP, Poo Poo. Uh, sorry, Mauler, it's Cortosis Blades that can disable lightsabers, not Vibroblades. Vibroblades can just deflect slash parry lightsabers, my bad. Very well. I am back. Ah, they were two. They were two for you that you had missed. Oh my um, god. I'm sorry, Rags, buff chicks are hot. Not everyone is into pregnant chicks like you, man. Her personality is okay, but I definitely agree on that, though. I mean, yeah, the actress is hot. 
Sure, absolutely. I do think there's definitely some appeal to be had in, you know, strong buff chicks. Absolutely. Uh, Rags is scared of a strong woman. I've seen him IRL, a lightweight. No wonder two beers make him drunk. Oh, it takes more than two. Um, if you have, you see old pictures of me and stuff. Sure, but those were years ago, and I have. I've bulked up a fair amount. I'm not really scrawny anymore. I like to think I've been uh, taking pretty good care of myself. Hey. Well, I think Dave Filoni's episodes are the better ones. You can tell how inexperienced he is with live-action shows. Uh, which ones are his? Dave. Filoni. He direct and write. Lorian. Oh, he wrote episode 5, the one that everyone hates, so that's awkward. Hooray. And directed... Episode 1 and episode 5. How strange. Oh, man. That's weird. Like I said, I think that we agree that episode 4 is worse than 5, but like I said, most of the general public seem to think that 5 is the worst. Um... Yeah, I I think it's I think four or eight are kind of up there for me. Mm -hmm. I'd give it a bad, seven out of ten. All right, have a happy o two o two twenty twenty, guys. Oh yeah, it's a palindrome. <gasps> At least that's what I read online. Mola, what do you think of Luigi's Mansion Three? I haven't played it. I'm afraid. Uh, Moosley, what's your favorite corruption of your name? Moola, Mulebshley, etc. Also High Rag. What? There was a High Rag. I, I said hello. Didn't hear anything. I'm oh, that's weird. Yeah, but just um, in case it didn't come through, hello. Yeah, my favorite is probably the Mule one, because it's such a crazy nonsense version. But I guess the more insane and crazy it is, the funnier I find it. Um, but then again, yeah. there's a balance, there's a balance. So Mule is is quite the quite the amusing one. Uh, watch Jay Longbone's new video, it's fucking great. Uh, are you talking about the one she did for CinemaSins? Or has she done something else? Oh, she's got one called Birds of Prey looks great. I will check that out after this stream. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Halo 4 and 5 were okay games, just bad Halo games, in my opinion. Rags, you're a stand-in yeah, I, I, I didn't play 5. 4 was fine, I guess, but you expect better from Halo. Hmm. Uh, Baby Yoda asks, do you like me, though? I'm going to go ahead and say yes. Rex, do you like Baby Yoda? It's fine. He's fine. No, he's fine. I just don't like babies in general. So, but he's fine. What about ones that can save I'm so your life? Glad he's not, I'm, not, I'm so glad he's not just like whining and crying all the time and just being an annoying little asshole. Mm -hmm. Does anyone remember Halo Forward Unto Dawn? And if so, what are your thoughts on it as a video game movie? And could it work for the big screen? I have not seen it. I have not seen it. But there's nothing about the Halo universe that wouldn't lend itself well to a movie. So. 
Uh, would you call saving those chats for foreshadowing? Ah, foreshadowing. Oh, eh? Very clever. I see. Um, in Shad's book, the protagonist catches a grapist, rips his wang doodle off, and kills him. Later, would be grapists get decapitated in the street. My goodness. Oh my goodness. Uh, guys, what is the best monster horror movie, and why is it Tremors? I'm sorry, I like Tremors, but The Thing beats out Tremors in that category. Uh, why do monster movies not have such creativity anymore? It bums me out. Yeah. I agree, it sucks. Uh, I don't know. Because they made that Thing remake. They're probably going to remake Tremors, right? That sounds like something they would do. Give it time. Yeah... Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, you yeah, know, wait. maybe we shall have a renaissance in terms of movies. A whole bunch of crazy new movie monsters will come out. I'm sure it'll happen. A renaissance. Renaissance. Uh, fuck Padme and marry Leia. Banjos intensify. All right. Oh. Oh boy. Springy sword channel when also high rags. I guess I'll keep Hello. that message for Fringy, and one day In I will read it out, and he'll be channel? confused. Yeah, he'll just be like, what, what, what is the context? And I'll be like, maybe you don't deserve the context, Fringy. How about that? Yeah, Fringy. How dare maybe you, Fringy? Clone Wars was fracking gold, even the goofy stuff. Except, except for that one bit where Grievous was captured by Gungans. Oh. Uh. Sounds funny. So many people here are thirsty for Rags' piping hot homo milk. Alright. This is the very first time I catch you guys live and super stoked. I'm a huge fan of you guys and Wolf. Love you all. Also, hi rags, lol. Hello. Hello there. Happy to see you and hope you're having fun. TLJ's lightspeed tracker was just a fob. <laughs> could be. Oh my god, and it could have been. You never know. Oh my god, it could have been. Uh, based neo-sophistry. Yeah, hyperspace is really cool, ignoring Rise of Skywalker, frack hyperspace skipping. Civilization settles around and expands based on the hyperspace lanes like real-life civilizations did around rivers. Eight. Uh, Will Smith wasn't related to the girl in iRobot. Truck pushed both their cars into the water. Will Smith wanted her saved because she's a child. And it went for, uh, for him instead. Yeah, I haven't seen that film in a while. I just remember somebody died. Also, hi, Rags. Hello. Greetings hi, come from frozen wastelands. Love your work, you absolute massives. DS2 series was amazing. Wish you could hook up with TB. God rest his soul. Oh, yeah, it would have been really awesome to have met him. But, oh, uh, yeah, man. And fucking, I can't imagine the amount of shit you would have ripped into had he still been here with all the shit that's happened with the, the gaming world. Yeah, for those of you who really like Total Biscuit, um, if you don't know Richard Lewis, he's a. Uh, if you if you like Total Biscuit, you might like him. I listen to his uh, stuff fairly often. He's a pretty decent guy, so that might be an option for you. Um. Of course, y'all still going. On a side note, I work as a Domino's delivery driver, and this podcast will get me through Super Bowl Sunday. Thank you, Logman and Rags. May the dawn bless your souls. Oh, and you too. May the uh, dawn bless yeah, you. Be safe, and always. it's always great to hear people saying that 
we help them get through work. Can Jedi use the Force to squeeze titties and ass? Yes. Yeah, boy, I bet they have some crazy sex. I just took a huge dump and clogged my toilet. Mola, please say the N-word in celebration. Thank you in advance. <laughs> Ewok. Uh, not sure what the other person is talking about, but vibroblades have a cortosis weave, which makes a person able to use one against lightsabers. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm just, just, you, I'm, I, I don't know what Vorp Vibroblades are, I, I don't Vorpal know. Vorpal Swords, never, uh, I have yeah. no idea what those are, I don't know. Uh, is that the thing that the, that Moff Gideon has in the last episode? That's, that's a dark blade, idiot. That's Jeez. a dark blade? Yeah, they're made oh of sins. Oh my god, these, they're lightsabers, there's dark blades, they're powered by being evil. Swords. Like stick-like weapons. If ever it's running out of power, you just have to start swearing and saying racial slurs and it gets powered up. It's a very strange sword design, but it works very much so. Very, very, very does much. Is the Mandalorian not allowed to have a moment of weakness? His ship was broken and he had everything to lose. Shadlow Baggins. Um, I'm not sure what part of the like entire it's all discussion the more re that's referencing. Yeah, it prob probably the Jawa thing. And if anything, that's all the more reason for him to keep his cool so he can get it back. Negotiate, yes? Negotiate. Like, um, imagine if he had snuck a bomb on board the uh, Sandcrawler ship and was like, listen here, you little shits. If you don't put my ship back exactly how you found it, I'm going to blow up your fucking Sandcrawler. PP. Oh. Right. Speaking oh. of good monster movies, what was your thoughts on A Quiet Place? Uh, I like the idea. The execution was horrifically like bad. Idea. Yeah, the execution was really bad. Uh, the yeah. I mean, I. It's kind of like I was trying to think of what I could do with that. I don't think any fab movies would work, and I don't think I ever want to make a video on it myself. But uh. Yeah, like I don't hate it. It's just a poorly executed idea for a film. Monster I feel film. like the river oh. part just destroys the entire film. Uh, Mupa, what's your take on The Walking Dead? I watched the first five seasons, I want to say, up to when Beth gets shot in one of the most funniest death scenes I've ever seen. <gasps> um, Spoilers! If you haven't seen it at all, you'll forget who that is, I'm sure about it, before you finally decide to watch it. But if you're like a couple of episodes away from seeing that moment and I've just spoiled it for you, I genuinely apologize. But, I mean, it's been out for a really long time. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I've always found Walking Dead to be pretty dumb. Season 1's definitely the best, but it's not exactly nontism. And Season 2 is a joke, and I can't believe they actually managed to get that to be something that people enjoyed. It's impressive to me. Season 2? Yes, the one with the farmhouse. The one where they try and... I haven't seen it. I saw fetch. like the first two episodes. So, okay, so... yeah, let me ask you a question, Rags, okay? So we're in the farmhouse, right? All we're right. surviving. We're surviving. There's some zombies around the, the world, but we're mostly okay in our little farmhouse. Yeah, I, cool. I imagine if you're up at a farmhouse, there's not that many zombies around. And you know, uh, we have our water supplied like by a well. Isn't that wonderful? Now, That's one day, yeah. you walk to this well, and you hear some noises, and you're like, oh, what's this? You're like, oh, oh my goodness, there's a zombie in there. There is a literal zombie swimming around in the well water. Now, oh. 
Uh, I, I'm standing there with you, and you're, you're there, and I say, Rags, let's get a series of pulleys to get a lasso-type rope to wrap around this zombie to pull it all the way up and out so that we can uh, drink the water. Well, that sounds like uh, one of the stupidest things I've ever heard in my life. But why? It's not contaminated if we get the zombie out, right? Oh my goodness. Did they do that? Yes, and the hilarious part is they spend a while doing it, and when it finally gets to the top of the well, when they pulled it all the way up with the rope, its body splits open and its bottom half just falls into the well and bleeds all over the place, and then they're like, well, the water's contaminated now. <laughs> do they drink it? No, but it's just funny that they thought it wasn't contaminated I mean, I until that point. That, yeah, I guess if they were thinking they could oh uh, yeah, like I would have been like, God, this well is now off limits. Um, and like, obviously. Mola, please say this same you did for Wolf's story. What does that mean? You covet our viewers, you covet our wealth, your channels fail while we endure. What you will find is our curse, our true king will show them, we do not serve, we roof. Alright. Uh, yeah, uh, Walking Dead's a really dumb show, and uh, I really yeah. wish that YMS continued to rip it a new one. Um, but he decided to fry different fish. Yeah, I heard it got pretty bad. My parents used to watch it, and then they just said they just stopped caring. It got bad. Um, okay. So these are the Streamlabs ones now. We managed to catch up to Super Chats. Uh, oh my god. Love you guys. Can't wait for you to finish the breakdowns of TFA and the newest Star Wars Abortion Mauler. Your rage on ROS is fantastic. Well done, bud. Thank you. Two questions for Shad. I shall save those. Muller, please read in your best English policeman voice. Oh, this is for Shad as well. Alright. I'll have to save it all. Hello, Massives. On 15, you say limiting artists is bad. But on 16, you say limiting artists inspires creativity. Do you remember that, Rags? We got called out for that uh, way back when. We said Wait, that... When? So the idea is that we say that forced diversity is bad because it limits your artists' abilities to make the stories they want. But then we mm -hmm. say also that limitations through, like, say, for example, you make the force. In future episodes of your thing, you want to make certain things happen, but you've made the force a boxed-in thing that can only do certain things means that you are forced to be creative in terms of solving problems or creating scenarios. And so... People managed to construe from that that we simultaneously said that rules are restrictive and rules encourage creativity. But obviously, um, right. the qualifier was basically arbitrary rules versus rules you set within your own universe. Yeah, within the universe, yeah. Don't like, it's just like Rags writes his own story, and then I'm just like, hey, uh, all of those white people have to be black. Yeah, it's like uh, you can't have the letter uh, R in your script. You can't have any three-wheeler or four-wheeler cars. It has to be six-wheelers. You're like, what? <laughs> You're like, well, we're promoting the the six-wheeler fucking car thing. I don't know. Like, just just arbitrary restrictions versus um, ones that come with creating the universe. 
Um, I agree with the latter, and you briefly addressed this on 17, but I don't feel it was a good justification. P.S. I, I feel like we said the same thing, because that's the same uh, explanation I just gave. Um, can I use M's avatar for a project? I assume M refers to Mauler, in which case, yes, go for it, have, have fun with whatever you're doing. Um, yeah, absolutely. Another confusing element in Star Wars is the color of lasers. Empire ships fire green, rebels red, stormtrooper blasters are red, clone troopers are blue, Padme's handgun fires green, clone troopers ships fire blue and red. Are they food coloring them, lol? I don't know. I think that's a fair confusion to have, though. I've always wondered if there's, like, a reason why it's different colors. Like, does it have different properties? Is it slower but have more mass in the plasma? Does Is it, like, are there different properties that they have? Just like, you know, ammunition in, you know, the real world has different properties. Very, very curious. I wonder if there's anything behind that. Oh, that's what they meant by for Wolf Story. The wolf, uh, sorry, the, the knight, the dragon, the king. I, I understand. Ah. Uh, have you guys played The Last of Us? It's a PS4 exclusive, so not sure if you would have. It's a good game, IMO. Also, Rags... Oh, hi, you massive. Oh, hi. I have played The and Last yeah, of Us. Yeah, I played The Last of Us years and years ago. I never finished it. I liked it, it, but I was surprised with what people had said about it up to the point of me playing it. I was like, wow, this is the game everyone's going nuts over? Okay. Yeah. I don't know, man. Like, yeah, it was it was fine. It was fine. Um, Jay said arbitrary restrictions can result in some great creative stories, though. You know this because you've seen Midnight. Yeah, but you didn't require restrictions to make Midnight. Like, so in that case, they would have made them in spite of restrictions rather than because of restrictions. Um. As opposed to having to write your stories within the rules of your own universe, which can... I mean, any restriction can promote creativity, but it's, like we said, the whole uh, arbitrary yeah, ones Yeah, like you could versus... guess and get the right answer. That doesn't mean guessing is a good pathway to truth. And Midnight is a matter of budget. Uh... Not necessarily anything else. Like, like Catherine Tate's barely in the episode, and they're mostly in one room. So if the restriction there is low budget as a writer, um, it just means a story that doesn't go to many places or has many people, which isn't necessarily like, I you know I I don't think that that's such a, a harsh restriction compared to something like you have to have this character, this character, this character, or something. But yeah, uh, any any restriction can technically encourage creativity. It's just um, I don't think you should impose restrictions for no, just for arbitrary reasons, especially after the story's completed, as opposed to before it started. Um. You both need some R and R, raw and rooftops. Sounds. Wonderfully relaxing. Era. Doom Annihilation is on Netflix. EFAP movies when? Um, oh, it's, is it's it on, out? It's on the we list. We gotta see it. We've, oh, we've known it's been it out more. for ages. 
I know, but I keep forgetting about it. So it's every time I'm reminded of it, it's like a new experience. Apparently Tom Holland got swapped in the MCU. What? Really? Uh, Tom Holland... Um... What the fuck? Marvel reportedly plans to replace him? Really? That can't be real. Like, why the hell would they do that? Uh... Um... Uh... Yeah, I'm just reading a sec. <laughs> This looks like Eftonis. Yes, when Holland eventually makes his exit from the role, the franchise will be in need of his Spidey, and according to industry insider Daniel RPK, that new hero will come in the form of Miles Morales. Um. Okay. I mean, I, 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 this is all like down the line and stuff. I yeah, it's probably not. Yeah, we'll, it we'll, seems we'll like see really... what happens with that. Um, originally, the color of blasters was dependent on the different types of gas that were used to fire. Right. Huh. I can believe it. I wonder in, and I wonder if they have different properties to them. But interesting. Mm hmm. Maybe. The use they the use the ship on the ATST means a long trip back to the landing site and spending money on fuel, far more expense than he's willing to manage. What do you mean? Say that wait, say that one more time. The use the use of the ship on the ATST means a long trip back to the landing site and spending money on fuel, far more expense than he was willing to manage. He puts his life in jeopardy. If anything, he only survived because of the of luck, of yeah. the, the terrible incompetence of the ATST, like he's willing he to sacrifice all those other people's death. lives, like yeah, for for what for some fuel, and 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 for a walk, like that's insane. Yeah, these kind of rationalizations are nuts to me. Um, but they should have just bombed it in the sneaking segment since it was sitting, not patrolling. Agreed. That nothing I works agreed. about that episode. Should have been their top priority is putting a bomb on it, blowing it up. Uh, the one bad visual was from the Trandoshans looking more like DS9 Jim Hadar than Trandoshans in episodes 1 and 2 because they use prosthetic makeup instead of non-emotive snouted masks. Alright. Uh, the easy hmm. excuse for the fobs is that they only work a few miles range and only on pre-chipped people like Baileys or prisoners, assuming Yabby was Empire-held and need dangerous EMP or surgery if they're just genetic trackers, it would be bad. I suppose we'll have to find out. Yeah, but once you once you got out of prison, you're fucking taking that thing out. If you're any kind of ne'er-do-well, if you're any kind of... What if they establish it'll kill you to person, take it out of your rags? Hmm? Ugh, I, it's like that just seems like something there's they would lazy. work around and they would know about it and then Mando would say something but again like I said before they never even 
entertain the idea of how to deactivate it or to fool the system or spoof the system mm -hmm. or anything. And if it's not possible, then like, man, they should have said it's not even possible. Or someone suggests it, Mando's like, nah, it can't be done. I should know. Is, is, no. Can't uh, fucking do it. I liked the scout trooper banter scene, but hated the marksmanship scene. Thought they were damn good with their actual main weapon, the cannons on their bikes. Mando's weakness is going to be concussions. Beskar's rear cars and droid tanks with thickness. They tank with thickness. I mean, the thing that he was on in episode 3 didn't seem very thick, and yet it was tanking mm. a shit ton. Um, and yeah, I hate the marksmanship scene too. I hate it. And yeah, so once much. we get there, we'll be able to highlight that they're not even that bad. They managed to fucking nail Quill. But I guess that was because the plot needed them to nail Quill. Um. Do do. Rifle could have been unloaded to prevent negligent discharge disintegrating something. He should have used the prod. Maybe he was worried the charge inertia would break the rifle? Maybe there's a bit of backblast if you use the disintegrator point blank? A lot of... Uh, I, don't, I don't buy a lot of that. I mean, it's, the idea... I, just, I, I don't know, man. It comes across as people are really desperate quit. to make him seem like he's not an idiot. Yeah... Like, like, who is it out there that he's afraid of disintegrating? I don't know. But that doesn't even match up because later he just has it loaded. Yeah, he walks around with it loaded. And if you're thinking, well, in that situation, he's with Baby Yoda, and he, he could has to protect him. fucking discharge and like, kill Baby Yoda. <laughs> what about that? Yeah. And also, like, he knows what he's going to do, right? To kill a bunch of dudes, and there's an outpost and a compound, and people have died going there. Like, man, that should be loaded. Also, surely Mandalorian, whose weapons are a religion to them, know things like trigger discipline and putting the safety on. Like, basic stuff. Given they take 50 years to still be an infant, Yoda's species would not exist if they didn't have natural force talent to protect them in infancy. What do you mean? Why? Wouldn't they just be protected by the adult visions of their species? Yeah, they have, like, parents, right? It's consistent, dumb, but consistent. I don't know about that. And in new canon, the dumber, the dumber you are, the better you are at the Force. What? You talking about Rey? <laughs> I don't know. Is Rey stupid? I don't know. I don't really think she's stupid. Sometimes. She does, she does some weird stuff in the third film. Uh, the Jawa guns are ion cannons, most models of which are actually not very good at stunning organics. If only two or three hit him, he would have been fine. Other than some armor glitches he'd need to ten. fix. Desert there were ten, and there were actually a variety of different weapons in this still. In fact, they actually, one of the things that they did was kind of nifty, was one of them, it looks like they took three rifle scopes and stacked them on top of each other and connected them and basically added a handle to it mm. to make a strange little space ion laser. It was kind of nifty. But yeah, there were like ten. Desert shot him. And besides, can't you just shoot more than once? You'd think. Maybe they maybe they have to be reloaded significantly. Yeah, they gotta pop it up or something. Desert frogs have been a thing since Return of the Jedi. Well, apparently they're a real thing, so... Yeah, sure. I'm fine with that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, haven't you heathens watched Predator? Mud blocks thermal vision. Or it's cold-blooded. Yeah, but even in Predator, they, uh... They... Like, him covering himself 100% isn't, uh... I think they, they, they cheat a little bit with movie magic in that moment. Because he goes from being, Absolutely. like, mostly covered to just 100%. Um, the part that I do love is that when the Predator scans the area, you can spot him. It's just hard to see. And, uh... I like this. Uh, the ion blast has left his helmet scrambled and glitchy. You don't know this shit. Like this is just being made up. Maybe he did get the th he maybe did get the thermals later once he got the breastplate. It's like oh my god, so many excuses have to be made because it doesn't make sense on its own. Uh, um, yeah, and also a mudhorn is really big. It has a lot of body space. And when it comes out, it is clearly not actually covered in mud. Like, there's no way he wouldn't be able to see it, especially in a cave where it's cool, and that thing is putting out an immense amount of body heat. Like, there's no way. Like, I get what you're saying. There's no way. Inertial compensators and anti-concussion fields are things in Star Wars. His armor may have had something like that in the circuitry to deal with blunt impact. Blunt impact is always weak in media anyway. Plus, he's just an, a tough bastard. I guess this is to explain how he wasn't hurt more yeah. significantly by the fall. And man, he is really tough. Inertial compensators, anti-concussion fields, circuitry to deal with blunt impact. Blunt impact is always weak in media. Also, he's really tough. Like, wow. Some, some reaching right there. Gotta make sure we make it believable. Can't have it that he's just extremely protected by the plot. Uh, the other upgrade possible to make the lockdown bigger than just a normal lock is maybe a light lightning field, the way Slave 1 destroyed Obi's tracker in Episode 2. But maybe... But Mando probably opened the door by remote as he ran and Carl was just waiting for the ramp to drop. Um, I suppose that's a potential explanation, but you'd think that he would have had a straight shot to the ship at that point, so we'd see him get on. I don't know why he wouldn't, uh, he would open it well before getting there, you know, it's just risky. I don't, th however you cut it, there's an issue. Um, I love the Clatoonian makeup in episode 4, but the episode was weak as hell. The Raiders should, also should have been the same Raiders as the second Ewoks movie. They have the same mix of melee and duct tape blasters. ATST should have patrolled during sneak time. Alright. Um uh, The crime racket went bust when Jabba died. They were you don't know that. You can't just base that off like third party shit. Yeah, and I'm like, I don't see how Hut getting killed makes all the crime go away. Like all the mm. criminals are just Jabba has Not like a family. There's the uh, what's her yeah, name? Yeah, they're the huts. There's there's and a... even even if the huts all disappeared, like people are still there. Like they're all there. They're not gonna leave. I mean, it's still Moss Eisley. Yeah. Wouldn't yeah? It would just be a power vacuum or crime vacuum or whatever. Essentially. The crime racket went bust when Jabba died. There were revolutions in the hut slave species when they saw a mere slaves strangle Jabba to death. That's why. 
What do you mean, soul? Nobody lived to tell that tale. Everything exploded on that thing outside of our main heroes, unless they would run around yeah. the universe telling everybody that they got strangled. That's why episode one, Nikto, and episode four, Clatoonians, were totally monoracial. Mono they no longer had the huts to tie them. These explanations, man. Like, there's so much that comes from just content that's not in the mainline stuff. What up, my Jawas? Hi, Fringy. Have you seen Mr. Robot? He has. I don't know if he's seen the, he's seen the newest season, but he's probably going to be on it. Um... Gorgula the Hut. Gardula the Hut? Yeah. I know that there was... Because she shows up in um, Phantom Menace. She's, like, behind him. And... Just imagine that when you kill a hut, another hut would take the hut's place. Or someone would take his place. Yeah, it wouldn't even need to be a hut at that point. Do you guys ever get tired? Yes. I'm actually, uh... Uh, yeah, I'm currently tired. Mm-hmm. You fool. Killer Queen has already touched the super chat. Have fun repeating the last two hours. Love your vids. Good night, Mola. Good night. Night-night. Uh, I made it just in time to spill my shackles on the boys. Thank you for doing what you do. Best wishes, my guys. Best wishes to you, too. Alright, and that is us caught up with all of today's stuff. Um... How 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 much of an overflow thing do you think we could do, Rags? Well, I am rather tired, as mm -hmm. it is. So, I would like to go sleep. All right. Well, as you were, when you were gone last time, it I is. collected up all of the Rags-related comments, as in like two word stuff. I'm just gonna read them all out to you in a row, okay? Oh yeah, go for it. All right, night, Rags. Oh, good night. Hi, Rags. Oh, hello. Hi, Rags. Hello. Bye, Rags. Oh, goodbye. Hi, Rags. Hi. Also, hi, Wags. Hello. Let's rub our doggo butts together. Let us rub our doggo butts <laughs> together. Traditional greeting, of course. Also, also, hi, Rags. Oh, hello. A chat or so back, I said hello, Rags, backwards, just in case it was confusing, sorry if it was. On the subject, how is Rags doing? Rags is doing good. My life is going A-OK. -okay. Uh, I guess right now I'm just tired. It is 1.30 in the morning here. Mm -hmm. Time flies when you're having fun. Uh, this one just says Rags. Oh. <laughs> hello, Waggers. Hello. Hi, Rags. Hi. Also, howdy, doggo. Howdy to you, too. Hi, Rags. Hi. Also, hi, Rags. Oh, hello. Also, hi, Rags. Hello. Also, hi, Rag. Hey there. What kind of tea do you drink, Rags? Also, hi. Hi, um, I just drink Louisiana, just iced tea, nothing fancy there. I don't, and unsweet, I don't like sweet tea. Uh, it's a really common thing here in Arkansas, in the South especially, that you have sweet tea. 
but I really do not like sweet tea. I, I just I don't like it. I like unsweet tea. That's why I that's by the way, that's why I take so many bathroom breaks in the stream is because I drink a lot of tea, which is basically water. Yes. So, yeah, I'll go through you. Uh high rags. Hi. Also high rags. Hi. Good night, rags. Uh, good night. Hi, rags. Hello. This also says hi, Jay, but I kind of find that offensive. I'm just going to move on. Uh, uh, yeah, I wouldn't worry about that. I haven't watched the review. What are your thoughts? I think that's about uh, episode nine, which has been thoroughly done. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. I think that. I think your question's been answered once or twice. Hi, rags, and hail the god emperor of man. Oh, hello, and absolutely. Um, all right, and that leads us up to where we're at with the overflow, which normally I would tackle a bit of that, but I am very tired as well, and I don't like giving really schlumpy answers instead of giving uh, more more um, lumpled answers. That that makes total sense. It's proper English. Schlumpy, not flumpled. And there was a super chat that came in saying, Hi, Rags. Oh, hello. And then, I, Rags. I rags? Mm-hmm. Someone's claiming to be you rags. Stop them. Oh, I think it'll be obvious once they try and pull it off. Oh. Nothing like the real deal. And, uh, yeah, with that, I suppose that brings us to the end. Uh, next week, we're going to be doing the one with all of the things I said we've been trying to do for ages. Uh, we've got a shit ton of memes. I'm going to have to spend a while sorting that out mm. in prep. Uh, we're going to listen to that I Hate Everything conversation. I'll probably release it as a separate thing once it's covered onto Mueller. It'll be an extended universe like thing. Like a mini? Uh, no, like, so the conversation I actually have with him will be an EU thing, and then we will actually play it uh, on stream as well, so... Uh, uh, Alright, I got you. Um, and yeah, there's the movie Bob thing and reading the script thing. It's going to be this whole thing. It's going to be great. I think we'll have, I think Jay is the only person I can think of who would want to do all of those things, because it's going to be a weird stream. I don't know what kind of guests would even want to be on that one. But once that one's done, yeah, we'll uh, we, we will be in a position of who knows what's going to come next for EFAP, because we will have done all of the ones that we expected to do. Like, this was one, the Mandalorian stream. We only managed to do five episodes, so yes, we should be chastised for that. I'm sorry. The long man was too long-a-rooney. Um, but of course, we're very much uh, hoping that uh, we, we can get that all sorted out. And yeah, stuff is on the way. Working on TFA Part 3, April Fool's is already set, which I'm very happy about, getting all that sorted out nice and early. Uh, we got Infinity Tisms 5 coming soon, and the Batwoman episode's coming soon. What else is there? Oh yeah, the Wolf Part One and Part Two videos for EFAP minis. I'm gonna, tr I'm trying to find a good place to release those instead of just like piling a bunch of things out at once. Yeah, um, I'll figure it out. And I guess yeah, that's that's about it. Anything, anything else other than obviously? Uh, yeah, uh, I, I hope that we can get back to these episodes later so we can wrap up the Mandalorian talk and discussion. Hmm. Uh, a lot to cover, a lot to discuss. Um, so whenever we can get back to it, man, let's do it. Yes. Uh, 
Thanks, of course, to uh, all for watching. Hope you enjoyed. Thank you very much for the donations. The memes that I can find will be collected and placed in for the next one. Uh, and thank you to our guests who stayed for so long. Mm -hmm. Permanent guests. Mr. Rags, of course. So, that about brings us to the end. I will read out um, these these other super chats that came in. from. Uh, so, the last one was I Rags, then it was Rags, then Ags. Oh. Then guz, <gasps> then s. I don't know what to make then, of all of this. Oh my god, someone's really stretching that one out. Mm -hmm. And yes, uh, like I said, Streamlabs and Super Chats, they're all, they're all caught up outside of the overflow, which shall be dealt with. Been uh, chipping away for a bazillion years, definitely gonna get it, get it down. It's just that, um, obviously, very, very tiredisms right now. And, uh, Shall be continued. And yeah, the, the Sargon EFAP should happen eventually. Um, Armored Skeptic said he was interested, but doesn't respond to DMs. Um, I'm oh. eventually gonna just fucking tweet at him saying, you're annoying. <laughs> like, respond. Keep track of DMs. Awful, awful human. Come on. Man. Um, I think, like, we're supposed to at some point do TLDR. I think he was interested. I need to get back to him. Um... Obviously, Arch with 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 Sargon should be playing. I guess Elvis the Alien at some point. It will, uh, you know, pl plenty of wondrous things to come. And I suppose we shall see you all there. Thank you for watching. And if there's nothing else, Rags, I suppose this is good night. Good night, everybody. Thanks for stopping by and hanging in there with. Toodle pip, cheerio. Bye. -bye.